There was a time above, a time below. There were perfect things, diamond absolutes. But until 150 weeks ago, theoretically, there wasn't Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. That's right, you heard it right here. Episode 150. The anniversary of anniversaries until we get to 200, that is. Here we are. No other podcast has brought you Greg Capullo, Keith Giffen, Dancing Mike, Richard Richardson, Jolly Drew, the cross-based creature, the attic animal, and also, ah, Jesus Christ, what is the name of that one podcast? Ah, fuck, I can't remember. Anyway, you would not have these wonderful things without Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. They brought you such things as... What the hell are you doing? What is going on? What is going on? I know. <laughs> oh, no. Shit's hit the fan. You recorded that? Yeah. Oh, boy. I'm not a crazy bitch, Eric. I'm not going to come in here and tell you what you can and can't talk about, but that is inappropriate, and I am angry about that. Really? Nice. Yes. Hear this shit. I you hear me, Jim? I hear it. Edit that out. <laughs> yeah, that's not that. Get him. Get him to work on time. All right, let's move on. Seriously, where else would you get such content? But on top of that, you also get things such as... Segregation Reggie. Segregation Reggie! Who's laughing at me? I hate them. Who is laughing? I hate them! Tomasa Leeson. Do love Tomasa Gleeson together. It's all here at Weird Science. And that's not all. There's so much to dive into. 150 episodes of... Action. Passion. Firepower. Anger. You've got it all here at Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. Don't pay for the whole seat, because you're up. No, fuck, I've used that before. Don't wait around for the end. I know that doesn't make any goddamn sense. Let's see. This is going to be fucking awesome. 150, that's right. I'm sure we'll hear from Dancing Mike, Big Tony, Reggie, Jim Might Drink, which would be pretty weird, but kind of cool. We'll see. Could be terrible. We don't know. It's never happened to us before. Right here on DC Comics Podcast. WeirdScienceComicsBlogs.blogspot.com Hello, Weird Science! Happy 150th episode. Happy New Year's 2000 episode. Weird Science. Weird Science. DC Comics Podcast. Weird Science. DC Comic Books. Podcast. Podcast. Happy 150th episode. Happy New Year's episode. Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. Weird DC Comcast. Congratulations, Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. Congratulations, DJ Kelly Proncast. For their 150th episode. For their 400th episode. Happy. Happy. 150th. 150th. Episode. Episode. Weird. Weird. Science. Science. DC. DC.
Say DC. DC. Comics. Comics. Podcast. Comcast. Happy 150th episode. Weird Science DC Comics Cobcat. Oh, All right, let's get this going. Come on. Shakers and love makers, welcome to the mighty, mighty, weird science DC Comics podcast, where we're celebrating 150 episodes. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And, and I'm Reggie. <laughs> Reggie's here. Happy Holy New moly. Year's episode, oh, hey, hey, happy DJ Khalid. Oh, my goodness. It, it took me forever. It took me forever. That's a whole week of work right there. That's all I did all week is try to get him to say things. I could not get him to say it. Uh, I usually try editing. to get him not to say things. Well, I'm yeah. Well, I wanted, to, I wanted to do that so everybody knows just all of those. Like the Green Lantern Oath, that, that took like seven years, it seemed. <laughs> Holy moly. We had a podcast. Yes. Weird. Hello and welcome. <laughs> One and all to the official unofficial podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com for November 18th. 2017. Ah, yes. We are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, the Batman Podcast Network, and the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. Can, can you tell? I haven't been, I'm not slurring my words yet, right? Not I'm yet. not as bad as Segregation Reggie. I'll tell you. At this point, <sighs> at 100 episodes, I was still coherent. Okay. Well, so what, I, what are you I sipping probably, tonight, Jim? Are you sipping on some what, lean? Right now? No. I, I wish. I'm actually drink. drinking uh, uh, whiskey and Dr. Pepper right nice. now. And What's have been. a special name for that? I, I used to call it Dr. Dickle, but Dr. I couldn't Dickel. find George Dickle whiskey. Uh, so I forget what I got. I don't Just even remember. Dickle in your mouth. I went into the, the liquor store, and it was like uh, I was not the kid in a candy store, though Tanya was there and was. I had no idea what was going on and had sticker shock on everything. I went in thinking I was going to buy a bottle of something for like a dollar seventy-five. Yeah. That was not the case. That was you not wanted, the you case. You wanted to get some. You wanted to get some ripple, is what you yes. wanted, and maybe, and maybe yes. go home and make some. And, and why? Why shouldn't Sham I want to get some champipple? Doesn't everybody want to get champipple? Uh, but yeah, I ended up ended up spending I think sixty five dollars. So that shows you that I am dedicated. That could your family for a month. Dedicated for this. Yeah, <laughs> that's like three weeks of groceries for five kids. But yeah, I ended up getting whiskey, Jägermeister, and some moonshine. So right Gross. now I'm just working on the whiskey. And we'll see where that takes us. But Uh-oh. you can find us on Facebook. And for episode uh, number 200, you'll have the rest yeah. of that booze. No, no, no. <laughs> then then you, you can say he was a great guy 50 episodes ago. He died from alcohol poisoning, and God rest his soul, because I have not drank in a long, long time. Uh, before we ended up recording this, we were on the Mixler, which we are now. A little shout-out to the Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop, on the Mixler. And we were playing a show that we, me and Eric were on a couple months before we started the podcast. And that was probably the last time I drank because when I was doing that, uh, I was so goddamn bored out of my skull that I ended up having to drink to loosen up. And finally, by the end, I started talking and then they stopped the show. But yeah, uh, we were playing that. I apologize uh, now for doing that to everybody oh who was involved. <laughs> <laughs> it was nonsense. But we're on Facebook at 
Weird Science DC Comics. We're on Podbean at Weird Science DC Comics at Podbean.com. We're on Twitter at Weird Science DC, and we have an award-winning website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. And we also have an email. You're going to hear a lot of emails tonight congratulating oh, one Eric God, Shea, yes. America's oh, really? sweetheart. Right. Uh, the email is WeirdScienceDCComics at gmail.com. I will tell you, some of these mails are a little skewed towards hate on Jim Werner. I don't understand it's what happened. Interesting. Don't interesting. understand what happened. The I thought it has turned. And I'm telling you, I used to think that possibly, yes, I thought possibly that Eric Shea was America's sweetheart in name alone. I actually, you know, in my mind, I thought I was actually America. Maybe no, no. the world. I was the he, world he won sweetheart. That award. He went. He went up against the little girl from Toddlers and yes. Tiaras. And, 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 uh, yes, and won. Right the goddamn face. And, and he, the the Noid from the Domino's Pizza thing. And he yes. won. Fuck that guy. Yeah, I don't know. Eric and the Noid. That was like a a, a photo finish between Eric and the Noid. But yes, Weird Science DC Comics at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon account where you can go patreon.com slash Weird Science. And we had a lot of things this week. One of the big things, the badasses of the Get Fresh crew, beep boop, they picked as the Patreon-only spotlight, which was a double shot once again, uh, the Batman Who Laughs, number one, though they'll never be a number two, and also Super Sons, number ten. So if you want to listen to those, you can go and support us over at Patreon, get a lot of other shows, including some things that we did this week. Me and Brandon had our Far Out Sports Nuts episode nine. We had the beginning, the debut episode of the Weird Science Comics News uh, yeah. podcast that I did. And I, I'd like to say that I have gotten more likes on that than The Cellar Dweller. I just want to throw that out there. It may not be true. Wow. It may not be true. I just oh, want fuck. to throw that Cellar out Dweller's there. Cellar Dweller's not even here to defend himself. What I doing? know, really. But uh, we also have Jim Has Issues with His Wife, Episode 6. And that is something that me and Tanya are going to try to do every week, though I mentioned on that podcast she is not good with schedules. Not at all. But where I usually play a clip from one of our shows of the week on patreon i'm gonna play one from that show and this is a clip from the episode where tanya got to talk a lot of people are saying that i was using that show just as a vehicle to yell at my wife and that is 100 percent true but i gave her a chance i she thought she was gonna get a chance because i told her in this show we're gonna let her talk about the five things that i do that annoy her and this is what happened after she said that what annoys her about me is that I don't listen to her, that she tries to talk to me, and I will often just not listen, nod my head and say yes, but this is a bit of a clip to see what you would get on Patreon. Uh, the other day I go up because they were – Rafe and Logan were treating you bad. They were actually saying something that got you upset, and you ran upstairs, and I said to them, listen – you better go upstairs and tell your mom you're sorry. That's not nice or whatever. They go upstairs. They don't come down for a while. I go upstairs. All of a sudden, I'm getting yelled at. I didn't even do anything. I was downstairs just minding my own business. That's why. Then you start saying stuff. I'm going to just shake my head yes and move along but without, you know, most of the time I'm ducking punches, possibly freaking glasses, maybe a, a thing of a hot coffee has happened. You are, is that on your list? Does it annoy you on the list that at one point I couldn't take a punch? Is that one of the things that annoys you or possibly that I, I got upset because a hot coffee pot got smashed over my head? I was pregnant then. That doesn't count. No, it counts. It counted to me. It certainly did count to me. I love that the nice. setup for this whole clip was this is where Tanya got to talk, and we barely heard Tanya at all no, in that Reggie clip. Reggie told her. Reggie That's said like the whole this. episode. Yeah, you barely hear her at all. No. 
I, I, I'm telling you, sometimes she might walk away for, uh, you know, 10 minutes. I still just go on and on. I'm screaming, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, if you like to hear me lose my mind over my kids and my wife, you can go over to Patreon, and that is one of the shows. We have a lot of shows. Just go check it out and, you know, subscribe. And if you do, you're not going to get charged right away. But if you don't like what we give you by the end of the month, you can just bail out and never and be, be charged. But we would hope that we do give you enough uh, bang for your buck. Oh, but yeah. Like, about uh, Patreon, yeah, hours I'm talking about and hours it and is. hours. Of There's stuff, tons. Folks. It's just ridiculous. I, I don't know that we have enough time for more shows, though. I have about seven I'm working on. I yeah, have yeah, a lot I'm of ideas. I yell at Eric at work. I'm like, hey, what about this show? And then I'm like, that's I, one of the I, things. I was catching flack for not being on that news show before. I didn't know that was a thing. It was one of the nah, 15 shows. No, I said. Off me no, I said. I told him about it. He just wasn't listening. He did not listen to me when I was telling him about it. That's what happens with Eric. But yeah, uh, you're welcome at any time. Yeah, no. that's what you have to do. You have to smash a coffee pot on my head, and then maybe I will hear you. But we're gonna go on with the Patreon thing because we're gonna talk about the badasses of the Patreon. The badasses of the get up. fresh crew eric you can light up reggie you take a sip i don't know reggie are you uh, partaking in any nope. alcoholic beverage tonight i am not i have poland spring right here poland spring yeah yep. look at him look at him maybe over for, there. Two, for 200 i'll get drunk everyone he, takes he's, a turn yeah 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 really he, he's acting I like me in school I'm not. I'm still not. Tanya asked if I was going to get beer. I said no. I'm allergic to hops. I, unfortunately, I can't do that. <laughs> but we're going to talk about the badasses right now with the badass roll call. Yeah, come on, Eric, do it. Oh, uh, yes, here yeah. we go. Yeah. See, I'm I'm trying to keep this together, uh, even though I, I am ch- starting to slip. I'm getting a little drunk here. But we have the badasses. We have the ultimate badass, Toby Hagen. We have some new one. We have the abuse mom and the Verizon hole. <laughs> Who could oh, that God. be? Aaron. We Whoa. have Rob Lewis, Lone Wolf, Marv, uh, Andrew Belfast, Dave J, All New Dave, Richard Richardson, Simon, G-Man, Monty, Hakeem, Jolly Drew, Manship, which we'll actually have a mail from him later, T. Werner, you just heard T laughing, not talking much, you got Ian, D-Man, Reggie, Brandon Murray, we got Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, also known as possibly the voice of the cellar dweller right here, Aaron, Probably, Missy, yeah, T-Bob, Bobby, Jazz, Havlin, Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond, Mark, and the OG, Christopher Hyden. Thank you all, one and all, and thanks everybody who gives us support over there on that Patreon account. Yeah, we still have uh, 10 seconds to go. Uh, Reggie, uh, what is your favorite thing about eating ice cream? Uh, the <laughs> sweetness of it. Also, oh. Oh, the sweetness. no one better touch my mom's Verizon hole. Ooh, oh. that is true. Uh, do they have Verizon holes in New York? Uh, no. Do you have uh, Do you have something uh, like AT and T holes? You, you get no. fancy holes there they in fill, New York. They actually fill the holes here in uh, do they? the Grand New York City. Not city, here, not city in Q Town. Cute time they leave them open. They're actually just traps. That's all they're they're set up for. But we also have a rant. uh, Yes, a rant and rave line where you can call 641-715-3900 and enter extension 452328, followed by the pound sign, Eric Shea. It's just that easy, folks. Welcome to the podcast! Yo! 
Yes, we are here with the Rant Raves, and we have a lot for episode 150, and we're going to start with somebody that's near and dear to my heart. I heard Reggie does not like this guy, but again, never seen them in the same place at the same time. Mm, It is Big Tony. Yeah, right. Hello, this is uh, Big Tony from Goney Island, going the Weird Science DC Comics podcast over there. Uh, you guys doing a great job. Can't oh, believe yeah. you made it 150 episodes. You know, I'm always going, uh, complaining about uh, things in comics, things I've seen in comics, things I've seen in a comic book, whatever it is. And uh, I figured this time, guys, to celebrate your 150th, I would serenade you with a little classic song. All you know right. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, this well. one, uh, I think you might notice one. This is a, a one by the old Blue Eyes himself, Frankie Zanatra. Uh, you know, patron saint of New York, I think, or maybe New Jersey, something like this. Anyway, like that. this song is called that was bon the Classic, and I dedicate this to you, uh, Jim and uh, Eric over there. Yeah. And now, the end is near, and what? so I face <laughs> he knows the something final curtain. My friend, I'll say it clear, I'll state my case, of which I'm certain, I've lived a life that's full, Full. I traveled each and every highway, and more, much more than this. I've done it my way. I almost jumped in there. Some regrets. I've had a few. Just had a few. But then again, the Viola Mansion. I done what I had to do and saw it true. Without exemption, you know what I mean? I planned each charted course, each gambling <laughs> step along the byway, and more, more, much more <laughs> than this. I did it, it my his way. way. Yes, there was times. I'm starting to cry. I'm sure you knew. When I bit off 
What's more oh, than I could that. do? Boys <laughs> through it all. When there was doubt, I ate it up. <laughs> and then I spit it out. You know spit what I mean? it out. I know. I faced it all. And I stood tall. He laughed at my bill. He cried. My share of losing over there. And now, <laughs> as this subside, I find it all so amusing to think I done all that. Is it weird that I picture Big Tony like a Muppet now? I say, <laughs> no, it's not. not in a shy way. Oh no, oh no, not me. I done it my way. For what is a man? What has he got? What has he got? If not himself, then he has not to say the things he truly feels. And not the voice of one who kneels. The record shows I took the blows and done it my When I hear kneels and blows, yeah, Yeah, so uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that over there. You I know, I did a good time singing it. I love a little Frankie. Here's Horrible. to another 150, whatever it is. Or if you drop that, I don't give a shit. Whatever the fuck goes on. Uh, There's the big Tony. I love. Comics next time. So long, guys. There you go. Thank you. Thank you he, butch big he butchered Tony. that song. That was ridiculous. He did. I, I I don't know what was going on, but we're gonna go on to the next one, which I don't know, Eric. It's from the Cellar Dweller. I, I don't going. know what's going on. It, yeah, this is from the Cellar Dweller. Hi, guys. Cellar Dweller here to address a certain thing that went down on last week's podcast. Yep. I am the one and only Cellar Dweller here. So, Richard right. Richardson, What's up, don't go trying to make my position there, fucko. You are not the <laughs> hey, Cellar Dweller. Sounds nope. like him to me. I am. Where do you yeah. get off? Where does and I am going to prove it to you by defending my goddamn honor and proving yeah. that I know more about horror flicks than anyone in the goddamn world. Yeah. yeah and since like you want to talk about fucking bullshit... Qu it's funny. Uh, all the time I hear the cellar dweller, it always sounds like Josh Vermillion. Now all of a sudden he doesn't. It's Bullshit. very odd. Something I'm going strange, to defend yeah. my honor by talking about some of my favorite horror flick quotes of all time. All the right, tales right. I would tell. And, and I do. do. And do. I just oh, love it so goddamn well. much. <laughs> yeah. So to start off my favorite horror flick quotes... Uh, it's going to come from okay. Aliens, and it's going to yeah. be Ripley, uh -huh. uh, where she says, Welcome to the prime time, bitch. Yeah, that's my favorite line, too. Moving on, um, another one of my <laughs> favorite, favorite horror movie quotes is Jason yeah. uh, from Friday the 13th. He has a lot of good You're already dead Jason to me. lives. Yeah. As Jason rises up out of the lake, he goes, Here's Jason. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I remember uh, that. that was good. Lakes that have water. Uh, the ocean has water. Yeah. So Jaws, a good quote from Jaws, uh, is from Quint when he says, yeah. "Hey, check this out! I found the ascend." 
Uh, and speaking of Jaws, another good, really good one from Jaws is the sound that plays when Jaws is coming. That that's a classic sound. Why? Yeah, that, what? No! If I knew the yeah. cellar dweller was this good, I'd actually listen to his show. I, I'm gonna have to start. I'm gonna have Just to reevaluate. Me, gets me fired up to see yeah. Jaws uh, come up out of that water my tune every single here. time. Now these next two, uh, there's gonna be a little bit of, of a theme here of playing games. Uh, okay. So one of them is from like Child's them. Play. Yeah. When Chucky I says, "I, I want to like play games. a game." Yeah. Uh, and then there's also <laughs> Saw, where Jigsaw rides out on his little bike and says, "Hi, I'm Not Jigsaw. Jigsaw. Want to play?" <laughs> and then later on, he says, "Don't fuck with the saw." Yeah. <laughs> um, and then moving on hey, here, there's a good one right from now. Pennywise and It, where he says. They're okay, just here. To They're here. Um, and then also there's <laughs> They're a, here, a right. great line, uh, always creeps me out a little bit, in Poltergeist, where the little girl says, be afraid, be very afraid. Very afraid, Eric. Uh, Gina Davis is uh, kind of a little girl. Moving on, got two more <laughs> for you here, <laughs> and another theme. This one's going to be phone calls, so one from the ring. Yeah. After you watch the killer videotape, uh, you get that phone call, and the voice says, what's your favorite scary movie? Oh um, and then also going along with the phone call thing uh, from Scream, when Ghostface calls, and he simply says, seven days. Yeah. Now, I think that should be enough to submit my, my spot as the chilling. one and only sweat cellar dweller. Uh, but just to rub it in a little bit, I'm going to go into something new here. I want to talk about where you should start out and in what order you should watch the Friday the 13th oh, here we movies go. in. Uh, because we all know that the continuity here is so goddamn bad. Okay, so you want to start with the first one, obviously. Uh -huh. I love yes. this flick so goddamn much, and I can remember watching it with my daddy when I was a kid. Ah. Now, I know it's old, and it might not hold up too well, but it's still daddy. really goddamn good. Shut up. Uh, then you want to go on to Jason Takes Manhattan. I think ah. this flick is so fucking right. good. The dialogue is great, and it yeah. looks fucking beautiful. To compare it to a lot goes on in New York. Creative team, I'd say it's almost as if Tomas Gleason was coming up with sandwich. this. <laughs> and for all those reasons, I'm going to have to give it a 6.8 out of 10, honestly. <laughs> now, after that, watch Friday vers Freddy versus Jason, and then a 6 .8 Jason goes out of to 10, hell. Honestly. And after that, who the fuck cares, because I don't give a shit about no goddamn continuity anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice. so that pretty much that has to do it of saying that I am yeah, the number one horror movie fan dweller, out right? there. I am the one and like only it. cellar dweller. But I have one more thing, and this is for Eric. Uh, yeah. My boy Pennywise actually gave me a call oh. and asked me to deliver this message to you. Pennywise and I are pretty tight, and he wanted what me thing? to pass this along to you, okay? Hi, Eric. That's a nice skeleton you got there. I do you want it back? Yeah. Do you want a savage He-Man too, Eric? I don't know what that is. I'm Pennywise, <laughs> I the like dancing it. clown. Yeah. Pennywise? Yes. Meet Eric. Eric, meet Pennywise. Huh? The storm blew me away. Blew the whole Comic-Con away. What? Can you smell the Comic-Con, Eric? There's body odor. Yep. Yeah. It's funny that paint, he's doing the remake. Hairspray? And That's what the cellar dweller would do. Popcorn. How dare you? That's my favorite. Do you my know favorite why? too. Because they pop. Pop, 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 pop. <sighs> <laughs> oh, don't go. 
Not without your Skeletor. Yeah. Oh, you never. don't want to lose it, Eric. Jim's gonna kill you. <laughs> what? That's you. damn right. Take it. I imagine you running down the, the street and getting hit with that barrier. Take it. Your glasses. Oh, I my head right into it. Your glasses. glasses you don't have your glasses on. I would go home then. Okay, and, not get and that was back Pennywise yes. uh, calling to leave Eric a message a there. Message. I don't know why he got a hold of me to do Interesting. that. Interesting. Um, but I'm glad he did because I think the fact that Pennywise and I are so tight that he would call me to yes. deliver that to message deliver. Uh, from him, recorded by him to Eric. Uh, something that just cements my legacy as, I don't as anymore, the cellar boy. dweller even more. I gotta chase yeah. All right, Twitter but I'm account. done with this. There, know, now I think I've proven that Richard personal. Richardson is no dweller of cellars. That no. is a title that belongs to me and only me. And only I'm going to go smoke like a badass now, so remember, oh. stay out of the goddamn cellar. Yeah, stay yeah. out. Telling you, uh, every that, Wednesday that, I'm checking that solidifies in. Solidifies it as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's got the lingo down. He doesn't say freaking enough like a goddamn retard, but he's That's he's right. right on the goddamn uh, ball. He's, with he's it. right on. Uh, yes. And you know the, uh, good, the good thing is, Jim, if you do want to get familiar with the Friday the Thirteenth franchise, yes. you only have to watch three movies. Yeah, so, that's so, what so it's, it's a lot less than you thought. It's not so bad. All right, I've, I quit. I've, See you. I've never seen any of them. <laughs> I, I I like to start with one, and then Jason takes Manhattan. I, I'm That's in. It, yeah. I'm going to go in, good. and then Halloween. You only have to watch three. Is what I hear. That's what this seller told me. Like he said you only anymore. have to watch Halloween three, right, Eric? Here <laughs> I we was go. Having with a it. good time. Now I get the dark place. <laughs> All right. The next rant and rave is from Dancing Mike. Hi, Jim. Greetings, Eric. And Hello. Hi, Mike. Hello, Mother. All right. Let's so first of all, let me give a shout-out to the Get Fresh crew. Woo! Woo! Because I would be remiss if I did not do that. So it is a very special weekend this weekend. It sure is. is a very special weekend because, of course, the Knoxville Ice Bears defeated the Fayetteville Marksmen 3-1 to Friday night. No, no, that's not it. Something no. else. <laughs> it is a very no, special weekend Bears. because that actor from... Joe Kenda yeah. homicide hunter guy thingy uh, yes. was at the Ice Bears game. Yep. I have was no idea what that. that show is. What about the Jeff thing on the Facebook Come on, page? I had Come to screen grab that and tweet it out because I knew that T. Werner would be yeah. very, very excited to see that guy. <clears throat> and apparently she was. I don't know yeah. anything about it, but I know that's one of her favorite shows. So I guess that guy. It's funny. You have to, you have to realize that this is the guy who play? He's an actor who plays the younger version of this he's guy, Joe, Joe Kenda. Kenda but, he plays that, but he plays the younger version in the flashbacks on the show that <laughs> Joe Kenda narrates and talks. It's so crazy. And, and so I, I showed it to Tanya because Dancing Mike did tweet the picture to me. And I showed it to her thinking that I was going to, you know, she was going to get excited. I, oh, you know, the Joe Kenda was there. immediately, right? And, and she still got right. excited. She still got was very excited. And he's from that show. Yeah. And she likes it. And it's yeah, sad does. that I know that. But I anyway, know. so that was what was... No, no, there was sad. something else very important this weekend. Uh, it was because I ate at Smoky Mountain Brewery on yeah. Friday night. <laughs> That's an had every a couple day. of beers before the game. He eats there. He lives there. Happens, so that is very special. No, no, that's not it. By the way, Mrs. Nancy Mike informed me that Smoky Mountain Brewery is following Weird Science DC Comics. So yep. that's, I guess, 
they see uh, you being mentioned so much, they decided that they're your friends. So there yes. you go. You're being the followed by Smoky Mountain, Smoky Mountain Brewery. Brewery. What are you so about? you need to you need to come down here, uh, Jim and and hey. Eric, and just bring the whole crew and. Uh, We'll all go there. Have some beers hey, Jim, and some drive me to Smoky so, Mountain? There you go. They follow I you. I was going to let you and, drive us. Uh, that's God, that's no. not it. It was something else. Is very... Something. I bought a couple of Cokes today. That is very special. Because... So, so we got Dr. Pepper, no, I guess. He got yeah, a Sprite and a ginger ale. Jim's blood pressure went up because um, I did <laughs> buy a couple of Cokes and tweeted that out. So there you go. The Cokes I bought were... I think it was a Diet Coke and a Diet Dr. Pepper. <laughs> so if this is how it works, it makes no sense. if I go to, Ow. I don't it's know, stop it, you some convenience store or something, I ask my wife, that's what do I you do. want a Coke? And she says, yes, and I will go and get a Diet Coke. I know that's what she gets. Yeah. Sometimes, usually, you move to the if south I say or buy I want a, Jeep, a Coke, your whole you know, world's going to fuck it up. It'll be dude. either <laughs> a Diet Dr. Pepper, maybe a Diet Mountain Dew. It's usually a Diet Mountain Dew. If they don't have Diet Mountain Dew, it's Diet Dr. Pepper. I don't so mind Diet Mountain It varies. Dew. Sometimes I say I want one or the other. But yeah, so it's, they're all Cokes to me. And she is from Long Beach, California <laughs> originally, so she thinks the, the whole Coke thing is nonsense. Yes, she calls it, it soda, is. but that's what crazy people do. So anyway, that being said, that, oh, there was something <laughs> else that was... It was because I met the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, yes. today. Well, yes. the million dollar awesome. Got a That's side huge. pop at the TriStar Comic Con. I wanted Con to know Virgil. That said. is why it is a very special weekend. Because I did tweet that out, too, that I did get to meet the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, and everybody has a price. And <laughs> sure does. No, there's something else that was special about this weekend, though. It just hit me, 150 podcasts. That's right, right. Jim. Congratulations. Yay. You were on 150 podcasts this week alone. So between the <laughs> spotlight, the Patreon spotlight, See, this never. podcast, Jim has issues with his wife, the far out nut shots, uh, maybe some new yes. 52 reviews, yes. and um, the new review and news podcast you're doing, which I love, by the way. Ooh. Keep doing that. I love hearing the sales See numbers. I like hearing kind of what's coming up. I like hearing news around the industry. Mm. He likes to hear um, his theme like, song. Like, you know, Eddie Berganza, great so news like that coming out. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good podcast there. So, Keep that going. And yes, so 150 podcasts in one week. That is very impressive. A light week for So Jim. that's about... Yeah. Oh, wait, there's... Uh, oh! Happy 150th podcast, Weird Science DC Comics. Oh, thank you. The main podcast, Such a sweet 150 boy. episodes. And considering how long these episodes are, it's... Just congratulations. Uh, most people, like you said, they go, you know, if they go 45 minutes, yeah. their hair is on fire. They're That's losing cute, right? their minds. So yeah, it's such a cute podcast. It, it's congratulations on that. And I will circle around to um, the job you guys do in a bit because this is a <laughs> ostensibly a comics podcast. Yes. And around, yes, it is. It's been about five minutes now, so I think I will actually talk about comics. Because I did buy one and a half DC comics this week. He's going to say he got Cone and Wonder Woman. So let's start out with Batman number 35. All right. Now, on the award-winning website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, Eric Shea gave that a 7. I think that is a bit high. I would probably go 6 or 6.5. The way Batman, the main Batman title has been going lately, that's more like a 10 for a regular comic. I think I gave it a 6, right? 
You so there was a lot of repeating nonsense dialogue at the first, and yeah. when I saw one of those nine panel pages, I about lost my mind, but it wasn't as bad as it has been lately. Not as much Agreed. bat and cat going back and forth, and there was actually some Me, good yeah. dialogue in this issue. Yeah. Let's hope that Mr. King can continue to make it a bit better, and why the hell, and this might be mentioned later on the podcast in your guys' review, but what? So they go there to get Holly Robinson, then it's the four of them leaving, and they're going to kill yep. another couple of horses on the way back yep. out. Yep. But yeah, it's, we talk um, about it. Damien and Dick and Bruce and Selena. Yeah, no, well, Holly. <laughs> Holly, you came to get her, and yeah. yep. you talked, to, and then she's not, but That's she's there. And so seven. what did it be? Yeah. Not sure what that really accomplished in the long run. But maybe he's She's doing, doing it on the honor system, it. Mike. We'll nah. So it no, wasn't as bad as She's it has calling been. in a voicemail to the Rant Rave line. Great comic huh. yet by any means. And then my half a comic was uh, it was collaboration between DC Comics yep. and Dark Horse. It is Wonder Woman Conan number three, oh, yeah. which uh, Jeremy gave a great review. I think he gave it an 8.1. And uh, like I said in my comments on the website, I agree with that score. Simone has really. I wish um, I could write a great it. review. Last issue was down so for me. I. This issue, the art was <laughs> excellent. The the lettering, yeah. which you usually don't notice, is great in this uh, oh. issue. The lettering is killing it on that book, boy. Yeah, it was um, it was a good so. issue. Simone is really, <laughs> really pulling at the heartstrings with this. I mean, really getting into the emotion of these characters. I didn't read and, this issue uh, yet. You think in a mini usually you just read it and it doesn't matter, but it's, it's actually got some pretty emotional moments between these characters. I know it. It's kind of an Elseworlds will amount to. If nothing, Conan doesn't punch uh, out a camel, I don't want to punch it. Which is what I'm looking for. So, yeah, uh, very good. I'm looking forward to the rest of this six issue mini. And that's about all I got from DC Comics this week. And some people might be might be new listeners if you're jumping into episode 150. Be weird. Uh, I'm sorry. This is what that you would do. Be weird. In case you don't know. You buy your comics at either your, you know, digitally or go to your We're local comic book store, such as, um, let's say, your comic book store might be named <laughs> The Golden Age of 1942 on Boom. the corner of High Street and Court Street in Merrillville, Tennessee. It is the High Court of Comics. Merrillville. You might have a different local comic shop. But you go buy your comics on Wednesday. Then, after you sure. read your comics, you go to the award-winning website, weirdsciencedccomics.com. You read the reviews, you look at other stuff on there, top <laughs> 10 covers, uh, some other, you know, reviews and right, articles they might have on there. Uh, then you look at the comments for the reviews and yep. either just, you know, read the comments yourself or, or you can, you know, yourself. leave a comment if you yeah. want to. I usually, we usually try to get back to people. I read and I look at Crazy some other as reviews of comics I might not be reading, like, you know, Let's say if I want to read a review of anything that's, you know, written by Scott Snyder or related to metal, I might read one of those Should reviews the and then now? laugh and laugh and laugh <laughs> yeah, because I didn't fall for that and I'm not having to buy Dang. six or seven hundred comics per week to keep up with that event. But anyway, after that, and then you, you listen to this podcast or you listen to the Spotlight podcast or you yep. go to patreon.com slash weird science and you support these guys for pennies, pennies a day, and you feed the starving children, which is, of course, Eric of and all of, of his dependents, uh, masters of the universe figures, 
or Jim, and Jim has Very important. a wife. Yep. He has uh, two cats that may or may not live in the ceiling. He has some squirrels up there, apparently, that have been conspiring. That may or may not be his, his cats as well. Um, he's got five scary kids to feed, huge man. spiders, kind of like There's uh, big spiders, I hear. Mirkwood Forest yep. in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, really, Robert, is what it is. Or Lord of the Rings. And um, let's see, he also. Um, he has he's also very short. 18, 19, 27, 35 kids, I believe, running yes. around. So 39 now. Weird Science, or I'm sorry, patreon.com slash weird science and support these guys and you will get a Spotlight podcast. You will get uh, the Far Out Sports Nuts. You will get a new review and news podcast from Jim. You will get Necessary Nonsense if you're at that level, which I may not be. <laughs> and uh, you get into the Get Fresh Crew on Slack. Yes. You get a Keep plethora going. of content from these guys. You might even get occasional podcasts about the best songs ever. Or, um, Say it, Mike. Let's see. Say it. And it. there is a very, very special segment or podcast on Patreon. It is the Cellar Dweller. We know it's you, Josh. <laughs> Josh <laughs> does a great job on the Cellar Say Dweller. Hey, Josh. But anyway, yeah, that's, that's it. Um, you. Get all of that when you join these guys and follow these, or throw, throw these guys a few pennies on Patreon. And that's the other thing I just want to get back to this podcast. When I first um, came onto this podcast, don't remember, it's been quite a while back a now. Long time. I was looking for a podcast to talk about comics. And eventually, yes. he did. And he still stayed with us. To a Batman <laughs> only podcast. And it was getting on my nerves. And, you know, it dealt with all the Batman books, but then it started changing and then they became kind of SJW and then it just sure became, I was getting disillusioned with it. And so I started looking for something else. I kind of looked at a Green Lantern podcast for a while and it was okay, but still not what I wanted. And I started yeah. looking for podcasts that discussed the DC comic books. And I could, and everyone I kind of looked at, it's like they would discuss it. Look, <laughs> like, oh, this week shows. we're going to cover these four books or something and then i decided to you know download an episode of weird science dc yeah. comics that's why not check out the best it Mike. discussed every book <laughs> and there was nonsense and a good time and it didn't seem like these guys were as pretentious or know it all as a lot of the other <laughs> did he just say we were dumb yes. so exactly I, and the nonsense and everything else and i fell in love with it and uh, really, you guys are you're the only comics podcast I listen to now. Um, and you I don't mind supporting you guys on Patreon. <laughs> yeah, really. provides so much joy to plan. all of us out there. And uh, yeah, that's just, you know, from actually, you know, just being seriously, I thank you guys for all you do. A lot of hard work. And uh, yeah, I just commend you. So anyway, thank that's you, all Mike. I've got to say. Uh, you, congratulations on 150 you. episodes, guys. Are you you and, are drunk uh, saying you're loving people. I so, know. Uh, it's weird. Keep it weird. Uh, we're going to turn that spotlight out. Spotlight. Uh, Patriot spotlight off. And we will see you. Congratulations again, guys. Congratulations. We will see you, see you. in seven. Seven. Boosh. Thanks, Mike.
We love what about it. some more pop culture in that ass or whatever that was? <laughs> no, that's we done. We pop culture in that ass. Nobody's pop anymore. culture in anybody's uh, ass anymore. That is over uh, with, Reggie. I don't want to hear it. you got to feed your need for pop culture. everyone's ass. Yeah, no, no. Their, their asses are safe now. We, we have left that you. town. Uh, this is the next. And thanks, Mike. And, and, yeah, since Mike started listening to us, he obviously has all the songs. So we owe him a lot of thanks oh, yeah. as well. Huge thanks. I and it. I got a steak mountain it. out of the deal. So it's awesome. Yeah, Mike's one of the longest running listeners uh reggie and mike and brandon and even repairman jack's been around a long time manship who you know that, that still... guy john who i know still listens yeah. to manship, can't, manship still manship well we might hear from him later actually eric All but right. uh, manship can't figure out how to get on mixler so you, you'll never God see him it, out and about <laughs> he's crazy manship uh but he did send in a mail though so that's good but yes here is the next ma- and we have a lot of rent and rave so you know strap yourselves in up. Buckle up, boys. Uh, this is uh, another one for Eric. I- I'm telling oh. you, Eric, it is your time to shine. Well, this episode time. 150. Uh, again, we were listening to that show before we had a podcast, before we were doing this. And, boy, there went a time where you didn't say anything at all. But now, Eric. And that's said, how I do the m- most of the podcast now. Uh, you do the <laughs> m- 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 most of it, Eric? The m- so, m- m- most. Yeah, yeah, well, you do you gotta, talk you, you here you on the – got to understand. <laughs> I drive a Cadillac. You do talk a lot on the show. But, yeah, we're going to go now to uh, Eric's bro. Eric, bro, I know we haven't chilled in a long time, but I can't believe you didn't come and tell your old posse that you hit the 150th milestone, bro. Who is this guy? You know, we haven't seen I you at the B matches or anything knives. for a long time, and I guess this is why. You've been busy with the podcasting, bro, and that's awesome. You hit 150th. we got to celebrate. you got to come down to the pad. They're gonna we'll play pack the mellow chub marine, a little cheesesteak <laughs> haze, a little sprinkle, a little Allentown hashish on. on top of that. Put on some socks, bro. Just chill, bro. You know what I mean? The whole crew will be there. We'll have Topher, Big Bean, Sweet Meat Marvin, <laughs> Captain Tokesalot, Felton Footlong, Ralph Bogart will be there, Seamus McGillicuddy, Seamus Goldblatt, Jack Carnivore, and you know Black Kevin's going to be in the house, bro. <laughs> you got to give us Black a holler, Kevin. dude. We haven't seen in a long time, and you know we got to so get down. We don't am... have a, no, like a, a, just a Kevin. We just have a Black Kevin. No Kevin. No. Black Kevin. That's how that's how the, the crew worked out, I guess. Segregation, Reggie. Now, I, I don't know who this Eric Bro is, but I, I would just like to imagine him sitting there giggling to himself while he's writing out all these names that yeah. he's going <laughs> to say. I, I don't think uh, he's right to write like a Frisbee on his yes. one finger. Now, this, is all his, this is all part of his, you know, Eric's all part of his crew. That he's, he's the rejected crew. them now. Do you, can you believe that since he did that the podcast? True. Well, we don't have a lot of free time. Our weekends. I yeah. was thinking, uh, as we do this podcast, and this is the 150th episode we only ever skipped one week in this whole time and i thought that is just nonsense we have not really had a weekend which is stupid dude, in 150 we, did record. we just never published it yeah yeah we didn't pu- well no because my my computer had a fuck up and it never oh, recorded right. it yeah remember it, it kind of glitched so we did and it. we even we said it, so yeah happened. we did it and we said it was the worst Happy ever. 151. it was <laughs> it was really bad that episode yeah it sucks because we would have been at 151 oh the tales we tell eric but uh and this did. is the next rant and rave and it's from somebody who actually is not really a long time listener but did make waves when he came about i know brandon loves him so here we go yeah i don't have any kind of rave this week <laughs> I, what i do have though however is a motherfucking rant that's the right rant. people i am so sorry for my absence but this is free daddy style call <laughs> that's right i am back I have been out slapping skanks and pimping some damn comics. 
<laughs> now, with that being said, I just want to talk about a book. I know y'all have already damn talked about it on the podcast, but this book is, if I remember correctly, it is called DC's Stop a Horse, a Little Stop a Horse, or whatever the damn Halloween special. Terrible. Anyway, I was reading this book. First of all, I did not like the story. No, I did not. And then the second thing is, is something that I'm going to be talking about in this rant, is about all the damn political posturing and pandering. And I know I may be speaking to the choir, but on behalf of all the people out there that just want to read comics or read comics, allow me to entertain you. <laughs> anyway, all these writers and artists, they all want to have, like, certain social and political things to posture and populate. <laughs> they need to, if they want to do that so bad, why are they in comics? Why are they in DC or Marvel? Why are they writing for them? The last I checked, DC and Marvel, I believe they are publicly traded companies. <laughs> and all those characters, um, I don't want to hear Superman talk about how the left is doing this. And at the same time, I don't want to hear Spider-Man say how the right is doing that. Right. It is unnecessary. Keep your damn political opinions out of my damn comics. Yes. <laughs> it's like if all these writers and artists, if they want to, you know, assert their opinion, there's, there's an outlet for that. It is called movement. Sign up in a damn mark. Become a Fox News correspondent or an MSNBC correspondent and get on there and, and talk your political opinion. Or if, you know, all, the, all these women that got to, like, say all these things, they can go join The View. I did not mean to come across as saying anything bad about the ladies because I do love me some damn ladies. Oh, but the point is, is there are outlets for people to go and do that kind of thing. When I read comics, I want to escape from all that. I get enough of that on my damn Twitter account. Everybody's got a damn opinion nowadays. That's Everybody right. claims to be a damn expert. And, you know, people say, Frick Daddy, you're just speaking to the choir. Well, you know what? I just keep what's been on my damn mind. And I feel like I needed to say it, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm up over here with my, with my ladies, and what I do is I pimp, pimp comics and I slap some skank. And these right. people, you want to say, well, what is a skank freak, Daddy? It's very simple. I will define no, it asking. from Freakonomics. Freakonomics say freak that a skank is not necessarily a female. It is somebody that talks some ignorant stuff, and all they do is they put it out there, and people that are not up on things, they just buy it up. And that is not right. That is not right. That is. What I'm saying is, and the next time somebody does these kind of things, call them out on it. I believe Dancing Mike is right. I may, may not agree with Dancing Mike on everything, but he is completely right on this. All these artists and creators that want to do this, go do your own creator-owned comic. Because if you're doing a creator-owned comic, it is your comic. You can say whatever you want. I don't think it's a very smart business decision. Because you will divide your audience, and you may so uh, end up right now, uh, missing out yeah. on some potential <laughs> sales. But you do have the right to do that, I you know. Right but when you're doing books for Marvel or DC that is more public, you are going to alienate. I, think he's I, I heard that Dancing uh, Mike goes by a case-by-case policy on slapping skanks. Skank. <laughs> and on I think skank. you know DC and Marvel need to get off their ass, or they're going to get the ass whooped by all the indie people because they need to recreate some new things. And I don't think I'm saying anything that nobody's sitting over there uh, talking about. 
So anyway, this is Freak Dad and Falcon. I'm talking about much. Doing my little rant. I hope you all have a great week, and maybe I'll see you guys soon. You can find me on Twitter yeah, at right? Freak and Falcon. Thank Freaky you Falcon. and goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you, Freak, Freak Daddy. Daddy. Falcone. I don't know what we're talking about anymore. What just I happened? I don't either. But we're going to move on to somebody else. Eric, you always know what this guy's talking about. Here we go. Richard, Richard, can ah. here? Yes, it's Richard. Richard, it can I get? I know how much you've missed me, Eric. Yes, <laughs> I know how week. much you love me, seller, dweller. Number two. It's Richard <laughs> Richardson. And tonight, Richard Richardson is headed to a movie. Yes, he is headed to Grandma, let you out a the house? movie. What movie, you ask? Yeah. I don't even know what's playing right what now. What movie? <laughs> it is Justice League. Ooh. The Ooh. Justice League movie. It's based on the comic book. <laughs> have you heard you, of the Justice League it's, movie? We do have news on this you show. You probably already yes, we do. have seen it multiple times uh -huh. by the time you get this. And Richard Richardson and Grandmom is headed to the movies. Thank God she's got that senior citizen discount. Yes. And... The other reason I'm calling is it's 150 episodes. Ding, yeah, 150 episodes of Eric and Jim. That's right, now, Eric and Jim. If you think about it, if you no. really think <laughs> about it, Richard Richardson has been around for more than 50 episodes. Yes, an anniversary for Richard Richardson. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, God. Yes, Richard Richardson is headed to the movie. And Richard you don't have that Richardson the goddamn movie. will talk to you guys later. Later. Yes, he just may. But I hope we get a, I hope we get a review later on of the movie. Uh, we may. I, I don't know. Goddamn mouth, Reggie. Yeah. A long one would be good. Oh, God. <laughs> a, a real long? Here we yeah, go. Here is the next one. one. Thank you, Richard. The next one is Rob Lewis. Hey, Jim. Hey, Eric. Hey, hey Reggie. And the hey. members of the Get Fresh 2. This is your man, Rob Lewis, taking a moment out from his second job. You know, I'm Second a feature show. dancer here at the Hen Parties in <laughs> Albany, New York. But anyway, I've just <laughs> taken a minute to say 150 episodes. I can't believe you it. You guys are fantastic. Keep up the good work. I'll be here for the next 150. Awesome. Milestone, right. bitches. Boom, boom. Milestone. There, here we go. Uh, he uh, actually uh, is not in the Slack chat right now, or the Mixler chat is what I mean, because we are doing this live, because he is uh, watching the job? Justice League. No, he's watching oh, the Justice right. League movie right now, and he did uh, message me during the movie and said that it was not bad so far. 
That was his. Uh, that was his quote from it. That's non-spo- kind of review I non-spoiler hear. review there because he, he just said, "Hey, I wish I could be there tonight. I'm at the movies." And I said, "Oh, Justice League, I assume." And he's like, "Yep." And he said he liked it, so that's awesome. Uh, I don't know how if but it's near the end or whatever. But speaking of the Justice League, we have this now. Hey there, Weird Science Podcast. This is the Thunder Down Under All Male Dance Review, <laughs> congratulating you on an amazing yeah, 150 episodes of the podcast. And what better way to celebrate this momentous accomplishment than with a Justice League themed All Male Dance Review party? Our mobile party van like is already song. speeding to your location with our featured dancers yeah. who are in costume and featured ready dancers. to go. We've got Relentless as Superman. One glance at his speedo and you know he's not from Smallville. We've <laughs> got ecstasy as Batman. If you've got a dollar, the Dark Knight will rise. <laughs> We've got pipe as a flash. Once you see his hips move, you know why they called him the fastest man alive. Pressure is Green Lantern. Our is that bottom. a construct in his pants or is he just happy to see you? He's happy Satisfaction is Cyborg. He won't actually be dancing. He'll just be standing in the corner all night on monitor duty. Watching. But if you ask him nicely, he might still show you his boom too. Ah. And finally, our featured dancer Tempo ask Kite Man. Does he have a special lap dance prepared for Jim Werner? Oh, hell yeah. And finally, gentlemen of the Weird Science Podcast and all members of the Get Fresh crew, I would ask that you join me in a recitation of the male strippers out. On brightest stage... Dancing every night, no dollar should escape my sight. Uh-huh. For those who like our speedos tight, prepare for an evening of all male delight. Oh. Happy 150th, boys! <laughs> oh, thank you. And that is Dave J. Uh, thank you, Dave. That was awesome. Oh. But yeah, see, that was a good. That was a Justice League review. So there you go, and oh, we're gonna continue on. Not the kind of review on. I was looking for. You yeah. you did like the, you that was the one you were looking for. Well, speaking yeah, of like speaking of the same deal, we have another oath here, and this is the Hollywood Kid. Oh. And brightest day and brightest night, no evil escaped my sights. <laughs> no wizards, evil might. Beware of my power, green's light. He loves that. Oh, it's <laughs> the fucking loves, best thing. I love he that. loves that oath so much. Uh, <laughs> we're going to move on. Thank you, Hollywood Kid. We're going to move on. Hey, Hollywood Kid. Batman Beyond Mark is here to talk. What's up, Weird Science? This is Batman Beyond Mark. And uh, yeah, first of all, I want to say, guys, congratulations on 150 Thank episodes you. of the main podcast and 151 Thanks, straight weeks of podcasting. Because, yes. yes, Mr. Continuity Kid, I remember that you scrapped one week's podcast. Uh, the second thing, though, is uh, I, I, well, for the continuity kid, uh, I have a question that I would like to see if you can you can at least help me puzzle out. And I've been drinking. Uh, so a little bit of background first. Oh my! Uh, about a month ago, somebody created a uh, "Who Wants to Be a Millionaire?" Uh, question that was, "Which is the first Pokemon?" and the options were the Pokemon Charizard that had the number designation zero zero one, the Pokemon that uh was the first one that Game Freak, the Pokemon, the company that makes Pokemon, ever created. Mm-hmm. The Pokemon that's the genetic ancestor of every single Pokemon, or the universe-creating deity Pokemon who created Charizard. the entire Pokemon universe. And this led me to realize that this is the chicken and the egg question of our day, 
which came first, the genetic ancestor of every single Pokemon, including the creation deity of the universe Pokemon, (laughs) or the creation deity of the universe Pokemon. So I'm hoping that you can answer this. Which came first, the creation deity, or its predecessor, or its, you know, its ancestor who came (laughs) after it? Hoping you can answer this. Uh, Hoping it also doesn't melt your mind, Eric. Uh, Once again, congratulations, guys, and I will talk to you later. The answer's Charizard. I'm just glad it wasn't asked to me, because I don't know, Eric, because I'm not a nerd. I'm no Pokemans. (laughs) You playing with the Pokemans? That's what I used to yell at my son. He he would sit there, but actually, uh, Alex loved the card game, and it's funny to even mention that anymore, because nobody even, you know, what what the hell are you talking about? Cards? That's still huge. What are you talking about? Yeah, I'm saying it's more video game now than the cards. But uh, here we go, and Eric, you think on that, and the next is Maddie D. I think Maddie D's in a plane, by the way. Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew. Uh, this is Matty D here. I'm calling in. Uh, so I heard the big news about uh, Brian Michael Bendis coming on to DC to be a writer. Yes. Um, the first thing I have to say is I agree with Brandon. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis is writing since probably 2013 is what got me off of reading Marvel comic books. I'm not looking forward to seeing what he's going to do at DC. Uh, it kind of scares me because the last few things I've read from him has just been talking heads. Nine panel grid layouts. Love that band. The band? I love talking heads. <laughs> I'm not a big fan. Do you like Burning Down the House? Is that a song you like, Reggie? Or you think that's sure. too mainstream? I didn't know if you thought that was a. How about uh, And She Comes? Do you think that's a little too mainstream for, for well, a regular? I've the, never heard about the, that before in my life. The song's actually called And She Was. And oh, I do And like She Was. I'm drunk. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah, you still haven't heard of it. You don't know what you're talking about over there either. I you're think still... she comes. You, I have no idea. You I've never think heard of that Pokemon? I've never thought that. Think of the Pokemon. He, he, he has no idea. Uh, about about nothing, right? He has no, he has no, no real action. Like However, I do have to admit that Brian Michael Bendis is good at dialogue. So hopefully he could be a dialogue coach for fucktard Steve Orlando. Because I cannot stand that guy's <laughs> writing whatsoever. Maybe by bringing Brian Michael Bendis in, Steve Orlando could possibly learn how to do something correct, like plot out a story and use dialogue where people are actually talking to each other instead of just throwing lines back and forth that has absolutely nothing to do with what someone else is saying. I, I actually think we're getting the first call-in from the space shuttle. Is what's going on I don't wish ill will on people, but if I ever no. saw him in public, I would probably want to slap him across the face <laughs> or punch him in the face. He or goes to something because the guy it just it's irritates like the piss out of me. He, he ruined the too. Justice League. He ru- or I should yes. say, he ruined Justice League America. He ruined Supergirl. Um, I never really liked his writing for Midnighter. Um, gosh, here it is. Uh, now I'm I'm going on ranting about how much I dislike Steve Orlando. Yes. Um, all I can hope is that maybe Brian Michael that Bendis got me through a lot of podcasts. Something to the DC table where we could probably fix some of this stuff as far as dialogue and story structure and plotting. Uh, again, I, I still think the biggest episode, problem that hurts get DC Dan Comics has been editorial. They really need to step up their game, and 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 especially with Steve Orlando books, you know, try to pulling some reins and, and read what these people are writing. Yeah, um, that might be so. You know, I got probably about seven issues of Batman to read because Steve Orlando, Tom King's story, which has been very disappointing lately, has just gotten me to where well, I put Batman at the bottom of my stack and I used to be the top. 
Yes. You know, Detective Comics has even kind of lost my interest. It's kind of sad that, you know, DC Comics is starting to go the way of Marvel for me. I have not read a Marvel comic book since, like, 2013. <sighs> anyway, yeah. well, this is the last time I'm going to hear that from you guys out. soon. Yeah. Take it easy show. and see you in well, I'm telling you, Matty D, try talking about these things every week. And you'll see. It gets crazy. Uh, the next one, though, and thanks, Matty D. The next one, though, hey, is from a very jolly man. Shout out to the Get Fresh crew. <laughs> woo, woo. Hey, y'all, it's he Jolly Drew me here, up. and I wanted to call oh, in for another fun rant and rave. Oh, boy, it's uh, Jim Werner's 150th birthday, and yep. that's right. pretty crazy Feels that you like made it to 150. You know, not many wow. people uh, get that old. No. Um, I'm not that old myself. I'm probably one of the younger members of the of the uh, the Get Fresh crew. Uh, I'm the Weedle Baby of the group. Uh, I'm like freaking uh, this many. So, uh, you know, I don't get a whole lot of your uh, references to old television. No. Um, I was just singing the Laverne and Shirley theme song to myself. Well, I don't know go. why. Maybe it's because I'm at the end of uh, working 19, and 19 days straight, uh, 10 hour days, you know, yeah. trying to trying to make that, that uh, those dollar bills, y'all. y'all. Uh, y'all. It's not working all that well because I'm still really poor. So, you know, I'm going to keep at it. But enough about me. Uh, more about Jim's 150th birthday. Uh, <laughs> remember to uh, stay hydrated. Jim. Yes. Um, yes. Take your supplements. No. Uh, w- take your cane wherever you go. I don't want you I to, to fall uh, <laughs> so you can't cane. get up. Uh, I remember I had an old, uh, I had a great uncle once who had a cane that um, you slid off, you took out the handle and it turned into like a little dagger. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. maybe yeah. Uh, yeah. your kids like can get you man. one of those. Yeah. That'd be pretty funny. Uh, that way, if anybody like uh, gives you any trouble, you can uh, uh, intimidate Drew, them with your weapons. Uh, yeah. You can be like a, a superhero. Jim Warner, the, the badass. Ooh, yeah. boy, that sounds like fun. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, hi, Eric, too. I don't want to hey, leave Doug. you out because I know you get sad every time someone doesn't mention you. So uh, doesn't mention you. Oh, boy, it, it really <laughs> is the end of a long week. Uh, but, you know, it really is. Uh, Sounded like Big Tony. You know, it's Jim Warner's world. <laughs> And yes, we're just is. living in it. That is so I wanted to say uh, congratulations, guys. I love everything you do. Uh, I'm going to be a big supporter of you guys for years to come. Hooray. Uh, wow. I'd, uh, not a whole lot else Didn't to say. Didn't we tell everybody this but, was the last uh, episode? You know, really heartfelt. <laughs> congratulations. You guys work so hard, and you actually make my uh, my work day go by so much faster. Um, That's the plan, Sam. I probably w- actually wouldn't be reading as many comics if it weren't for you guys. I like the conversation. I don't have many friends to talk about comics with. And, you know, I'm Neither kind of a dumb dumb when it comes group, to comics. Baby. I haven't been reading all that long, probably only like four years or something. So uh, listening to you two and Reggie and Chris really helps uh, bring context to the stuff I'm reading. And I appreciate uh, the, the friendship. I uh, appreciate the uh, the hard work, you guys. So uh, I'm going to quit rambling and let you uh, get on with your 150th birthday, Jim. Terrific. Uh, yes. I love you guys. Uh, good night. Good night. I love you, yeah, We tonight. love you, Drew. You're yes. terrific. Sure do. That's awesome. Uh, here is the next one. I'm going to speed through these because we still have a bunch. And this oh is my God. Rich Richardson again. Richard Richardson oh. here. And me and Grandma want to hear Jim's reviews by Dan. He went a little low there. <laughs> no, I want to hear Jim's reviews. <laughs> I want to hear Jim's reviews. He gets mad. He gets mad. 
Jesus Christ, he has a temper. That Richard Richardson, uh, that is the last of Richard Richardson for the night, Eric. You can, right. you can calm down. Uh, but here we go. Here is Sanjay. Oh, hello, Jim and Eric. This is Sanjay. It's been so long since I've called in. I just wanted to say happy 150 episodes. Thank you. I nice. haven't done anything 150 times, well, except for maybe masturbate. Oh, yes. Oh, you hello. and me both, Maybe, buddy. Uh, I like to masturbate a lot. I call that a anyway, Sunday afternoon. I just <laughs> yeah, want really. to say congratulations on 150. I wanted to make an appearance for your episode. So here you go. You're a Sunjay. Hey, on my new car. Yep. And I'm doing the Uber thing now. I lost my job as a taxi driver. <laughs> now he's Uber. So I've been doing Uber, and it's not too bad. I did not like the Uber drivers originally, but now I'm one of them. So... I guess you could say I am a two-faced Indian, or maybe an Indian giver. Whoa! <laughs> All right. Well, no. you guys have a wonderful time recording your show. I will we see you on seven. <laughs> see you in Thank seven. You, see you on Oosh. seven. Oosh. Oh, hey, and then shout that. out to get the fresh crew. Soup, soup. Oop. Yep, yep. Oop. All right. <laughs> Damn right. Again, this is Sanjay. <laughs> I will see you guys in seven. All right. That is the end of the Rant Raves. That is all. all. Right. Uh, and thanks, everybody, who called in to give us a Rant and Rave and Bless to you. celebrate Eric Shea. Uh, but now we're going to take a little uh-huh. bit of a break, and then we're going to come back with some mail. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. Jim, Eric, and Reggie. Uh, right. We better get through this quick. Uh, I'm fading. I, I've <laughs> been drinking, drinking so too much. much but tell you, nobody. I, I said this before. I doubt that there'll be many signs. If you, if you need me to do signs. any reading, I can help you out. No, no, I cannot. I, I, yeah, the, there won't be. Yeah, really. You can't. We'll get you the magnifying glass. I, I don't think that <laughs> people good. will be able to tell as much as they did Eric Shea being drunk, but we'll see. We'll see how this whole I ride have a problem, ends. Jim. We'll see how this roller coaster <laughs> ride that we call life ends by the end of this podcast. But we're going to start mail section number one with Batman Beyond Marcus says, Sup, Jim and Eric, and I'll throw in Reggie as well. well Congratulations hello. on Podcast 150. Drinks are on me. As long as it's tap water, he says. And that Ooh. is his mail. That's short and sweet. Thank Very you. Nice. I, should, I should probably drink some tap you water right now. Bastard. Yes. You <laughs> that, that's what you think water. it is. Yes, have a little water. I should have some water once in a while. I, I think that that's very, very overrated. When was the last but... time you've had water, Jim? Yeah, we have that water fountain at work that actually... He might have, went... you know, actually drank someone who was brushing his teeth by accident one time. <laughs> who uses water shower? when they brush their teeth? I, I brush my teeth in the shower. That is true. Uh, Logan gets pissed off because... I'm telling you, Logan... Laundry, it's all right there, That's baby. right. That is. That's the best thing in my house is the bath 
bathtub. It does everything. Maybe you were even makes doing some dishes there for a little I can, bit. Yeah, I did. The uh, you need the uh, food processor like Kramer got in the bathtub. Yeah, that you can that's what you can do. Prepare some I've been salads. making be some nice. wine, some bathtub <laughs> wine in there, possibly. Uh, but the yeah, wine there is. Uh, Logan gets pissed because Ethan does not use water when he brushes his teeth, and that drives what is Logan milkshake? insane. What the hell is he doing? No, he just he just brushes and then spits just it goes out. Goes in dry, huh? Yeah, he goes in like dry. It. And Logan gets so Tell Logan angry. He's right. Hey, that's he he comes running to, to me. It makes he, him look like more of a frothing monster, I'm sure. That's that, kind of cool. That's probably true. He doesn't need that. Uh, the next email is from Brian from Arkansas. We haven't heard from Ooh, Brian in a while. Wow. He says, hello, Mr. Werner, Mr. Stray. Long time no speak. Congratulations on uh, your 150th episode. Milestone hey. bitches. Damn Thanks right. for all of your yeah. hard work and hours upon hours of entertaining listening. I would like to chime in on something you guys talked about last week. Cokes in the South. We call all sodas Coke. When you ask someone if they want a Coke and they answer yes, your follow-up question would be, what kind? Now, th- again, these are too many steps in my I, mind. Yeah. Is, I like to think you want a Coke and then it's just like a joker's wild at this point. Whatever yeah. you get, you get at no, this I'm point. No, I'm telling you, I think it's hand signals works. and a wink-wink. They, they, I, I, they give you a little deal. It was more deal. like the Chinese language. Like it was more like your inflection. Like if you say yeah, you, yeah. Want a a Coke, Coke? Doctor, you want a Coke, you want a Coke. It's like what happens in, when I go. It, they, they these people, Brian, maybe Dancing Mike. They don't realize up here in the North, us Yankees, what we say oh. is, "Hey, do you want some Lucky Charms?" And then you're like, "Yes," and then you give them, you know, fucking Fruit Loops. Uh, that's what we do. That's right. That's how we work. Is the uh, generalized thing? Yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's Lucky Charms. Everything is Lucky Charms. It's all Lucky Charms. <laughs> it's all lucky charms. You would then tell them what you have available. I'm telling you, this is way too many steps. Way too many steps involved here. We have Sprite, Dr. Pepper, or Coke. Dancing Mike may have uh, been there to clarify this for you, but hey, uh, there's Coke. Then there's everything else, which would include sweet tea, milk, well, you got water, Coke, and so on. Some milk. I'm telling you, that would be the weirdest thing. You're like, hey, uh, do you want a Coke? Yes. And then they hand you chocolate milk. They give you eggnog. And, <laughs> and somehow I wonder, did, did I twitch or something here? Did yeah. I give them a little, you know, wink, wink? I, I don't understand. I'll never understand that. Never. That's why I, they did it in West Virginia. And it drove me nuts. But I've been meaning to email you guys. Yeah, well, I've been meaning to email you guys for a while because I know how you love uh, his rapid fire and top five list. Over the course of the last few months, my boss died. (laughs) Would if it wouldn't be his boss died, (laughs) resulting in me getting and learning a new delivery route. My wife and I bought a new house. Our daughter announced her first pregnancy. Our son-in-law totaled his car. And he got a new phone. I got a new phone. Right. LOL. The new phone part is what I've been meaning to email about. I've been on avid iPhone user since its inception. In September, I switched to the Samsung Galaxy Note 8. Best that phone. That in your face? Best phone I've ever owned. <laughs> but that's not the point. The Apple Podcast app is all I've ever used to listen to you guys. So obviously, that app is not offered by Samsung or Android. So on the new phone, I decided to use Podbean as my podcast app because you've been doing a pretty good job of talking it up, Jim. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, I think it gets us confused with the Marvel app, which I do love. The, uh, the, Podbean app, Dancing Mike loves. He he's big on that. Uh, yeah, I've used it before. I'm actually a pod. Uh, I think it's called Podcast Addict. Is yeah, what I what used. It was somewhere around the end of September, and it just happened to be the week that you guys quit doing the pop culture podcast. 
<laughs> and there was no spotlight that week. So I was pissed at Podbean because it wasn't delivering Werner and Stray to me like Apple did. So he actually we stopped doing that podcast and he blamed it all on Podbean. I, feel so bad. I was relieved to hear on the next Weird Science episode that was uh, going on the previous week and it wasn't Podbean's fault. Okay, enough about me. On to the rapid fire segment of our email. Jim, you mentioned a while back that you have a volume one of Deadly Class. Have you read it yet? No, I have not. I actually told Eric when I got this mail, I'm like, I, I better read this so I could at least tell him what I thought. Uh, I have not read it yet. So he nah. says, what do you think? Uh, I do a very lazy on. man. Yes, that image very, comic, very right? Yeah. Yes, yes. So, Eric, have you ever read Tim Seeley's Hack Slash? And I you have, have been, not. Yeah, you have been told to read this before. Many, uh, it's horror many, many times. Yeah, it's horror-themed and features slashers. Uh, I think you'd like it. I started picking up Trinity because my favorite podcasters were featured in it and stayed for the art. V. Ken Marion is amazing on that book. I heard somewhere sure that is. Liam Sharp is working on a Batman Wonder Woman title. Yes, that is Brave true. Brave bold. Yeah, that is true. So, Harley is finally getting a new creative team. Correct. Joelle Jones is still my favorite artist. Ooh, and I like right. her too. I liked her a lot on this week's uh, Batman. Uh, the Ooh. creative team, Harley, I know that it is definitely Frank Tierra writing. Am I wrong thinking it's like Mink Yu Young on art? Is that correct? I think it Reggie? is. I, I think okay. it is probably at least for the first arc. I mean, how that book was, goes. Yes. Uh, metal is far better than I expected it to be. I expected, to, or I'm excited to see what Bendis will do at DC, although the only thing I've read by him is his first Ultimate Spider-Man run back in the early 2000s, but I did love it. I would like to see him on, what do you think he says, Reggie? Because we we talked about what books we would like Back-up. Brian Michael Bendis on, and I think that he is on to something here. I would like to see uh, that uh, Brian is right here. He says Suicide Squad. And right. I think that would be cool. That would I think be cool. that would be a good. That would be cool. I, I think they could write a good, funny. You know what I mean? They they yeah. do handle a lot of characters pretty well. Yeah. So and, I would like uh, that. Maybe I'd get like a new to, team. I'd like to see Amanda Connor do more interiors. That'd be cool. Ooh. Ooh. Well, I'll shut up now. Congratulations again on this milestone episode. And I'm looking forward to the awesome. next 150. Brian Weston from Cabot, Arkansas. Weston out, bra. Boosh. There you go. Thank, Thank you. you. I, I love the rapid fire emails even more when I'm sober. I was struggling to see where I was going there. John Wayne's next, and he says, oh, What up, Pilgrim? Howdy, Pilgrim. <laughs> howdy, Pilgrim. It is John Wayne once again. You can use whatever Duke reference you want. When yeah. I write in, I've literally been getting them my whole life. Ha ha. Happy 150th episode to you guys. Can't believe it's been that long. My favorite Duke yeah. reference is Christian Leitner. Got two things to get in my email this week. Did you, did you get that one, Eric? The Christian I did Leitner? Not. Did, I didn't think you did. How about you, Reggie? You big Duke basketball fan? You no. like the Christian Leitner? First, last I week I mentioned All my I know girlfriend. Is LeBron James. LeBron James. First, last week he didn't go to college. First, last week I mentioned my girlfriend. Her name is Isabella Izzy for short. And she wants me to tell you guys that she does listen to the podcast with me sometimes. Well, to be honest, it's more like she just doesn't make me turn it off. LOL. Awesome. And I had to play her the clip of my mail last week. We shared a good laugh. But she also feels as if I misrepresented her choice of titles and made me write into the next part of my mail. While she does like Steve Orlando's books, she also reads Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, uh, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Super Sons with me. The books I mentioned last week are just what she has added to our list. And she, like you guys, blames me for her liking Orlando. I told her. I told him he ended up letting her get those books. That's that's. 
bad. You can't do that. After Rebirth started, she asked me who the best female heroes were for her to read. And along with Diana, my favorites are Black Canary and Supergirl. And so she chose those books with those two in them. I can't blame her. I do love those characters and the rest of the lineup. And JLA is great, too. I just wish someone other than Orlando was writing it. And that's the book. JLA is the book that I think Brian Michael Bendis would go on. And really, he's also one of those workhorses. He could be on like seven books. Yeah, you know. He, I assume he will be ultimately. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do too. I think that he'll. I uh, to me, I think that he'll be on one twice monthly ship and two of the monthly books. If that, that makes any sense. So he'd I actually think, be I writing. Think he might get a, a the Legion also. I'm not sure. Yeah. Though. We'll see. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. We'll see if that sells, Reggie Reginald. In more I'm, not, positive... I'm, I'm not saying it would sell. I'm just that's why I yeah. think they would stick him as another In... team book. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's why I think JLA, and that's why I said I think Brian's on to something. Suicide Squad would be pretty cool. Uh, I would yeah. like Teen to see. Titans, goddammit. Well, and also I think it's one of those where there's a couple books that are starting to struggle, struggle the twice monthly books, and I think that before they go monthly with them, maybe they'll use. Uh, Bendis to a try Bendis to resurrect magic them. To see what happens. Yeah, I don't know that it's going to really do anything. At first, it will. You'll see a bump. Uh, but oh, yeah. then uh, a book always ends up going down as well. But in more positive news, I told you last week I'd write in when I felt particularly good about books, which I did this week. I really enjoyed Superman well. and Super Sons this week. And a big thank you to Jim uh, for giving me an early look. And even Batman was the best it's been in a while. Superman sure was great. The power struggle on Apocalypse feels real, and I'm surprised with how invested in the outcome I am. Though I have to say, if Lex wakes up before they're back on Earth and sees Lois John and doesn't put it all together, he officially loses his title as smartest character in the DCU. We talked about it later in the podcast when we do mention the book in the next section uh, that we don't think he's going to wake up. We said that's a pretty cliched comic book deal to have the guy uh, you know, get knocked out and not see things. It's almost like the referee in the WWE. That's what, That's what I was thinking right the whole now. time. We never talked about it. It's like, yeah. you know, the referee gets knocked out, that he can do whatever, and then he oh, comes yeah. to then, right then, the bad then guy all of a sudden they have a win. brick. And then he does a quick one, two, three. Yeah. I think Lex knows. Oh, yeah, and, and just... really, the the best is is that the ref then comes to right yeah. as the bad guy pins the other guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, just we'll in see. time for a quick yep, just you know, bang, bang, bang. Yep. While I agree with Jim's reveal on the site about Super Sons regarding how the pacing is off, I love Damien and John enough that it doesn't matter too much for me. The Batman 666 drop was cool and has me excited for the Super Sons of Tomorrow crossover, and I am so excited to see the boys in school together operating out of this HQ. As for the pacing issue, I really do just blame Superman Reborn. I know that's a cop-out, but also the only reason I can think of. One thing I'd like to see is the boys get their own young rogues gallery. While Kid Amazo was meh, I think there's a cool opportunity to develop younger villains for the world's Kid finest sons to deal with. That's the problem. I was going to say, they will end up like Kid Two-Face. <laughs> especially with Kid them in Parasite. private school together. <laughs> Kid Parasite. Uh, a Kid Scarecrow. Joker's daughter. Are, aren't they? I'm telling you, you don't want to get Joker's daughter near these two kids. Joker's daughter is, a, first off, not a good Trump character. They already have me. Penguin's kid running around, yeah, right? Yeah, that's true. Black son, yeah. Yeah, uh, oh, I'm God. telling you, Joker's <laughs> Joker's daughter will just slice their throats. Lore Zod, Chris Kent could all be tons of fun. Any ideas from you guys? And oh, yeah, yeah I forgot sing. all about that General Zod bit where him yeah. and his son went off with his uh, Ursa, yeah. I believe, wasn't yeah, it? So, yep, yeah, so we're going to see how that goes. So that could be something. Hope I didn't ramble too long. I just really enjoyed my books this week. Happy 150th episode once again, and much love to you, Pilgrims. 
and that's from Take him to John Missouri, John Wayne. Wayne. John yes. Wayne. <laughs> Next one's from Ian. And Ian says, hello, Jim, Eric, and everyone in the Get Fresh crew. Boop. This week's issue of Justice League was okay. I was surprised you guys gave it as high a score as you did. But the way I saw the issue was as a filler with nothing really important in this issue leading into metal number four. And then you got Cyborg. Cyborg, yeah. one, Cyborg million, one million, baby. baby. He should have said booyah. I don't know how they would deal with Cyborg moving forward. I think it's all going to reset. But I thought Cyborg the issue was just okay. Cyborg has been powered up most than, like, more than any other superhero in this. Yeah. We had like when he was first in Forever Evil, he got that new sleeker body, and then when yep. we had his own thing, he had this whole ability to regenerate. Which then for the next series he didn't have, and then had again. So now he's Cyborg one million. I don't yes. know what they're going to do with this character because nothing they do ever works. No, as far as Batman or Lefts, I didn't mind the art as much as you guys, but as far as the issue went, it was a quick and enjoyable read. But like Eric said, I do wish Tynan expanded on the magic cards a bit more. You yeah. mentioned, Jim, in the Patreon spotlight that the art on the Batman or Lefts issue did affect your score, but did it keep, it from, uh, keep you from enjoying the issue more than you did? Uh, yeah, it, it kind of did. I just don't like that art. It ends up bringing me down. And that, that Batman who last looked great, though. Yeah, he did. But it's just, and also, this is the problem. I, it's hard to say without sounding like a dick, but for the most part, when oh, we no. read the stuff, well, yeah, I always sound like a dick. But <laughs> yeah, when you read these, and Reggie might agree as well, it's hard to just read to enjoy it. If you're reading it to review it, and even though I don't write the review, I just have to talk about it on the podcast while I'm reading it. It's never a time where I'm like, oh, man, I'm, I'm loving this so much and I'm not going to think about it because the art really brought me down and I had to talk about it. I don't like Riley Rossmo's art at all, so it always yeah, brings me down. But it, it just makes things more unclear, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a, that, that was the problem. But I liked a lot of the crazy crap happening in the book. Yeah, you know? it was, like it I, just, I was into the, the murdering and stuff. But yeah, I, I he just, likes I, the killing. He likes like the killing. killing. I, like, I, I just think at the guy. point – yeah, I think at the point I, I've had enough – of these one-shots. And like I said, if if you didn't listen to our Patreon deal, uh, I did say that because we have seen the Batman who laughs so much in these other books and in Metal and all this going forward and all the crossovers, that by the time we got around to him, I kind of figured out what he was all about anyway, and nothing really got me. Uh, Though at the end, there was that whole mystery of who he was talking to that we talk about in that as well. Uh, And he says, uh, and I have to add, Jim, you are getting better doing the podcast by yourself. You better watch it, Eric Shea. I like that Jim has issues with the comic news. (laughs) That's what I should call Jim has issues with the comic news from last week. And I'm excited to see what that becomes. And another special shout-out to the Cellar Dweller for the Saul segment. And Saul 3 was the best one. Thanks, Cellar Dweller, for all the nightmares. And the dreams, Eric. Oh, That's a good call out. Anyway, happy out. episode 150, guys, and cheers. And that is the end of mail section number one. And we're going to go off now to the books. Now we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we love. The meat and the cheese that we
right, Eric, it's time for Jim's Reviews. About time. Right? About time indeed. Uh, it's weird with all the festivities that showed up for this 150th episode which again it's this is all for everyone else because me and you when we did the 50th episode we never would have thought that that would be a milestone even no, though we're just, just made it that i mean that that 50th episode became it but yeah we were just waiting for 100 and then i said to you obviously uh, calling every episode a milestone that used to be an eric shea thing yeah. you know you'd go 50 75 100 well once we got to 100 i said to you basically i guess we're gonna have to wait until 200 but no our no. friends eric they they wanted an extravaganza and i hope that we are giving them one by now because we are recording this earlier we do we're going to do the books earlier so that we can have some fun hopefully we've had some fun up until this point at while we're recording this though that is for future jim and eric and red i doubt it i'm a well. negative nancy i don't like having fun you are but uh, who knows by this point eric i might be drunk as a skunk who knows? It's very possible. We'll see. Everybody listening will know. But this part of the podcast now is the meat and cheese, as Dancing Mike sang to us just in that lovely voice of his. Uh, before we go on and, and mention what meat and cheese we are going to have here, uh, you can go and read all of our written reviews at WeirdScienceDCComics.com, including the books that we're going to do in this first section. I would say the meat and the cheese. We, we already did turkey last week. I made uh, pigs in a blank for the party so i got some hot oh, dogs and i got pigs some cheese with that blanket. i don't know american uh, cheese cheese and pigs in a blanket i actually yeah. thought of that the other day i was gonna actually get cheese whiz for the pigs in the blanket my kids like pigs in a blanket and uh, uh, that's what they say too when they walk by and i'm in bed there mm. <laughs> there there's a pig in a blanket and I, I yell at them but i'm too lazy kids to get cruel. up I, i'm too tired to get up and yell at them anymore but yeah, that's it. And uh, actually, Logan said, you know, we speaking of fat, that with the pigs in a blanket, he wants to do it where you wrap bacon around yeah, the, the that's thing. Good too. That is good. It tends to get a little greasy, though. I mean, hamburgers themselves or hot dogs. I mean, hamburgers in a blanket. Now, that's something interesting. I, I end up. I got to go. I got to go make some hamburgers. In I like, hamburgers in a blanket. I like I. And if you want to do that, that sounds like what they may call the no carb hamburger in lettuce. And I don't need that. That no, need that. no lettuce should ever be the blanket. Right. The blanket no. should just be croissant rolls and croissant rolls only. Ooh, so croissant. So stop Fancy. it. That's right. I am. Me and my garage, Eric. Uh, but yeah, uh, when I cook the pigs in a blanket, I usually use all beef hot dogs. I, I, I splurge, Eric. You know, when I'm going to eat fancy, gotta I'm going to eat those fancy. terrible hot dogs. <laughs> uh, the all beef, though. What was though, that last one? Like part turkey, part Oh, pork, my God. Yeah, those, I'm beak? telling you, I splurge. No, actually, beaks first. It's like all beak and traces of sawdust. I think the oh, last God, couple ones the I pig do. Hooves. There, there's one it's like called, and I don't want to disparage any brand, but I believe it's I like do. the double H or the bar H or something, bar none. No, I don't know. Grade, that's the grade of meat, double H. Uh, well, yeah, because I think that these hot dogs, there may be 15 in a package and they cost a nickel. Eric, yep. a wheat penny is all they cost. No, I, I splurge. I get the all the all beef hot dogs. Eric, they cost me as much as two dollars and forty nine cents a pack. And, and to me, boy, I might as well have a Chianti with that, and you know, have it served to me on a silver platter is what I should do. But the all beef hot dogs tend to get a little greasy. 
when you cook them in the oven with the pigs on a blanket in your croissant roll. Yeah. Don't you get yourself them little <laughs> tiny pigs? You know, the little tiny hot dogs? No, for I don't get No. You do it with that? Oh, my goodness gracious. Those cocktail weenies? Cocktail no. weenies. I get full ass. I'm a grown man. I eat a full <laughs> hot dog when I, I want to have my What's pigs in the blanket. Jim? This I'm not going to have to try to find the pigs in the blanket. Jesus Christ. I want to see that, that dog better be sticking out feet and head sticking out of that goddamn blanket. It's like my hot dog is in a bed that it does not fit. Eric, you know what I'm talking about. It's never happened to me. I'm a short fella. But you should know. It's You're terrible. a tall guy, and there you go. That is the pigs in the blanket. The cheese will go with the cheese whiz. Or you said American cheese. Now, again, you're talking a cheese then in with a little tiny cocktail. Winner. What type of cheese? You're going to get a little bit of cheese in that. You shred the mug. cheese up. Plus, I could just see you wrapping that little cocktail weenie. Yeah. Well, then I tell Jess tells you to do it every night, but you don't like that. You, you're not going to no. wrap that cocktail weenie, right? No, I don't have diseases. Is that what they called God you in damn. high school? Cocktail weenie? Is no, they didn't they talk to me in high school. I didn't have a nickname. That is true. That is true. But yeah, there we go. We, we've just made it so we know. We'll go your cocktail weenies, okay? Cocktail weenies, pigs right. in a blanket with American cheese. Nonsense, Eric. Well, and what, that's going to continue. Your nonsense begins in this section and it's going to continue into this first book where all of a sudden freaking no negative nancy here it's positive peter eric right. coming through hey, everybody. Uh, yeah positive for once peter. for once we're going to talk about batman and when i go and look on the roundup you are not the you're not the daddy uh, you're also not the last score you're not the lowest score and that no, shocked me. it shocked me especially after reading this issue uh Go on with it, Eric. I think that you are been you you were around the time where I was, where you just you're beaten down and you're just looking for something. You want to be positive. We do try to be positive, especially Batman, such a big you know a big book in DC. So you are really grabbing for straws, I think, my friend. But I we'll am see. not. I try am to convince me all these times. Every time we do this, uh, I will do that. It's a contest to me. If I give a score and I know you don't like it, I am. I try to convince you the whole time why you should agree with. Me. Jim, I want you, you to do that to me. I never thought you were wrong in your life. So no, I never have. That. Well, that's the problem is when I finally do get proven wrong, then I will say, oh, you know what? I better stop looking at things a little different from now on. But Eric, I thought that I'd teach you tonight. Instead, I want you to teach me. Give it to me. Give it to me, Eric. Batman number 35, written by Tom King, with art by Joelle Jones, Jordi Belair, and Clayton Cowles. The rules of engagement arc ends with this issue where we see Catwoman beat the shit out of Talia al Ghul, which doesn't make any sense. But within the nonsense, we get some really decent dialogue and Catwoman asking Holly Robson to come clean about the murder so that Catwoman can be exonerated so that she can marry Bruce. But even with this, the pair leave this forbidden city without Holly and joke about killing another horse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there, there's trouble here. And I you, know that what you're telling me, parts to this. what you're you, telling me, <laughs> I, I know what you're, you've already explained. It, I'm going to explain it to everyone. What Eric is going to try to convince me of is that this is a, a Christmas present that you're given, and it's wrapped in standard issue newspaper. So the, the wrappings, what ties it together may not be the best. But My one grandmother inside. used to wrap with freaking uh, was it yeah. paper grocery bags. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it. I, I'm telling you, I have rarely from a family member in my entire life received any 
package at all that has any gift wrapping. I think gift wrap is, is nonsense. Number one, I don't put – we don't usually have a tree in our house. The only reason I think for gift wrap is so when anybody's there and you can have the presents down there and nobody knows what's going on. If you're not going to give the presents ahead of time or have them sitting out, you don't need gift wrap. I think it's nonsense. Put it in the bag and give it to them. That's what we do in this house, Eric, because I don't know, I don't know how to wrap a present. I was never told. So really it, – it, Figure it out, goddamn it! You're goddamn <laughs> no, almost fifty years I'm old. I sit there and I try to do that. I'm almost seventy-eight, and I don't <laughs> know. I just sit there and it, it baffles me how like you wrap turn, a present. Wrong turn trying to tie his shoes. It's not yeah. that he can't learn. He just decides. Like, Fuck it's, it. it's like wrong turn Velcro. trying to do anything in life. I just give <laughs> up. But yeah, the the I know you like bits and pieces in this, Eric. And you see, I use the bits and pieces. You you like it in this issue. There is some like the dialogue. You like some interactions. But but the problem is when you when you look at it from afar n- and nothing happens nothing that they said they were going to do happens yes Catwoman gets a promise from Holly that she'll come clean, but Holly is there with Talia in this forbidden city. She doesn't leave, so it doesn't look like she'd be able to anyway. It says nobody's allowed in and out, so leaving I, without done, her. I don't even know how he, how Holly Robson got, got in the there. city to begin with. Yeah, how did she get there? Where did Tiger and, go? We have a so, lot yeah. of problems. Yes, this well, this market. is what I'm saying, and so <laughs> I have the one deal. Holly never leaves with him. There you go. That's my one big one. The other one is there is no way in God's earth, green pastures, that Selena is ever going to be able to fight Talia and win. No. There is no way. There's the other one. Another one is the fact that there is nobody there to get them when they leave. When they leave the city, being Selena, Batman, and Dick and Damien as they were sitting outside – uh, the big thing that we were told is nobody will ever be able to leave if we try to leave, leave here, we'll Batman, be killed. You'll be killed, yeah. Yes, and that's where Batman said to Tiger was basically like, listen, what do you care? We're either going to die inside, and even if we don't, uh, when we come out, they're just going to kill us. So it doesn't matter. It never happens. They just come out, and they're, you know, Dick and Damien are there. I said last issue when we were talking, I argued with you that once this rule and law was broken, that Batman and Selena went in, I thought that troops would be sent in. UN and the Justice League and Justice League of America made these rules. They were broken. It seemed to be news. I mean, pretty much well-known news that it had been broken. This whatever truth, we don't even know about it, so we don't know. But not only did nobody go in there and grab them out, they, they weren't even waiting afterwards. You had Superman at one point just waiting almost. I, I don't even know why. He never really spelled out why. It was almost like he was there like nobody else can get in. But then he got called away. And then Damien well, and Dick just. There was an alien just, invasion in Central yeah, City. Yeah, and Come then on. yeah, Damien and Dick just end up you know, sitting on the steps. But all that was is set up so that you can get this this dialogue between them. Now, before we're going to get right into this issue, and well, we'll get into it in a second. Hey, I just want to say about it. that to me, I know there's not much to talk about here. The biggest problem I have is what you said that you liked to me is very over the top. Tom King lecturing about what Batman is. It didn't seem natural to me with the people saying it and how they were saying it to each other. Everything seemed to be just like, hey, look, I'm going to do this. And what we had with Tom King in the jokes and riddles especially were these big scenes. We would say he wanted to wow you with scenes, never had connective tissue between this. In this, you do have a continuous wow scene, Talia and Selena sword fighting. It's nonsense. Selena even says at one point, I've never even picked up a sword. But yeah, 
yeah. she's going to fight what is probably the most deadly woman on the planet. I Non-powered. Would so. You know what I mean? I mean Wonder yeah. Woman maybe. But Talia will go a little step further. So I would say she's more deadly. And Selene is easily able to, you know, kill her. Not kill her, but, you know, defeat her. Uh, while that's going on, you do have some talk, and then you have some Dick and Damien. It's not even later, a whole but... defeating thing, because at the end, there was a weird kind of turn the table. It's the idea that she could hold her own actually infuriated me. Well, yeah, I'm trying to drink, and yes, I think I'm that's sorry. my old coffee here. <laughs> I have two coffees here, one God from last night. why do you do this to yourself? I don't know. I, I can't drink these. I, I That tasted really bad. Uh, when you're going through this, where you say that Selena is holding off Talia – and going and then do at some point does get the upper hand it's more of like okay this is like you're stalling just to be able to get all of the dialogue out and this and while this is going on batman is just struggling to even you know it's almost like gasping at his last breath and there's selena just kicking ass and you know we'll go into it let's and, go into and it. even the whole thing where we, where we started out too with holly robinson just sitting like she's yeah. like kneeling she on like the she's ground strung out her- too I, I don't know what's up with her. Like, did Batman go and get her out? Has she just been, like, you know, hanging out on the side of this building yeah. watching these two women yeah. fight? Like, I don't understand, like, Holly Robinson at all in this story. And she again, she just does. There. Yeah, and she does kind of say, like, she went there. Talia promised to protect her. Well, where, how'd she get a hold of Talia? Why I, would I she know. go here? How did she get there? All of these things are just never going to be answered. And I, we're at this lines, point. Jim. No, I'm not going to. I'm putting up my three yeah. fingers. You can read between exactly. the lines now. <laughs> I have this thing now at 35 issues. I can never now. The Holly Robinson Selena connection with the murders, the mass murder, that's something that we have been yelling about for about 15 yeah. issues. We've been wanting, yes, he has gotten back to that. But yet, even when he gets back to it, he never answers the full question. So at this moment, now we've gotten this moment before, but at this moment in particular, I can never say, okay, especially in Batman, I'm just going with Batman because I know you're going to throw shade at me and throw Mr. Miracle in here. But with Tom about? King and Batman. He- I can never say anything going out of an issue saying, okay, that will be tied up later. He'll explain that later. He is not, he's lost that for me, at least. Uh, I can't speak huh. for everyone. Tom King I'm, and Batman, huh? Yeah, yeah, just Batman. And I can't say, like, <laughs> just like you, Eric, I know that often throughout the years you have spoken for all Green Arrow fans. I'm not going to say that, that that I'm saying that with Batman. You forgot about that, didn't you? I did. <laughs> that was the best. Uh, but – I'm not going to speak for all Batman fans. I'm speaking for one, James Alvin Warner III. Uh, I cannot let Tom King fool me anymore. So what I'm going to take from an issue and a scene and a dialogue is exactly what's written and shown. And at the end of the issue, I can only say, okay, he did this, this, and this. And I don't think – I can't say, okay, this is going to be great going forward. I say that in a lot of my reviews. You do too. Like, oh, I really like the way this is going. I'm looking forward to the future. I can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah, on on the Patreon deal this week for Spotlight, we had Super Sons, and I said, oh, boy this is going to be good i like the setup i can't say that for anything in this book because you never know what's going on we could end up jumping back and forth and you know through hoops to get somewhere and we never do it seems but you said this is your favorite issue since i am gotham Eric, yeah, I might have actually this. been high on the I am suicide like you know thing. It's we just in retrospect, I have to go back and change all that because I was putting a lot more into that story than Tom King was himself, yes. just trying to like grasp what things could be. Yeah, I, 
I want the Mr. Producer man who's sitting in the waiting in the wings behind you to go back and edit in Mr. Miracle oh, last week about okay. how you were tired of freaking That's like, you know, it there. Huh? <laughs> That's the magic bell. It's all edited now. All those oh. a, a, a point and a half lower on all your scores that, that you gave. So there. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, after by the end of I Am Suicide, I'd really given up hope of anything tying together ever. And then I got fooled a little bit at the beginning of I Am Bane again. And then after that, though, I've been pretty down. I, I really have. Not Mr. Miracle last week. No, I'm talking Batman. That's Mr. Miracle. We'll see again. That's a different book. I'm going to let him try to wow me there. But uh, I'll just mention when Tom King was on Omega Men, I was all in. Again, I I was all in to about issue five. And then I just like, you know what? We've gotten the same issue where I've seen some people even say about Mr. Miracle. We keep getting the same issue over and over again. So that I kind of bailed on as well. But let's talk about Batman. (laughs) Let's get less hateful and more grateful, as they say on the the streets. Like this, we had this big freaking back and forth between Talia Al Gore and Catwoman. It's a sword fight throughout Kadeem. And it's the whole thing, Talia giving her a goddamn backstory. And it's one of those yep. things where we do have the Tom King repeated dialogue. Yep. It is annoying as shit, but we have this whole thing Talia's talking about. As soon as I could walk, my father put a sword in my hands and then smacked me in the face and shit yeah. like that. And, and like I would fight and then I would die. He'd throw me in the pit. He'd get up. He'd smack me in the face. And this is how Talia Al Ghul became the best goddamn swords fighter yeah, in the fucking yeah, world. Because which she's makes just sense. been around forever and just fought and had to fight for her life. Again, Selena kind of goes and says after that, like, you know what? That's impressive. I didn't know my father. No one ever gave me a sword. No one gave me anything. So you're supposed to believe, okay, you know what? Talia, yes. Talia sword fought. She did this until until she'd live. I mean, yeah. it, basically, you're going to fight to the death every time. She is a female goddamn doomsday. A Hot-ass doomsday is what she did because every time she failed, she'd have to evolve in her own technique or whatever to be a very, very – a weapon. That's basically what she is. She became a sword for for her dad, the demon, Rachel Ghoul, all that. Uh, Selena, basically, you're supposed to believe that it's like, okay, she's just from the streets. She Nobody cared about her. Nobody did anything knocks, for baby. her. Yeah, and so the problem is, is you are not there street fighting. You are not there trying to live a night without food in the middle of winter. This is something that Selena would surely be probably better than Talia. I think yeah. that Selena would be very more adaptable than Talia. Talia is almost, again, she even made Damien. I mean, every bit of pain in the ass Damien is is Talia. That's that's his mom. The yeah. you know, I'm smarter than you, I'm better than you, all that. Selena's very good at just adapting, doing that. That's why I like her as well. But this is a straight up sword fight. This is a sword fight. This is Talia's thing. Unfortunately, there is no way, no way that she would be able to even hold her own on this. Yeah. What I wish that Tom King did more of was showing you that Talia wanted some information and Talia was letting her live all this time. He kind of of hints at that at one point when Talia basically is like, okay, well now you're going to die and, and stuff like that. But I really do wish at points where you would have seen specifically that Talia could have killed Selena easily, but she didn't because she's intrigued. And what later on after all this and after they have this big speech that you really like Selena telling Talia, Talia ends up getting stabbed, which is nonsense, but then goes over, crawls over to Batman and says, so that's your betrothed. Yeah. You know what? I like her, and I like that. I like the fact that during this, I really wish that we would have gotten more of Talia trying to figure out what the fuck's happening and what's going on. Now, he does hint as well, Tom King does, at the idea that Talia thinks that this is bullshit because, you know, 
Selena's not good enough for Batman. No, and that like she should have been. It's stuff like, like that. Marriage is a partnership of equals, and there's no way that the Catwoman yeah. is an equal to and, her. And detective the problem I have with the world this, she has seen, the detective, yes. the detective is only an equal to her. Now, and I, I have a little bit of a problem. Only that you have the Talia backstory. You know, you're having her tell about how the sword fighting. So you're really you're setting up the sword fighting, which you end up showing. It must be bullshit. I mean, really, in, in this story, she must be lying. What I would have wanted more of is what people don't know, and that's the relationship between Talia and Batman because we can say all we want. The story was set up that people really thought that they were going to see Talia because that was his quote-unquote ex, and somehow right. they had to do that. We knew that was bullshit. Once it was revealed that Holly Robinson was there in this forbidden city, it made more sense while they were going, but I wish that, that they would have— doesn't make any sense in the long run. But no, 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 but it. at least we get an idea of why they were there, and I really do wish, though, that Talia would have spelled out more of the relationship, maybe Selena. Like, we don't know what Selena knows. You know what no, I mean? We don't know I, what anybody you, besides the intimate knows, people. Look, everybody just knows everything. We had that goddamn, like, you know, hand dude, like, I, I don't even want to know what the call is, the right-hand man yeah, of Talia. Yeah, yeah. Go, yeah, the Batman and Catwoman here, they're to be married. Like, how does he fucking know yeah, that? Yeah, how does Everybody he know? Well, in knows this, everything. You know, in this, we never really got the whole idea. Again, it's a read between the lines of their Selena. Oh, uh, we're going. And she even says, the X? Yeah, the X. And they're going there. And I, I'd like to know how Batman explained to Selena, oh, Damien. And what's going on with him and how you, you know, and even at, at the point where you can say like, you know, the, I hope my son, my Have son will never approve of you. And Well, that's what I mean. That's what I wish that it was spelled out because people are there. You have Damien on the steps who keeps mentioning mother and father will come out and then we'll get all this you know, worked out or whatever. But yet I don't know that the majority of people realize that Batman really had nothing to do with that, that well, that was a, you know, a, a stolen, stolen valor, Eric, stolen <laughs> sperm in a test tube. It, it really this isn't anything to do with Damien, anything to do with this. And I wish they would have. I wish Tom King would have spent more time spelling that out than this sword fighting because as like i said as we go anything she said i i can't i i look i'd look at her and be like you know what your dad and you you must have shitty sword fighting teachers yeah, you ain't that great you have done this over and over and over again and you can't even defeat a woman i just who... imagine these, these people like who come in they're just yes men so they're constantly laying down yeah. their lives oh very good tell you very yeah. good and then we find out that, that really she didn't die uh she was just too stupid and raced through her in a goddamn uh bathtub a bath. uh, get, into get in the, the pool, pit stinky. you go wench <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm ready i feel good and, uh, yeah, it just – it doesn't work out. But as they're going, they do have some stuff that you do like where Selena is talking and saying stuff about, you know, hey, uh, what happens is Talia actually starts. And she's like, so are, are you are from nothing. You are no one, and you wish to marry the detective? And then she's like, "That is that is that not laughable? And at this point, too, I mean, she is slamming the shit out of Selena. So there's the other thing is that Selena, and not in a, a sexy way, that where they're going with this is that you do – he wants you to think or show you a bit. And I'll, I'll say right now, Joel Jones's art's incredible in this. It's great. I really enjoy it in this uh, issue. But at this point, Selena is getting knocked around by Talia, and it's just – it's not affecting her. She's under rubble, knocked over pillars, and then she just gets up – and just keeps fighting. And, and this is she, after fighting all of the goddamn silent yeah, army of the pit yeah, last issue. Yeah, I mean, how, what, what has happened? 
What has happened with Selena? That did she go and get powers like freaking you know Gotham Girl? What's going she, on? She have metal, nth metal in her. It's all metal. It's the nth metal in her. Maybe Bruce put a little of his nth metal in her. Ah. But they're, they're going, and uh, that's where you know Selena's like, you know what? I'm not laughing at that. And then Talia continues to be married, to be a partner, an equal partner. Do you think yourself equal to him? And then she's like, I do. And then Talia's like, really? You think that you? Well, then at least I am laughing. And then they go, and this is where Selena explains to her. Basically, I'm not going to read this word for word, even though I couldn't. We'd still have a very short review because yeah. it's very fast. But she basically says, listen, you really think that he's the perfect person in this world? In this world where you have Superman, Mr. Terrifics all over the place, you think that a guy who is so cracked and warped that he's still going with a 10-year-old's vowed on a war on crime, you're insane. Also, you're, we're always going to take back seat. Whether it's you, me, the next girl down the line, uh, you know, they're always going to – Julia, Eric, maybe. But uh, they're always going to take back seats. As uh, much as I want him wife. to love me, I'll always be second to a child's idiotic fantasy. Yeah, and again, that's nice. To me, it doesn't read like a Selena Kyle dialogue. This is the problem. Is to me, when these things happen, and when he, when Tom King writes this, it to me, I, it, and maybe it's just me. It's like so obvious that she is just writing his, you know, lecture on what is Batman, and he's writing it. I can only think that he's writing it just to wow people, but yet it doesn't come off as natural. There's a very big difference between wowing you and coming across naturally, where a, a light bulb goes off and go, holy shit. Shit, that is true. That's this. This is so just in your face lecturing, and I just it, it gets to me. It really does. I actually, and, I'm telling you, in my mind, this is the best piece of writing. This is what we have later on with Damien and Dick that we've had since I Am Gotham. Yeah, I, I well, again, that might be true still, but that's you know tallest midget in the circus because then you go you see holly there in, in the silhouette of the sword fighting she's just there i don't understand this forbidden city where's the the rooms and she's just there i mean is this their playroom there this their rec room there in the middle of fucking torn down shit she's just there and also they, they have beaten the the army the silent army Where's anybody else? Is that it? They're just the same. Not a lot of conversation going Nighttime on in the Forbidden City. the right city. time here. The sun goes down. You go to bed. I guess, but not Holly. She looks like she's been up for like eight years. I mean, well, that's because really, she's on. She just got, came off a of heroin. She does look, look at it. Her. She does look it. But then you go out as this is going on. You have Dick and Damien talking, and you know they're talking. And we have about a first Batman. bit of humor there in the beginning that goes on way too long about how you know Damien's like, I he is I Batman, am I am Robin, and freaking yeah. Dick just goes just on and on just to the you point of pissing that? Damien off. I'm telling you, to me, it's just a continuation of the force. Oh no, he's crying. I see tears. End of the world. And you have the whole thing where it, it seems like a joke, but it doesn't come off by Dick saying it, and it makes me not like it. Where he's like, "Huh, you're such a child. You're ten. I'm thirteen. Whatever." I'm like, no, not whatever. He knows how old he is. It's yeah, just these two are very, very, yeah. But just the whatever makes it like eh, I'm telling you, it, it's like he doesn't even care. And then he's just there talking about Batman and talking about if he's happy or not, which continues this whole thing, which again irritates me a bit because this is all we've gotten through this whole thing, especially since Gotham Girl and Batman talk. Is this whole idea is is Batman happy and Batman's not happy and he's going to do something to make himself happy or whatever to 
me, I, I don't need that in my Batman book. I, you may like it. I, I just – we've had this over and over. This is a miserable, mopey Batman who, you know, his dad in the, you know in a universe that didn't exist, the Flashpoint universe, told him not to be Batman and to raise his son and all this. So it's all coming down on him. But to me, it just continues the mopey Batman. And if you really like Batman, not a lot of Batman in this issue. Oh, he's no. Just, he's just sitting he's off in a goddamn there. corner and they show out. it. And and the the thing that I like and the biggest thing that I think is great isn't the stuff you like. It's just the very simple one where Damien says, father is happy. And then Dick's just looking, doesn't look at him. He says, no, kiddo, he's not. And I thought that was really good. Like, no, no, you know, it's just right there. But he's like, you know, the reason he's not is the reason he's not telling us or told us about getting married. And you can go. You t- you like it so much, Eric. I'll Tell say, us look, what they Bruce said. is a lot of things. World's greatest detective, the Cape Crusader, the Dark Knight, all of it. But what he is not is selfish. He gives whatever he has. You fought with him. You know whatever happens, he bleeds first. But being happy... That's not bleeding. That's not giving. That's asking for something, and it's not easy for Batman to ask. And I'm like, I really like that line. Yeah, Between Selena's freaking talk about, you know, the idea of Bat- Batman being the perfect man and to love him yeah. and how foolish of an idea that is. And this whole talk between Dick and Damon, this is what made the issue for me because we have all this stuff that I think is really good wrapped up in a nonsense yeah. story. And I can't change that, but I'm going to take the things that I do like because normally I hate Batman anymore. I don't enjoy reading it. When I got to these parts, it actually made me perk up a bit. Like, no. hey, there might be something actually going on here. But the overall like wraparound, it doesn't make a lick of fucking sense because Holly doesn't leave. Tiger's not there. I don't know half the shit that's going on. It's all the read between the lines bullshit. But no. I am happy as fuck that I got to have some of these character moments that actually felt right to me. And it felt like an expand like seeing the way the other characters see Batman. Yeah, I uh, the the thing to me, though, I'm Damien. This is a little script writer deal, you know. But uh, if when Damien uh, is talking to Dick and Dick says, you know what, Batman wants to be happy, and Damien says, father is happy, to me, I don't know. I, I'm not the... You know, the biggest Damien, you know, fucking scholar. I've read a lot of Damien. I've read, to me, I think Damien's answer would be, Batman isn't supposed to be happy. Like, to me, that would be what da- Damien would never think anything of his dad being happy, sad, get glad, surprised, whatever. He's Batman, and he's Robin. Just like he said, he's Batman, I'm Robin. I think that Damien would fully say, Batman isn't supposed to be happy. You know, that's not Batman. Batman is Batman. He's not supposed to be happy and go with it. And then Dick could explain, no, 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 you know that this is different, whatever. And the thing is, you can work from that because I do think when he did talk to his dad in the Flashpoint universe, that was like the tipping point of him realizing, you know what? I do have to continue my mission. He wasn't talking but I have to his to mother think- in heaven? And his mother in heaven right before <laughs> that. I mean, even then, but those went different ways. But it does lead to like, to me where... Batman, like Damien doesn't have to understand this. He really doesn't when at the point where Batman can explain it himself first off, but also like Damien would think to me that no, Batman and Robin, they're not happy, sad or whatever. They they have a war. We're fighting a war. You don't have time to be happy. And then Batman maybe later could explain in a more character moment of like, listen, son, you know what? We have a fucked up relationship. Yeah, You know, we should be more father and son. I know that we're Batman and Robin, but we have to be father and son again like we were at the beginning of the new 52 and get some really good moments i think we're getting that. some of that from super sons as well where damien is yeah. having a chance to be more of a kid and the, actually the problem, even yeah, bruce I, yeah. talking about and super sons like 
You know, you sure do talk a lot more than you used yeah, to. Yeah, I like Damn that. But boy. The, the problem about all that is, and hopefully Super Sons is going that way because it is Tomasi writing, but I, I really think that all of this and just talking about it and like what you really like there and what you know I want to see and what I like, I really think that they're missing it, it ha- not having a Batman and Robin book with Damien and, and Batman again. And I think that maybe right they think... Me, that's one of my favorite yeah, titles of all time. And I think that maybe they so think it's gone too far. It. Like, that's old news. Like, oh, right. we've already dealt with that. But you haven't. You have a book here where Tom King is, that's where I do like, where I get this and what I come, is not this, you know, lecturing about it. It is the fact that there is his little son who is willing to almost kill himself going through the desert without Tiger's help somehow. Tiger needed to help. Know. But, uh, you know, I, I said to you, maybe some people would be like, well, he would know where his mom lives. But this seems to be a... Not so, you know. It's a recent thing where I she's been exiled. I don't know anything that's going she's on. She's been with in Talia Gotham, just yeah, in the in rebirth. So, but with this, I do like the idea of it was explored more of the fact. Damien doesn't know his dad anymore. Like, if he did before, was trying to, where, again, it's the joke of, I thought I was teaching you and you were teaching me. In the Batman and Robin book, really, it was Bruce trying to figure out how he could be a father and try to figure out Damien through that whole deal. And not, and, make, you know, to have Damien just be more than just a killer. Yes, and in this, I would believe, if you'd have a Batman and Robin book, it would be great for Damien, actually, to try to figure out Batman. In the fact that, even with how we had Super Sons, where... There's that dark future of his. There's all these things going that maybe he should learn a little more of what makes Batman really tick as a person And that would be well. really cool because as we see in all these other titles like Teen Titans, Super Sons, yeah. whether Batman shows or not, he is keeping a close eye on Damien and seems to like be very involved in everything he's doing, whether Damien knows or not, which and, I'm and sure you know he what? does and hates it. But like yeah. we don't have that, like that other version like you're talking about where Damien wants to yeah. get to know his father. You know what's really weird too is going back to that joke with the year 10 and he's like, you know, I'm, I'm 13, whatever. It's weird that he says the age that Bruce's parents died that they spell out earlier in the issue. Yeah. And and that's the other thing is it's a weird deal that we never really dealt with that. We never did in the New 52, right? And I don't know that we dealt with it before because uh, Bruce was gone, that you have a, a kid, your son, who is – hit that age where you lost your parents and i i don't maybe you know maybe i'm wrong maybe there was a story but it seems like that would have been a very important thing for Bruce. i'm telling you, the, the way things work out now for how long damien's yeah, been in Bruce's life things have been so fucked up yeah, I, know. I have no idea but you know how what i mean damien's this would be where you would have bruce like really like oh my god you know what this was where i had already decided all this and i've thrown damien you know and you don't really get a lot of that but again this is what happens with this issue there's not a lot to talk about we're talking about other things because as you go on you continue with talia and you know catwoman fighting talia asks to uh catwoman hey do you love him and she says i do and then you know there's you're a fool i am uh yes well aren't we all and they just keep going on but selena then says you know what I'm just, uh, you know, I'm a fool who's in love with a stupid, you know, crazy kid guy and whatever, and you go. But that's where Talia is going to end it. She's just like, you know what? I'm going to kill you. And as she goes to stab Selena, Selena just does the superhero, you know, action movie deal where she just grabs the blade and Uh, stops it and then kicks Talia in the face, knocks her down, and then stabs her in the back. Nonsense. Hey, can you hold this for me? I got to go talk to Holly. And that's a pretty cool action movie deal. This is Selena Kyle, and this is Talia Al Ghul. This is not something I know. It's that such, it's should such a fucked happen. Up scene, just like how nonchalantly she's like, 
knocks Talia down, and then stabs her through with yeah. a freaking sword just to go talk. And then, like, you know, has an action movie little line. Yeah. Hey, hold uh, this for me a second. I'm I telling gotta you, talk yeah. to Holly. You want, you want to talk about Talia and how she's trained? She gets kicked down off of this ledge onto the deal. And then, yeah, she may be hurt or whatever. She never rolls around to see no. what Selena's doing. That is nonsense. There is no way that somebody that trained Some and that deadly are. would just lay there without even looking to see what's going on. She would have kipped up, Eric, and then would have had some other crazy I did fighting. a kip up once. It was the most amazing day of my life. Yeah, yeah I, I actually had, could do it at one point in my life. That, that day is long gone. <laughs> yeah, it was like 10 <laughs> years ago. Gone. I can't do it no more. That's like L-seed on hands. I, that's crazy, too. But, yeah. She just ends up, hey, mind if you hold my sword, stabs Talia in the back, and then goes to talk to Holly. Like, almost like a, oh, yeah, we have to get to that because that's not fan service. And I'm telling you, this whole thing, this whole talk to Holly type of thing, you know, I killed 237 people. You told me it was you, like you, like, I'm sorry. You, would you told say them to it was you it, to protect yeah. me. Even when I ran here and she protects me. And now you, after all the, I've been through Selena since we were kids. Yeah. You're going to make me confess so that you can be with him, so you can be happy happy with him. I'm like, how do you know all the stuff going on right now? Have you just been listening? And that's the whole thing. Like, you know, like, it's such a weird thing for Holly to know exactly what's going on this whole bit out of nowhere. And then it's like, no, Holly, no, never. I'm never going to make you. uh, And make make you you is is impossible. I would like you to do it. Yeah, no. And at this point, when they leave without her, I'm like, yeah, I guess you decided against it. I guess she decided not to. Like, it's going to take her own time. Like, okay, uh, Holly, you got to find your own way back to Gotham. Where to go? Because we only have two horses. We're probably yeah. going to kill them. You're going to trust this girl, though. You're, you're friends from childhood, but she did kill all those people, which, again, we never really, you know, nothing is wrapped up here because they no. even leave without her, which is crazy. And, yeah, what's Talia doing? And at the one point, I mean, Talia's there. She's legitimately stabbed in the back and just rips the sword out and then just goes yeah, over to good. Batman. And like, hey, is this your betrothed? <laughs> I like her. Like, yeah. And then that's when they come out. And then nothing from there. So you have that where, again, you have to be like, okay, I guess Holly went and confessed to me. We'll never see anything from it. We're just going to have to assume where uh, I got yelled at and I actually was called pretty much retarded, correct? That I yeah. said, what's going on? Selena's still a wanted, you know, a wanted criminal for mass murder. And people said, no, no, no. you got to read between the lines. That's already been resolved. Oh. And I said, well, I, I didn't see it. And they, people, more than one person said that I was just an idiot. And obviously, I wasn't as much of an idiot there. So I, I can't say they were going to see anything. But yeah, you have it. She says, I like her. And then the next panel, boys, and you see Dick and Damien look over. And there's Catwoman leading meow. Batman out, meow. And I'm like, this is not cat, Kite Man hell yeah. Please stop with these things. Stop. I, can't I will tell take you, it. all this stuff is nonsense. The one thing I do like, though, is Dick and uh, Selena are walking Batman out because he's injured. He yeah, walks out. Yeah. He looks at Damien's like, Damien and I. And Damien just looks up and Are you happy? And he looks yeah. at Selena and he's like, I, I'm getting there. And, you know, I'm like, yeah. I like that part as That's well. That's okay. That's actually a really good point. And I like the little, like, where Batman can't even talk. And he's like, to, to Dick, Alfred, yeah, yeah. I should have. Yeah, you yeah. should have. And it's, you know, he should have told them. Is that's a nice moment, and then that's where Damien's like, "Father, are you happy?" 
and looks at Selene and says, I'm getting there. And now we go back to this nonsense where you have things just thrown out there where we've already seen things or whatever. It's like, hey, we don't have extra horses. We'll have to ride two per. This heat should be about 14 hours. And they're like, I'll make it 15. Now, obviously, it's nighttime, so they're going to get a little bit of a reprieve. But we saw one horse with one rider, and one yep. rider being a very skinny uh, Selena that could not make it. You are killing two horses. I was to think horses. that was a very sickly horse. They might have yeah. gotten like a bad yeah, deal no, somewhere. So Batman just got a bad deal is what you're saying. Yeah. They, they didn't pick the horse that had the sunglasses and the Hawaiian shirt. That's uh, the one yeah, you need they, to go. You know he's going to stay cool. <laughs> yes, he is cool. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're like, and then you get that, you know, it's uh, 15, 14 hours. I make it 15. No, it's 14. I'm just like, what does it matter, Dad? They're both going to die Look, in eight. The horses I are mean, there's dead. No way. Shut the fuck up, you yeah, monster. Then, hey, Bring the bat jet next time, you and, and again, this makes me a little sad only because you did have – uh, Damien there, and I said, I know that that's not an ex, but they do have that connection. Damien is their son. Yeah. The la- you know, we did have, it's weird because we did have uh, Selena Talia show up uh, when Damien turned 13 and the Teen Titans, when he was going off, she did show up, and that's where he got that present from Raish. You know, yeah, I the think dead was, Robin. Yeah, the dead Robin and stuff like that, so they have talk, but in this book and the way they're spelling it out, really think Damien wanted to see his mom. I really do. And when he said, you know, mother and father are going to come out and then we'll work it all out, that never happens. So he's like, Mother's hey, not allowed to come yeah. out. Somehow this is a prison town, which yeah, we don't yeah. know and anything about. Yeah, he's like, about. while you were inside, did you happen to see mother? And then Selena's like, yeah, she stabbed your dad in the back, so I stabbed her in the back. And Damien takes that well. He makes kind of a joke of it. I see. But I, I'm thinking like he's like, you bitch. <laughs> you How, bitch. Where but do you get off? Where, where, where are the troops that we were told you can never leave? Once they I go in, that there was going to be they were going to seem like they were going to be swarmed with the entire planet army you know the un army whatever you're going to call out going in there maybe the sovereign army of this this actual you know where they are now and and all this stuff but they get nothing it's just them the sovereign out. army of the desert is not- yeah i'm saying this has to be <laughs> some country i mean it's a desert but it's owned by somebody that this it's forbidden city is location. inside also you come out now are they stealthy to get out? I mean, they got to get the fuck out, right? Bruce looks like he is dying. Fucking kill him, you know. This Bruce looks like he's dying. Yeah. Why aren't you pressing a button and the Batwing shows up? Why aren't you calling Alfred and I he sends why this? Why aren't you doing any of that? Why don't you call Cyborg and boom tube the hell up to the goddamn you know teleport somewhere? Boom tube back someplace. No, it, it's they're gonna get on two horses. Where, like I said, Batman can't even walk. Now he's gonna go through the desert for fifteen hours on a horse that won't make it. Nonsense, Eric. The, the whole thing that there is, a, like you said, there's moments here, but the wraparound and the entire what the story is to go forward and what we led up to this, there, there's nothing. It's paper thin again, and it drives me nuts. All this <laughs> is, is is a story that is seems to be thrown together just so we can get a lecture on what Batman is and what he should be and what he is, whatever. What'd you give it, Eric? I gave it a 7 out of 10. Because oh, I'm my you, goodness. I really enjoyed the art in this issue, and by the end where I usually hate the Batman, every issue I read, it's just more and more tedious every time I have to dive into it. This one actually caught my attention, and I was liking the dialogue. You know, no. we still have some forced humor, and we still have some, like, repeated dialogue, which I fucking hate from Tom King. But it seems like he actually put some time and effort into this one to actually give us something Why fresh and new Why couldn't he put some Selena. effort in about a story? The whole setup of this story. There's only one thing that this story, the setup of this arc, this mini arc, 
was to get Selena to be cleared of the charges. That's it. It seemed like, okay, you're going to marry me. We can't really have a great life if you're wanted criminal for mass murders. Let's well, go Jim, get Holly Robinson honestly, and do it. You get nothing. That is not Jim, resolved. Jim, Don't even honestly, tell me to read between the lines. No, right no, here well, on Weird Science. <laughs> Jim, what? Jim, first off, read between the lines. But secondly, yeah, yeah. They have two horses. What are they going to do if they have an extra Holly Robinson <laughs> with them? This is all statistics. You can't add another person to this I equation. Guess. It That's does all not it work. is. They're Holly, like, okay. you got to catch we, your own ride. We if have two grass, You don't have any of it. Nobody's riding for free. Nah, right. that's it. Also, you have to imagine, like, how long do you think they were in there? A day? I, I Maybe. think like an afternoon. Okay, so even then, these horses have just been sitting there. I ain't seeing no water around there. I don't see them with any canteens. And, like, anything, is it Damien so. and Dick rode in on one horse? Yeah, it seems like they rode in on yeah. one horse each because there's only two to get everyone out now. So these but, horses but have came, already but, made. But what happened to the that trip. other horse that they came that in? That on? died. That and the horse you rode in on, Eric. They're dead. <laughs> and then now you have these other two horses that took that whole trip as well and have just been sitting there with no water as far as we know. Nothing. We, we haven't even seen them. I think these horses are made up. They, they are at a mirage. None of this happened. They are, they're going to die. But, yeah, I give it a 6 out of 10. And that's mostly art and the couple moments that I did like. But, really, uh, we, we're getting nothing to move this. Everything is like, oh, I guess that happened. Ooh, I think that might have been – Oh, you know, you have that and then meow. Meow, Eric. Meow. Nonsense. But let's move on to the next book of yours because uh, you had way more books than me this week. And maybe we can agree on this one, Eric. Hopefully. Superman number 35, written by Patrick Gleason and Peter J. Tomasi, with art by Travis Moore, Steven Segovia, Art Thibbert, Danae Ribeiro, and Rob Lee. Superboy becomes a big focus of this issue, and I'm happy as hell for it because where we previously, I where previously I just wanted Superman and Lex to bring the story together, we see here that Lex just needs to catch Superman up on everything that's going on while Superman grumbles about it. In the end, though, father, mother, and son come together in a big battle between Calback and Granny Goodness, where it looks like John may turn the tides of battle. Yeah, yeah, I had some fun with this. I don't think I'm going to be as high as you, only because a lot of the stuff, like you said, with Lex and Superman, it's pretty much and just that catching us up. Me. I'm telling you, I bitched all last issue because we had all that focus on Lois becoming yeah. one of the female furies, and all I wanted was Superman and freaking Lex doing the thing. This, the stuff yeah. with Lex and like uh, Superman. It's just garbage. They're like, all right, let's get away from the freaking people of Apocalypse, and I'm yeah. going to catch you up. Yeah, I, I said I was their savior. Turns out you yeah, are. Really, you that's can do a all the stuff, it, yeah. and I'm out. That's it. And it is funny to watch Lex ride Superman. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny, but you're not really getting anything more. You're getting to the point where you know Lex is trying to explain himself. You get that little bit where Lex kind of gets redeemed a bit where he's like, what? People came with you? Like he has no idea. He just tried no, to bring no, Superman. No, no, but I'm telling you, that's one of those things where Superman has to keep his goddamn mouth shut. I don't know how we're going to get back yeah. without Lex finding out about this because he's been trying to keep his family a secret from Lex yeah. this entire time. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Uh, do you think that we're going to get Lex, good Lex, for more than a year more, or do you think? That God, it's I be hope something? so. I'm telling you, things are looking so grim everywhere you go yeah. with this fucking Lex Luthor character. Now, I love Super Lex, but everything you see, especially since Reborn yes. happened. Superman Reborn, where you see Lex Luthor in that big splash yeah, page, right in, in like in the middle of all of Superman's big villains from pre-Flashpoint and yep. shit like that. It just seems like everything is making that turn towards the classic Superman and yeah, the freaking status so quo. And I hate that idea because I like Super Lex a lot. I, and I do want too. To and and redeemed character in this, it seems like you know you have the whole deal with uh, uh, Tomasi and Gleason, Tomasa Gleason, there where Tomasi you Gleason. really you really have where. 
uh, Clark does not want Lex to know about his son, and you know, and Lois, you know, mainly John. And the thing is, it, it to me, it's only because they are already planning when he goes bad, and that's going to be a big thing for Bad Lex to really try to find out what's going on. That's going to be something that's on the well, back burner. Even the thing, do you think they're still going with the whole idea that Lex Luthor knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman? Because I don't we think dealt so. with that before, and we have not dealt yeah, with. Yeah, I don't ever think. Since, I don't like, think the, that that's right the, the case Dark anymore. Side war, I think. And it's going to be a weird thing where I mean, they really could have at Reborn when you did have that thing where Lex is in the middle of the spread page with him right in the middle it would have been a cool kind of idea where all of a sudden Lex was if you were going to make him bad habit that that reborn really affected that the point where Lex was never part of the Justice League this is more of a pre-flashpoint Lex but they didn't go that route no. they've been really trying I mean the more they try to make Lex good I start to be very scared that he's going to turn bad now in this he's not exactly good I mean he no. ended up you know talking and lying that saving really his ass is what yeah, he's now doing. he's just saving his ass but that's you know that's still classic Lex without him being it evil is. Lex but I'm really afraid that they're going to make him evil soon mainly because th- he just doesn't have a book I wish that he was set solid now at this arc he is here but if, if they don't want to have Lex I'm carry you, on I, I love the idea of Super Lex but the whole idea of him having a book now like ever since we read Mr. Terrific yeah. and the kind of dialogue they gave Michael Holton that like the whole over the top yeah. scientific yeah, you would freaking get jargon stuff. I'm like I don't need that anymore in a book ever again. That's why I said I, I really wish that, say, you have Brian Michael Bendis and he jumps on JLA and you have Lex as the big guy on that JLA would be hilarious. And, uh, you or know, even and that though, would be like, if he we kept had him in a team forward. book like that or that new like uh, Liam Sharp book, The Brave and the Bold, yeah. and one of the Brave and the Bold is Lex Luthor and somebody else. That would have yeah, been great. Yeah, that would be cool. But, yeah, I, I just don't know. I think that we're not going to have him as a good guy so for very long. And maybe this is the setup of him, you know, putting, you know, and I, I do think that when he well, does not, turn bad again. That, definitely set up for freaking uh, Superman not to trust him Well, ever again, again, yeah, and that's why I think. I think that this is where we had that trust. They shook hands. I think that this is where we're seeing that he's not going to trust him. But I do think that that's the other part of it. When Lex does go bad, uh, I don't think it's going to be anything more than – Superman won't trust him, so I might as well like just do what the fuck I Like we're talking about Deathstroke right now, yeah, where it's that's like, you guys wanted a monster, happen. I'll give you a monster? Yeah, yeah, I think that that's what's going to go down, and I think it'll be another one of these, you know, we're going to have a series of, you know, almost like miscommunications and things like that, that lead, because we've already seen, I don't know if it's set up, but we already saw that the reason why they got teleported here is because Superman won't even take his calls, because he yeah. thinks he's nonsense, and I think that that's going to continue on until the point where Lex is, like you said, you know, you want a monster. Monster, you're gonna get one but yeah and this the whole part with uh clark and lex is pretty much catch-up and it, it's weird to me because and the, the whole up, idea too that the people of apocalypse no matter what will come after superman no matter yeah. where he goes if he yeah, gets back and, to yeah, earth or away or whatever say that. yeah because he's like let's just get back to earth and they're like no 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 they're gonna come after you now and i wish lex was a little more sorry about that like sorry there buddy you know i kind of really the, bus. the whole thing is I didn't think that the whole setup of the Lex and Superman from the Dark Side War is where all this is coming from. I still think they could have done a little bit more of showing what exactly Lex did, where when he showed up and he just, they, you know, he was desperate. He thought he was going to die and whatnot. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm the guy you want. I'm, I'm telling I'm, you, he was, he was in dire straits at that point. Not only was, was he stuck was on a but then you also had Superman affected by the fire pits where he yeah. became a negative Superman. It was insane. So, yeah, yeah. He, he needed to freaking pie. do whatever he could. He was eating a lot of pie. Eric sure and yelling, he wanted more pie. But, yeah, Lex 
thought on his feet and kind of lied and then was, you know, given the armor, all this and, uh, you know, the mega effect, all that, which he doesn't have. Like you said, that throws it in. Well, when Superman shows up That's and he back said, and baby, the baby dark side has that. Yeah. And when he says to, you know, oh, no, no, the Superman, he's still guy. You know, I, I was just letting him. I was taking whatever. And now Superman's screwed. But really, that whole well, beginning I think they both is, are because if they catch Superman, they're going to yeah. force him oh, on the throne. They catch Luther, gonna they're going to cut his fucking head off. Yeah. Now, in the meantime, you do have John there and he's trying to figure out what to do and he smell i'm wondering if more people had problems with this even though you're on apocalypse but there's gigantic like, huh, hunger dogs on something apocalypse. smells so the good dog the dog yeah. calvary has go they too are in some dire straits yeah man. they are like an apocalypse is not what it once was the fact no. that they have to eat their own hunger dogs yeah and the, the thing about it is i i think that it wasn't as well played out as I think it should have been of the fact that with Darkseid not there to rule, the whole planet's in disarray. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, shit's gone wrong. And, and they're that's eating actually these... my, the big part of the story that I'm finding the most interesting yeah. at this point because, like, everything we're dealing with, all the different factions of Darkseid and what they're doing, like, Calabac is, yeah. like, He's gone insane. It's civil to war. Find his civil exactly. war on apocalypse right now. Like, and like civil war all over. Like there's yeah. not a clear cut freaking like like you know two no. sides. There are different sides all over yeah. the goddamn place trying to find a leader for apocalypse. Yeah, and, and yeah, like you said, calabac has gone completely bonkers. You have the Furies led by Granny Goodness. She's trying to do her deal. And the best part of it is, it's like almost one of those things that I think Tomasi Gleason are trying to show us as well is Darkseid is pretty much the worst guy in the universe, right? In, in all of the universes. Yeah. He's pretty all bad. The, the multiverse. But, yeah, but he ends up being able to run his planet a little better. Like, there's the, the guys, they're not killing and eating their hunger dogs. You know, things are at least run with an iron fist, but they're run. At this point, shit has gone completely wrong, and now what I think is, okay, there's John, who himself, Eric, is a bit of an animal killer. Now we're going to get the redemption where the hunger Dude, dogs I'm are Dude, I'm telling you, that's eaten. the biggest. All I thought about was Goldie this Goldie. entire time, I'm and like, John's oh, affinity for animals now yep. ever since then. Yeah, he's like, and he's really going, I think he's really trying to overcompensate, but yeah, he's like, you know what, I shouldn't do this, but I'm Superboy, and he goes and attacks, and then ends up freeing the hunger dogs, all the, these guys, they they leave, and some of them, you know, they, they just go out, he frees, breaths them, and stuff like that, and then he goes to the dogs, and they, they like him. And, and the dogs has, are all about him now that he freed him, which is, I'm telling you, these dogs, in my mind, are starving. No, no yeah. matter what, they're going to attack him immediately, yeah. even if they let him free or not, but yep. they go with John. No, he becomes and you know freaking, what? I like that. I the actually lead like the sole writer of the dog Calvary. Yeah, yeah, he's the dog Calvary guy now and even says, oh, I guess family even means something here. And I'm like, okay, that has been forced. Even Lois had that little force deal last issue with that, but I liked it. And, yeah. you know, now we go back to Lex and Superman fighting again, and then basically they're just attacked by Calabac, who just and grabs it comes them. out of nowhere. Out just of nowhere. Grabs that, that's my worst. That's what I think that the least favorite thing of this issue is, is like, just how quick and force Calabac shows up out of nowhere, and then we really quickly get this plan we, of his. Yeah, we got to get shit moving. Oh my you. god, like, really? Like Superman and Alex are knocked out, and then we immediately move to where Calabac is using the Chaos Cannon, yeah. which in my mind should not be a thing. Because I'm pretty sure that was destroyed in Batman and Robin yeah, when they I brought that Damian back. Because 
Damien was the fuel source at one point yep, because he was of the, the chaos fuel source. Now, not here's only the deal. We have the chaos Superman is kind of the source. fuel source now, but it doesn't make as much sense. But he is kind of strapped there, and they're saying, like, hey, you know, we need them to power it up. But it's already firing before. But you yeah. also get this kind of a neat little deal where it's almost like the uh, amalgam of Krypton. Now, I, don't think, I don't think they're actually using, like, them as power sources. I, actually I don't know. He said at one sending- point. He sends. He plans on sending Superman to the center of the Earth because uh, the yeah. planet because everybody's like Kalibak, Lord Kalibak. There's yeah. nothing that can survive in the core of apocalypse. Yeah, he thinks oh, basically shit, that dark side. I'll has. send the Kryptonian down there. He's gonna find my yeah. daddy. We're gonna get shit. Yeah, back that's on the track. whole plan. And I like the idea that in this, like I said, they have this kind of amalgam of Krypton where, you know, Apocalypse is being ripped apart by this nonsense. And you have the whole thing of him like, oh, no, you know, the fiber of the planet, all this, whatever. But, yeah, it, it just ends up. The chaos yeah, it just the ends up that he's planet. just insane. And then they just fight. And at one point, even they shut down the fire pits, which is crazy. And you, that, when Calabac finally loses it after Granny Goodness shows up and they start vying yeah. for who's to be on the throne of Apocalypse. Yep. And like, I'm telling you, like, Lois shows up. I'm thinking Superman recognized right away. We're yep. going to keep that costume when we get home because you yeah, look good, like, Lois. But I really like whole, that. Like, you look like I, the sexy gypsy. Looks you like, look like a, Melina like a, from Mortal Kombat. Like a, I, that's who I thought it looked like, too. He's like, I'm really digging that. But at this point, uh, Lex is just still knocked out. And yeah. they have him there. And, and, and which pretty is for much the best just... because we have Lois there. We have Clark and Lois interacting with each other. But it's an all-out brawl between yeah. Granny Goodness and her Furies and Calabac and his troops. And Superman, he's like, I'm going to take out the Chaos Cannon. I'm going to take out Calabac. It does not work out because no. Calabac's like, look. Fuck this. If I can't have the throne, nobody will. And activates the chaos cannon right into the core, which actually snuffs out all the fire pits on the planet. Everything gets cold. Everybody's freaking out. And, uh, yeah, then you have Calabac grab Lois and Superman at that one point. Uh, And I'm not certain either because I think when you see that one panel with the moon, I'm telling you, this is just me, like, trying to remember. I could be completely off here. The one panel where you see the moon's all, like, in pieces around the planet. Looks like Thundar. Yeah, it's like Thundar. Exactly. But – I think this is what we had in Batman and Robin when he tested okay. out the Chaos Cannon yeah. in that, and he did this to the moon. Okay, yeah, yeah, because you see that, and it's a, it's a kind of a weird little deal to show. And that, that was Tomasi ju- Gleason as well. Yeah, and it's just pretty much to me, yeah, it's showing that the whole planet's gone dark, and you, you see that. But yeah, then all of a sudden they're like, oh, look at the Hunger Dogs with one rider, and he looks like a pup himself. That's Calabac saying it. And it's funny because Lois is like, is that? And she sees him, and then J- John just comes, and he's well, got armor on. even the fact on. when freaking when Calabac knocks Clark out again, and Lois just goes up to go punch Calabac Punches in the face, him. like, that's, yeah. that's some balls on you, Lois. Yeah, that's some balls. I actually expected that he was going to be like, you know what? I like the sassy lady. But yeah, he's like, he grabs her. And to me, that that arm's completely shattered. There's no Definitely. way he's grabbing her and not just freaking breaking that. But yeah, that's when John comes in. And that's how it ends with him just coming with the hunger dogs. And it looks awesome. And he looks that, that awesome. Part. Oh, it looks great. I love and the cover really, of this book. I love the whole thing. The final page with John and his armor riding down with all the hunger dogs around yeah. him. This issue to me, besides for the stuff that gets bogged down with the Superman and Lex just recap. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. It is fun. Now, you have to point out that there is the funny bit of as John's coming down – Lex is still knocked out, so he's yes. not seeing any I'm of you, it's this. It's going to be one of those weird oh, things yeah. where, like, you they're know, just going to get Lex out and he's going to wake up the entire time. And they're gonna, like, boom, two, back to Metropolis. Yep. Oh, what happened, Superman? Oh, we got I hope home. that they just tuck him into bed and leave, and he thinks he had a dream. <laughs> he's just, huh? Now, again, it'd be weird because they better get out without a lot of interaction because I would think that somebody wants that armor back, even without the Omega effect. They were like, you know what? You, you know, you, you traitor or liar. You have a box, you have a pocket left, yeah. 
armor? Get the yeah, fuck I'm out telling of- you. Yeah, but he, they'll they'll just escape and get out of there. Uh, but yeah, it'd be funny if they just tuck him in and leave. <laughs> be funny it's if Lex like, starts. I'm telling you, it almost be a play on the whole thing, like back in the like you know uh, classic comic books and shit like that, where the villain would find out yeah. the secret identity. He just get knocked on the head. Yeah, and get knocked it out, off. and then think it, it was a dream. Or oh <laughs> man, I can't remember that. Or like you said, as something was about to happen, the guy would get knocked out just like yeah. this. So that's kind of fun uh, with that as well. And there was something else I was going to say at the very end with John, but I. I can't remember. Oh, no, I don't remember. I don't remember. What did you give it? I gave this an 8.5 out of 10. I love the art in this issue, and I just thought it was a really good time. And I'm like, even though I was a little pissed off that I'm not getting everything I wanted from the Superman Lex part of the story, Man. they had actually gone and shown me that they did have a plan bringing the rest of the family in because that's where the fun lies. And not only that, but the struggle that all the Apocalypteans are having during this freaking dark side being gone thing, like the Civil Wars going on, I think that's yeah. really interesting. I want to see more of that. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see that as well. I and love I didn't the think art. I would. Yeah, I love the art. I also just like the idea that this is – I hope that they carry on with the connected deal where even John and Damien can sit around and talk about the good old days on oh, Apocalypse. Oh, that's the one thing I want to talk to you about today too and I never did at work where it's the whole thing like uh, Damien is always bringing up, yeah, I was on Apocalypse. Well, yeah, yeah, he no can't be that cool this now. Ever, John. I was there. I was the yeah. fucking – I was the lone rider of the Hunger Dogs. Yeah. Fuck yeah. off, Damien. That's <laughs> awesome. And yeah, and, and really to me – uh, I as we Kellebeck. go on, I thought it's funny. Goodness, I yeah. thought the oh, yeah. I thought them all. Everybody, Damien, I was just dead. But yeah, with with this though, I really like the idea of. I'm glad that they kept him. You know, the family aspect in this book because where you have the whole deal where to me the new Fifty Two, the young hero of the new Fifty Two, and watching him grow and mature and change and kind of was Damien. Uh, yeah. We're kind of getting that now, John and Rebirth, and John. Uh, you know, I, I love Damien, but John's you know a and fun for some guy. Reason, Damien's and he's reverted nice back and to what he like was that. before that. Yeah, yeah. So I really like that idea that we're watching. We're pretty much watching John grow up in this rebirth and him becoming the lone, you know, hunger dog. That that is, you know, that's pretty kick ass. And that, like you said, I want him to just say like a an aside when D- Damien brings it up again. Like, yeah, yeah, I was there. You know, I, I did you a little ain't more shit, than you. boy wonder. Yeah, yeah, it'd be so good. But uh, yeah, I'd give it an eight out of ten, Eric. So that that is positive, right? It's not yeah. as positive of you. Somehow, hey, I don't know what Peter. you're drinking over there in your apartment because you have been a lot more positive than me uh, this last week, at least. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna go off now. Can't be to... negative all the time, Jim. No, you can't, because if everybody's negative all the time, nobody's negative, Eric. But we're gonna go off to talk about that, that the works. the yeah the metal tie-in for the week, Eric. Justice League number 33, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Tyler Kirkham, Michael Yannon, Arif Priano, Jeremy Cox, Richard Starkings, and Eric, Comic Crafts, Jimmy Bentoncourt. I don't like the Bentoncourt now. For don't some either. Throw me off. It, Comic Crafts Jimmy is such a cool name. Then you put Bentoncourt like he thought that he was, you know, he thought he needed to be more fancy, maybe because we were making fun of him. I don't maybe. know if he listens or not. I'd love it if he told Comic us. Crafts you kind of you kind of threw out some things to his Twitter account. And no, no, maybe to Comic he, Crafts Twitter account. Yeah, it's like, uh, what's his name? Ariola. He ended up he Ulysses Ariola. Ulysses Ariola. If you remember at first, he was trying to go that one name, Ariola, and that didn't play out well. All of a sudden, the Ulysses came back. But yeah, <laughs> that wasn't good. I think that Comic Crafts Jimmy thinks, you know what? Either because of all the attention he's getting, Eric, he wants everybody to know his full name so he can go to his high school reunion and be a big shot, or he thinks that we're making fun of him. 
Again, I, I, I can't never say. Would. And again, I can't say that he listens to us. And if he listens to us and Sal Cipriano listens to us, they hey. both will have some issues. The Bats Out of Hell finale is here. And while I just want to get to medal number four, this issue has me a bit more pumped than the other issues that came before it. Cyborg gets an upgrade that allows him to hack the multiverse, Eric, whatever that means, but still know. wants to make everything in life a football metaphor. I just want to tell him if you can hack the multiverse, stop thinking small about football that's all he wants to talk about jeez most of the players are back in action and raven is now along for the ride as well but it looks like all of this was part of the batman who laughs and barbados's plan all along at least i don't do you think at the end when he says that that's like he's just trying to convince that's himself what I that would that do. I'm telling you, the, the idea that you put out all this planning and shit like that like i love it when a plan comes together he's fucking yeah. hannibal from the 18 barbados yes. like this is some major like th- like chess kind of movements that oh, you yeah. would have to play because well, and especially not only because is he, like putting the players on the board for them to do specific things they're doing shit that us as readers who have yeah. read for so long would never ever think about yes now granted there is something that comes up later that i'm like oh cyborg i don't know if what you're saying might be the best thing uh to deal with nth metal and you, you we've already seen that that kind of is what everybody's about you start bringing more in from the multiverse that can only backfire for you and it seems like that might be but the problem is to me is they had cyborg they had him. Yes, they're trying to convince him to do things or whatever, but he has, you know, he has what they want. And then they're trying to say that, no, we were just, it's very odd I don't at know. the end. Uh, really, I'll what tell you, happens. By the end of this issue, I was actually very confused about everything that's going on here because well, we have all these different aspects. We have the element X inside yeah. that powers the mother box. The mother box itself talking to Cyborg yes. and Raven communicating with him. Not no, it, it was a bit confusing. Like- and uh, the thing is, it was weird. The mother box thing, it was very odd and can only be to me that that was kind of, obviously, even Raven says, it was more of a trick, uh, but still, I, I didn't. I, I'm like, and then this especially is very then what we're odd. dealing with recently in the Cyborg book, how the Mother Box is actually created yeah. by the digital multiverse. Yeah, I, believe like, me, I oh didn't even God. think of that. Yeah, that I is the furthest from off. my mind. Uh, really, you're gonna go with John John Semper Jr.'s last second fucking explanation of what a Mother Box is? And uh, no, thank you, sir. How about that, Eric? But yeah, you you start off and. Like I said, the main thing about this is is just the idea that they had Cyborg. I mean, they had him captured. They said to him, and it was even spelled out to us at the beginning before we knew that it was Element X, that when they grabbed Cyborg, ripped them apart, and he was kind of out of it, and they were talking amongst himself, the Dark Knights, uh, especially the Batman Who Laughs, and saying with the murder machine and stuff, oh, look at Cyborg. He has he he has more power in him than he'll ever imagine, and they almost yeah. got to the point that that deal was like, oh, look at that wasted piece of shit. You know, why would they waste this shit on Cyborg? He could be so much better. Good, he isn't because now we're gonna take it from him, and we're well, gonna also, be bigger. Also, it really seemed to me that like you know, if only the Just League knew what they had here yeah. in Cyborg, because you know, whatever was him. in Cyborg, they could have defeated the Dark Knights. Yeah, and, 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 and they again, had him, he's off the playing field. You get through this, and you think. Yes, all of a sudden. Now, in a side note here going forward, if you are a cyborg fan and you've been wanting a good cyborg story and want cyborg to do more than just monitor duty, even though they still point out metal does seem to now be shifted into a big cyborg story like cyborg is going to be the main guy. Uh, 
that's that's kind of cool to me because Cyborg doesn't get a lot of times to do stuff like this. And it the Raven connection is very odd when we yeah. get to it. Out of nowhere, she's going on. But I have a couple questions for you anyway as we go on about what you liked and didn't like. But we'll start off here. I'm trying to – I'm sitting here paging through this, and now I, I got to get back to the beginning. But, yeah, you have this where you start off, and I was so happy when I started because it's it's Tyler Kirkham's art right away. And it, it's it's classic and Tyler Kirkham. I love Kirkham, Tyler which Kirkham's I love. art. I do as well. And they're talking about, you know, they have the Justice League. And you have the whole deal where you have Cyborg talking. This is actually at the beginning. It's, it's the Batman who laughs who's talking about it. And like, hey, I was just a man with toys and training surrounding gods. And this – to me, I, I just want to read it, actually. I'm going to read the whole thing because I, I it seems so weird, this this first sentence. When I first joined, or this first bit, when I first joined the Justice League, I felt intimidated. And as you're going down each each one of these word bubbles, you're seeing another one of the captured Justice Leaguers. And like, but with every adventure we shared, I saw their flaws. And one day it hit me. Their powers were no different than the guns the criminals used on the streets of Gotham. And finally, I realized... The Justice League are superstitious and cowardly lot? <laughs> How do you get that? That is like the worst opening thing of an action movie. You know what I mean? Because these books, if, if anything, these this Bats Out of Hell tie-ins, to me, you have metal. And even like the Batman Lost, those are the fancy books. You oh, know, yeah. Those are the books that, you know, obviously the heavy or lifting the going on. coming up. Yeah, and all those to me, those are like – Boy, those are the big books. They have to be, you know, clever and they're going to be, you know, all that stuff. These tie-ins to me are really like the action movie, you know, side stories. That's how I've taken them, like the Gotham Resistance and this. This is like the, okay, we're going to have some fun, but you can't really do a lot. You got to no, lead in. No, still have the main story but we're dealing that's with. That's the worst beginning for like an action movie. They're a superstitious and cowardly lot. And then he starts laughing. I'm like – I don't know what you're laughing at. That ain't funny. It wasn't even that good a line. But that's where you have Cyborg there, and he's like, you know what? And it's a good line now. I've never heard Batman laugh before. And even though I know this isn't my Bruce, it's terrifying to hear laughing at the Justice League's losses. And then you do get Cyborg, and right away he goes back to football. And yes, after the last issue, it's just – it's so heavy-handed. And all all it does for me is make it seem like, okay – you guys don't know anything more to do with no, Cyborg. No, no, I'm telling you, that's all we have here yeah. is football. Like, you know, in this, it's football. In his normal book, man or machine, what yeah, am yeah. I? And he even at such, that point. Like, I'm telling a two-dimensional character. And this is the greatest hits things. then because even when Raven shows up, it turns into man or machine because yeah. when, you know, so he's there and he's talking and it continues the whole thing. It's like, hey, you know what? We're a team and we're having problems and it's like a twisted version of when I would study game tape to see why we lost. You know, when but you were prepping for monitor duty in the future. Yeah, yeah, and this isn't a game. There's no way to get my team back together now. We've lost it all. The pain is unrelenting, and you hear these pings and all, and he's like, I'd do anything for it to stop. At this point, Cyborg's being tortured by seeing like, yeah, you know, what Batman tortured. and what Superman have seen while they were hooked up to the Dark yeah, Towers. Yeah, yeah, basically like, he is him fighting the like, Barbados over and over again and, and losing, losing every time. Yep. And it's that's a good tie-in to especially the Batman uh, Lost issue. Is This is Barbados's plan. Basically, he shows you 
that you'll never win. And then at the end, really, what he does is beats you down until you can't take it anymore. And then he shows up and says, you know, all roads lead down to me and, and that sort of thing lead to the all darkness. All roads lead to darkness. And, and at that point, it seems like these heroes are beaten down. Now, this is a big part of this issue because when it continues on, it doesn't make Cyborg give up. And really, it's his human side. That doesn't give up because now all of a sudden his mother box starts talking. Which is to weird because you think it would be his robotic side that wouldn't give up yes. with all this. Yeah, but it is his his robotic side that's connected to the mother box with the element X is trying to convince him the way to defeat the Dark Knights. Now I want to ask you: Do you believe it? Do you think that it is really the mother box telling him this, or is this Barbados and Look, all the I, Dark Knights doing? I have Knights no idea it? how any of this shit works anymore because we had the whole thing where Superman went to the Dark Multiverse because he believed that yeah. you know Batman was reaching out to him. Turns out it was a trap set by Barbados. Yeah. Everything we found out before is like, you know, words are his and stuff like that. The music is somehow like connected to the multiverse. I don't know. I don't even know if this is another thing where it's just Cyborg thinking that he is trying to beat Barbados. This is another way. Maybe. And it will just end up losing in the end. This is all going on in his head like if Batman lost. The problem is we don't know. But as it goes on, it starts changing a little. And maybe, yeah, maybe this is it. He's in the dark multiverse deal. Barbados is showing him all his defeats, and that is for him to be worn down because I couldn't think that this is real. Now, Raven kind of says, you know, fight it. Then she hints later at, you know, you didn't go with what he was lying about, kind of. And but even the, the whole thing idea, to me, too, it, it never really plays out in the end because the, the mother box wants uh, Victor to give over completely to the yes. mother box, have a takeover to give him the power, like wipe away the Victor stone inside him. So he'll have the power to defeat the Dark Knights. Raven is telepathically communicating, don't do this, Vic. You can't do this. Yeah. We have no idea who this is at this yeah, point. Yeah. Just don't do it. And then when we have Cyborg come back, he's made a decision. It seems like he's given over the Mother Box, but hasn't. We find out later in the issue, though, he is slightly given over to the Mother Box. Yeah, but it's still yeah he says himself, it's and the chasing box is him. him. And I'm like, <laughs> none of this yeah, is really Yeah, it gets confusing. Up. Because at this point, it's weird because really you're giving Cyborg, if it's true, if this yeah. would be the full deal, and it, it basically says, listen. And I can't believe mo- anything we're seeing anymore. Well, the mother box says, no, I can't either. But the mother box says, hey, listen, uh, you know, you can upgrade. I can make you uh, upgrade to the most ultimate Cyborg you could ever be uh, because all these other guys have. You're a glitch. You're the one who can't, who doesn't want to do it. You're the only one resisting. And you even see like what to me looks like a Nightwing cyborg type deal behind. I don't know. It just oh, it looks really like the similar. But to do that, like you said, you have to wipe yourself away, give yourself up and go. But if this is true, if this really is, which I don't think it is. I think that this is a lie, like you said, in the Dark Multiverse kind of deal that's going on. Uh, if it's true, cyborg... Sh- he could do it. Hero's choice yeah. wins the day because it says, you know, we'll defeat them all. It'll defeat them all immediately. Now, if you're cyborg thinking in here like, well, you already said there's all these others because he even thinks like there's others like me. Well, if there's others like him, why aren't they there doing anything? Why are they lazy asses in the multiverse? But we may see these others. I mean, oh, this has cool. to be a setup to at least see this where Cyborg will lead these guys again, probably kinda like a like football we, team. Kind of like we had in the Batman Who Laughs who's waiting yes. for all the nightmare versions of the Justice yes. League amount and I to think come that out maybe as soon as And these might be the things because if you go with that Batman Who Laughs that came out this week and you think about all the, all these nightmares coming out, and now it's a numbers game. 
Yeah. And you would be like, okay, well, are we going to be able to get the hopes and dreams from the multiverse as well? Well, maybe this is what we'll get. We'll get these cyborgs that are throughout the multiverse and throughout even the dark multiverse probably that you'll end up being able to do that did take themselves over to the mother. That's box. the thing but, is, though, I don't know if that's actually the case, though. If we're gonna do I this, don't either. Or, you know, or if Vic actually giving himself over to the mother box makes him a combination of all these other cyborgs no, in know. the multiverse to make because, him a cyborg like said, one though, million, as he calls it. That, well, the, the thing is, it's weird because that would point out that maybe that's the one million, all these others, but he never really gives – it's so confusing I, I'm telling, really, I don't know really what what's going on. I don't know what they're trying to say because either you give over or you don't, and he just N- says, yes. no, I'm going to do a little bit from Callum yeah. May, a little bit from Callum B. Now, as this is going on, you would expect that if this – this is the, the biggest part that's happening here is what happens with – Cyborg upgrading the mother box, the element X, all this stuff. You would only think that in metal number four, that'll be coming out in December, that it will have a little catch up for people because some people aren't so. reading all these. And maybe it's explained a little bit different and we'll get like a little bit better explanation of what's going on. Because as people, this is going on. People found Batman Lost very confusing for the way yeah. it was set up and stuff like that. I find this actually more confusing because you yeah. don't know it's, what's going on. It's at funny all, and though they actually because go against everything they say, it does. The, it's, it she progresses. Yeah, to me, it's confusing. But in the in a roundabout way, it's generic enough to just get to the end and go, okay, cyborgs upgraded. Like I said in my blurb, I don't know what hacking the multiverse means. No. Sounds cool. Sounds like something they're gonna do. The fuck does it mean? Uh, there's other things in this as we go forward so that just hack kind the of digital multiverse me. too, Jim. Yeah, I don't know. That, you stop with your digital multiverse. <laughs> but yeah. And while this is going on, Victor is trying to figure out what's going on. And like, oh my god, you know, I, I have these other guys like me, and I'm this, you know, uh, I'm the glitch and all this. And that's when Raven starts telepathically talking to him and saying, no. Don't give up. You can't give up. You know, you're better than this. And this is where you get the man versus machine, like yeah. I said, because she even says, before you know it's her, she says, please, I've seen what's truly inside you. The Dark Knights want you because of the mother box, but that isn't what makes you special. You're special because of your heart. The part I admire, Victor, believe me, I'm your friend. And then she's still going in. And at this point, did you have any inkling no, that, it was, you, that it was Raven? You could figure it out because in the background of this whole you know, mind meld with the mother box, yeah. you see a, like a light form of a bird flying up to him. Yeah. Never put it together at a now, I thought it was Exy. Oh. No, I, no, I didn't. But yeah, and, and it continues on, and really it goes back and forth. And it is a little bit confusing as you go back and forth between the mother box. Now, it's not that they don't spell it out what the, you know, the word bubble in orange is the mother yeah. box. and that, But still, it's just basically Cyborg in the middle of the page while you have the mother box talking and Raven talking to him and then him saying. And, you know, at this one point, he realizes what is going on and kind of activates and says ping. And then all of a sudden, shit starts going wrong for the Dark Knights. You have the... uh the Alfred protocol of the murder machines start glitching out. And as this is going on, the Batman who laughs is starting to get pissed. And he's like, you know, what's going on? What What is happening here? This is one of uh, my favorite lines of the book, though, where he's all like, you know, the murder machine can't explain exactly what's going on or why the Alfred AI is mm-hmm. like, you know, being disconnected from him. He's like, God damn it. I knew we should have gotten the Bruce Wayne combined with Lex Luthor. Yeah. And then he's like, what do you mean your connection? He's just saying that. To me, I, I'm telling you, that that is such a fan service line yeah, to say it that. It served me Ooh. very well. It made yeah. me laugh. Yeah, I don't know. I think the murder machine might be a little bit better than a Lex Luthor. I'm telling Luther. you, get a Bruce, a, a Lex Batman Luther, Bruce, Lex Luthor. 
I'm telling you, what's that going to do? What, gonna first make him off, the smartest man yeah, in the world. That's it, though. What is he going to? He won't have his money uh, because, like you said, in the other ones, you come from the dark multiverse. Here, you don't have the money. I'm telling you, a Lex Luthor and Bruce Wayne that has no money. I, I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, well, they might they, figure they, some they don't shit seem out. They don't have any problems with this not having money. They can make yeah, whatever they well, want. Apparently, but I'm, I'm telling you, that it would be like it'd be the least intimidating of all these. These are nightmares. That would just be a very good businessman. <laughs> that's to me but yeah he's he does say that it's a pretty cool line uh but that's where you still get raven talking and it's like you know what he means you finally made a mistake you you all did you always do with me and, and stuff like that that or it's cyborg i think at yeah. that point and uh at that point there is a big uh boom and it says there's boosh, a boosh eric and it's funny they were pointing it out boosh. in the slack chat it's so funny that it says boosh and then he just starts monologuing the i boosh mean too, it's, man. it's funny too because at this point it's a very villain monologue, you know, villain-esque monologue, but being the hero. And he's like, hey, you wanted my LMNX, so you showed me my failures on loop. Motherbox wanted to erase me, so it told me the universe doesn't need me. And then again, there's where you're like, okay, was that part of it? Because it's the failures on loop. Who knows if he thinks it is or isn't. But you all tried to win by telling me I'd already lost. But you forgot one thing, and I may be wires of metal on the outside, but deep inside, I'll always be a victor. Ah, Eric, you get it? And then I he do. says, so now you got to deal with Cyborg 1 million baby. I, I'm like, okay. I, and like you said, you made it a little more clear to me what the 1 million. I'm like, is this a thing? Uh, you know, so and really, I don't know how you get the Cyborg. I'm sorry. There is that, uh, isn't there that DC 1 million or something? I that's never what read I it, thought. So I don't that's know what if I'm saying. With something from I didn't that. know. I don't think they but are because Cyborg it would be spelled out. Does it make out like anything to me? No. Because there's 52 worlds in the multiverse that doesn't hey. make 1 million cyborgs. They, hey, they said, though, that there's a trillion freaking fears and things. Maybe that's it. Here's the thing. Or, or are they going for the digital multiverse? Oh, stop it. Yeah. The thing about me, though, is that, okay, I'll always be a victor. So now you got to deal with Cyborg 1 million. Booyah, Eric. Why baby? Why baby? He because doesn't I like baby. use the booyah once in this whole thing. You got Cyborg. Use it. I, I would have like smiled baby. so much, baby. Somebody's like, I'm no baby. <laughs> I'm a man. But yeah, oh, and that's where he's like, and I need my team, and this is where they kind of get out of their uh, murder machine type. I, I guess that's who had I'd have to imagine. Things I don't I know. Honestly, need. it could be freaking yeah. the water from the drowned for all I know. They just yeah. get released, though. And then they start yelling. Because Cyborg yeah, 1 million powers are unlimited powers, apparently. Yeah. yeah, and that's where you have the murder machines like, oh, no, Cyborg's using his mother box connection to Element X to draw power directly from the multiverse. And the Batman or less is like, so what? We ripped your body to pieces before, Cyborg. We can do it again. And then they say the Justice League there, which at this point is Flash, Wonder Woman, uh, Hal Jordan, and Aquaman say, you know what? You ambushed Cyborg alone. Now we, we're a team. And that's where you get another Another thing that would be cool, I don't think it plays out well on no. the page because, uh, you know, you have the Batman who laughs. All of a sudden there's music, and this is a very tied-in-with-metal deal. And he's like, what's that music? And there's Cyborg. 
I'm blasting my theme song through my speakers. I play it whenever I wanted to get the team pumped up when the ball was on the one yard line. Hike. And I don't know what a song is. I don't no, know what, what's I no going on. At all. Plus, I, can't I get would hope. Up with you. Here's, here's the other thing. Okay, me and you. I love <laughs> this the is going to be sports nitpicking again, Eric. First know. off, I would have liked to have thought that at this moment, the Justice League with Cyborg is at a goal line defense, not on yes. the offense. They no. are trying to keep them in. That's one. Number two is, when the fuck during a game where you're a part of the game, Cyborg, I think, wasn't he like a tight end? What, he I was thought he was a quarterback. Like a, what, I, don't, I think that because when he played at one point, he was always running. I don't care who he is. Okay, you have him. Say he's – say we're not, not even Cyborg. We have Carson Wentz. I'm a, we're both Eagles fans. They're playing yeah. Dallas this weekend. They're on the one-yard line. We're like, oh, this is going to be awesome. They're going to punch it in. Jay Ajayi. Wait, Jay, how about this? LeGarrette Blunt. He's in there because he can bowl over people. We have it all set up. In the middle, all of a sudden, Carson pulls out a boombox, starts blaring his song. The fuck is he playing his song whenever the team is on the one yard line? It makes what, no goddamn what's sense. What's the song, Jim? Yeah, he, what is he playing it? It seems like that's what he's saying. He's in the huddle, fucking humming to himself. Listen, guys, who he pulls out a harmonica? It's so much nonsense. It's so forced. Uh, now I'm getting mad, and I wasn't even that mad about it. It just gets me angry of having to force this in for a football reference when it's just stupid. When it doesn't make any sense, yeah. Oh, they're on the one-yard line. They're going to punch it. You're on the one-yard line. You're supposed to be able to score. It's the <laughs> goal-line defense that's the big thing. It's like, you know what? When the chips are down and we're on the one-yard line and they're trying to put it in, we call in the goal-line defense. I say to, you know, do that. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to stop them from taking over the world. You're not punching it in. <sighs> Eric Shea. God darn it. I hate so when yeah, people... our Just League starts fighting. The no. Dark <laughs> yeah. yes. Then they just start fighting. They they just start fighting. Uh, and that's where you continue the whole deal where, you know, you still have the tr- Dark Knights. Have you turned this into the goddamn Batman, the button again? I'm telling you. Then you, you have this. And he's like, you know what? You know why I was always good at football? Because we had a strong bench. And here they come. Now I'm like, ah, that's kind of more basketball in my mind, but that's okay. <laughs> I just want to know what these characters have been doing this entire time. Well, they, because they've been set Dr. Fate, Mr. at this point, and Deathstroke. You do see earlier they're connected to a tower. Yeah, you, okay. you see it. I one of the I first. See that yeah, it's okay. one of the first things. They are connected to the tower. He's the cyborg is now able to free them from the tower. I, I wish and he would they do come that out. To everybody. No, I wish that you know Doctor Fate would come because he starts talking to cyborg, and cyborg's probably like, you know I, what? They, they caught me up on some things, you motherfucker. You let you came to move, save Fate. everyone but me. You know, get out of here. You're you're off the team. Yes, because it was your fate to become Cyborg One Million. I yeah, did this. Yeah, whoa, that's whoa, his whoa. fate. But that's when they're yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. they're there and they're fighting and they kind of win the day at this point. It looks like they're you know gonna win and uh, at least again like a goal line defense. Eric send the the uh, Dark Knights packing. Uh, but that's when Cyborg's like, wait a minute, I have to go get someone, and it is Raven. And he's like, oh my god, it is you, Raven. She's like, oh, you heard me? I'm like, you had conversations with him. Seriously. <laughs> what are you talking about? Did you hear me? And you why had are you here and none of the other Titans? Yeah, I know. And then he's like, oh, they were they were trying to get my darkness. Uh, you know, he uh, Barbados and them, were, and the Batman who left. Did you have to be right here for the darkness, though? I guess. And then they have a nice panel, they hug her. 
They hug. She all of a sudden looks like she aged they, about they, 10 years. They hug, and as far as I know, they've never met before in this no, time. No, that's the problem. It, it's almost going with the older Teen Titans deal that it doesn't seem like they would have met. Has uh, the dark multiverse invading our world broken that 10 years ooh, that we're taking maybe, out by Dr. Maybe Manhattan? Maybe it's starting to break it, Eric. But yeah, they hug, and then Hal's like, listen, if I'm not hugging, the hugging's end. <laughs> that's what it seemed to me. He's like, all right, we're done with the hugs. Aquaman's just the same. You know, you're not hugging me. You know, get out. He's probably hugs got eyes on. He's got eyes on Diana at this point. And he's like, for once, I agree with Lantern. And then she says, to, uh, Raven's like, your team needs to go. And then, you know, at this point, they should be like, especially how powerful it seems Cyborg is at this moment. They should be going to get the Task Force X, the Suicide Squad, and the Teen Titans immediately yeah. because Raven should know that they are there, even if Cyborg wasn't aware of it because of where he's going or whatnot. Uh, but yeah, they kind of just, oh, like, okay, well, let's you, go. Cyborg seems to be aware of everything yes. else. Oh, right yeah. Now. Why and not that's this? my next he, thing that I promised. to the Just League where he now knows. Everything that's been going on in the dark multiverse, yeah, what made up weird. all the dark knights that are fighting them right now, he seems to be a fucking yep. god, but he does not move the goddamn story forward. No, he, he doesn't, and the problem up. is to me is that I think that they threw this in where he's like, listen, I can tap into everything. I can even see these dead dark multiverse you know, worlds where these Batman, the Dark oh. Knights, were formed, and to me, that is only a force deal so that we can now go forward thinking, okay – Aquaman knows what the drowned went through, and, and this is going to be the way that they tie it back like we keep thinking where besides the Batman who laughs, the other ones are going to have their – you know they're going to come to their senses, which is pointed out kind of here about the whole deal where Cyborg says, I see what happened. It's not Batman's fears or whatever. It's his regrets, and they're still Bruce – Every one of them is still they're a Bruce inside. They're not just his fears. They're also his regrets. Yeah, yeah. Or, no, it says they are his regrets. They don't say, say also. Though, they were wrong. They were, are not just Batman's fears. They are yeah. his regrets. Yeah, so I'm, I in my mind, that, it's fears and regrets combined. Yeah, I just think it's regrets now. He says that most of them are just so that you can tell that it's one of the things that they can be, you know, they can come through and be good again. But uh, he even says then, listen, you guys, you're all Bruce Wayne. Bruce is a smart guy. You were promised – this thing by Barbados to get your you world know back. it's not happening. It's yeah, not happening. So Bruce Wayne you know, would know that it's impossible to bring back anything that you've lost. Yeah, yeah, and it's. It, I'm telling you, it's Except still for weird. Wayne. It, it's funny where then Hal's like, "Hey, and Bruce, you really need to see a dentist." And I, I wanted the drown to go. Hal. I wanted the Dawnbreaker. Huh? What are you talking? They're all Bruce except Bryce. Yeah. But even so, I'm like. Okay, we get it. But it still made me laugh where they're all Bruce except one, and she kind of is. And that's where Barbados shows up. And he looks cool. But again, the the whole thing that I've had most problems with, with all these setup issues and the tie-ins and the crossovers, all this, is that they've really made the big bad to be the Batman who laughs yeah. and not Barbados, who's supposed to be this big, you know, the big bad where he shows up. And it's so funny, too. He shows up, and it's like he's the boss who – almost like when you worked at the – movie theater where right. you had that boss that lived in new jersey and would come barbados has been he doing would show shit. up on a saturday night at two o'clock in the morning after we're closed just to clean out yeah. the safe and head yeah. back to jersey barbados shows up now he's done hanging out on the challenger's mountain in the, in the middle of gotham decides to show up now and then starts throwing shade at everyone about how, how they're doing a terrible job. But yeah, this is where you, you continue then after this. Batman who comes laughs. In. You told me that you would like, you know, 
plan for every scenario. Cyborg's transformation brings an unknown into play. Yeah, what the yeah. fuck, dude? Yeah, this is what I'm saying. All of a sudden, he's all upset. Uh, but yeah, they even say he he spells out because at this point, Cyborg gets them out and they head into hyper time. And, and then they, and they, they're they like, blew them out instead of booshing out. I was yeah. really hoping we get some boosh too. Another boosh. Well, they, they go out and that's where, you know, you have the Batman who laughs is spelling out, look, they got away, yes, but... I know these guys. You know, we have Task Force X and the Teen Titans team. They will be back. They will yeah. come and get them. You just keep them involved. That It's the Justice League. I know these guys. They'll be back. In the meantime, you do get into hyper time where Flash kind of, you know, he can recognize it a little, but he's kind of only been on the edges. And Cyborg's like the multiverse led us here. But we only have a few moments before the Dark Knights uh, begin their hunt for us. And you do see a lot of different things. You see like a I Wally do see West Superman Truth as well, which I guess has become part of hyper time yeah. now. Yeah, since it's Reborn there. Happened. Uh, you have a lot of different stories that we dealt with, including the children of the Justice League, Eric. Yep. They're on that side. I see Hunter, all of them. They're there. So I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. But yeah, you go through, you even have like a, uh, uh, what is the middle? Is that, that's like Kingdom Come possibly? I, I don't even know. What I'm is not that? sure off the top of my head. No. But there's the Flashpoint universe, it looks like on the one side. You have a lot of crazy things going on. Uh, but yeah, he's just, then he says, Hey, I'm sorry, Raven. I'm still me because he's trying to explain like I have all these powers. I kind of gave a little control to the mother box, but not all of it. And it's chasing me to get in. It's trying to get. I'm like, OK, I, I now it's getting a little wonky with it. Uh, but that's when uh, Raven says you won't you won't give up. You won't get lost because Barbados believed you'd see your losses and shut down. But being afraid to lose is normal and keeps going. She is there to just keep telling him, listen, you're better than just a machine. Hey, I know I don't know you guy, but you are better than this. I yes. know it. And it's funny because as you're going into this where she's saying this to Cyborg, the next panel then – all of a sudden, the Justice Leaguers come by, and he leaves her in the back. She's in the back, like, just hanging, like, who? You're going to go That's tuck right. your when real friends boom tube now. In, he freaking boom-tubes terrific uh, Deathstroke, Plastic Man, and Ketra in separately. They never really get to be a part of the group. Yeah, no, no, because I guess they didn't have much for them to say. But, yeah, then no. they decide, you know, what they're going to do. A Hail Mary pass, Eric. We're going to hack into the multiverse. Speaking and of, that's did they forget Dr. Fate? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to see. But yeah, they're good. Now he's there then later with Wonder Woman when they're trying to Bullshit. go. But this is where I said, I don't know if this is a great idea. But what he said is he went, looked at the multiverse, saw all this stuff, sees what's going on, seems to have a higher consciousness the way he's going about it with this. And basically comes to the opinion of, hey, remember that nth metal we thought we needed a lot of? We were right. We yeah. do need a lot of it. Uh, but it seems like maybe now he's going to tap into the multiverse and get it. That's what I think the plan is for the Batman who laughs and Barbados or whatever because they want it as well. They're going to get the synth metal there and that's, try that's to take it is, from it's them. It's so weird because they like, you know, go to the get this synth metal, but when we freaking boom tube them out, it looks like Hal, Plastic Man, and Mr. Terrific are back on their way to the real Yeah, Thanagos. It seems like everybody, that's the thing. This is what gets me mad. At the end, it is a complete goddamn reset. What yeah. they were doing to, going, at the like, end Dr. of Metal Fate, 3. Catcher, going to the Rock of Eternity, yeah, that's Deathstroke it. And, and Aquaman see, are going to Atlantis? 
It is funny that they're on I guess seahorses. Flash, Raven, and Cyborg are going to go travel in the multiverse. Yes, that's a little different. Everybody else to go and do the well, same, same yes. thing they were doing previously. Yes, and if you if you think about it, at the point where in Metal, Cyborg wasn't really involved. No. Flash went to help Superman get into – like he didn't have anything to do besides that as well. Uh, the only thing is is you know Steel was with yeah, him at that point. I don't know. I don't know. And uh, it's steel for Raven now. But yeah, but the way it ended, I was like, really, we went through a lot of differences and a lot of changes going on just to say, you know what? What we were doing before, that kind of was right. Now, the issue also I have with not just being the reset to get us back to the book, cyborgs involved. Yes, that's something new. But everything that was going on is exactly how it was at the beginning yep. of this batch. Is that and why we needed to have issue four and five pushed back so we could I, write I guess. different parts? And, like, and the weird oh, thing about we it, though, exactly is... exactly where we were, but we now have to talk about some of the stuff that we did and all these tie-ins to get us yeah. back to where we were. The, the weird thing to me, though, is this is what the Batman Who Laughs and all the Dark Knights and Barbados all, they know this plan. This yeah. is where – now, they did have to use Cyborg. Cyborg ended up seeming to kind of be involved in that boom tubing them out and getting them off to those caves and things like that. Now, Cyborg is on the good guy's side, but they're, they're just going exactly where they were headed before. I would think that if it is anything that the Batman or Lasso or Barbados think that is a bad thing, they know where they were going because it's exactly – and it's kind of like – you know, we knew at the end – with these the worst tie-ins like this are the ones that end basically how they began that's what happens here that's that's my biggest problem with this issue and the arc as a whole though cyborgs now with them so that is big cyborg and with also the, being able to you, when we had this at the end it seems like you know barbados and the batman and Lash are saying like yes this is exactly what we had planned the entire time so yeah. I, do, I don't know what they're getting at because i'm like at this point, I have to think that this is just more than cyborgs, you know, losing on a loop because we had yeah. the villains talking about it and shit like that. Yeah. But it, it's it's just such an odd thing to have all of this stuff going on. We needed the Element X. Now cyborgs become tapped into the multiverse, become yeah. cyborg one million. And, and like you I said, don't with know what's the going Batman, on because he only partially did it. Yeah, and with the Batman who laughs, it does seem like that's what is pushing now forward is the whole idea of not just the dark multiverse, the regular multiverse. It, it's getting a bigger scope, and that's yeah. now you have Cyborg on the side of the good guys doing that. The other thing, though, is there's not that many issues left. No. And I just wonder how this is all going to tie in. And I, I just I – don't, I, don't, I know this will sound weird, but these, these tie-ins that we've had – because they are actually like four issue arcs and that stuff, to me it's getting too much. Like other times you'll have one issue being tied. You know, you'll have the things. This whole thing, like I, I need to get back to metal number four to see Seriously. where all this is going, to see where it, what meant more than something else. Like I know that Cyborg with the you know Element X means a big deal, but. I need to see it in the metal book. I need to see it in the main book to really like get excited about it. Uh, because in this, like you said at the beginning, there are a little bit of wonky things and some things that are a bit confusing and trying to figure out what's going on and stuff with Cyborg. And it seemed like a race to the end at that one point to just explain, hey, Raven, by the way, I gave in a little, but I didn't fully and it's chasing me and I might do this and that or the other thing. And you're just left wondering what the hell he's talking about. And it really threw me off that he could see what happened in the dark multiverse. Uh, yeah, I, don't I don't know, know why. What's going on. It uh, almost to me he 
it should have been more of, hey, when they were showing me the losses, I tapped into the – I don't know what he's tapping I, I, I into anyway. I don't know anyway. how you explain it because the well, world's not there anymore. They're not there. That's that's my whole concept of this is how could he see that? They are no longer there. If you said like, oh, I was on this loop of seeing this and somehow I was able to control it a little to see what they know and what they did and, and what they're about. And as far as we know at this point, mother boxes have never boom-tubed anybody to the dark multiverse. No. So I don't know even know if they have a connection there. No. Oh, yeah, because if they could do that, why wouldn't they have done it before? And then why couldn't they have done it from the dark multiverse out? You know what I, I mean? And not, not have to have a counterweight of a Bruce Wayne wagon to get in and out and the other thing. It's just – yeah, it, it, it's very confusing to me, though I love the art. I thought the art was great. The art throughout. is amazing. Uh, Kirkham's art and uh, Michael Yannon's art both are great in this. It looks great, but – I still gave it a 7 out of 10. I couldn't get that excited only because we reset back to what we started with, which I told you that's not my number one thing about a tie-in that drives me nuts. And some of the things with Cyborg's confusing. The thing about that yeah. Dark Multiverse uh, Batman really threw me off that he could tell what's going on there just to show them, hey, look, I know what they are and they're not this and they're still Bruce. So uh, that threw me off. But what would you give it? I think I'd still give it a 7 out of 10 as well because the yeah. art is really amazing. I just find some of the storytelling a bit confusing because we have this whole idea where he has to make a choice, Cyborg, that is like about being Victor Stone or being one with the yeah. mother box. And the idea out of nowhere to say, I'm partially going to do it, it just seems weird to me. And I don't know later on if we're going to have this whole thing I where – I think it's – I you know, think that – yeah. I know what you're going to say. Because it says it's chasing him. Is it going to yeah. completely take over? I think that that's going to be Victor something. I Stone actually overcoming the mother box at any given point and having Raven jump in at, out of nowhere in this yeah. entire story. To be a just best to come friend. And be best friends and like telling him against like Raven apparently knows so much about what's going on with Cyborg. It just feels really off going forward. Yeah. And by the end, I didn't know what they're getting at because everything we have seen up to this point, every time you have somebody thinking they're winning and stuff like this, it has all been a trick by Barbados. Yeah. So, it just doesn't play off right, and then it can't be that either because the Batman who laughs and Barbados are talking about what's going on with the heroes. The progression yeah. of the story, it's not the best. It's still a really fun issue, though, if you just take it for what it is and go yeah. through. It gets us back on where we need to be for Metal Number 4. And it, like you know, for people who wanted to see Raven and Cyborg interact and just have that whole old-school Teen Titans feel, it is cool for that, too. Just for the overall yeah. Metal, though – it's just overly confusing for everything we've dealt with to get to this point just to be where we were when we were set up. Yeah. Now I'm down to a 6.8 out of 10. Oh, no. Stay at a 7. Uh, the, the other thing is we didn't like Gotham Resistance, yet when we got to Metal 3, it tied in a little more than it we did. ever thought it would. And we actually said, oh, you know what? Maybe it wasn't so bad. So hopefully that's what happens. We get a little more explanation with Cyborg here and this hacking the multiverse and seeing – the plan of how we go forward. So I hope so. We'll see. Why did but, we have to boom tube out to hyper time? I don't know. That, that was just so that that is another one of those. Why is DC pushing hyper time well, so I, much? I now? think that there's a lot of things in here that are just thrown in so that it sets up that we're going to have that later. They need somewhere where they can get away from Barbados and the dark Knights for a little. And even he's like, Oh, we can only be in here a little. I think that that's basically what's going to happen. And, you know, what better way to make everything reset after metal as well, Eric, than have hyper oh, God. time? Uh, yeah, where, where, you know, where are we going to have hyper time fight back like the Tim of tomorrow? And, you know, nonsense. It's me with Derek.
is Mel with Eric. With hey, Eric. Right. How you doing? And why, did, why didn't he say there, we don't need no damn Jim May? I don't know, because he was keeping it the, real. That would be the rhyme. <laughs> yes, it would. Yes, it would. We don't would. need no stinking rhymes. But speaking of songs, we had a bunch of people call in this week with well wishes uh, for the 150th episode. We heard a lot of them already. But one person got a hold of me. I don't know if you realize this and wanted instead, instead of a rant and rave and the call in and, you know, sing. A, you, actually, they are going to sing our praises because they wanted to send in a song for Eric. I don't oh. know if you know the, this lady. Her name is May. And uh, she she had a little song for Eric. I don't. It's a little true. I don't want to play this no more. This goes out to you, oh. Eric, big boy. Oh. Eric suckers. Oh. Oh. Sounds sexy. I love myself. Oh. I want you to love me when I feel down. I want you to love me and I sit myself. I want you to find me when I stick out myself. I want you to remind me, big boy. I don't want anybody else. When I think about Eric, I touch myself. Oh, I don't want. Anybody else? Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! There it is. There. Uh, Burn victim <laughs> Mae West has called in to oh sing. Oh my God! Praises. Go back to the uh, burn unit. This is male section. My stomach hurts. So fat is mine. I'm about to vomit. Uh, it's male section number two. Uh, Mae West, we love you, baby. Uh, yeah. That was that was wonderful. Yeah. Yes, there you go. It's short and sweet, just like Mae West, with all of her skin falling off because burn she is a burn Mae West victim. It's terrible. Yes, she is. Hello. This is mail section number two. We're going to start with All New Dave. And All New Dave says, Hey, Jim, Eric, and the entire Get Fresh crew. Do you hope this mail isn't too late for the podcast? Of course it was not. It's been a hectic week, but I am hoping to turn it around when I finish work by taking a nap and then cracking open a bottle of wine. The fancy fancy. fell over there and listening to the greatest podcast live on Mixler. Somebody else having a show tonight? Yeah. yeah. Somebody else on the Just want to say thanks again to you guys for the all t- all the time and effort you put in the podcast. Every penny I've spent on DC Comics since Rebirth is due to your podcast and not fucking raging bullets. Ooh. You hear that, DC? Every you hear penny. That, yeah, DC? I'm saying I'm this little, is more uh, than one. Yeah, really. They think we're so negative. Every penny I've saved by not having to buy every comic is thanks to you guys as well. <laughs> oh, that's hope, what DC's hearing. Yes, <laughs> hope you have an awesome milestone episode. Cheers, and here's to the next 50. Thank you, baby. Boom, biddy, boom. The next one's Bless from you. Swanee. Swanee says, hey, Jim, Eric, and Reggie. Congratulations, he says. I'm bummed <laughs> out. I won't be able to listen live, which this is the problem. He ended up. Uh, changing plans, and he is listening live. Yeah, I, I will be Swanee making. Lot, yeah, I will be making the six-hour drive back home after watching my town's high school football state semifinal game. Reggie, you have really made a staple for yourself. Have you, Reggie? I love your added songs and what you bring to the show. Dancing Mike shaking his head right now. Mm-hmm. Eric, you always make me uh-huh. laugh. You always right. make me laugh and kick ass at what you do. We I just haven't figured out what that is Aww. yet. He didn't say that. That was what but I said. Keep doing what you're doing. No, no. Jim, 
keep doing what you're doing. Sorry. <laughs> I'm listening to the Family Affairs show and had to throw that in there. Jim, the amount of time you put in for all of us is insane, and you rock. You guys right. all make my day better when I listen to the show. Thank you all so much, and have a great show and week. And thank you, thank Swanee. Swanee. <laughs> uh, Swanee might still be a little uh, butthurt, as, as Brandon says, from me defeating him last week in the uh, the Get Fresh Crew boop boop, boop. Fine, uh, fantasy football. So he, he's still a good sport. I, I play all uh, New York. Uh, God damn it. See, I am getting drunk. Uh, Pete is, from is, NYC. Is that a butthurt or are you bloating? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Both. Is it? Both. <laughs> because when this happened, I was more happy for his loss than my victory, as always is the yeah, case with right, me. Right, right. I gotta, so I gotta, I gotta calm down with this drinking. But yeah, I, I end up I'm I'm against Pete from NYC this week, and I'm in trouble. I'm in big. Aren't trouble. we all against Pete from NYC? No, every I'm week. not. Usually, I'm a brother in arms, but you know, not this week. But, uh, Pete. The next, <laughs> the next email. I know the I'm next email it. is Manship, and Manship says, "Hey, bros, oh. congratulations on reaching another milestone, bitches." Podcast one fifty. Yeah, after all these years, Weird Science is still the best damn podcast on the internet, darknet, and multi-set verse net. That's Without the passionate rants by you guys and the participation of the Get Fresh crew, poop, poop, I oh, would be, well. he says he'd be divorced, fired from his job, or disavowed by his family. Thanks to us, only two of those three are correct. Thank I'm you, so Weird sorry. Science, for being medicine of the mind. And I think he wanted me to do that, but I, I don't think I can work the controls of, right the now. Mind, yeah. Of the mind. Our little guy <laughs> was now 13, never was into any of my passions. I'm partly to blame as I forced him to do things like watch or at least sit there while I played tennis for three hours at a time, always that reading comics terrible. instead of talking to him. Not sure what triggered it, but the little guy's been flying through my box of hardcover trades that was including green lantern sinestro war blackest night brightest day war of the nice. green lanterns agent orange red lanterns court of the owls and dark side oh. like me something clicked with the green lantern mythos that got us reading dc comics mine started with a blackest night trade that i received and read on the christmas of 2014 his mind will be blown once he gets to the three crisis trades and the multiversity trade he, he doesn't mention convergence in this no wow. yeah, no that that would be child abuse i do worry what's next how old is this kid gonna be 13. reading all the three crisis straight? 13 I do worry what's next, though. He's three. I do worry what's next, though, listening to the Weird Science Podcast. He still fucking hates tennis, and instead of talking now, we both bury our heads in comics. With the potential drinking that may go down in Podcast 150. Potential. Perhaps you guys can answer a question that we are all dying to know. Does butt chugging really get you drunk? Yes, it does. And that is Random Thoughts. By the manship. And thank nice. you, manship. Hey, uh, hopefully, it doesn't take him till, you know, next summer to get to this. I, I think he's caught up. So Figure we'll out see. Mixler, manship. God yeah, damn. we will see. Yeah, get on the Mixler, manship. You can listen to this live. Everybody'd love to talk. Just to click the link. I mean, it's not really that difficult. Get yeah, on a no. browser and go to it. This is manship we're talking about. He, he's not <laughs> tech savvy. Sorry. The guy still thinks that a mode of transportation is rollerblades, is what it's he true. thinks. It's and, true. And still thinks that's hip. A half shirt, rollerblades, and short shorts. <laughs> 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 zipping around. 
zipping around. And the next email is from Brandon. Brandon says, sup, fellas. Let's start this sucker off by saying congrats on 150 episodes. I've been through a lot with you fellows dating back to the pre-convergence days. And if it wasn't for this podcast during convergence, I may have given up on comics altogether. (laughs) To any newer listeners, grab any convergence series at all. They'll surely be found in the 25 cent bins at this point. Read it and go back to those old episodes if you're dying for some good older stuff from the past jim and eric truly lose their minds it, it happens again in batman and robin eternal uh is where yeah, i really does. start getting really upset i think this is the area you can pinpoint things really heading off the rails from there on out so blame convergence for turning this thing into the monster it currently is now i'm not sure somebody. I'm not sure how much of the live show I'll be around for because, as most GFC members know, Saturday is usually the day I go out into the Buffalo cold, embrace the public, and consume alcoholic beverages with buddies <laughs> to the point I may or may not occasionally pee myself. But Speaking hey, of butt chugging, here we right? go. You know, this is the like, best. Why don't synergy. they have indoor establishments in Buffalo? No, they do because they're hard asses in Buffalo. Yeah. You did I ever tell you my theory that Buffalo is actually part of Canada? But you hey, told everybody a million. Have I told you that? Okay, well, well, then, uh, did I ever tell you that I love the Marvel app and DC should have one that equals that or or is better? Oh no, tell me about it. Did I ever tell you about that app? But hey, it beats rollerblading shirtless and short shorts through traffic, causing fights. Shout out to Manship. I think if Jim gets drunk, the potential for sound clips to be remembered are very high. Seeing the nonsense that comes out of his mouth sober. So I look forward to that. You're not going to get any. You'll hear some slurring, which already is starting to happen. But no, I do know Jim won't edit those into clips himself. But I want to assure you, Jim, I have become pretty well versed in editing over time and will happily send them to Eric, which will lead to the collapse of the podcast as it inevitably turns into just a back and forth soundboard battle. No, see, That'd you already awesome. missed a step in this whole thing. You send it to Eric who immediately forgets to do anything with them. Yeah, lazy. You, you yeah. said it about me. There's you. you. You'll get them on a Wednesday. That's not the day for sound clips there. Uh-uh. I told you this week. I said, you know, we're going to have off on Thursday for Thanksgiving, obviously. That means Wednesday we could get some stuff done. You're like, but what about the cellar dweller? I'm like, I thought you weren't him. I said, you're not him. I don't know what you're talking about. He's got to help that man out. Yeah. Let's address, and he says, let's address this gobbler situation real quick. Being a Wawa vet from my time living below the Mason-Dixon line, I have to throw my hat into the argument here. Turkey bowls are the far superior choice to the gobblers, and there isn't even an argument to be had about it. Throwing all that nonsense into a roll is blasphemy, especially if you start including that cranberry nonsense. You can't have it without cranberry. Yeah, no, it's so messy. Don't go try trying to squeeze fruit into my subs. That kind of nonsense could lead to a paddling. Shout out to the Simpsons reference. That'll be a paddling. That's Eric. a paddling. <laughs> now that's yeah. a paddling. Putting cranberry sauce on a sandwich. That's, that's a paddling. Paddle. That's a Books. paddling. <laughs> that's a paddling. Books. Metal tie-ins. I've been pretty easy on these one shots and Batman tie-ins. Just enjoying the ride and no really not really being too critical because I've been enjoying the main metal story so much. I, I just want to stop here a minute. I'm not being drunk here. Brandon, these editing, you said you could edit clips. <laughs> you can't edit an email. However, this Batman or Left's book was bullshit. That sentence was actually, however, this Batman or Left's books 
was bullshit. First off, based solely off the fact <laughs> this was held for last, I expected a much better, day, okay? writing is not his, that's a not his much name. better and bigger artist to be on the title, not Rossmo and his bullshit style that makes my eyes feel like they are bleeding. Now, if you had to pencil in any Joker takes over Batman's story, this would be it. No cool twist like Merciless. Nothing memorable about it, if you ask me. Last note: Why does Barbados have all the other Dark Knights ready already when it clearly shows? Batman who laughs assembled them throughout the arc so far I do believe that that is kind of flashing forward to him talking trash to possibly Hawkman if you ask me possibly that really killed the book for me like Tynan and Rossmo aren't rating what came before theirs or missed that key detail basically Barbados just took Batman a last role in this title which is bullshit if you ask me compared to what we saw elsewhere Justice League was okay I actually liked how it pushed things forward a bit even though basically it ends where it started Superman randomly leading into Mr. Miracle from last week give me John riding armored up war dogs any day of the week thank you very much continuity my ass Tom King I see granny goodness in this book right here. You're not pulling any wool over my eyes. I'm out on Mr. Miracle. If you can't tell me, I don't know what I'm reading. It feels like the young animal bug book to me, which I stopped at issue two. Ooh, Reggie, what do you think of that? That bug book? Is the bug Uh, book good? You don't have to spoil anything for later. It It does. That is a disappointment to you, correct? It is, big time. Yes. Uh, Batman. What what did you expect to get out of Forge, really? Reggie wanted a fun book. I'm yeah, telling you, I'm de- it's just like you know. No. I want some fun. You know what I need? Yeah, some that's all I want. It was fun. Life. Drink well, I mean, some more I mean, gin. I thought you it was something you bitch. could really open up because there's really not. You know, it's sort of an yeah. open character in a lot of ways. But boy, they went into the the arcane. It's basically. And the thing is, I'm yelling. I have no idea what that no. book's about. No, I've not read a single issue. <laughs> I never will. No. How's that? How's Forager. that? Scarlet Spider. Treating you over there, Jim. You gotta Toots. check out some Ben Riley. <laughs> oh, I love that Ben Riley. Isn't he on the Cleveland Browns? Isn't that that guy? <laughs> Batman. Talia beats Batman. Catwoman beats Talia. So Batman is in for a life of domestic abuse if he decides to tie this knot. And what he, what I got out of this, and that's true. Never even thought of that. When we were doing that, that that makes it even more bullshit. What happened to heroin addict Holly? Will Catwoman clear her name? Did they tape a confession? Is Tiger hiding in a dead horse like Luke on Hoth in Star Wars? Does Superman and the United Nations no longer care? Batman entered this forbidden city since Superman's pager went off. One cool thing I did get out of this was Talia actually likes Batman while Catwoman likes Bruce. That is true. That's a pretty good uh, thing that he just saw there. Does that up your score at all? Observation. No, because what he said, all these other things, obviously people would have already heard us talk. I'm fully in. Where is the UN? Where is all this talk of when I come out, I'm going to die anyway, so what does it matter? No, it doesn't matter because everybody was gone, including Tiger. I I can't get this upset. I can barely even read. (laughs) Are these the blanks I am left to fill in after this arc? Read between the lines, Brandon. Read between the lines, buddy. I like Joel Jones' art, though. It grew on me. I'd like to see her back. Ooh, that sounds a little sexy. All right, gents. Keep doing doing what you do. Keeping doing what you do. (laughs) Thank you, Brandon. Nice. (laughs) Brandon. I want to just just say uh, the reason the holiday uh, sub, the holiday sandwich is bullshit is because, you know, it's turkey, right? Mashed potatoes, gravy. No, 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 mashed potatoes, though. I would like that. Turkey, gravy, and cranberry sauce. So 
Who the fuck wants gravy on their cranberry sauce? No, that's the worst. Now, that's Tanya the most puts, bullshit I ever heard Tanya in my puts, life. Tanya puts gravy on her cranberry sauce, and it makes me sick every time. No, that's, the problem is you have the cranberry, which that's usually the thing that throws people off when you, you explain the sandwich. But also the gravy with the cranberry, it's a very stuffed sandwich. I mean this thing's packed. Packed to the you, you don't have to get it with cranberry sauce. No, you don't. No, I'm saying, but as the full gobbler, once you that put that record, gravy that on, yes, yes. the, the yeah. gravy goes on it, and you might as well be talking about a goddamn Thanksgiving volcano because this shit is all over. It just pours out all it, over you. You cannot eat this sandwich, sandwich driving now. a car because you, you'll never get it. It'll be all over <laughs> you. I like to eat my sandwiches on the run is what I, I do. Yeah, I yeah. do. That's why Eric gets in the car and there's just shit everywhere. Just piece of, <laughs> pieces of sandwich, lunch meat, all that stuff. I, so I ended up. Please move this open face roast beef sandwich off yes, my chair, please. I'm like, please. no, you have to eat it. But yes, uh, and, and that's the problem is I don't I, I don't like that sandwich only. Be, it's none of the ingredients. It's nothing of the combo. It's the fact that it is the messiest sandwich uh, I've ever eaten. It, it really the thing is. is. You only have it for like two months out of the year. Sometimes yeah. you want a messy sandwich. I don't, I don't like a messy sandwich, though, uh, like Brandon said, bowl, 100%. I love the bowl. And I do like – if people haven't tried uh, having a sandwich like that with cranberry sauce, it actually – it gives it a, a different flavor that I really, really like. Now, like you said, Reggie, if you don't What's like that? the gravy on that uh, – on the cranberry sauce, you're, you're going to be in a bit of trouble. And, and it's not even be- that because that gravy in my mind never touches the cranberry sauce because cranberry sauce is jammed all the way in the you're, bottom. You're, Everything you're is in between. Them, you're putting them in your mouth at the same time, so they are blending. Are you one of these guys that can't have any of their food touching each other? I'm actually, I'm actually not like that. My wife is like that. I am but so against that. I put I'm everything. Just, together. I'm just, I don't give a shit. I'll mix it up. But cra- gravy on cranberry sauce—that sounds insane. That's yeah. that, that's something an insane person would do. And. <laughs> An well, insane wife of Jim Warner. I will, I will send you pictures tomorrow, Reggie, because for lunch tomorrow, I am making Texas. the Jim Warner versions of the gobblers for my family, oh and I'm going to make a uh, steak sandwich because I'm okay. not that. I'm, I, it, all in all, I'm not really hip on that sandwich anyway, uh, though I'll that, have the The turkey is two weeks old. <laughs> well, that, that's what makes it. I mean, you have to get the turkey, you know, seasoned Ripened. that way. Yeah, it ripens it up. But yes, we're going to go off to the Marvel Minute. Brandon and Trevitt are going to talk about what do you think won, uh, Eric? Do you know? I have no idea. What's that? What was that? It's weird. It's, no, eat, no, eat it's not that. What, what did that? you vote no, no. for? I think that one was Poopy Pants Meh, is no, what it, it was, was called. You guys are the worst. First don't of all, even Dr. Remember Strange the freaking one. Choices. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Dr. Dr. Strange is what I picked, yes. That's okay. the one that won, but I, but I was win? campaigning for uh, Not Brand X. Yeah, that's it. Poopy Pants Poop Uh. Isn't that yeah. what it was called? That's Poopy was. Pants Pee Face Uh. But yeah, that's I actually, it. it's funny we say that. How, what is the name of it, Reggie? Not Brand X. Not Brand X. You know what? I read not brand. Ugh, I just didn't know the title, and I, I told I told I uh, Eric about it at work and said it was a very funny parody comic, and I even could follow yeah. it, even though I didn't know much about uh, you know all the storylines going on. But it, it's pretty much dealing with like the Twitter verse, uh, you know, freaking out about things and stuff. That's what it always was. I, the seventies, the seventies comic is hysterical. Uh, you know, I love it. But that's who I good. am, folks. Yeah, I thought it was good. That I like Doctor Strange, and that's what I voted for. So I'm yeah. happy it won. Uh, there you go. Uh, Rafe wanted to watch uh, Doctor Strange movie today, and uh, I told him no, none of that nonsense. You know what I did watch today? <laughs> Why? <laughs> no, I didn't say that. We ended Daddy up watching something else. Really yeah, I said, about what happened on You TV. shut up, kids. 
And then I I threw the, the empty plan. bottle at the empty Mad Dog bottle at him. Get out of here! No. you know what I did watch, uh, and it's not the Shawshank Redemption. I actually figured since everybody was going to be talking about the Justice League, and you know, I, even some people may want to you know Bonnie find out Batman what I v thought Superman? about it. Yes, I went and watched Batman v Superman. Wow. So time. There you go. I, I went and finally watched all now, of you that. Think? It was okay. It was all okay. Right. Yeah, I, I didn't hate it. It, it was okay. <laughs> Maybe uh, a review coming. It's almost like when you have uh, you have Dan Stransky doing his live tweets of him watching old uh, shows Frasier. on uh, reruns. Yeah, Frasier. He's there. Oh, I'm going to live tweet Cheers. And, uh, nobody, it's not the case. But yeah. That's huge. I said it was okay, but we're going to go off to Doctor Strange number 381. Ah, oh, whoa, ah, oh. Doctor Strange, I presume? You can address me as Sorcerer Supreme. Yes, Spider-Man. Iron Fist. I'm impressed you're both conscious. Namaste, Doctor. It was your training that saved me. I found Spider-Man just before he fell too deeply under the spell. That's different. He is uniquely connected to this reality by energies that would act as a beacon for someone with your sensitivity, Danny. You're lucky to have this... Spider sense, I believe you call it. Was that like mind reading? Guess what number I'm thinking of. You aren't thinking of a number. You're thinking of flapjacks. All right. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. This is the Marvel Minute on the special 150th episode of Weird Science DC Comics. Uh, oh, shit. That's right. We're going to bring you guys Doctor Strange this week, which beat out not brand etch and uh or eck whatever that is number 14 and uh what is the other book punisher 218 uh, i'm saying actually yes. not brand act be punisher in the vote so that that was a surprise all the way around i was shocked um yeah that was a, that was a big shout out to reggie reggie's a big fan of that book uh and, and we'll talk about that one on marvel madness later on but we're here to talk Doctor Strange today, um, and yeah, it's it's change up of at least the writer of, of this creative team because Hernandez, Walta, and Belair <laughs> have been doing most of the issues anyway. Um, no, no, the, the beginning where they were, weren't they? No, it was a uh, Bacello. Bacello, it's not Bacello and Belair. Uh, well, we got Kate's her Donnie Cates is the new writer. We got art team Gabriel Hernandez Walta, Jordi Belair on colors, uh, Marvel Comics, and this is the first legacy issue. So number 381 of Doctor Strange. Uh, so Doctor Strange has been through hell and back lately, losing most of his abilities and connection to magic, suffering in the Dark Force Dome during Secret Empire, and now possibly apparently no longer Sorcerer Supreme. So let's dive into Doctor Strange's first legacy issue to get the scoop on what exactly is up. Uh, so yeah, things start off here, uh, kind of a, a cold opening. You see an update of what's going on with the Sanctum Satorum. And it is, uh, I don't know, what would you say, floating about 15 feet off the street of uh, its location in New York City, just off the ground. Just about, uh, yeah. <laughs> currently under new management. Um, and there's a gentleman that comes wandering up to the building. You know, usually how people come looking for help uh, from Doctor Strange. That's what he's doing. And he runs into uh, Zelma, 
which is basically former librarian turned sorcerer apprentice uh, kind of helper to Dr. Strange or, or used to be anyway at, at this point. And she takes the gentleman with the problem of what we find out is multi haunted eyeballs <laughs> into the house via ladder. So she's like, you got one or two ghosts in those eyes. She's like, well, they like to argue with each other. So uh, <laughs> kind of an interesting problem, haunted eyeballs. The funny part is, um, that wouldn't be the weirdest thing you would see in a Doctor Strange book either. <laughs> yeah, it's, it only goes uphill from there. Um, <laughs> so she helps him get into the house via just a good old-fashioned ladder where she's going to try to get him a little help. Um, and she pulls this ladder straight out of her purse. So she's she's picking up a few of the tricks of the trade from Doctor Strange or whoever our, our new guy is here. We'll find out shortly. Uh, takes him up. And the guy is, at least he can see, because he does look like a blind guy with these dark glasses on. Maybe he just doesn't want to see uh, his eyeballs floating all over the place or whatever's going on with him. But uh, he, yeah, as soon as he gets inside the, the house, he sees a whole bunch of strange shit going on. Um, the snakes are being nice. So they're usually kind of dickheads. Uh, think like the aliens from Men in Black always drinking coffee. You know, that's usually what their role was. And <laughs> then... In past <laughs> issues, <laughs> but now they're they're being nice. There's like a giant Beetlejuice type snake going all throughout the house, kind of just loose, uh, just everything not in its usual place uh, per se. From the way Doctor Strange usually has things, you know. Um, at this point, we we get really a bombshell that's dropped, and he's like, "Where's the Sorcerer Supreme?" Uh, as he's taken into the library by Zelma. He's like, where's Loki? So that, that's our, besides obviously the cover, you know, <laughs> story-wise, our first hint that Doctor Strange is out of his position and, and Loki is in his position. Um, and, and throughout this entire time, we've had a narration, yellow box narration going from Doctor Strange himself, also hinting at the changes and things not being the same from the way we're used to seeing them. Uh, then we get a giant splash page here. And then this is Loki, who is fighting. I got to read this because this was, I had to type this out. I wouldn't have remembered how to say this. Uh, he, it's a splash page of Loki who's fighting off a horde of deadly Vampira Cabra warriors from That's Dimension right. Blood. <laughs> what are we doing? I didn't stutter over any of that. That was pretty good on my part. Head on the back. Uh, Dimension Blood. Yeah, D Vampira Cabra. You know, that's like that made-up animal supposedly on the Texas-Mexico border. Uh, Chupacabra. Chupacabra, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like a mutated pig-looking coyote thing. I don't, know, I don't know. People have said they're coyotes with uh, radiation poisoning, all sorts of different things. But um, I've seen anyway. pictures on the internet. They look like giant, like, horrifying rats with no fur. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they do. They look. Uh, yeah, just look up chupacabra on um, a Google image search. You'll be your eyeballs will just, be violently assaulted with weird images. Just <laughs> basically, don't do it over. Don't do it over breakfast or lunch. Do yourself a favor yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, they're strange looking beasts, and then they're usually hairless. I don't know why they're always hairless, but anyway. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, Loki is defending like this snake-looking spider chick. Um, 
I, I, she looks familiar. Do you, does she have a name that I just, I'm not recalling? Has she been in this book previously or no? Uh, I feel like I saw her in the last run, but she also kind of looks like death a little bit, like, uh, the way that she was drawn in Thanos. Yeah. But I think I saw her in the beginning of the last strange run. Yeah. So Lo Loki is, you know, long story short, defending, you know, this kind of snake looking spider chick on this hill and, and taking care of the vampire. <laughs> there we go. I fucked it up. Vampire cabras. Um, <laughs> And yeah, this is him being good, quote unquote, at being the Sorcerer Supreme, uh, which is, you know, Doctor Strange's narration is hinting at, and then Loki picks up from there, uh, kind of, you know, boasting at his new position. Uh, and then we get, this is kind of like a dialogue scene that goes on for a while that I normally hate in comics, but I really like this scene where he's at the bar with no doors. I love um, that bar. Yeah, and, and we're checking in on old Lokester here. He's sitting down and chatting with fellow magic users, uh, again, at the bar with no doors. And they all seem rather concerned by Loki. Loki's perceived carelessness using all this magic, that quote-unquote magic he's been using. Um, you know, basically, long story short, Loki confesses he wants to start going about things in a new way, that he's he's tired of the rules that bind magic and seemingly going about this with the mantra of no more rules, no more price, uh, which mm. is, is setting everybody aback a little bit, you know, because they, they do their sacrifices and different rituals to, you know, pay their price for the spells and things they use. And Loki's doing none of that. Uh, you know, and, and obviously you always think there's something going on in the background that Loki's Loki is obviously not telling you, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, although he does spill spill the the beans on some details we're going to get to here, I still think there's multi layers to this. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, most definitely. Especially with what we saw in Legacy, like well, there, you know what I'm saying as far as that goes. I remember <clears throat> remember what happened to Doctor Strange when he didn't follow the rules. He ended up creating a giant monster out of yeah. the price that he was supposed to pay, keeping it locked in the basement. <laughs> yeah, and and is that that's not the door Loki can't get into, right? That that he's going to uh, reference here. No, I don't think that's the door. Did, okay, because he had that locked away, and then he let it out to kill, or basically take over that yeah, that bad guy at the end of the first long arc. Um, yeah, the empirical. And then he like kind of made friends with it, and did it just go back in its house or no? I, I uh, that end of that arc is no. a little fuzzy to me. It's been a while. He ended up fighting it later on. I think around like issue seventeen, sixteen or seventeen. Okay. Yeah. See, I gotta read. I got them all digitally, and it's been a while uh, since I've read those. Uh, I feel like Jason Aaron's been off the book for a long time, but he hasn't really. Um, the summer no, feels like so long ago months. at this point. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. It really does. <laughs> but um, uh, anyway, we we get back to this conversation being had. Uh, where was that at my notes? Uh, Loki, he basically has this offer for everybody. Um, Loki offers all the other magic users to do what he's doing. So perform your magic duties uh, at no cost. Come to him. And he's going to basically, quote-unquote, eat their price for them. Because uh, he's guardian and he can take it. Yeah, like he's a god. you know. So th there's like a level to this. He's not just uh, a magic user. He's also 
you know, a, a god, a frost giant, like a, a little above just the normal people who use it and the mutants who use it, I guess. Um, and Turney wants the fellow magic users to help him learn like little tricks and things he hasn't quite figured out yet, like how to get into this door he can't figure <laughs> out how to get into at Doctor Strange's <laughs> house, which is hiding something, obviously. He also makes reference to this exile of Sing Soon um, spell which leads to Loki being mocked. Like this is like a, a spell nobody has been able to find and, and repeat. And even if they could and did, <laughs> like it's not <laughs> something they're giving and handing over to Loki. Um, and this leads uh, to okay. basically Loki being mocked and laughed at by an entire room of people, not just like the people he's sitting at a table with. Because he, he's like putting on a show at this point, offering everybody this deal, not just Scarlet Witch and the people he's at the table with, you know? And it's, it's one of those scenes where, like, everybody pauses and looks scared, and then all of a sudden they all just break out into laughter. At yeah. Them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're literally, it's it's like Joker haha is just throughout several panels. Um, <laughs> and, and this point, Loki grabs really the kind of the person that he was having this main conversation with. Who's this guy's name? Do you know her? Uh, I they said it in the beginning. I forget exactly what it is. I've <clears throat> I've seen him before, but I don't guy. know his names. Yeah, yes. I never paid so attention Loki to his name. Takes his anger out on this one individual. It basically binds him to the wall. Uh, everybody's you know arguing with Logi. Like we you know we we don't fight each other in here. We don't do that. Um, and, and the the bar owner is the just the head, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he pulls the gun on Loki, and Loki. Basically, as payback, just vanishes the bar. Like so, there's no more bar with no doors at all. They're they're literally just outside hanging out. Yeah, what a dick move. In New York City. Yeah, tables, pool um, table everywhere. Everyone's there too. Hellstorm, Doctor Voodoo, Scarlet Witch, like every magic yeah. character you can think of. It's is like a mummy it. back there. <laughs> um, yeah, so so Loki starts walking away, and as as he's walking away, he like immediately regrets this decision. He he texts Zelma, and he's like, "I think I messed up." He's like, "I I don't know what went wrong at that bar. He's, things got weird, and I I don't think I'm doing this right." Basically, um, so he mentions how he's going to be late. He's not gonna be right back at the sanctum. Um, That's because he sees all the fog come in. That's why he did the the lightning emoji because he knows who's coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't actually. I didn't pick up on that. You you reminded. <laughs> that's a connection you made. I didn't because yeah, he's immediately visited as soon as he's done texting by Thor, um, and, and she confronts him and wants to know what he's up to. You know, nobody trusts. He's on the up and up. Loki insists he just wants to help. Like he's stitched back together this. Uh, Doctor Strange's um, what do you call that? His cape. Couldn't think of the word. There. The cloak of levitation. Yeah, he, he stitched that back together using care, and he wants to take over this position and do good. Um, yep. Thor kind of calls him out on his game at first, and she's like, "Yeah, I don't really believe you." And he teleports them to uh, the Frost Giant's planet to to basically prove himself to her, uh, revealing so they, these guys. They go to the they go to the, uh, Appalachian, the Appalachian Mountain. Here. I, yeah, I didn't even yeah. see that. Uh, that um, Midgard. Yeah, they're on Midgard already. I thought they were like teleporting to Midgard, but yeah, they're already here. Uh, they, they've been hiding themselves with dark magic and planning an attack on Midgard. And 
Thor brings uh, Loki brings Thor um, to this area and she attacks them. Uh, thanks him for you know the heads up, obviously, in dealing with this, uh, and kind of proves at least temporarily that he's on the up and up. But she does mention how uh, he's going to keep an eye, or she's going to keep an eye on him. I'm mixing these two up here. <laughs> Usually, I can just say he for both of them. <laughs> uh, I like that you get to see that, like you know, and he says when he says uh, bye to her and he's like Dr. Foster, you know, like, cause he knows who she is now because, he, because of becoming the Sorcerer Supreme, he can see everything, you know? So nobody can hide any secrets. Yeah. He like anymore. sees through the helmet. Yeah. He, he kind of has this, uh, knowledge of everything. Basically he mentions the Sorcerer Supreme sees everything, knows all the secrets basically. Um, so yeah, she goes off to fight the frost giants, keep them from their attack. And then we kind of move to our last act of the story here. Um, and it's Scarlet Witch, you know, after fresh off her bar visit with Loki and she confronts Dr. Strange and he's kind of look, looks like initially he's just running a regular practice, the doctor's office. And she's like, you know, you need to come back. You need to take your position back. Uh, he's like, you know, basically I retired. Um, and this isn't the first time they've had like this exact same talk. You get the hint. I've told you, yeah, I'm, I didn't really want to ever be Sorcerer Supreme. It was something I did. He's like, you know, I, I never really wanted to be a venture, uh, an Avenger. It was something I did. Uh, I just really wanted to get my hands fixed so I could continue helping people. Uh, you know, this really kind of aggravates, pisses off Scarlet Witch. She feels like leaving this in Loki's hands is not the best decision. You know, I don't think too many people would argue with her there. Uh, but Dr. Strange is like, you know, I'm told he's doing a fine job. You know, the, the rumor about town, I guess, is <laughs> he's doing just fine and, and maybe even better than Dr. Strange was doing um, at a point. And she's like, uh, when you get tired of running your Dr. Doolittle do operation, let me know. And, uh, you know, Dr. Strange looks down at this dog. You get the hint he's not running a actual doctor's office. He's running a veterinary clinic. And the dog, yeah, Dr. Doolittle's him. He talks. Uh, <laughs> Dr. like, what's Dr. Doolittle? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know what the hell it is. Uh, he's like, oh, Dr. Strange explains it. He's like, oh, that's a pretty good joke. <laughs> that's my dog voice, by the way. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, bye oh, bye, or forget. What do you it's think one of those droopy it? dogs, so it sounds like it was. Yeah, it, well, I'm trying to think of what. Uh, was there a cartoon this type of dog was in, or what's this type of dog famous yeah, for? It was a Hanna Barbera, um, a Hanna Barbera cartoon. Yeah, um, the dude with kind of like the scruffy red hair on top, right? Yeah, I think so. He's he's got that weird, droopy voice. Droopy dog? Is that just? Droopy I think that's dog? his name. I think that yeah, might be that's... his name. Yeah. That's the kind of dog this is, and I don't, you know. Uh, but anyway, um, that's how this issue wraps up uh, on an enjoyable little cliffhanger there, kind of coming full circle with uh, who's in what position of power and where all the characters really are at this point in time. Um, you know, it, it, it's something you 
not necessarily had to read back issues for it. Does a good job of catching you up and moving things forward at the same time. But I mean, it does help if you understand the concept of how there's really not much magic around and and how what everyone thinks Loki is doing would be so bad and, and off-putting at first. Um, because you know they they're really like scrounging and using the littlest bits of magic they could find and. and even paying the price for that for that right now because because of, of the events that have went down, so yeah, it does a good job of tying everything together and, and moving things forward in an interesting direction with Loki. Um, you know, I'm interested to see how that all goes and <laughs> Doctor Strange as a veterinarian with, with uh, just a full like professional esque beard. You know, not his his uh, corny goatee. You know what I'm saying? Is <laughs> is yeah. Uh, he looked, he's- He's all clean cut. I'm trying too. to think of who he reminds me, who he looks like right now. And there's nothing jogging in my head immediately, but he he looks like somebody that I can't think, uh, put my finger on right now. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I mean, the art was good. It stays uh, kind of in a similar style that we've been getting from Doctor Strange while being different. I really think it resembles a lot of what the first arc looked like while being different people. Um, I'm not the best at remembering art teams on books. Trevor's a little better at that than I am. So uh, it, it's like stayed in a consistent style, though, you know. So this is a yeah, good know. collection to have like a trade collection of, and there's no jarring really changes. Uh, it's kind of like a good long story that that started from the beginning of all new, all different, and I've really enjoyed. It, and, and this continues to be a buy for me, uh, and one of the better legacy issues. Um, so far that I've read, so I'm excited to read some more Donnie, Donnie Coates uh, on Doctor Strange and, and other books moving forward from Marvel. So uh, that hopefully gives Rosenberg and Brisson a break because those two feel like they're writing every other book besides this yeah, one right now. So They're doing a great job. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I'm not saying it's bad. It's just like every new book that comes out, it's either Rosenberg or Brisson. Rosenberg or Brisson. And I know, it's true. It's so true. And, and Cates is He's writing a ton of books right now too. He's got like a book at Boom, uh, a book at Image. Like he's got, uh, he's got like three or four indie books going right now. On top of this, and he's going to be doing Thanos. So um, yeah, he's going to be doing Thanos with the the artist that he did God Country with. So they got a full on Image creative team on Thanos. So I'm I can't wait to see how that comes out. They seem to just be picking up all the indie artists and letting them do whatever they want on these books. So I mean that's pretty good. Um, I really loved this book. I found out in the earlier runs uh, that um, magic's coming. It'll come back, and it's coming back, and it'll come back stronger than it was before. But it's just taking a little time, you know. Yeah, it's got to like find new objects because that the guy, the villain yeah. from the first arc, um, his name is escaping me. The I can't remember any names today. My brain is like just a noodle, but um. I know what they're called. I just don't know what the main villain's name was. Yeah, I he, he was like destroying Pinnacle. any object that had ties to magic. So, so yeah, I imagine you know the magic will come back. It just has to find new things to and to possess. And they have to create you know? new spells. Like that's the big. That was the biggest problem for Doctor Strange is that they have to. He you know he knows all the old spells and he has to create all new spells for everything. So it, that's why it takes so much time to start from fucking scratch after literally thousands of years of magic um and I, I agree with you on the art i really like 
from Chris Pacello to Kevin Nolan to Nico Henrikan to uh, Gabriel Hernandez Walther. Those are like all the artists that worked on Doctor Strange from Jason Iron to now, and and all the art styles kind of um, you know they they fit each other and they fit the, yeah. the tone and style of the book really really well. So yeah. Really it's not do. like the Marvel House style, but it's like a book style almost. They, they yeah, yeah. Here, you know what I'm saying? Definitely the book style. And, and, and for the world that he lives in with like all the crazy like mushroom acid trip shit that goes on in this book, like they picked the right artists like for that. <clears throat> I, I loved this. I loved every moment of it. I, I like the previous Doctor Strange run. You don't really feel like like it, it skips a beat like you know what i mean from jason aaron to now it feels like it's just continuing you know what i mean yeah um i liked uh i, I liked certain things like when they talk about um how now there's regular food in the fridge instead of like all that shit that dr strange usually eats like rats <laughs> yeah. and eyeballs and interdimensional animals and insects like all I that remember stuff. the one point he was eating like uh i don't know space octopus or something, I don't know, something yeah weird, oh, some... such disgusting <laughs> shit and uh, I remember um, there was an issue where he got stuck in a nightmare world, and his nightmare was like him living in a mansion with all these hot women around. And he opens the fridge, and it's like all this regular food. And he's and he looks at it, and he can't even get hungry. And then he sees all this disgusting shit, and he and he's like, he's like, you know, all this stuff looks really, really gross, but for some reason my stomach's growling, like I want to eat it. <laughs> it's just so fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, there was something else Loki mentioned that I, I'm just drawing a blank on right now that was uh, kind of cool. But yeah, there I, was a lot of talking in this book, but it was all it, it wasn't like um, not even necessarily bad. I'm not even talking like dialogue wise, but it was like informative and not boring. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they, it came yeah, across as definitely. interesting. So like it was, it was everything book, was like the rules. Book. Yeah, everything everything in conversation was rules you needed to know. Um, catching you up on stuff that you might not have known that happened in the previous run. Like everything was, <clears throat> it was like near perfect. This, I loved yeah, it. It was, it was definitely, issue. yeah, it was a really good issue. I, I really enjoyed reading it. I read it between three o'clock this morning. Cause I, I was holding off because I wanted to, um, I was a little behind on the past run. So I wanted to catch up. So I got caught up uh, just in case uh, they referenced anything from Jason Aaron's run. And between three o'clock in the morning and now, I probably read it like three times. I, I really, really enjoyed it. So definitely a buy for me too. Yeah. So uh, check out Doctor Strange. Oh. Whoop, one thing whoop. I wanted to say. Sorry. One thing I wanted to say is that you know, in every not just Guardians of the Galaxy, but other books, Loki has been out there looking for the Infinity Stones. So yeah. I, I just, I get a feeling because you know it's it's going to be all encompassing that. He's using he's he got this position and he's using this position to somehow like help him find the stones like you know so we'll see about that but it just sounds like it, it would happen like that's something he would do yeah I think that's kind of what you know from seeing what he was up to in the le the legacy one shot to uh, you know what the bigger overall picture for the Marvel universe going on right now with the stones is I I think he's up to something with that and. He, he yeah. bet you he knows where they all are since he even hinted at he knows almost everything. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see where all that leads. Uh, and yeah, that that kind of more stonish type story comes out in February. I guess they released a teaser this week, so uh, we'll get into that on three and three more books in Marvel Madness. 
Um, so check that out later on if you want to hear some more Marvel talk. But yeah, if you guys are looking for us throughout the week, you can find me on Twitter at always at bmer three six six zero. Trevor, where can they find you, man? You can find me at Afranatict. All right, and we will talk to you guys next week. Poll will be up on Monday. I to- I literally like blanked on it this week. Uh, so it went up late like Wednesday so yeah look for it on its usual day Monday this week I'll remember that I'm off tomorrow Uh, and yeah we'll talk next week guys peace out What we used to call the green section, but well, we don't have a lot of green books. Uh, yes, it's yeah. It's DC the, really messed us up on our green section, now, didn't it's they? It's the section formerly known as the green section, Eric. God, uh, I love yeah, this section. it's it's weird too because I'm looking at it. It's I don't even know that green is like the least color in this section going forward, but. We'll still call it the green section, right? Because we no. are going to start with a green book. But before we do that, Eric, that means we have this to listen a, to a little. This is the Green Knight trend section. Yes. Yeah. Well, here we go. Here's a little wrong turn for you. Wrong turn. Brightest day and brightest night. No evil escape my sight. No warthards. What the word? Evil mites. I don't know. Beware of my power, green's light. Green's light. Uh, warthards. <laughs> oh, wrong turn. Stupid fucking round face. Oh, wrong turn. You've done it again. But yes, uh, <laughs> Eric, we're going to start with the Green Lanterns. Give me your blurb. Green Lanterns number 35, written by Tim Seeley, with art by Carlo Barbary, Matt Santarelli, Ulysses Ariola, and Dave Sharp. Paul Funk is in town for a few days to... Plead for the Green Lantern's help because some crazy alien bitch named Singularity Jane is looking for Bullfunga to pay his debt to her for getting him released from the science cell. But the payment's too damn high, Jim, because he's supposed Ooh, to kill his Is father. the rent too damn high? Is that what you're too saying? Damn high. Oh, my goodness. This is all weird, though, because John Stewart says that Bullfunga's full of shit, so who knows what's actually going on in the story. I believe Bullfunga because he looks very, very he's, upset. He's very uh, upset. He's very upset. He also kind he's of does. He's half the man he used to be. Well, he is half the man he used to be. He's also pretty much Dread Pirate Roberts, who's basically all based on just rumors and hearsay that he has started. Uh, and I like that. I like the whole deal with Bullfunga pretty much saying throughout this is like, yeah, you know, all that shit that, you know, I always yell out, which what I've been yelling out Bullfunga? all issue. 
Uh, yeah, that's not true. I, I talk a big game because that's how I get around. That's how you make yourself, you know, big in this universe. But yeah. when push comes to shove, uh, I'm not as Some people go around good. saying they're America's sweetheart. They might not actually yeah, some be, people but they're going to go know. around and say it. Well, Melissa Joan Hart does follow you. That makes you America's sweetheart. That's all it mm. does. And D. Wallace. So you do have a backup plan for and it as he's well. On date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He follows me as well, Eric. Or right. us. So, you know, I can I say that weird science is America's sweetheart at some point, though Melissa Joan Hart will not get anywhere near me, Eric. No. And there you know, I, there may be papers that make me not get near her. Uh but we start <laughs> Car- off here. Carissa explained it all in court. <laughs> yes, yes, in court. She explained it all all right. And it really screwed me. But you you go into this and we have what you wanted, Eric. You get Jessica working, but it only leads to not much work. I'm and She better not have a job after this. Yeah, yeah, because really it seems like they should be able to see what happened and all that. Plus, I don't know. That whole, you know, really pushing the idea of her eating squirrel kind of threw me off a little, even if it was something. Why are they pushing that so much? I don't know. It seemed like that had to be something that they really thought was either funny or they wanted to go with it. I don't know. It seemed very pushed, but she's been there. We thought that this was going to happen where she is in the kitchen. And I'm telling you, the cook, I thought she was going to be washing dishes. Like, that's not the greatest. Being a cook, though... It's not that bad, but she's too much seems, responsibility. Yeah, you but now food I'm telling you, it's weird though because of her anxiety. Now, yes, it seems like maybe she's using this as a springboard of uh, I'm getting better. I'm trying to get this, and the only way to do it is to get jump in the fire. Where you have her there with her anxiety, but yet she's really, really pushing to be dealing with people. Now, again, she has almost like well, a generalized that, anxiety. I'm saying, the not cook, social. I'm sure, makes more than a waitress, but she's yeah. a smoking hot woman. You get it out there, you're going to make She thinks she wants tips. tips. I don't know. This seems like a diner. This isn't, you know, Chez Paris here, Eric. This is a eat a Joe's diner. I'd say diner. more at a diner you get bigger tips for this. No, not a you, – you kidding me? You think that if you're at a, a, a place where you're waiting on people and their bill is $500 and the people there can afford that, you're not going to get tips? I mean, yeah, you'll get tips, but it's going to be a lot of quantity to get those tips. But I'm telling you, I would just – I am one where I like a steady pay. Right, I I need to. I'm not going to be like, okay. I hope. Are it's you telling busy me that tonight. you don't tip? Is that where all this is coming from? No, I do tip. I actually, as being a cheap ass guy, I do actually tip. Probably, you know, I don't even figure it out. I, I give a very good it's amount. It's five percent. I got you. Yeah, no, no, three. Eric, what do you think I am, a Rockefeller? No, I do tip. But what I'm saying is, with her and all this, uh, she knows that she is a Green Lantern. I I don't think she's forgotten that. And no. the whole thing is like. I don't know why she's pushing anything. Just having a job is something uh, while being a Green Lantern, but she's really pushing it. And I'll say, for uh, in general, I think that the art is decent in this issue. Uh, Jessica it. seems like she's 16 in this beginning. I mean, she looks like a little girl at one point, so it did throw me off. Also, I just want somebody to be like, oh, you know, yeah, you're doing good in the kitchen, but – What's up with that green ring you're wearing over there? Like right there, there, Jessica. But yeah, you, you just go on. This is Balfunga. my flair, but I just yeah. want to know how Balfunga got to this specific diner that Jessica happened to work Maybe at to find a green Maybe he can track the ring. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. 
he shows up and he shows up talking as trash. And it's funny too because basically he's yelling about being Bofunga. He's there to for this Green Lantern. I went the Green Lantern of Earth, whatever. Bofunga, son of Voth, who after seeing me cut off his own Weasland, knowing that he yeah. would never achieve the perfection of his first son. Yeah, and basically he gets the Bofunga who? Bofunga, whose <laughs> name the planet's Quake and the stars extinguish themselves in hosts of fire. <laughs> the thing is great though. He oh, shows Bofunga. up. He's got a sword. An axe and a megaphone, Eric. And as we know, and a lot of grenades. As we know, his most dangerous weapon is his megaphone or possibly the spiked knee pads that he's running around in. But, yeah, people are just running. Uh, Jessica comes flying out of nowhere, tells him to shut up. I believe that now there is no diner left to work at. I mean, he at least goes out. Yes, done. And uh, even if it's not done, I would believe she would go back and they're like, nope, there's no work today. Uh, I am out of business now. Uh, but yeah, it's okay. But really, it, it spells out really what I say about these, you know, especially Green Lanterns like this, but superheroes in general. You're just asking for trouble, getting them jobs because you don't want to deal with that really. You, you want to do the superhero thing. I want so to see Jessica 9 to 5 in it. Yeah, well, you can enjoy that. That'll be that'll be the new book. Jessica Cruz nine to five. That's the book you want, really. And and somehow she goes, you know, working nine to five. She's there with Cyborg. They they can go in that whatever it's called, the digital multiverse. You you could go in with that digital universe. But yeah, then you go and you see that Simon's getting busy. He's yeah. up. He's up there because in that his new sanctuary superhero house. dating app. Yeah, the, the dating app. <laughs> Nonsense. But yeah, she, he's there. He's there with a the hot chick. They wake up. He gets you know, that New York the hero, ring. the freaking night pilot. Yeah, night pilot. And like, and and it's funny because you're there, and what he has a Green Lantern. He goes on the superhero dating site, which I'd love to come up with a very fancy name for and, and wow yes, people bro. with my wit. But uh, I'm not going to do that, Eric. And now I'm trying to think as I'm talking. But he's there, and the lady wakes up. He wakes up when he gets this alert. He's the you know Green Lantern. And then he gets his outfit on. She gets dressed to go. She's like, yeah, can you just take me home uh, before you go? And he's like, you know what? This was pretty cool. You know, I, I had a good time or whatever. And then she just throws shade and like, yeah, I don't know. I'm a little too old to date a man who's you know squatting and i'd be like okay green lantern night pilot he's squatting squat on this <laughs> yeah yeah bitch because yeah hey, night pilot's uh, probably got a job at her own yeah, goddamn night place pilot may though. have a job but it really okay you live in a rundown apartment night pilot i live in a green lantern sanctuary in, in space i mean it may be squatting number one how would she know that she would just oh this is a pretty cool apartment for a green lantern what he talks a lot about himself on first dates that well it, it's just a little bit too much like forced to make simon the sad sad then because of well, that, it's not where... even that it's like as soon as she goes to the bathroom before they head back home like to earth and shit like that it's like hey ring remind me to call that cute friggin girl yeah. from Mungar next you know because i'm telling you simon he isn't looking for a long-term thing this was fun if he got a second well, date, again cool, and but that's not, that's the britney spears prospects, space baby. britney spears that's only to set up what we're gonna get because then we go off to the planet we had that With dangling thread there and that's all that's for. So you, you, I guess maybe you get this woman here with this app where you're going to show that. I don't know. I don't know what that I does for Simon. Just makes him a player. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be a player hater. 
<laughs> I'm telling you, it's just so weird where you want to make him feel like a sad sack. But to me, there's no sad sack where he is and where he's living. It's it's just really odd for a night pilot to throw shade at one of the two Earth Green Lanterns. I really wish saying, that he would have come I'm an back Earth with Green that. Lantern and I was living in my mother's basement. Is there well, no that's what they want to make it. They want to make this be the equivalent of a Green Lantern living in their mother's basement. But my mother's basement is not in space in a lantern flying around. So things are weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool, though. I don't know. I think that she's selling him short. Uh, but, yeah, you go from I there. I think he and then... sold himself short when he took his pants off. I know yeah. why she don't want that second date. Yeah, and then I want to see how things are going on Angara. Off we go, Eric. Said and we nobody see. ever. Yeah, said nobody. But we do go back there. And this is where there's this issue of just names being thrown out. That I'm telling like... you, I wish I could tell you that anybody's name <laughs> yeah. uh, on the planet oh, Angara. Yeah. I, I could say the regent lady who is Britney Spears of the planet's you know, uh, mother. adopted mother. Yeah, adopted mother. But yeah, and, even that, that's all I got. That's all I got. Yeah. And Britney Spears of and space. And Commodore Sight because she says it when they see yes. the dead body. And you know that the bad guy is in the crowd who looks on once they realize that they he has placed all this wrapping around the dead body yeah. to make it look like the Molites are the like ones the who mole. killed him. So. And he's smiling. So I know that guy over there. I know <laughs> yeah, he's that the guy. bad guy. Don't it's that guy there. Smiling but, from I, his I guy, the guy. The only guy with a hoodie on. It's him. Uh, but yeah, with this, all this is is that continuation of that where where the Angarans, you know, that, that there's that, you know, little bit of a faction that's against the Molites, especially now that they're there because they saved them and brought them to the planet and all of this. But like you and, said, and the guy who, who brings wants the regent, the guy who yeah. brings the regent to the dead body, his name is Vigiles Tet. Yeah, yeah, yeah Vigiles Tet. Tet. Yeah, Vigiles. You know, you know, not Commodore Sight, who's yeah, dead I don't now. Know, you know, and then at one point, he's just chewing on a glow stick. I don't know what's going on here, but yeah, you go, and I'm I'm not really that interested in that. But I'm yet. saying it's not Lilith Vak who is the pop star of Angara. Please stop. <laughs> no, of course it isn't her. But yeah, we go up, then we go back Fuck to we go back to Simon, then, and he's going and he's tracking down Bofunga and Jessica. All this, and he goes, and Jessica is in the woods with a construct rifle. Uh, you know, and he thinks she's hunting squirrel, the second version of squirrel. Now, I will also tell you, I don't care where they are or whatnot. You go and talk to a guy who runs a diner and then says, hey, listen, you know, I, I've been in the, the cooking all this, but I want to get amongst the people, you know. Just because I sat around all the time eating squirrel, I'm not that bad. I'm like, what? Squirrel? I, I'm like, why you, am I, I having really you the feel cook? Like the amount of times we're mentioning the squirrel bit, I really feel like I'm missing something. Like we had this whole yeah. idea of Jessica – you know, she witnessed her friends being murdered when they all went out hiking. Now, was it a thing that I'm just forgetting where well, she was yeah, stuck in the woods? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Squirrel? I don't remember. I don't know because I, in my mind, she, like, witnessed this murder. She went and back went and she was in hiding. To me. Yeah. Exactly. She was in her apartment catatonic for a long time. I don't think she's catching and freaking cooking squirrel yeah, from I her apartment. Yeah, I don't know. It just They're seems like a thing. They're not out enough. It's, it's a weird. thing right away, you know, in this. And even if it was said before, you don't have to, like, all of a sudden push this. I, I really don't get it. What pancakes? Well, yeah, really. Pancakes are her second favorite to squirrel. I have eaten squirrel. It's not bad, but I'm going to no. pick pancakes over it every time. Yeah, I've had squirrel. It was It was okay. I yeah. hate to say it, but it kind of tastes like chicken to me. But you, you go, <laughs> and they're, they're there, and they're, you know, Bofunga shows up. He starts yelling, and it's this whole thing of Bofunga's strong. Bofunga wants this. Bofunga, Bofunga needs your help because they end up in basically a set-up Bofunga safe house. They, he yeah. ends up fighting they them. They run toward... inside what they believe to be a cabin, but it turns out to be Bofunga's shit now, just before, to look like before that. Before this goes on – 
It, there's a very odd thing because Tim Seeley's going and he wants you to have this deal where Jessica's like, something's off with Bofunga. He, the way he's talking, it doesn't match up. Like he's trying to tell me something. And then I'm you, reading the dialogue and I never, ever get that. And they're, they're not that connected to Bofunga. That's the problem is you're like, well, how would she know this? Like if, if it was a friend of Bofunga's, then maybe. But even so, it wasn't spelled out enough even in the dialogue for me to read it. No. Go, oh, I get it. I get it. But no, honestly, you didn't really I thought get this it. was just Tim Seeley's imagining of Bofunga because at this point in time going into this, oh, like this arc, this issue, whatever, Bofunga should be in a science cell yes. on Mogo for where last we left him on yep. freaking like in How Jordan the Green Lantern Corps, which, where he which was they not do acting explain. like this Bofunga. Yeah, and they do explain a bit because they say basically John Stewart's story is he got all, all, off on a technicality, but when they go into the safe house that looks like a cabin in the woods, they point yeah. out they go in, and that's where Bofunga's like, "Good, you know what." They can't hear us in here. I, I can tell you I need your help and then explains, listen, I was in the science cells. I was in this, you know, and you get that. So at least you can be yeah. like, OK, the I got story it. All from how Jordan yeah. the Green Lantern Corps that got us into the whole thing where they, yep. he tried to blackmail John Stewart, the whole thing of uh, Romat Rue, who Romat was killed Rue. and shit like that. Yep. And then like, you know, John even said in that issue, look. You're going to stay in a science cell. I'm going to yep. make it known that you tried to freaking make a deal to get yourself out of prison. So yeah. everybody who's in the science cells with him, they start kicking his yeah, ass Yeah, because in this is the thing in that is this is the point where John was trying to get the Yellow Lanterns and the Green Lanterns together. And yeah. to do that, he was really kind of ducking the, the law and doing some things that were really bad. And that was probably one of the worst where this was the biggest crime Bofunga did was know – what was going on and know the truth that would really rip apart the yellow and green lanterns, which it ended up anyway. But when John put him in, it was like one of those things like, boy, he, he's kind of stepping over his bounds here and really going bad. I think that this ends up kind of wiping that clean. Maybe they didn't want to go forward with it in the Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern book. So this was kind of a way out of it because, yeah, yeah all of a sudden he got out. But, yeah, they even say and what the, the thing that I did like was Bofunga's explaining, you know, I'm in this this prison. I've been special spouting off a lot they figured out my ruse i'm really not that tough and it turns I'm really out not like you know great. i might have said to some of my like mates when i was drinking yeah, outside so of prison weird. before how i may not have done everything that i claimed yeah. to do and they yeah. told everybody and then they just started kicking the shit out yeah, of me because they were there and kind of heard things and stuff like that and then yeah then you go and i i don't know why uh and it's the sephi the Cephid brethren the you know the raiders that yeah. is part of that gang but really is tim seeley just does he love throwing names at us now because he's like you know what that i didn't have the endurance that laoloti and lava limpet thought i did and, and Clobo then uh, globo food and you know Rivera, Rivera with the 18 arms i'm like really you're gonna throw these out but basically he got taken out by he was saved pretty much uh, by what's her name? You Singularity Jane. Singularity Jane, who uh, you know ended up getting him out. Which later on, John Stewart's like, no, 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 he got out in the technicality. Which is I don't weird, know I'm telling you, because it's about. all this thing is she comes to him and says, look. I can get you out of these science cells. It's just for a small payment. You just yeah, have to it's like to do it. the like, whole mob thing. You know, exactly. I'm going to have he, a favor. He agrees, but the thing is, they never tell us how Singularity Jane got him out of no, prison. No, so, so it like, could have been a technicality. Does she create then? a goddamn, like, you know, a technicality or, or yeah. like a 
perception filter that makes him think he was let go of the technicality? Yeah, I don't know. I don't or, know. you know, I don't know. Maybe the technicality was that Singularity Jane kind of knows the deal of, you know, I know you fucked around, John Stewart. You better let him out or I'm going to fucking tell. And then he's like, okay, technicality, he's out. But yeah, as this is going on, you see that he ends up, and it didn't take long. It seemed like he got out of prison and immediately was the, this favor came really quick. You know, usually the mob thing is like, I may I may never even come to you, but if I do, I'll have a favor that you'll have to do. It might be years, whatever. This is like a minute. He's out, and he gets the call that he has to kill his father. And Off the uh, this, unkillable. Yeah, yeah, and basically now he doesn't want to do that. He needs the Green Lantern's help. And because Singularity Jane is going to come and kill him if he doesn't yeah, do the now, job. Now, again, it's like, is this because this is where his dad was on Earth? Like, I want to know the concept of why he went to the Earth Lanterns. Because even at a point, he's like kind of throwing shade at Earth anyway. Yeah, and, I don't think that Boff was on this point. I think he got his father, came to Earth. Yeah, and this is what the, I don't know why he – now he might be on the run trying to hide him, and he thinks Earth's the great place. Well, we see Singularity Jane's on Earth anyway, so he's fucked. But yeah, if he is telling the truth here, which Jon Stewart says, no, he lies. You know, That's his well, like biggest this, the thing. The story he is lies. complete bullshit, he says, because yeah. evidence is willfully provided that used in a murder conviction, Bofunga got off at a technicality with the help of a pro bono universal liberties advocate named Lita Blop. Not yeah. Singularity Jane. Yeah, yeah. So you have that. In the meantime, you do have Arrest Tim Sealy going to the – He goes to the Green Lanterns 101, the, you know, the Green Lanterns for Dummies, where they're talking like, oh, I heard Bofunga hates Guy Gardner. Can't be that bad. I'm like, really? Yeah, Are we going to continue this? This is nonsense. Uh, but as this is going on, you see Singularity Jane is on Earth, ends up asking a, a trucker for a kiss, and pretty much sucks everything out of him. He is now just there like a – you know know nothing left of him just laying on the road so you have that but really yeah he is gross but really this whole thing is Bofunga has his dad he wants the Green Lanterns to help him uh you know save this whole deal uh but yeah that's that's about it and they are like you know that's where they show even they got the the you failed me the price is your own life now that disappears but yeah you, you have all this and it's okay I, I, that's the thing is i want to know what's going on in the story but it's like we're given so many things we jump back and yeah. forth to like so many aspects but we're not given really anything with it and so you, I'm telling yeah. this bowl funga thing it's interesting at first until you it's find out you know funny. you find out there's a twist at the end because this whole story could be bullshit it could yeah. be real I don't know. And That's John wants him, though. John just pretty much orders them, arrest him. Yeah. yeah, arrest him now. He's breaking his probation. He's out and of sector. The, the thing that makes me laugh is at, at the end where Singularity Jane does suck the life and everything else out of this trucker and walks away uh, with the trucker hat she's putting on then. For some reason, I'm like – and it wasn't Tim Seeley. This is when Sam Humphreys. But it's so similar to that cliffhanger with Frank Lemensky where we yeah. get this whole deal. We get this buildup, and then all of a sudden Frank Lem- who I'm going to get what's mine. And I'm like, OK. It just seems so – even though it's a different writer, it just seems like such a cliched thing in this book, how it goes. And yeah, this issue to me, if anything, it just had too much going on. I don't as, need as to As the other have... issues in my mind, I'm telling you, right now this whole like beginning arc that Tim he's doing i don't know how many arcs you know if that was a yeah. two issue arc that we had before going into this one the whole bofunga arc whatever there's all these things he's jamming down our throats without a lot yeah. of background yeah. to it. like we had this whole thing on ungara i could give a fuck less well, about and that's the weird it's something thing that we're about gonna go ungara. back and deal with that we have to keep dealing with right now when we're dealing with bofunga yeah and we don't know if the story's true or false at this point and we have singularity jane on earth and now we have to yeah. take Bofunga back to Mogo probably, so I don't know yeah, what's I, going and, on Yeah, and what's book. weird about it is I can only assume, now it may be different, but the way it's set up to me is that Simon will go off 
to Angara. You know, he's going to go off and and well, the, he don't have the, a job, Jim. He well, and that's that the problem is you already have set up this job, so it already kind of puts them apart. So you're having you're going to have Jessica by herself a lot with this job if it continues. And then Simon's not. Oh, you know what? Since you're at your job, I'm going to go check out Britney Spears in space. Go off, kind of deal with that. And I just wonder why are you having two Green Lanterns in a book? And now it seems like everything that's going on is trying to separate them. And uh, you know, I want them more together. If you're going to do that, if you're not, then just get Simon out of the book. Just go back to it being Green Lantern, Jessica, whoever, or whatever you do. But it just it seems like this book is heading for them to be separated to the point where you know they're off doing their own things. And they're going to be don't separated really like to that. the point where they realize we really need to stick together. Yeah, here. well, I told you the minute that you have Hal Jordan come down and say, "Hey guys, you know what? You prove that you guys are a team. I'm going to separate this battery. You each get your own batteries. The the book is done as it is." That'll be getting out because they never deal with it. Yeah, it's weird too because usually when you have Tim Seeley jumping in, and usually when you have a new writer jump in with stuff, you will get that greatest hits. It's very odd he hasn't shown that yet. So again, there's things in this book that are like, do you think that's still a thing or or whatnot? But what did you give it? I yeah. gave this issue yeah. a six out of Green ten. Green like, reborn. Yeah, yes. I, uh, I gave this issue a six out of ten because I enjoyed the art and I, I do want to see where it's going. It's just. It's not all that enjoyable because they really force the humor aspect, and I mean yeah. like force feed it down your goddamn throat, which yeah. takes away the goddamn enjoyment for me. And there's just a lot of stuff going on at the same time, not a lot of stuff going on, so it's a very odd combination. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of the uh, what I would summarize all this since Tim Seeley took it over. Now, again, you got to give the guy, you know, a couple issues of arc or whatever issues. to get things. That's what well, I always do, baby. Now, I'm telling you, even with the new guy, I'm saying us. It's not like we're buying it, we're getting review copies, but for the, you know, to be fair. You know, he has to kind of tie up some of the things that were going on and stuff, and then you can go forward and see where his story's going fully, if that is the case. But yeah, this is, it's not that fun to me. It's forced humor, like you said. I don't even like Jessica working at a job the way they set it up and just prove my point. pregnant for you, right? Prove my point. No, prove my point by Ah. two two pages in. She wrecks the diner she's working at. You know, you would think that that's done. But uh, yeah, it's the art's okay. I, I liked it more after Jessica looked like she was 12 and then you know went on and it's good and i thought bullfunga i like that characterization of him if it's yeah. true that he's like you know what i'm i talk big but that that's just so that i can kind of get my way uh they knew I about it did. Well. i just i just wonder though why bullfunga would ever tell anybody especially the people he is you know yeah he might consider him friends but he was their leader and why would you let your people your underlings know hey you Jim, know what Jim, i'm really not that strong if you enjoy the drink it really opens yeah, it might be. Mouth a bit, yeah, you know? it might be. But I'll, I'll give it a six out of ten as well. As we uh, all learn, loose lips sink shit. You get your ass kicked in prison. Is that what you? That's what you say. Wait a minute. Is that or do you say that? Segregation, Reggie. Is that way? That's some See? drunk. There's some loose exactly. lips right this there. This is what happens. Who is laughing? I hate yeah, that. You're right. You, you are right. I see what you're saying now. In the now. DC universe. Uh, let's go on to your next book, Eric. Uh, you know, uh, my favorite character of all time. And yes, that's a hint to let you know the order of the books, because I don't know. If we talked about that. What are we talking about, Eric? Nightwing number 33, written by Tim Celia with art by Javier Fernandez, Chris Sotomayor, and Carlos M. Mengual. Raptor's plan is made clear in this issue as him and Pigeon set up carrier birds to release the blockbuster serum all throughout Bloodhaven. But sadly, our hero is a little busy at the moment, fighting for his life and with Roland Desmond as the two try to make sure that more blockbusters don't make their way out of the casino. Thankfully, the runoffs are out and about, but I think this is a little bit too much for them to handle. 
Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This issue really didn't get me going much. I'm telling uh, you, it's, it's really disappointing, too, because yeah, we're stuck is. in the casino the entire time just jabber-jawing with all yeah, these threats. Yeah, it's pretty much jabber-jawing. We That's, don't and, do anything except for just stay in a casino and talk about what's going on that you really want to see. Yeah, and you want to see it, and also you, you just have the, the talking is just, you know, Roland saying, hey, I knew that you weren't right for, you know, uh, the blood because you won't go the, the extra mile. Yeah, it's the standard thing that well, any bad family too, member we, gets. We, we had to have the stand around talking, but yeah, we have this, you know, four stuff in the background where they yeah. are fighting, but it is essentially standing around talking. We have to get all the exposition out of the way because oh, we have the final issue, next issue, so we have to get all the stuff out of the way where we find out that, you know, Roland Desmond, since all the secondhand guns were destroyed, yeah. he needed to find an upper hand to keep all the other gangs, or like Metropolis, Gotham, yes. all these other people out of Bloodhaven to give the Bloodhaven gangs the upper hand. So he started mass producing the Bloodhaven serum. I mean, yep. the Blockbuster serum. The Blockbuster serum. Raptor stole all of that and then burned the antidote. So he and, has all and that. Also, and that's how he's turning the, like, the people of Bloodhaven into these goddamn yeah, monsters. Yeah, and he even spells it out so that you really know. It's like, because he is the smart blockbuster like his brother is the moron blockbuster with yeah. just the full he is the blockbuster able to maintain his his mind and he manufactured these new this new serum yes. to be more like his to brother more like the old he said rage. i took yeah. yeah and he's like i took out the smarts yeah. and put in the rage and that that so all these people have turned you have them they're just giant blockbusters so it is uh, the concept of it to me is pretty damn cool where you had and you even said like oh man this is a smarter blockbuster that's yeah. awesome that's cool i also like the idea that he has made pretty much a city of blockbusters at least they're trying to do that well, that's the thing and, yeah. i like blockbusters film but like back in the nightwing in the 90s kind of thing when we had this roland desmond blockbuster he was the smart one i'm like yeah that is it's almost like you know nightwing's bane at this point and i really enjoyed that character yeah. I, was, that's I just why like I the so idea of a, even a whole city of them that that's right. what you know ends up being what raptor wants but again even roland spells it out in this where he kind of explains you know i don't know about that raptor he don't care about nobody and it's like why, why are we continuing to force – like you have forced Raptor on us at the beginning of this, this better-than-Batman story at the beginning of Nightwing where it was you know, he had this and he cared about that and all this stuff. And that has completely been washed away to basically be a super – not even a supervillain, just this evil guy who wants to just burn everything. And it, it's just – it threw me off. Well, I'm and, sorry, and, it's not me a little bit. I actually like the one time we really do see Raptor and he, he is very upset because he's talking yes. to Pigeon now that they're getting everything set up for the – final like raptors revenge kind of plan yeah. and he like, did see he cannot yeah. understand he had the opportunity but he could still not kill nightwing yeah and he could kill him fucking crazy yep. and you know and he said I like he has this unhinged yeah. raptor because he did have this code he had all these plans and shit like this somehow nightwing being like the son of you know mary friggin um mary grayson grayson yeah it is really driving him nuts because he has this connection to mary grayson but he cannot stop this guy or like this nightwing yeah. Or make him see reason the way he believes to be, and it is just making him unhinged. He's lost all his courage. Yeah, I'm telling you, you know that himself. that's how it's going to end. It's going to end with pretty much Nightwing, like, you know, my mom would never have wanted you to do this, and that he will stop. And that's the setup where he went to, he says to Pigeon, I had him. I could have killed him. I couldn't. He has his mom's I don't eyes. Know I saw when his mom's goes and grabs eyes. Him, like, look, baby, baby. We'll kill him together. Like he yeah. seems to be all about it then. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm telling you, that's just him talking now, because that's sexy talk, Eric. That's just yeah, that's I, pillow talk, baby. Yeah, it is. Uh, but yeah, all the stuff. I mean, I'm telling you, half the issue is just pretty much, 
you're not good for, you know, the blood. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Oh, my God. These things. How'd you do it? Then pretty much nothing's going on. You do end up no, seeing Gorilla Grimm and Stallion. Through, we, we are moving our way through the casino to get to the upper floor so yeah. they can lock, lock the place down with a magnetic yeah, security they want to, lock it to make sure that none of the blockbusters get out and about on the street. Because a few have gone out. Stallion yeah. and Gorilla Grimm are Stallion taking care of them on the boardwalk. Taking care of them as, as much as they can. They're yeah. trying their hardest. And I like seeing them. But, yeah, they're not really doing much. It's just them going. and you It's know. just funny to me, too, because when we get to the point where Blockbuster and Nightwing are trying to get up the elevator and they're stopped by the Blockbuster out Tiger Shark, mm-hmm. it's just funny to me where Made everybody me started going all Blockbuster. He must have broken out of his aquarium holding cell. Yeah. And then I – so thirsty. Better get some I'm of this Bloody you, he Mary. He must have just been like, I need a Bloody Mary. Because he's even like, I drank, I drank the tasty blood. I'm like, really? That's the first thing you went to after getting out of that aquarium is you needed a bloody mary. He turns into a shark blockbuster man. Yeah, he's a shark. I don't know why, but he does. I don't know either. And that where we, me and you, were both wondering. The, one of our biggest mysteries of Rebirth so far is either if uh, if Tiger Shark is alive or dead because we've seen him almost die twice now in different books. In this three book times too. now. I don't even know. Yeah, so well, here but he that is. The dragon that, tattoo we the, saw in the last issue, that's gone. Yeah, the that's man gone. The dragon and tattoo, no longer. The, the other thing, the two things, though, you look, he has those bumps like you do on your arm. The, that crazy freaking, you know. Don't talk that, about that, that man. Yeah, that's that crazy deal you have. But the, the funniest thing is by the end of this, it looks like he falls down an elevator shaft to his death. Yeah. So we'll see him again. He, he always comes back. But, yeah, you have all this where you even have where uh, Roland kind of gets, you know, he takes his antidote. Then he's telling them all. You know, you get the whole deal I'm, I'm of what you, went on. That's just furthering the story, too, where we have to get the expedition to get everybody, like, like Nightwing finds out that Roland can't stay in the blockbuster form long because it actually yeah, hurts, it hurts him if he yes. does. But we also have the exposition where it's like, you know, to catch up where Nightwing did make a deal with Roland. If he helped him take out Raptor, he, he promised to get yes. out of the city. So the it looks city. like he's still going to honor this deal once yeah, everything yeah. is said and done. Yeah, I, th- I think when this when uh, Sam Humphreys takes over, he will be leaving Bloodhaven. So this and so that's angry. coming up. Uh, but yeah, at the point where it even seems like Roland at this point is like, okay, I have that deal. But you know what? I could kind of let Tiger Shark just take care of it anyway. Uh, but he doesn't. And I think it's only because he knows he needs Nightwing help anyway. So he does set these doors shut. That's where you have Tiger Shark is about to eat him, hits the door, and falls down the shaft there to his death. Maybe, but no. not. No, it won't no. be. Uh, but then as as it's going on, you have the whole lockdown that they were trying to do. And that's where you have Sean ending up to face her, calling yeah. Nightwing and like, hey, you know what? And it is kind of a funny role. And it's like, you talking to me? And like, hey, I'm on the phone. But yeah, she's like, we, we need your help. You know, and the face defacer and Nightwing were better together. We could do this. We got to take down Pigeon because she's working with Raptor now, and that's how you know we continue off with that. What but are that's Orca where... and Thrill Devil doing in the background of this? Song? I don't know. I have no idea. It looks they... like they might be setting up an antidote or actually something that might be pumped into the reservoir know. of the it city. Like I that's don't what know. They're, or they're they're disassembling that because at the point they don't know. Maybe they're just checking because at that point they know that Raptor and that they're they're planning on something they're gonna do something and maybe they were still checking that out but i even thought to me i'm like really is this gonna be that they're gonna have this thing on pigeons and indeed they end up saying not only pigeons 
birds at every goddamn bird you can yeah. think of. Birds of a feather flock together. Yeah, and, they and it, it's a weird deal because the, the combo of this or the dialogue, it's like, Mouse, Mouse got into her computer. The casino attacks just a distraction. They're going to poison the entire city. And then Nightwing's like, how? The reservoir? Giant balloon? They're attaching canisters to them, harnesses. They never say what. Like, is no. she now seeing it and like, oh, my God. But it, it's something's missing there because you're like, huh, what's going on? And then, then that's where Dick's like, they planted them all over the city, trained them. We didn't notice. Hidden in plain sight. At this point, we have no idea what they're talking about. They never spelled out that they're going to be on birds. They, nobody said this. And he's like, huh, what? What is it? He's sending a final message to us both. I'm like, who did they train? What's going they're, on? They're oh, watching it's as birds. the birds come out in the distance at that yes. point, though. Yeah, and that's it's one still, thing, though. too. I actually, I'm telling you, I, I usually cringe whenever uh, Javier Fernandez is yeah. on art in this book. Yeah, no. I didn't mind issues, this issue. Yeah, it's funny because – I liked it, actually. I'm going through this, and I'm like, huh, and you know, I'm not reviewing it on the site. Yeah, yeah. You are, so you know right away. So I'm going, I'm like, ah, da-da-da-dee-da-do, and then finally, you know when I realized that he was on it was when I saw Pigeon on yeah. that, that last page where I'm like, what the hell happened to her? That looks like, oh, my God, it has been Javier Fernandez told him. I'm like, this might be his best issue because I didn't notice it at all. I thought it was pretty good. So, yeah. But, yeah, they're there. And, uh, you know, the birds are all flying in. You have owls, pigeons, like you said, birds of a feather. I just wonder, I guess maybe they took the antidote because it seems like they'd be infected. But, hey, they're going and, you know, the whole city's going to be blocked. Uh, I don't know because the birds are going away it. from them and dropping on the city. I'm sure that everybody in the city will become this so it gets dropped on. They're fine. They're outside. They're no, just I'm telling out. you, there's some people it looks be above them where it's already coming out i mean there was like a, a, a hawk behind there where there's some shit flying off and stuff so i don't know and definitely that pigeon below them has shit going off and this looks like it's going to be an airborne thing so uh, but he had the antidote so i would only assume well, that he, he really burned didn't. the antidote i don't yeah, know that's he what they for say that's what they say again he may still have it they they might sure. even have something so we'll see but what did you give it I'm telling you, there's not a lot going on in this except for getting all the exposition out of the way that we need for the final issue for next to, like next time. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mind the art, but I, I gave it a 6.3 out of 10. Okay, yeah, uh, I'll go 5.5. I just It's so much exposition that you get it, and the stuff that we really like, that you, it's like he's stalling because he has so many issues left and whatever story, it seems like the stall for the big end. Uh, but I'd like to see more of the runoffs and because also, I don't an, think we're going to cool see thing, them like, I like this. the runoffs whenever they're featured. Yeah. You're not getting a lot of them here, but I want to no. see them protect the city next time. But I'm not hating Raptor anymore. Like I once did, Jim, and I yeah. really find that really gratifying. Oh, really, Eric? Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because of that thing where you see that heart of gold underneath—is that what gets you? That he can have a. No, he wants to kill Nightwing, but he can't. Yeah, but I, I actually think that if he remained a leper like he was before, you wouldn't be talking that nonsense. You wouldn't like him, but yeah. Yeah, he grows. Uh -huh. As long as he keeps that soy lag on, doesn't show me those gross hands. Yeah, his, but even then, fine. it seemed like his face was supposed to be. We even talked about it before. Happened, yeah, I don't either, but we'll move on to the last book of this section. And Eric, that is, if I can find my notes here, because I'm going around, Trinity number 15, written by Rob Williams, art by V. Ken Marion, Sandu Flore, Danae Ribirio, and Tom Nash. Napolitano. The Dark Destiny story or comes to an end, and I love V. Ken Marion's art, but little yeah. else. The story, yeah, here, I, I got to get to the sounds. There you go. 
Uh, little else, Eric. I'll give that another ding. The story ends with a string of forced resolutions, with the final being a superpowered tug of war. This story just felt like Rob Williams was mailing it in, which is a shame because V Ken is wasted on this book. Oh, I also definitely. and before we go on, I, I also said to you, like, it's a weird book now where even at this point with this dark destiny or, you know, the deal it's hard to put your finger on what this book really is, where it goes forward. And so I really wonder why this isn't just a tales, uh, greatest hits of the Trinity from whenever and just go with that. Because it might as well be at this point, I really. No, but it's uh, this, this Dark Destiny, it, it was a a story that kept starting and stopping and kind of coming back and it seemed like at one point uh you know cullen bunn started but then he wasn't even told they were continuing it and then it went on without him and all this and stuff. then it just became nonsense because the story yeah. is so convoluted at this point nothing makes yeah, any at sense at this point this end just to me was just ended and i said i even in my review they they have to get v ken marion on some big books and can, can get you do me a favor though that, jim can you please tell that? me because I, I i feel like i missed something i don't know if no, i'm not remembering I, I know it what you're gonna say wasn't Zatanna stabbed at the end of the last issue yeah, and dying? Yeah, well, it doesn't, nothing like this matters because at this point, Artemis seems to be involved with this whole, you know, the outlaws when, even when they show the flashback of how Batman saves them, she ain't included. So no. I don't know where, so a lot of things are just thrown in here again. Maybe there was going to be more issues. Maybe this was something, I, I don't know. Uh, but the yeah. The story does well, not come well, together I'll at I'll all. I'll even by point the out, by the, my head, like, what the by fuck the just end, happened? By the end, you have Cersei getting stabbed by Raish as he jumps out of the pit, and, and then it disappears. seems like, and then it seems like nothing is is wrong with her then, except she gets thrown in the pit then. So I'm telling you, and the pit in my mind, that it just becomes water because then she's just floating, like not floating, she's just she's falling just down gonna in drown. the pit, like you know, sinking. Wonder Woman jumps in like it's not a goddamn Pandora yeah, pit. Know. No problem. I know. Yeah, why like, isn't that going to power her up the way it I was? Or know. why didn't it change people? And uh, the other thing about this is just the Fuck. fact that uh, you have Constantine who's kind of laughing at Cersei and saying, oh, you know what? I'm a scam artist and you're a why cheap one. Why is he still one. dying? I don't know. He's still dying. But the whole point of this is what exactly – like I know – what we're told the plan is but really what is it because at points we did need a trinity we needed yeah. all these trinities lex we left needed, because he's good sorry, we didn't we have the their trinity, trinity we needed the dark trinity which was cersei lex and rachel ghoul yeah and then fucking lex said i'm out and then they and got then we even Blood. got the that other dark trinity with the outlaws uh. and then but what the the main plan ends up this selfish deal where cersei wants her soul back we were never given the idea that this is a soul giving thing. The no, process we, basically it ends up out of this fucking No, basically it ends up now of being just I'm going to be the most powerful person. Then it's almost like you have Constantine kind of hinting at the whole idea. Like, li listen, you know, you didn't think this through. Basically, to me, saying almost like we say about a vampire movie, where if you kill all the humans. You don't have anything to feed yeah. off. Where Constantine kind of alludes to, you know what, love? You're going to end up doing this, and you're going to be the only one left on this planet. You want to destroy the planet to get your soul back, but if, if in fact that does give you your soul back, you'll be alone, and there'll be nobody, in, and it'll be nonsense anyway. But again... And then the Adamant show up. <laughs> well, the Pandora and, and form a mecha. The, the yeah. Pandora pits... We, we just don't know anything about them still. We don't know what's going on. I don't is know anything Cersei about just, anything. Because I'm then you, at I one point like in I this. I missed an issue yeah, between Well, at one this. point, Cersei just basically says, you know what? 
Fuck Batman. I'm just going to throw you all in because at one point uh, the League of Assassins show up and they fucking get thrown in by a magical hand that she does. And, and, and she's like, huh, you know what? That did me some good. Like, you know, I got their power now too, which I don't think they're powered, so I don't know what's going on. And they, the power uh, of the soul, Jim. The power of love. Eric. But yeah, as this goes on, you do I mean, have no Cersei. credit cards. Cersei is just screaming and yelling and saying things about, you know, I'm going to get all this power. Uh, that's when you do have the League of Assassins show up. She's like, oh, you want revenge for me ending your master? Well, I assume, well, poor limited darlings. You know, she basically says, you guys are basic bitches. Picks them up with the magic hand and throw, scoops them all up and throws them in the pit. And then she's like, huh. Yeah, that's how it works, boys. You go in the pits and I gain your power. I'm like, maybe Wonder you... Woman and Superman's power is enough yeah, for like, me. Haven't you been paying attention? Like God you threw Ration, you threw all these people in, and you kind of spelled that out before. So you, this is your now. It's like she is really learning on the job, and this is just to push the fact what that she doesn't have Batman. That was on yeah, the wall. I know, and on the wall. But this is just to push that forward. Of okay, I got to deal with the fact that she can't have Batman because of the way this is going. So she just basically says, "Yeah, I'm going to get Superman and Wonder Woman. They're pretty powerful. Plus, I have Zatanna and Deadman. I'll just throw them all in." And get their powers as well, even though Deadman was already UConn, in. She man. didn't get those. Because, Zatanna because was already in. Everybody was fucking in, man. Yeah. I don't know what this means. So, and you have Constantine just like, and that's where he's saying, like, you know what? You, you say you're, you, you say I'm a, a con artist, but you're pretty cheap con artist yourself, and you're not fooling me. And he's like, oh, what are you playing for? Are you playing for time? And yeah, he is, because yeah. Batman shows up, and Batman shows up in the and Batman where. Yeah, and the outlaws. You have Artemis and Jason just riding on the top. They come in, and she's like, oh, no, how did you find me? Well, number one, we already know that they found you because you had the outlaws there, even though at that point they seemed to be under control. I don't know why they remember. I'm telling you, but... even the whole idea when the outlaws showed up, I kind of – like I thought they were teleported there. For some, yeah. Like why would the outlaws show up at this weird Antarctic fucking place? Where yeah, and, and, and it just to me they were controlled, so I don't know how they remember. But hey, I'll go with it. They're there. But she's like, I can't. I don't know how you did this. What did you do? I had them dead and all this, and, you know, they were possessed. And this is where Batman's like, well, you know what? I used science, and what I did was I got them. I used potassium chloride injection to stop the heart, and then I used the defibrillators to get them back. Once they were dead for a second, the spirits left them, and now they're regular people. Well, Artemis is there with them. And he, they, you, you didn't see it last issue, and this little flashback, you only see Bizarro and Red Hood going. What happened with Artemis? All of a sudden, no Artemis idea. is okay. Maybe something happened last issue. I don't, I don't recall. I thought that she was off, but yeah, they're gonna go there and attack. And this is where I thought, boy, this is really forced because Hell, I don't even know how he killed Bizarro and brought him back. Well, yeah, really. Well, we're going to have to, uh, you know, say that he did the same thing. But, yeah, you can even go with that with how I'm do you saying, he, inject he, we something saw him into his heart. Bizarro you can't. Something. I'm like, does he just have a Superman well, no, that was the device that right was there, the defibrillator. That was the defibrillator. Yeah, that blast. You're right. But he defibrillated. I don't know. Maybe you can go with what he and does he with Superman and Wonder Superman Woman. And get his heart start going again. Well, I don't know, because then what happens is a second later, one page later, she's like, okay, well, I'm going to use, you know, Superman and Wonder Woman and whatever. And he's like, no, no, you're not, because now I'm going to use more science and stop all their hearts for a second. I'm going to blast them kill them all, but I'm also going to mirror the effect so it kills them and brings them back to life instantly. Yeah, yeah so Fuck that's you, what happens. And they're there, and it, it – it, 
all I could think of. It made me laugh at like this is the demonic version, the possession version of the hey, I had a death sentence and, and I died and came back. You revived me. I just I, this is a new I life. Now, my sentence. What are you talking yeah, about? My sentence is over. That whole deal. It made me laugh. But yeah, now you're gonna have all of the characters against Cersei, who then calls her Animan and turns them into a giant mecha where she's kind of in you know engulfed in this to attack and she's like Cersei shall have her soul backwards magic yeah and the soul nonsense I'm like we're at this again I I thought like really if anything I would have liked that this was Cersei's plan all along that cliche but instead they're just fighting this big anime mecha and uh they say like let's get in here so we can see the real Cersei Zatanna says she uses her backward magic which dissipates the anime and yeah there's Cersei there she is I mean we knew it's not even like anything new. It's funny how she, you know, Zatanna says that, but it's nothing new here. And no. they end up putting the lasso around her. She just basically says, you know what, you guys are going to lose because Constantine's still dead. There was and, a sacrifice, yeah. just not the one I expected. And I just thought, like, John. yeah, and it's like, okay, I get, you know, you have Zatanna upset. John. And they have to kind of force this. Like, look, he sacrificed himself for, for you guys and all this because I'm like, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman are like, we're done here. John's yeah. just dead. I don't know. And basically, it's just – it's changed immediately by just Zatanna bringing him back to life, using backward magic. Heal his Heal wounds. his wounds. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. He's his dead. wounds are healed. He's dead still. Why not, why not have work. this? You have this Pandora pit set up of a soul of – you know that. Have it be something like that that brought him back. You have it right there. Even that would be weird, but it would be better than just a – Heal his wounds. Just now, from now on, Satana should just walk around with all the heroes, and nobody will ever die. They, they can't because she. Can, oh, I'm telling you, Satana was stabbed in the last issue, and nothing ever came from no, that. She said, "Heal my wounds, Aaron." But yeah, as she this is it. going, she was yeah, dying. I know. As this is going on, Cersei's still kind of like you know talking trash a bit, and that's where Rache out of nowhere comes out, out of the pit. pit. Yeah. And then stabs her right in the back, and she, you know there she's bleeding, and then throws her in the pit, and then and like, immediately huh. disappears. And then yeah, disappears, and that's where it's so funny because there's Batman goes, "Where's Rache? Stop him!" And then Superman's, "I can't see him. The blast, the magic is here. They're messing with my X-ray." And vision. I'm telling you, oh, this whole convenient. thing where like you know Rob Williams is using this Bizarro talk that does not make yeah. sense for this version yeah. of the character. This whole thing where there's magic in the air. Magic just doesn't weaken Superman like it's kryptonite or something. You can use magic against, against him, him, like, you know, specifically. Yeah, yeah it will not block sudden, out X-ray vision. And could, especially, I, I yeah. I will even go with that. The whole point at the end, though, when they're trying to pull, like, Wonder Woman jumps in the pit to grab uh, Cersei out. Yeah, and he's, he's struggling saying, yeah. to pull her out. Oh, my, I, I'm weakened because of the magic. My, get the hell out of town. Yeah, and also with, with that, also, like... What what does Raish do? What magic does Raish have that he disappears? Uh, I you know, know what, what is he? An I, illusionist? Was, like, it just seemed like the magic itself is throwing Cersei in the pit. There's a thwoom of magic which well, yeah, allows him just yeah. to like you know disappear, not even like disappear. Well, He's and able it's, to that's the thing though. Out of Raish, there real quick. Raish legitimately throws her in the panel before he throws her in, and then it's like. An explosion of magic that disappeared. I'd love it. It's like Superman's about to do something, and fucking Raish pulls a goddamn nickel from behind his ear, and the, oh my god, I can't oh my see god, him. I'm magic. 
it might be the worst at like you know a magic show but That'd yeah when this goes on it, it's just all god i want to write ju- that scene when it's Super all just they all go to a magic show and damien starts poking fun saying hey are you weakened from all this yeah and and he and then he punches him and kills <laughs> oh my god him. Yeah, he's like oh i forgot you were actually human uh but yeah that then all what happens is you have cersei she's going down in this pit she doesn't seem to ever learn how to swim i guess but she's like oh well, she's that's got a giant it. fucking hole in her back and it makes yeah, it she's hard like, to swim. Hey, well not it doesn't seem like it's that much trouble you know that i don't see any blood coming from it but hey you're going and she's like you know what it's just water now man there's yeah, nothing I don't know. Going maybe on. a healed or two what but happens she's to like, that goddamn portal to hell i don't know she's like there's no hope Where's for any of us coming out to no this? redemption not really and nothing lies beyond i'm scared i don't want to die there is no and as they say hope you do see that wonder woman then goes and dives in and goes amazing. to get her yeah it's it's, the whole nonsense. issue looks v can draws such a good wonder woman it's so good and yeah she's there and wonder woman saves her it's like the hero's choice she's not okay, wonder i woman love this one and page of- and it, it, i mean i like a lot of pages but this yeah. one page in my mind stands out above the rest because of how like cinematic it looks when she's it just swimming down know. well it's because they're in the pit that's supposed to turn you into a demon uh, i'm telling you when Raish comes out and stabs her in the back i think that's an that looks great page too. as well it's so good uh but yeah she goes Wraps the lasso around, and then you have the rest of the heroes. Uh, you know, Superman's trying to pull him up, and that's, hey, the magic, it's weakening me. I'm not as strong. And then Batman's like, it's okay. You know, we're on it. We've got help. You're not as and strong no one as a dies normal today. man. Yeah, and, and basically, that's the hero moment of them. And, and again, you look at that page. It's, like, it's how awesome. How much do the they weigh? So the outlaws have to do it? Like, what, don't know. Maybe that's – it's dark oh, water. Too. It's dark water. I don't know. Yeah, they're all going with it. Dead and man, it's you just... ain't doing shit because you're I a mean, right away, and you're you just... have you have Superman and Bizarro right there. This should be you know just a given. It's funny Artemis. though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, Dead Man, <laughs> he's just there. Useless bastard. <laughs> uh, yes, but yeah, there you go. Uh, that that's yeah, the and end. Says the end. And there. and you know, no fault of even Rob Williams the uh, of this whole series. Shit. This series says no. I'm saying the series as a whole. He hasn't been on a lot of it. It's just. This series doesn't know what to do. It's like one of these like forgotten books where they're like, oh, we still have this going on, and you have Batman, and Superman, it was one and Wonder Woman. That's supposed to be crazy. Titles when it, was announced. it is, and you know, you had, uh, you know, something going on where you had it started off. I'm telling you, this book is like a book out of out of time or out of anything because you started off this main book. The whole concept it seemed was for Batman and Wonder Woman to get more involved and get to know pre Flashpoint Flash Superman. Superman yeah. well, well, then they had Reborn. Goddamn Reborn, and that threw all of that out, and we've had just these crazy stories that, that don't go anywhere and really end up just finishing the finish, and I don't know where they go from here because right now, you know, in the continuity, you have Superman and Batman. You know, it's it's hard to say where time is of, of each book, but there are the metals going on, and they're in the Dark Multiverse, so I would assume that what they're going to play with is kind of like a, a flashback story of something like, oh, the first time that they did this and that, and, you know, maybe that's what this needs. I don't know. Maybe a Trinity tie into freaking metal. Like, if we would have had yeah, one more cool. the bats out of hell kind of thing, this would have been a perfect book to have it. Yeah, but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. But yeah, uh, I don't even remember what I gave it, Eric. Uh, I'm telling you, I think I gave it a six. Uh, I actually gave that mostly for v ken's art i think his I'm art's telling, great i, I always it have all loved for v it. ken's art because none of this story makes any sense at all yeah. and it's just fucking nonsense I i'd give it a 4.5 out of 10 okay well we're gonna go off now to some mail hey eric guess what 
What's that, baby? We have a sponsor now. We have a sponsor, Greats Shoes. And somehow they somehow they listen to the podcast. The Great Shoes. They got past all the nonsense that we have uh, to actually decide they wanted us to talk about them. Uh, Instead of us talking about ourselves, and especially me, always going on and on about myself, I get to talk about somebody else for once because I never, ever want to talk about you. But we're going to talk about great shoes. And you know what? You like shoes, right? You've worn shoes in the past, correct? Most of my life I've worn shoes. Most of your life you have. And I will tell people that when I work with you, because me and you do work together at the Cardboard Box Factory, I do see you taking off your shoes and rubbing your feet uh, too often. It's what often. I think. And Look, I don't... when you get shoes, you got to break them in. Sometimes no, you, you, got, you lose your shoes at a wedding, and you have to go out the next day in your socks, buy new shoes, and then you can't even have time to break them in. Yes, well, only if you had the knowledge of great shoes after that wedding, when you did lose your other shoes, because I'm going to tell you all about great shoes, and there will be a quiz at the end, Eric. You will be quizzed about what you're going to hear. I always have to do that so I know that you are paying attention. And I'll tell you, Great Shoes is Brooklyn's first sneaker company that they offer men's and women's styles from all the all-leather royal lace-up and the Wooster slip-on. I would think, in my mind, you're more of a royal lace-up than a Wooster slip-on. Eric, but seriously. I I need laces. I need some security in my life. You don't like the slip-ons. I mean, I've been to the website, which is greats.com. And right there, I have to give them full credit because i always tell you you don't have to get fancy you know with the website name or whatever you you do it their name's greats greats greats.com but seriously just go to their website greats.com and check out all the shoes and i'm sure you'll find a bunch of pairs for yourself and everyone on your holiday list i'm talking to the audience now not you eric because i know you would never buy shoes for jess you're not that loving uh but for the holidays most well you should you've been i've almost said married how long have you been dating 10 years 10 years you don't even know her shoe size it's not like that changes much yeah really who does i'm telling you i don't even know i don't think our boss knows but the whole thing with this is yes the holidays are coming up and this is a great time to go to greats.com and buy shoes and i think that's one of the things i want to start a trend where people should buy shoes for thanksgiving i know that not a lot of people give gifts on thanksgiving uh, but I think that you should, and that you should start this year by going to greats.com and getting some shoes. And greats have been featured in such publications as Vogue, Esquire, GQ, Forbes, Maxim, and more. But what better gift for the holidays than a I pair of shoes you. that look great and feel even better? And yes, Thanksgiving, let's get it done. And if you go there now to greats.com, you can save 15% on your first purchase with the code DC Comics. And that is one word, DC Comics. And, and because of of all this, Eric, I do oh, think shit. that great. Like that, you're gonna be making a thanks killing. A thanks killing, indeed. I think that great shoes now has to be honoring members of the Get Fresh crew. Boop doop, boop. Doop. But here we go, Eric. This is the quiz that I promised you. What is Great Shoes website? Greats.com. Boom. What is the code to get 15% off, Eric? DC Comics. One word. One word. Should people give gifts of shoes on Thanksgiving? Why not? You are it's yes. the thanks you're going to receive from giving. I know. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know the why not. I wanted to hear a full-out yes, indeed, that is the new trend. Hashtag Boom. gifts on Thanksgiving. 
boosh, you're going to get it. Remember, greats.com and enter the promo code DC Comics, one word. And I, I think that Greats is really looking for a spokesperson. And I do think that I'm going to step up and say that we'll end this with what I think is a great spokesperson for Great Shoes is Wrong Turn, Eric. Greats shoes are great. It is the best podcast a week, even though Jim is such a freak. I want to hear all the reviews. Don't you smell what they're in? And I've got such a long way to go. Section yeah. number three. You still drinking, Eric? You still chugging it down? Uh, I, I'm just saying this has turned less into a party and more into a family reunion because what is a family reunion? A Shea family reunion without a family member flipping a goddamn lid. <laughs> During the freaking break here, my understand. mother's in the live chat yelling about Jim Knight reading uh, her mouth. I'm like, you crazy lady, that was last week was we last read that. Week. That was last oh my week. God. We referenced it kind of in this scene when we talked about the Verizon hole. Yeah, We've yeah. referenced it nonstop since she brought it up. That was last <laughs> week. Uh, yes, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll dig into the archives and we'll well, listen. We'll, we'll do it again. But yeah, I'm good. Uh, you're good with that. Uh, I didn't know what she was talking about. I just thought she was talking about reading more mails. I guess. And so I kept thinking, like, well, we we stop because Eric has to pee. That's you. So that's yeah. why I said, I'm like, I don't know why I'm a jerk. Though, uh-huh. uh, granted, maybe I would have waited till mail section number five anyway, Eric, but well, no, uh, I read it. La- and, and really, this is where I have to talk to your mom and, and mention to her. It was on last episode. It was on I episode know. 149. And what mm-hmm. section of mail was it in? It was the first goddamn yes. section. I think it was I, one I of the first mails. The first second yes, I, I made hearing. sure that it was in the first section because that is an important but mail. But now she's flipping her goddamn lid. She's like, I didn't hear him. Like, you didn't listen to the goddamn mail then. She must not have listened to the mail last week. I apologize. I, I apologize I for not the mail and for that Verizon hole. I apologize for Verizon itself uh, for that. But, yes, I, I did read that mail. And I kept it a secret from you. If she remembers, that was a couple weeks ago because I said, hey, listen, I'm not going to let Eric know so that we can surprise him. And she's like, okay, I thought maybe this was going to be a way that she would actually, you know, start talking to me a little more. No, uh, no, you even worse somehow. Imagine I'm the worst guy I, I ever. Think she was actually legitimately trying to reach out to her son and hope to get to it as quickly as possible. Maybe. But well, this no, is the problem. Is for entertainment purposes. Talk a little, Eric. Them. Talk a little right now. I want to hear no, your, your talk right. because I'm you're good. having some problems with that gin. And this is what every Saturday would be like if it wasn't for me. Thank God for this podcast. <laughs> it's kept you sober. Huh. But yes, I did say that a lot of people were going to be calling in or did call in and wanted to leave messages. And this is another one if I can find it. Here we go. I'm not a crazy bitch, Weird Science, but I want to say that it's not inappropriate and I'm oh. not angry about you celebrating 150 episodes. You hear me, Brandon? There we go. <laughs> wow. Brandon. Oh, yes, Brandon is going to be so <laughs> upset with that. Also, this one. 
Yo, 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 it's your boy Skinny Penis, and this is the oh. Weird Science DC Comics Pod. Yo. <laughs> you like that? Yo, I, I yo, wanted to throw like it. Way hey. than I wanted to throw it. Didn't sound scripted. No, it, I didn't. I didn't think that was scripted at all. She's mad at Brandon. She wants to I'm hear. I'm positive. I'm positive. Brandon's gonna piss his pants when he hears. <laughs> See, well, well, I think he's, he's out drinking anyway. He's gonna piss his anyway. pants way before. Yeah, well, that's I'm true. He probably he'd be pissed his pants already. But again, he's gonna I mean. piss it again. He's gonna <laughs> piss his pants twice, uh, which in Buffalo they call a dirty double. Is That's what they the call first that. date is what they call that. <laughs> <laughs> the dirty double, they call it in Buffalo. The uh, devil's the hand first, out there in yeah, Buffalo. That is, well, listen, Eric. With you yelling about your mom, that is playing the devil's hand. I don't know it why is. you want to go about doing I think that. I left the live show now, though, so I think I, I'm safe. I do think that – I used to think that Heidi – hated me the most but i do now think it is your mom uh unfortunately because i do think that i have been a bit of a good influence on you with this podcast as well eric i thought that i was teaching you though well in fact you were teaching me as well oh, and that's why was that, I yes you were i don't know about green lanterns that's all, right. all i know <laughs> so anytime anytime i mess yeah. something up you can blame eric that's all i say you're teaching me so that i can blame you and the first mail from uh, mail section number three is anthony and anthony says hey jim eric and the rest of the get fresh crew boopity boopity what's up anthony Anthony here just writing in to give a much-deserved congratulations to you both on hitting episode 150. I've been listening in for a long time now, and I've honestly made your guys' podcast and website a part of my weekly routine. I started listening just to keep up with stories that weren't in my pull list, but I'll be damned now if I don't get my weekly nonsense as well. Just wanted to show my gratitude to the hardest-working DC podcasters on the planet. I truly appreciate the time, effort, and all-around life you put into this podcast. I would say keep that DC. I'll just say podcasters, right? Yeah. Uh, very, very hard working. I don't know if we're hard working or are we hardly working. Oh, oh, Shut your goddamn good. mouth. <laughs> now for the books I read. Goddamn this, nonsense uh, at work at five living, days a week. You're living the they're life. Lucky. Hey. Someone's got a case of the Mondays. (laughs) I'll kill you, Reggie. Oh, yes, yes. We have the one guy at work that just, he is catchphrase man, and it just drives Catchphrase Dave, who actually looks like a reject from the Oompa Loompas. Catchphrase Dave. It's hard to be a reject from the Oompa Loompas, too, I'll tell you. Now, they the books have have is that what it is? Yeah. Yes. Now, yes. Now, for the books I read this week, Justice League was the biggest surprise of the week. I have all but given up hope on this book when all of a sudden it felt like a competent writer finally sat down at the keyboard and finally wrote a coherent and engaging story for once. And huh. I don't know if it was just me, but with Cyborg's attitude in this issue, finally what we've all been hoping for since the New 52 started. He didn't say booyah. Here's to he hoping that booyah, it keeps up. He didn't say booyah, but he did talk up. a lot about matter, machine, and football. So those yes, two did. checks are off the list. He loves football. I, you know, when I played football, Eric, I don't know if you know this as well, Reggie, but when we would have a you know fourth field. and one on the goal line, I would always come out with a boombox and play my theme song to all the players on the team. We'd right? all get pumped what up. What was that, your that, theme song? Yeah, I want to know My your theme, theme song. song was I Should Touch Myself. Should be all night myself. long. <laughs> no, Let, no, let's no. hear it for the ball. Yeah. No, it's raining men. It's raining men, or yes, something like that. Something from Top Gun, possibly. That's why my wife married me. And my book of the week goes to Injustice. Not only does Tom Taylor always bring his A game to whatever he writes, but he's also consistent with his characterization of every DC character he can get his hands on. This issue is most definitely my favorite Flash issue of the year. It's a shame he isn't written as well in his own book. More people should have this book on their do or die pull list. 
Injustice. I I, fall in, I I have this problem where I love Injustice. It's one of my favorite books. And uh, Tom Taylor being back on it, I was pumped. When I don't review, when I don't review a book though, and I tend to start neglecting. If it. we I'm don't gonna, review yeah, a book, yeah. have to talk about a book, it is yeah. out of there. Yeah, I, I, I have justify to get... not looking at it. But I've looked at this a lot of this. Uh, I haven't read the most recent ones, but yeah. that really is one of the most consistent books DC it puts is. out. You know, and it's so. Where it comes from, you know, not just the video game, but, you know, the story, it sounds like the ultimate grim and gritty yeah. fantasy, oh, yeah. but it really is not like that. The characters are it's so characters. strong in there. And, and there's a lot of humor a, in it as well. A lot That's of what humor. Gets it's really entertaining. Yeah. That's, I mean, we always say it, you know, I would love Tom Taylor to put a little of that magic on the Justice League. But, so yeah. what you're telling me is, fuck all this book stuff. We're just going to talk about Injustice, in and out 45 minutes, we're good. Well, Boom. Anthony's going to go right to that. Question, oh, okay. when are you guys going to show more love to this book on the podcast? And there's just and a funny. tipping I was point actually, sometimes. I was actually thinking about this the other day, because we did have that one episode where we talked yeah. one digital spotlight talking about Injustice. Me and, and Reggie we never have got the digital spotlights, oh, too. Do, yeah, yeah. But, but they we used didn't to talk. be like two or three digital books per week back then, yeah. but now it's not like that anymore. Yeah, so uh, we, we you know, there's that, and later we're even going to hear about the uh, uh, being asked if we are going to do Gotham Garage, and me and Brandon did that as a bonus spotlight on the Patreon, mm-hmm. but we don't do it. We just, we stick with the main books, unfortunately, for some right, people, right. and Injustice is one of my favorites, but also I'll have to say, the other thing being is that me and Eric talking about it. Eric didn't read any of the other years, so you have a lot of history. And Jim didn't play the game, so it. together we are a perfect. Yeah, really, I didn't play the game, but you know things tie into other parts yeah. before, and it would be they almost do. like us just th- going into a book, you know, not knowing the history of. Although it. I'm going to say you don't need to play the game. No, you don't. If anyone no. feels like you need to, don't don't feel that way. You, I thought it was a fun play. game. How dare you, Reggie? Yeah, you no. can you can play the game. <laughs> you don't need to to read the book. Wait, are I you going to play that injustice too? There, you going to get to that? Shut what, up, what about Jim. your What about your get Friday the Thirteenth game? I I heard all about that freaking I, I, game. I think I've I've watched enough of it. I'm no, not that's a gamer, the problem. Jim. You're you're probably not playing that because you're too busy with your Switch. <laughs> all I the things good... that you told me all about. You burn Look, yourself out before I, shit even comes out. I'm a fan of things. I don't necessarily have to, you know, that do those. I can be yeah. a fan no, of you're, them. No, what are you, like my kids? They, I'm a they, hype man. My kids, I, I swear to God, the other day, I think I walked into the room and they were watching somebody on YouTube play hopscotch. I, I think that that's what these kids do anymore. They're like, hey, you want to go play uh, basketball? And they just sit and watch a guy uh, on, YouTube on YouTube shooting hoops. Boom. Nonsense. Playing what, horse. What are, we, what are we playing today? Horse? All yeah, right, horse. They just sit there and watch it. And then they look up uh, Game world. Horse, and then it goes to a really bad place. Shitty books of the week <laughs> go to number three, Nightwing. Somehow can't make me care at all what happens in this arc. I, yeah. I can see that. Number two, Batman. Turns out to be a pointless trip to a desert. Nothing truly solved or gained. I agree with that. One, Trinity, a waste of a crossover. Characters as well as butchering the characterization and capabilities of Jason (laughs) Artemis and Bizarre. Obviously, he didn't read Batwoman because that should be on the list. (sighs) Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That that was not good. Uh, That's enough for me now. So, Eric, keep being America's sweetheart. And, Jim, keep doing whatever it is you do. (laughs) He gave it a little bit of a deal. might be my biggest disappointment out of Rebirth. I said when we when you end Why up hearing Batman? us talk about it, when you end up hearing us talk uh, about Trinity, though, there, like, did you read Trinity this week, Reggie? Yeah. Okay. I've now wh- I've been reading where, it. I'm just I've always wanted me. to be something. Yes, and we've already talked about it at this point in the podcast. I, I got to get my bearings straight here. Yet, but, but sure. 
where if I said to you about like a book that you're reading, Reggie, and you, I'm like, oh, where do you think this book is going or that book? You could probably tell me like, okay, I think it'll go here. Or, oh, they're set. Where's Trinity going? You have no I have concept. No. I mean, next issue could be who knows. I Jim, have no idea. You can't have any idea of that when the individual <laughs> issues in between have no continuity to each other. Uh-huh. Well, I, I, I think you know we thought at first it was going to really explore the the burgeoning new relationship between yes, Batman we'll say that. and with we the said that earlier. Superman, Superman, yeah, with the Superman, Superman reborn screwed there. it, and uh, yeah, Superman reborn just threw it out the window, and, and now. Yep. But you know, I'd be fine. Like, why can't Trinity just be like the good Justice League book? Yeah, that's what <laughs> I wanted. Not- I said so that when we talked about it earlier, it I'm sure I said, yeah, somewhere. no, and I said, I, I, it kills me because V. Ken Marion's art's great and it's being wasted. And I said, why can't it just be the greatest hits? Why can't it be the greatest hits of the Trinity and even tie in some times that we didn't see, you know, all that crazy sure. stuff. But I'm just happy because uh, when Eric was yelling there, I do believe that uh, – Drunk Eric has returned. He Shut has up, arrived. He's arrived on the podcast. All uh, right. With life. much appreciation, Anthony Jackson. I can't read either. So, Eric, we're, we're together. Men at arms. Did ben, you ben push Ed- record? Uh, maybe. Let me check. Oh, yeah. if, I, if you hear me cursing, I did. All right. Yes. Mission accomplished. Batman Beyond Mark says, Sup, Jim and Eric, and I'll throw in Reggie because he has something oh, that will infuriate Reggie. He has a bang, Mary kill. Uh, Superman oh. 64, Aquaman Battle for Atlantis, and Jack and the 99 Dragons. And I I played both the, the Superman 64 and what Aquaman Battle for Atlantis. Oh, okay, video games. I was like, what yes. the hell? Is he yes, talking? I would say that I, I don't know. We're talking know. about some I, George Reeves Superman shit going on here. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> that sexy George Reeves, I'm going to marry Funk and he kill him. He filled that suit all out together. very well. Well, he killed himself, and, or somebody did. But, yeah, uh, I would end up marrying whew, Superman 64. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe at because at least it's consistent and let you down, and you know what it's about. That's true. Could I say because he put a ring on it? Because that's basically all you do is that's fly you do through rings constantly. Did I get you there? Aquaman Battle good. for Atlantis, I would kill, and I'd bang Jack and the Ninety Nine Dragons because it seems like a really good time. But I actually I have never played Jack is. and the Ninety Nine Dragons. I've never played it, Eric. What, I've if, never what heard would you of go? It. What would I'm you saying, go? With I've that? never heard of Jack and the Ninety Nine Dragons. If I don't know something, it scares me, so I'm killing that immediately. Yeah. Is there an option to run away? Because I no. might do that too. But I'm going to kill that. I am going to, I'm going to fuck Aquaman Battle for Atlantis because yes. mystery is what excites me, and I don't know anything about that game because I had never played it. And I guess I'm going to marry Superman 64 because at least I know it's going to be consistent in letting me down. Nice. I need some consistency yeah. in my life. Okay, I'm looking. Mar- Marriage has uh, always let you down. Yes. Don't worry. I, I'm I know, looking here. Told- there was a time when I had to- we were talking about video games way back, and I said to you, Eric, that there was a game that my buddy Brett, the guy at the video game store, was really pushing him to pre-order. Now that I see it, it was Drake and the 99 Dragons. I see that cover. Is it Drake or is it Jack? Drake. It's actually oh, Drake okay. of the 99 Dragons, this says. So maybe I'm even wrong with that, but I'm looking and know. that says that. So I'm not sure. But yes, Reggie, how about you? What are you going to do? Well, I haven't played two of those games, so I would marry <laughs> all of them. Yo, you are. In a, in a polygamous a... video game relationship, yes. because since I'm marrying video games anyway, I assume that uh, federal laws don't apply. 
Yes, they they do. <laughs> so you're just gonna marry them all and see. Marry now them you're, all. Now you're ruining the game, Reggie. Just like you always claim that we do. <laughs> you always claim that. I think I'm too drunk to play these games right now. Uh, but yes. No, that put is, a ring on it. That was good. I like. You that. like that? Yeah, you like that good. little bit? All right. Because I did play that. I played Aquaman Battle for Atlantis, and I'll tell yeah, you, there I still is own another that game. There is another game that came out that should have been included in this as well, though it's not DC. Justice it was League that, Task Force. No, it was that. Uh, uh, no. It was that awful fucking Thor game where almost the whole game you were on a goddamn raft and it was it was just it was complete nonsense. It I was remember terrible. a Silver Surfer game that was terrible. Oh, that and was yeah, an X Men game that was like insane to play. You are you yeah. switching in and out of characters? Oh, you like, have two characters on the screen at once if you want to. That was garbage too. Yeah, it was. And like, you had an AI system that constantly just ran in the walls and you couldn't oh. get it to do anything. Yeah, and, well, all the characters you'd switch around, but they basically were the same one except for Wolverine. He had this the. He had the cause, which was bullshit because it was just punching. You wanted something with a projectile. Oh, he did, so. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, Yes, but yeah, that Thor game that I was talking about, I ended up renting it uh, from the library, and it was was fucking garbage. But we're going to go off now to some more books because that's the end of that mail. Jim rings the bell. This means Shay's reviews are going well. Jim rings the bell. Jim rings the bell. Eric Shay's reviews are all the bomb. Eric's the bomb. And if Shay's recaps are read without a single misstep, ring the bell. Ah, yes. There it is. It is returned from the dead and somehow is starting off Reggie's section. Hey, Reggie. Yeah. I like it. Yes. Yeah, sort of had a remix loves, there. He just like, yeah, you hear that? There. I tried to remix nice. it a little. I think I DJ, ruined it. DJ Werner Werner. DJ Wern Werner Werner was was involved. <laughs> Wickety Whack Werner, they call me down at the uh, rec Crazy center. Crazy Whack Funky. Crazy Whack Funky indeed. But yes, this is Reggie's section. And this week it means, well, I, I would say one book with us. But you're actually doing two books because you do have Bug with Chris. Now, did you see what's going on next week? Did you see that yeah, there's a I, Doom Patrol? I, yeah, there's Doom Patrol, and I have uh, it looked to be about 85 books. Yeah, and, and also... Well, did you realize now this is this is behind-the-scenes talk, but also that DC decided to send two weeks of books? I I did, they're they're, they're going that. wacky. Yeah, just, we're on know. Thanksgiving break. Just take this shit and leave us alone. Yeah, it's, it's the fifth week, weird. though. The, the fifth week has like it is the fifth five, week, but five yeah, books it does. A couple of annuals and stuff. Yeah, we have some annuals and stuff. So yeah, annuals week is coming up. But yeah, there's a lot of weird, you know, circumstance for next week. Uh, just yep. to say, even since the three guys who do review the most of the DC stuff on here, we do have a young, uh, you know, that that workshop deal again. I didn't know that was coming up. Uh, yeah. We also have the Doomsday Clock next week, where DC is actually lifting the embargo. 
Fargo on uh, Sunday. Sunday. Sunday, right or before midnight, which yeah. is crazy. I mean, right. this is, and, it's all. And Mystic U, the first prestige yep. books are coming out this week. Yep. That'll be up. But again, week. I think Mystic U is actually supposed to be during annuals week because we have been checking out the things. Uh, we oh, have really? to make sure. Yeah. I don't yeah, know I'm what, telling it's what anymore. It's all it's, wacky. It is a prestige book. This is the, yeah. those new, whatever the, those books are going to be, the. Uh, I'm assuming they're yeah. going to be like heavy cardboard stock cover, yeah, like the assume. old prestige yep. comics, right? I, I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I think Mine's that they're going to be on a computer. That's, why, that's it, basically yes. what we won't know until we go to the store, which means that store. you guys won't know. Store? <laughs> <laughs> but we are here to talk about your one book that me, you, and Eric are going to talk about, and that is Aquaman. That's and right. uh, it, with that fancy. Uh, oh, the variant cover for the movie, which actually is my favorite one that we've gotten, and I would say by looking at it without looking at the credits that that has to be Liam Sharp. Is that correct, yeah. Reggie? Did that make your covers of the week? I, I don't think it did. You know, I kind of stayed away from a lot of those Justice those, League those covers. Although Justice some League. of them were pretty good. I think this one was pretty good, but I, I but, just wanted to point it out. But get on with it. What are we talking about, Reggie? It is Aquaman number 30, written by Dan Abnett, art by Stepan Sejic. Out the door. Just in time, head down to the lower trides. Gotta meet Dolphin at 8 a.m. While Coram Wrath controls the seas, and Mara caught some weird disease, they're asking me to lead the rebellion. Well, I know what I've been shown. It's time to make myself well known. And Volko has my magic trident now. But I'm no, I'm no Aquaman. So this book basically wiped <laughs> I away. I thought you were still saying. No, no, we're done. <laughs> okay. Uh, this this book basically wiped away much of the last four books. Yeah, yeah. It also it, it basically reset us to a point where it's like now the rebellion can begin. Well, what it's, the fuck were we doing? Yeah, and not only that, it. but the whole aspect we had last, like the time we talked about this book, where we're just like, there's no freaking like you know problems with Meryl walking through this. We're having all the build up and the tension. There was none. They actually yeah. gave it to us here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, that, they, 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 they they cut her off at the knees this time, so there was something that took her off the uh, the board. But basically, in a way, it it puts us. Almost back to square one. Well, I guess and Mara, that's the Mara problem is, is within the crown of thorns would be the big difference now. Yeah, and, and, that and the problem is bubble. with me is like you said, you have this rebellion, but now now instead of because Crush he got killed uh, by uh, what's his name by uh, God darn it, Merc, Merc, uh, Merc right, killed right. Crush, but instead of that now. We have King Shark right. as Mara. It's just basically the same thing. It, it really is thing. to me. They, did, they just yeah. traded one for another. Aquaman decided to reveal himself as Aquaman now. Uh, or you know, at least accept <laughs> accept the thing. Yes. They have a new bunch of rebels and a whole yeah. new name. The undercurrent is you know it used to be the deluge. Yeah, now it's, it's the undercurrent. The yeah, I and agree. one thing that annoyed me, I know this character. Uh, what's his name? Jurok Biss. You know, yes, I know yes. he's, he's he was in the new. I think he actually goes yes, back. Yes, he was. Aquaman, going he back was quite there, a while. and he has been and in the. He, he was the, the other guy. That, yeah, he's he the beast. He was the other guy that that he's broke Mark out of the cells with Volko, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that he is, well, we and seen since then, no, and I, and he and is I the really beastmaster, like, like Eric they, said. But they it's threw nothing. him in here, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they they just threw him in here, and that not having a frame of reference. All I know of him myself is that one scene where he broke out of those bird cages, yeah. those underwater bird cages with Volko, and I haven't we haven't seen him since. And now he's leading an entire squad of rebellion against Coram Wrath. And I'm just you like, you know why? Because he hasn't been seen. If, if people would have seen him, he would have been freaking arrested. He would have <laughs> taken in. You yeah, gotta but, be unseen uh, to lead a resistance. Uh, so get so it together. 
the so problem. That, so we saw yeah. it was just a diversion so that we didn't notice what uh, Gerard yeah. Biss was up to. I just like that he, he looks like he stole Martian Manhunter's outfit is what it looks awesome. like to me. But the, the thing about this is we, we've talked about it before where we say, oh, these twice-a-month a shipper uh, deal, it has pacing issues. You have the – this is a monthly book now, and it hasn't changed that pacing. And this oh. issue, actually, like you said, it actually pretty much slams on the brakes and resets. And I just – I don't understand what's going on. First off, Volko seemed like he was all into Aquaman and wanting the this and that. And then when they see each other, they're like, whoo, you got some history going on. And yes, they yeah. do, but it seems very forced. Uh, you just have all of this stuff going on, and it just to me – yeah, this issue, nothing happens happens except resetting what we already had to make it equal to what we already had like nothing in this except mara being there but even with that like we said there is they want to have this thing where uh corn wrath finally finds out about something and we we couldn't allow that to happen with aquaman because merc that would kind of it looks like he was involved and we were right that he's still good but for this to there and whatever, and now uh, out of nowhere, Mara can't breathe underwater, and she, I, I just, it Dark just magic. left me. Yeah, it Could just it be left a little me thinking like water? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it seemed like it was going to be pointing out, but it's not affecting anyone else. It seems like uh, this was what some, the some amulet thing. or whatever, you know, the, yeah. that's what caused it. But we don't get any sort of idea of what it is, and it really just it threw me off in this issue. Uh, I get the impression that if she takes the amulet off, she'll be fine. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and that's, yeah. yeah, and with this whole deal, though, like you said, I was kind of bored because we're just getting the same thing over and over. Yeah, Before, I, I was I was very disappointed. And, you know, I'll tell you, being uh, ankle deep in these books as we are, yeah. uh, I can tell you something something happened to the story along the yeah. way because the covers that were solicited and the solicit copy are not matching up to the covers, the final covers, and any of the books. This was supposed to be the end of this Revolution saw, yeah. arc. And again, maybe uh, that was, you and, know, and they had really to change like it because of, of it, shipping. You know? Yeah, and that's well, it. They well, had a million to, but... reasons why. I mean, maybe it had to do with metal. You know, they knew they had to slip in a metal. Yeah, I, who knows I don't what the know. story happened. It just but, it, uh, it comes off as weird. Funny, something funny happened yeah. for sure, fellas. I'm yeah. telling you. But really, so, there's uh, not much else that happens in this. But let tell us what happens. Okay, let's go. For well, it. I mean, we we meet up with Jurok uh, Biss right right from the beginning. Like right away, we it's like, hey, here's. And it's almost as if we're supposed to know this guy like our best friend. I I couldn't remember his name, but I knew him as the I knew who it was, but that's what I'm saying. I don't know that a lot of people would. And you, you're kind of playing with this whole thing with the silent school magic against his and these things, and yet you don't really get an explanation of either, yeah, that, and I it mean, kind of throws you I'm off. Someone, I, I'm someone I've picked up since Rebirth, and I'd say that like since what's come out in Rebirth, I'm pretty knowledgeable about yeah. but. I knew this guy just because he broke out of those cells, yeah. but I don't remember him being a Beastmaster. I definitely – I didn't think he was going to show up. Yeah, like, I swear up, that he he's... was – in the New 52, there was that, that Jeff Parker bit at one point where there was like these dinosaur things, and I think maybe that's where I know him from, but I can't even say 100%. But I did know what he did and what he was, like Eric said. I didn't remember his name, so we must have had him at some point, but he's kind of such a side guy 
that in and really it didn't really matter to me anyway as you had these big beasts you know i'm just happy to know that we have this resistance going on because we did have this whole arc where aquaman was being that one-man army down in the freaking ninth like ring whatever like where all the dredges of society hang out he was being this anonymous man yeah, just going around the fight for the then? people because mm-hmm. he didn't want to be king. But once Dolphin realized, look, like, you can be the hero of Atlantis yeah. and you don't have to be king. Now he can go up to the surface and he has this built-in resistance that's been working like without him knowing about it. So now we have an army for Aquaman to take back the throne. Yeah. I just like that progression. We did I not actually... see the resistance doing the things. This seems like their first all-out attack, yeah. which yeah. would have failed if Arthur didn't show up. So, But now we can move things forward for Aquaman to take the fight back to the throne. To me, it just I mean, seemed that, that's very the idea, forced. But it seems so killed forced. the entire deluge. You know, as yeah, far as I'm yeah. concerned, they could have just made these guys other fringe members of the deluge that weren't there that day. Yeah, and been I, like, I, oh, just, here's our hero. I thought Aquaman. it was you know, forced. I mean, it just, you know, I really felt like they they introduced almost a whole new group. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? It, this is I, like I, this is like the Corum uh, Wrath resistance to the new class. Yeah, you know, I, it's to like, me, why? Where, where does this undercurrent? Where does this? Yeah, that's what is the, their to backstory? me that where, out know, of what's nowhere. The, what's the deal with these guys? Just to we're get just it people of Atlantis who are fighting for our freedom, whether we know what that means or not, Reggie. Yeah, uh, I'm telling you, out of nowhere, he just goes up and finds them. It's very convenient. It's very convenient that it is somebody that he used to know, so he knows, like, wink, wink, I know who you are, and let's go here. And then it even ties into Volko and, you know, all these, and I thought it was very forced, uh, yeah. including then you go up and you have to have your corn wrath because we haven't gotten a lot of him lately, and it's just him screaming and yelling about, we're going to do this, I that. Kill let's, these yeah, let's I kill these Yeah, let's kill them, let's kill these. We're at it. Let's go kill them surface dwellers because they're yeah. a bunch of fucks too. He's yeah, doing a yeah. little Scarface, you know what I mean? Yeah. I kill you, I fucking kill your whole family. Yeah, all that. And he's like, I'm going to kill all the enemies. And of course, he has to mention Zebel because we do have Mara in here now as well. But yeah, to me, it's just you you have freaking, you know, King Shark. Now he's there. He's going to, he has Mara. They go to and see. I want to know which King Shark this is. I know. I don't it's either. The Trixie, I'm not, it does look like though, the Trixie. It's the Trixie variant of the character, but. Him on in this Elanian garbs being yeah. a freaking you know uh, a uh, gang leader like we did have that what was that story where we had King Shark and it was Arthur came was that a, a Wonder Woman freaking special we had where she came yeah. Yeah. and then he took him so in my mind that's in continuity Arthur took him to Atlantis and then he's yeah. been building up a freaking gang empire ever since down here Ooh. and now the crush is out of the way yeah. bam fucking King I just Shark actually time, baby. I really wish that at one point. Uh, he just said, like, this guy comes in, it's like, hey, hey, buddy, you know, and he's like, hey, your dry mouth down here, and the guy's like, yeah, it's what we thought at first, King, but we stuck her with a pen and fed her some air and whatever, and we see who it is, and I wish King Shark would have just said something like, god damn it, all I want to get is this crown of thorns away so I can get the fuck out of here, I eat, like, he inconveniently <laughs> got stuck there when it happened, but yeah, he's just now a crime boss in Atlantis out of nowhere, but again, I yeah, do like, like the my character. He's here to party. He I want to read party. a book about his uh, his. Uh, He's story not partying now, you know anymore. I mean? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't seem to be Forced partying. Forced to live in Atlantis. Yes, that's will. what I want. It's like the sickest crime boss. It, it's it's the uh, shark I like. It's the it remake like of the, the terminal. One, yeah, and that. He, uh, yeah, he doesn't really do anything. 
No, and he has Mara, and that's basically, he recognizes her right away. Mara of Zebel ate you a tasty morsel, and you get the idea that basically, again, this would just leave, unless maybe you'll have a turnabout where King Shark isn't as bad as we think, but it just seems to be like a, huh, I can have some leverage with you. I'm going to show Korra, yeah. and then we're just going to get the same thing that we had uh, we're, with we're Crush going up to say. Yeah, it's the same deal, and then you have where, you know, Aquaman is there with uh, Dolphin, they're there with this resistance and they end up going and having their meeting and you know it's almost like you could call me ray you can call me jay where he's like you know <laughs> he, he's there you know i don't know if just i should don't go call by me king yeah just don't call me king don't call me Uncle, whatever and basically this leads to him coming face to face with volko they understand what's going on he obviously recognizes him and he's like i am orin now <laughs> okay whatever right, you say yeah. whatever but he's like, man. all right i get it uh but i have a present for you you know undine give it to him she hands over the thing that they got it which is obviously the trident and mm. you have this whole atlantis uprising screaming and yelling business and i do love the that art awesome uh, and i'm telling you just dolphin there where she's like she looks so evil there like yeah. she's so she fired very up. Trium- very but yeah she is shot. so pissed uh, off and ready to go the problem it, it is, is though, it is great it, but it, this is what we've been this is what we've been yeah. building up to that he just had to get the trident and yeah, now that's rebellion can begin like yeah now we're gonna start he uh, had just... to learn how to become a hero <laughs> again reggie <laughs> no that was fine three issues ago hey, this mean, is really dragging really on been- you know, Eric, what we talked about early on, and what I think I would have liked a lot more, is if we had seen two or three issues of Aquaman doing the Bat Aquaman thing that he claimed he, he was that doing. Would have been yeah. amazing that if he we really had never that did. He, no, we had it for one once, issue and you know, it was gone. Well, and you have that. Gone, if you do that. Again. Have and, that and progression. Then, and then you can juggle the other stories yeah. also. You know, you can you can keep having Mara, you know, attacking the Crown of Thorns. You keep having Volko trying to, yeah, you know, you get, get the trident. And then it's just Aquaman basically solving crime you know what i mean writing wrongs or whatever in well the, in and then the, you have that and that's where the helping the, the downtrodden and the legend of the aquaman ends up starting a resistance where people are like that's their hope that's their yeah, symbol that's and I you go. It. it was just forced now they try to make it that that you have corn wrath who's like oh jesus christ this aquaman myth or whatever it you it doesn't seem like he's so upset about it but we never there, got that aqua christ by the way yes, it would be aqua yeah christ. it would be but yeah i would have liked to have seen him He's build this resistance through his actions but it's just where you have a lot of things treading water in, in a metaphor ah. for aquaman uh <clears throat> the things that we like just kind of got swept away to tread water of this whole deal of you know here we go and all this is setting up where you have that last p- panel with the you know atlantis uprising and and freaking you have dolphin all fired up well obviously this is leading to mara finding out that what she's gonna think is aquaman is stepping out you know she he's gonna find sure, her sure. with dolphin and that's gonna do now i will say Look, if little, aquaman can get away with sleeping with her sister just yeah, because well, he that, thought it again, looked like her before yeah, he'll be she'll be fine with dolphin all right yeah pretty much but yeah with this going forward i don't know all the things about you know the continuity and where it lies or whatever but that mara book coming out 
legitimately has her as the, you know, the queen of Atlantis, like you said this was all setting up for. Anyway, so if that's in continuity, mm-hmm. that's all we're leading for anyway of that happening and then Arthur being able to go off and do some adventures. Doing some like Aquaman. That, which I want. Which sounds which, good to me. Which what we said would have been as the Batman-type Aquaman, you know, in the lower reaches here, He, they, we wanted to have that then. And we didn't really get it. Like right away, it's oh, just God, forced it's into this resistance. And yeah, we never saw this whole thing lead into possibly like, you know what? I I want to be an inspiration. I don't have to be king. I'm inspiring people. All you got that was with Dolphin without her dialogue. And I'm like, what? She's like doing charades. And she's telling him <laughs> that he should retire. Uh, and then he's like, what? You, know you what, want baby? me to be you king again? All the right things. I like the way you, you think, Dolphin. She's like, no, yeah. no, no. I, that's not what I said. I you want you to retire. Man, you know? I want you to stop. And say, stop this nonsense. Oh, yeah, I sure like, will. I got you. You're tired, I know what young you're lady. Saying. I got you, baby. But yeah, yeah. What did you give it, Reggie? Uh, you know, we said everything we needed to say about yeah, it. Yeah, there's it's not a, much to say about it. I mean, uh, but at the end, it it was a fairly solid issue. You know, yeah. as far as internally pacing wise, it was just kind of wiped away a lot of what we saw in the last bunch of issues. Dolphin being the outlier, really. That the introduction of her. Is obviously the big landmark, I think, of this little arc. Besides yeah. the fallout being Mara being queen or whatever, we'll see what how that yeah. works out. But I did think that Stepan Sedgwick's art was particularly strong in this issue. Yeah. It's never been bad on his run on this, but you know sometimes it can get a little shaky. It was yeah. real tight here. There were a lot of really good facial features, a lot of good, you know, panel. Look at those dinosaur monsters are awesome. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The, the, that whole opening with the uh, yeah the monsters, the plesiosaurs, whatever they're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dinosaur uh, monsters, man, damn. Fair enough. That's that sounds good. Giant, you know, yeah, dinosaur. Krakens. They look they look terrific. So. Uh, in the end, not a bad singular issue, just kind of a burn for those that have been reading Aquaman since, yeah. you know, July. Uh, although if you haven't been and you're looking for a place to jump on. You can always jump in. This, yeah, everything this could be, your issue. be a jumping on issue. Uh, <laughs> but, but in the end, I gave this a 6.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to go 6.5 as well. I really like the art. Now, I, I know that a lot of people are enjoying Aquaman in this run especially. Uh, I don't know. It's like Dan Abnett. When you said, like you said, he knows how to write an issue. I don't know that maybe in a little bit down the line, maybe he could be a editor slash maybe he can get some of these guys who like get a hold of Steve Orlando and teach him how to pace out the stuff because I do think the pacing, all that stuff, you know, is decent enough. He knows how to write dialogue, whatever, but nothing ever sticks out for me. It, it's yeah. always like we said, we always had that Dan Abnett seven, which is like because he doesn't write bad issues. He just writes these issues where not a lot goes on, but yet he does have something little that kind of gets you like, OK, I wasn't infuriated when I got it done. Maybe it's, he, rare, it's rare that I totally feel ripped off by no, you know, comic but of his, even which then, is a good thing. You know what I mean? And, I hate when he, you walk away, you're like, what the hell? Yeah. What a, and what the a guy seems to be he able to write. Thing. The guy seems to be able to write 700 issues at a time also. He doesn't miss deadlines, it seems like. All of this is he's almost – he's like the perfect employee. Just it doesn't seem like he has a lot of ideas anymore. And even that going into this and you know all the the other deal, Titans, that he's on again. It's another book that just kind of treads water. It just runs in place constantly as if he doesn't know what where to go. Flash is in that book. You got to say running in place for that book. Yeah, running in place. See, and it just, to me, though, like you said, he knows how to put it together and whatever. It's just he doesn't seem to have many ideas to me 
that are interesting. So maybe he would be like a kick-ass editor slash like mentor to these new writers and things like that because he, he is pretty damn good. But yeah, 6.5, and it's a lot for the art. What would you give it, Eric? I would give it a 7 out of 10. I'm having a good Ooh. time with this, and I'm happy as hell that we got my King Shark into the story because I'm always happy when I see King Shark. And I'm telling you, this whole, like, you know, the Aquaman idea, it, it didn't pan out the way I wanted to. I'm still interested in it, and I want to see, you know, this, this Game of Thrones in Atlantis that we've been talking about where, you know, we have Arthur lead the resistance up to Corrin Wrath <laughs> and just, you know, reclaim the throne. I'm having a good time. The, I love the The funny art. thing is there, that this, the there best are thing. a few things in this issue which, you know, obviously take away because – you know, we, we stopped the whole momentum we had before of everything that was building up, nice. and now we have a whole new thing. We got a we yeah. got a new gang leader. We got a new resistance. So like, all right, we just replaced all the stuff we had before for something new to get to the same place. Uh, I'm still yeah. enjoying myself though. I'm telling you, the funny thing is, you did say like we are getting an underwater Game of Thrones, and legitimately, I had that in a review for this book over 60 issues ago. And oh, it, was. it was 60. It, no, I'm saying that that's all we've got. <laughs> we've had the I, underwater I was, Game I, of Thrones. I called it an underwater Tom Sawyer. Is that yes. that, that uh, it's appropriate? Paint my or fence. Yeah, yeah, that's basically what this Tell is. Me, 60 issues ago in the New 52, that's what we were getting. And right. it changed a little with Jeff Parker where he was trying to bring, like, the fun or whatever. And that didn't really work out as well either. Then you had, you know, a bunch of nonsense. You had that spin whole, drift. Yeah, the, the spin. But you even had oh, the uh, right. Cullen Bunn deal and really Oh, yeah, shit, I forgot about that. Really, Ooh, that was fucking garbage. Yeah, Don't that bring went that up nonsense. Ever again. But basically, <laughs> you know, and basically, what? and then you had the dark water, non-dead water. And now strange we're going back to strange water, Jim. Strange Hello. water. Uh, I, I, I have to time, I don't know what they're called. It. But yeah, we go from there and now we're back Stranger to what water. we started with. So it just, to me, I can't get that excited for a book that seems to be dealing with the same exact thing since and even before the throne of Atlantis, which was now what, six, seven years ago? It's I mean, just different really. aspects of royal life, baby. No, it's not. It's the same thing. It's the, oh, my God, I can't deal with my surface world. You know, in Atlantis, they, they don't go together. They clash. I feel like a fish out of water even when I'm in the water. There you go. Oy, 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 yeah, very good. It, very it good. drives me nuts. But, yeah, and people seem to really like I'm it I'm having still. a good time, though. Yeah, yeah. You yeah I mean, me. I didn't hate it either, but, you know, yeah, definitely well, step it up. Step it up a little. Step it, step and Sedgic is it? But we're gonna step go off now because you have uh, a book, actually a young animal book. You have both. That's right, uh, and that's crazy. And like we said in the beginning of the section when we were talking business, you're even gonna have a Doom Patrol. So out of nowhere, where we thought the young animal section was done, yeah. it keeps pulling you back, Reggie. So the, uh, the last time I recorded for that Mother Paddock number twelve, Chris and I kind of ended it like. We don't know if we'll ever be back. You know, whatever they do, you know, we'll see you, but blah, blah. And here we are. We're doing two two books this month. Who knows what's going on? But, yeah, you'll be talking about that, and then we'll be back with more uh, fun and games when we get uh, back to the mail. And and maybe possibly drunken Jim, Eric, and Reggie. I don't know again. I'm looking into the future. Tell me how to live my life. We'll see how it goes. But, yeah, take it away, Reggie and Chris. In every lifetime Comes a love like this
Hey everybody, welcome back to the Young Animal segment on the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we have a Young Animal book this week. We didn't think what? we we didn't think we would, or we didn't know if we would, but we do Ever have, again. Yeah, we do have uh, not <laughs> only just this book, we have some news at the end of future inklings over at the Young Animal Camp, so we may be forced to eat our words, but we'd happily do so if it's going to mean more comic books. So, the book we're talking about today is Bug, The Adventures of Forager, number five, by Lee, Michael, and Laura Allred. And uh, you might not remember, since it was like a month and a half ago, but picking up directly from the last issue, uh, I think, uh, we Bug has Dr. Spider restrained by tying his eight mechanical arms into a tangled knot. Remember, that's the guy with the eight, basically Dr. Octopus with the eight arms. And he's saying nonsensical non sequiturs because he had some brain damage or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kuziko tickle tortures him with a feather to learn which shard portal Chagra escaped through. Again, that happened last issue. That happens at the end of every issue. Chagra dips through a portal, goes to the next shard. Uh, yes. Bug opens up a portal with a hairdryer and then shoves Dr. Spider through the interdimensional hole. But because of the tangle of his arms, uh, Dr. Spider is stuck in the portal half in and half out. So... This is Bug's plan. He'll stay there as insurance while they check out this other dimension. He won't close the portal. He'll be cut in half. But it doesn't work. Dr. Spider is able to free himself, and he shuts the portal just fine. So, just then, Bug's rocket's legs give out. He had rocket legs. I forgot to mention mm-hmm. that before. Uh, Bug, Kazuko, and Hooligan the teddy bear fall with a splash in what looks like endless ocean. And then a big red flying machine heads toward them. And you, you ever see the original Tron from 81? You ever see that movie? No, no but I'm familiar with it. Well, there's big giant, these things called recognizers, and they, whenever they come over, you hear helicopters, helicopter mm. blades, and uh, that's what this thing kind of reminds me of, the big red ah. recognizer. Uh, whatever it is, it drops an oblong box shape that creates a massive whirlpool in the ocean, and in fact, actually dehydrates the ocean, leaving fish flopping around on the seabed in kind of puddles. And, dangerously, it's also dehydrating Bug in the Gang. And then a faceless android from the Global Peace Agency shows up to save them. So it looks like we're going to be dabbling in Jack Kirby's OMAC this issue. And uh, OMAC, of course, stands for One Man Army Corps. Uh, the story is that in the near future, or what, the future that's coming or something, right. the way they wrote it. That's uh, true, yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yes, the uh, frail teen by the name of Buddy Blank is imbued with another indestructible form of a brawny dude with a mohawk and orbiting satellite uh, Brother Eye. And this form would be, of course, OMAC. Uh, now, Brother Eye is part of the Global Peace Agency, which is the future's super science police force. Uh, the android tells Bug that the mad scientist Scuba, with a K, is stealing all the water. Dr. Scuba is an evil, wrinkly dude who did try to steal the, wor- the world's oceans in OMAC number 7 way back in October 1975. Uh, but was a, he was also a regular foil for Buddy Blanca throughout that series. Yeah, I seem to recall he had that, and he had another another villain. I forget how to name yeah, Goofy name. just a dude. Yeah. Uh, as well as a couple of issues where it was just the, uh, you know, dealing with the futuristic world at large. With the cops, yeah. So, uh, anyway, it seems Scuba has messed with Omax Adams and turned him back to Buddy Blank permanent-like, and plus destroyed the Brother Eye satellite besides. Bug surmises that Chagra must have come here for Scuba's expertise in something, uh, and also he's the seventh domino? Maybe. Okay, Hooligan and the teddy bear... <laughs> 
uh, discusses that with Kazuko, that they've gone off script and don't know what the future dominoes will portend. But since we don't really understand that whole domino thing anyway, we're all in the same boat here, folks, so uh, glad to glad to have you, hooligans. <laughs> <laughs> now, at the Global Peace Agency's highly technological headquarters, Bug is introduced to Buddy Blank's government-appointed parents. That, of course, is, uh, well, it's actually Mr. and Mrs. Barker. In here, uh, yeah, um, now Bug recognizes Mr. Barker as Bartholomew Blankenship, who has shown up in every shard that they've traveled to so far. He has? I, I don't remember. I, I guess. Um, <laughs> Bug uh, mentioned stealing his yak. Uh, I do remember him stealing a yak. I yeah. just don't remember this Blankenship guy. I don't remember this guy at all, but all right. Well, you say so. But we'll, we'll, we'll take his word for it. He has no reason to lie to us. <laughs> uh, now, he does mention stealing that yak, and uh, suddenly there's a blip on the OMAC scope. Some androids open a portal to Scuba's fortress. Which is inside of this disheveled mountain in the middle of an ocean, and the androids explain, explain that Brother Eye got his licks in before being destroyed by Scuba. And then Bug says some stuff about ants that I don't really feel like getting into. Yeah. Uh, and he hops through the portal. Yeah, Kazuko and Hooligan jump in after him, despite Bug telling them to stay behind. But, of course, that wasn't going to happen. Bug lands in Scuba's lab with his daughter Seaweed and her husband Apollo and like a half dozen monsters. Like, literal big, hairy, and scaly monsters. Really, this is something right in Mike Allred's wheelhouse to draw stuff like this. Yeah. Uh, and also, Buddy Blank is hanging around, just kind of standing around there. Uh, there's some fighting. Then Scuba fires a small gun at Bug and Kazuko, and then Buddy Blank and Seaweed, in, respectively, capturing them in transparent and impenetrable coffins. Compresso bars, he calls them. Seaweed had a thing for Buddy in those recent issues, in those old issues of OMAC, by the way, that plays into this book because she's sort of like thankful that she's he's opened her eyes to the evilness of her father. But uh, you know, it doesn't really come to much like most of the plots in this book in this series. <laughs> uh, Scuba and Apollo walk away for a while so everyone can chat, and uh, Hooligan the Bear is also in the cage with Buddy and Seaweed. So he says some cryptic stuff, gives Buddy a pep talk to believe in Brother Eye or some such. Uh, we see ghostly Omax standing outside their box suddenly, pressing against the glass. Now, Scuba and Hooligan return, having stolen the rest of the planet's oceans. Uh, he exclaims, it's good to be king. <laughs> uh, Scuba's also brought a hunk of melted slag, which is what remains of the Brother Eye satellite. We're guessing he's doing this just to taunt Buddy right. Blank, right? Yeah, <laughs> just to be a jerk. A, it's always your undoing, though. Don't bring the, uh, you know, the deus ex machina <laughs> to the machina, for God's sake. Of course, of course. Now, then Scuba <laughs> intends to turn his gravity neutron gloves on Buddy, because, yeah, it sounds like a good time. Uh, Bug and Buddy are still defiant, so Scuba threatens Seaweed, which is his own daughter. Yeah, he's not a good dad. <clears throat> no, not no, really. he's not going to be winning any awards. <clears throat> nope. Now, then Bug realizes that sound and light can pass through these boxes somehow. Sure. Uh, now, <laughs> Bug opens his heads-up display and turns uh, turns his chittering to supersonic frequencies. Ghost Omac walks through the side of the box and steps right into Buddy Blank, and everyone's free. I mean, and Omac is here, too. Hey, everything, everything worked out just... I mean, the Omac walking into Buddy Blank is the maximum bullshit. That's the... You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> The chittering is is silly, but it's like, well, I don't yeah, know. I guess we can play, we can allow it. That's yeah. the thing, but like, it's like, oh, all you had to do was like accept your ghost. I what a what a ridiculous 
not actually, you know, thing that happened. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Omax mm-hmm. about to sock Scuba, but Chagra shows up just then and blazes everyone back with his, uh, like, his orichalcum force something, whatever. Sounds good. Uh, he slaps Scuba and Apollo up against the wall and uses his power to extract doc- Dr. Scuba's smarts actually through his eyes and mouth. It really looks kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now Chagra has th- the three things he needs to reshape the world. He tells Bug that their last meeting will be where it all began, on New Genesis. Before leaving, he restores all the world's oceans, which was kind of nice of him, I gotta admit. Sure. He didn't have to do that. That's an integrity move, yeah. Exactly. He, 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 <laughs> no, nothing personal. He's letting them know. It's all business with him. Uh, then Kazuko uses her eye beam power, with that I'd forgotten totally about, to strip away the slag of Brother Eye's satellite and reveal a mother box, or a brother box, mm. as Bug points out, Chris. Uh, Brother Eye is able to restore his satellite into orbit immediately with his special story convenience ray. And then Team Bug hops in a boob tube to New Genesis, where new gods are laid out on what looks like the board game Life, right? I would, yeah, it's a board game, sure. The popper, it's some kind of board game, but did, did Life have the popper dice? or No, that had the spin. That had the spin, that's right. Yeah, Trump you're thinking of Trouble. Popper, and there, was a, there were a couple of popper games in the day. Popomatic Trouble. Gosh, but I, I, I'm going to have to look this up. I could swear there was a pop dice game that also I'm had sure. linear, you know, uh, a path, yeah. path. And then, of course, there's the backup, which is a really beautiful but incomprehensible three pages featuring a Golden Age character no one knows about. Uh, this time next week, there'll be three podcasts dedicated to him. He's Midnight by Jack Cole. So there you go, folks. If you want to make, that. if you want to make a podcast, <laughs> there he is. Uh, I really, I really like the way it looks. I almost wish it's very pretty. I wish they could just take out the word lettering. I probably would just like it as like a poster. You know, it's just a nice looking, sure. uh, very well laid out. I, I don't, even, I wouldn't even say well laid out. He's just using a lot of visual tricks to make a good looking page. It all flows. Yeah, it's really but, nice. Uh, it's just difficult to read. And yeah. uh, I don't understand what's care happening about. or care about it. You know, I'm more like, ah, just uh, I just like the I like the pictures, but uh, that really isn't the problem. The problem here is, of course, the main book. Chris, mm-hmm. it's pretty much a total letdown at this point. Uh, Brother Eye and Omac from the you know Bronze Age Jack Kirby. That might be the stuff I'm the most familiar with. I think there are 13 issues of that or something like that, and uh, that's one of the few that I've read them all. That and like the Sandman. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, other stuff I've I've dipped and dab, but I can't I can't claim to be say a Kamandi expert. I haven't read every issue of Kamandi. Sure. So going into knowing that though, only highlighted how deficient this book was in yes. explaining itself to the reader and in presenting a cogent, coherent story that had stakes. There was no stakes to the story. There was nothing, no reason for anything to happen except for the quips and nonsense. That, as far as I'm concerned, sounds like two brothers. Trading, you know what I mean? Like inside jokes. Inside yeah. jokes, yeah. Uh, really disappointed by it. Uh, you know, uh, what, what, what do you have to say? Um, I thought it was, uh, like you said here, it's 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 inside jokes. It's it's like people. It. I feel like my guts are being nudged. Like, hey, look at this Bronze Age stuff that I know about. Yeah. It's like we we get it. You're fans of the '70s comics. We don't need you to reinforce that by showing us some obscure character. And and I mean, then you jump into the backup, and there's Midnight. It's I like, know. hey, look at this character I dug up and know about. It see, it really seems uh, contrary to the spirit of this imprint to me. Yeah. Which I thought was going to be more populous, more for a newer reader, or to just sure. jump in and dive in. And there's definitely been nods in Shade and Doom Patrol. To older books, but I never of got course. I never got the impression you had to read those to no. follow along. Whereas 
you know, I have read the, this this OMAC number OMAC. seven we're talking about, and so I, I understood a little bit about it, but it didn't make this issue any more entertaining or any more interesting. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's. Uh, it just, it just is really a disappointment. Visually, you know, if you like Mike Allred's art, well, here is some of it's uh, here. Yes. It's here, <laughs> and it's well rendered, and you know, the Laura doesn't the usual excellent job on coloring. I mean, it looks like Silver Surfer. You know, it looks like everything mm-hmm. he's drawn lately. Mad which, Men, anything. Which yeah. is which is good, you know. But that's what it, it is. That you know, uh, but without the compelling story, or even like a decent story. Um, I'm not even sure there's a story. I I don't think there really is. You know, uh, yeah. it, everything that's happened essentially is you know for naught. He's going to go meet him on New Genesis and whatever that's going to be, which I'm sure is going to be r- ridiculous. You know, he's gonna, yeah, of course. He might actually like pull up one of the All Reds old toys or something and be like, "This is the you know, <laughs> this was your wagon you this... got at Christmas in 1973." Exactly. Yeah, you cried. Yeah. Aha. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they'll start teasing each other in the last one. You know what I mean? You went to bed. You know. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know what's. Uh, all I can say is I don't like this book, and and no. I wouldn't recommend this book to people that are. You know, if you like Michael Allred, I'd say go back to all Mad Men or uh, Ecstatics or Silver Surfer. Or Silver Surfer. You know, he's done a lot of stuff recently that I thought was really, really good in the end. But uh, this is not really one of them, and uh, I'm not going to be into the trade on the site. I gave this a, and uh, people listening to the podcast know that the Weird Science carries what we call the Fuck You Five. And I guess I gave it a five out of ten. Fuck you! This series is a waste of money and time, and uh, I would avoid it totally if I were you. Uh, you know, as far as quality though, it really is about there too. Because, like I said, visually and storytelling-wise, there's really nothing wrong with it. It's just a dud of a story, uh, mm. and it really just kind of makes me annoyed that it's so impenetrable. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like even to those that know those comics, it's impenetrable. It seems it seems like a waste of time and, and effort. What do you think you'd give it if you had to, if you were pressed to do so, Chris? I, I would have given it less than a five, but knowing what the five means, it, it, I'm right up there with right it. It's, there it's with a the, five. The it's uh, five. it's just you know this is a six issue series at four bucks a pop. We're looking at twenty four bucks before right. tax, and it's I don't know who it's it's only written for two people. Yeah. And it ain't us. That's exactly, yeah. I mean, I wrote that in my review. I was like, if you are Lee and Michael Allred, you will love this book. This, this is going to be your, be like, your book of the year. You've been waiting for this your whole life. <laughs> yeah, but it's just, uh, I, you know, it, uh, and I, I don't want to repeat myself, but it's like I, I, I don't want to hear about your fandom. I don't want you to throw your fandom in my face where, to, where you prove that you're a, you know, quote, real fan. I don't yeah. need that. Yeah. And that it, just seems what this is. This just seems very... Overcompensating in that you know we're we're steeped in this Bronze Age knowledge and let us show you that. And, and quite frankly, the the number of writers that keep cataloging the Fourth World over and over and it's enough oh, already. Boy. You know, it's got to the point you don't need to read any of that early stuff. Just read anything written in the last you know, five years about it. You'll be a qualified expert on it because they just keep going over the minutia over and over. And it's always the same story. They're threatened that the new gods are going to die, and then. Oh, they're dead. Oh, wait, they're back. They're back. It's yeah, every they, single they, time. They really do the same thing. It's it's. Uh, I just I think it's just people were so a certain generation was captivated by this and they kind of can't get out of that recursive loop. It seems. I guess. Uh, in this case, you know, I'll tell you. Someone mentioned to me they were like, "Who who cares about? Who wants to read about bug?" To me, the good thing about this was that that was never a heavily explored thing. You know, bug played 
prominently in Cosmic Odyssey, but didn't. Cosmic Odyssey. But the but the bug characters didn't even figure prominently in the original Fourth World stuff, as far as I know, which I haven't read all of it. They they were fleshed out after Kirby left, uh, like post uh, first issue special, like the Return of the New God series. Yeah. Uh, bug was one of the team members there with uh, with Orion and stuff. Originally, but, uh, they were just more like they were the workers, though, right? They were the yeah, they know, were just the there. serfs, you yeah. know. They, they were the downtrodden of New Genesis, the way the. Mm-hmm. Everyone in Apocalypse would be downtrodden, which I think was to show, like, you know, there's... You know, there's a caste system. Exactly. Or, yeah. uh, anyway, but my feeling was this this left them wide open to tell almost anything. Oh, they could story. explore anything, yeah. And they went totally inside. They went the other way. They went internally. They went deeper and deeper into, like, minutia and, like, weird arcane Bronze Age stories and... No boy, no folks. That's all I have to say. No. I'm sorry if you have been waiting for the trade. I would take it off of your pre-order or Amazon list. wish list. Yeah, yes. whatever you whatever you put that on. <laughs> but amazingly, again, you know, I said I'd have some ama- some things to say at the end of the show. Uh, next week we have another young animal book, Chris. Hmm? We have Doom Patrol number nine. Oh, that uh, that's mean. Don't even joke it's around. It's out. That. It's I. What? We have the comp copy <laughs> yes, in our hot little hands. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You. you could have blown me away. I could have sworn mm-hmm. I saw that that the December solicit got pushed up, but that still may be true. Maybe yeah. the November one made it, but the December one is is uh, pushed out. But beyond that, we also saw uh, that AV Club, which uh, didn't that used to be an arm of the Onion? Did I hallucinate I that? It was. It seems like it's not anymore. I would now that I looked into this stupid thing. It doesn't matter. The AV, AV Club they ran a piece about Milk Wars on Wednesday, November fifteenth. And uh, they wrote, and I will, uh, or you can quote if you like. Sure. Uh, we have Milk Wars is built around Retco. Oh, boy, I hate it already. Uh, an interdimensional corporation that steals, sto- oh God, steals stories, reconfigures them, and repackages them for new markets. JLA Doom Patrol special by Steve Orlando, Gerard Way, and ACO has the Doom Patrol meeting Retco's version of the Justice League. Led by Milkman Man, the last son of Krypton raised by an evil dairy farmer. I do like that name. That, that one, <laughs> Milkman Man. Oh, God. <laughs> um, uh, now, Jody Hauser and Ty Templeton Mother Panic slash Batman special introduces Father Bruce, an orphaned billionaire who has turned the traumatizing orphanage gather house into a school for future Robins. Okay. Cecil Castellucci and Mirka and Dolfo's Shade the Changing Girl slash Wonder Woman special make Shade a servant of Wonder Wife. John Rivera and Langdon Foss's Cave Carson as a Cybernetic Eye slash Swamp Thing special has two horror-influenced heroes teaming up to infiltrate Redco from within. And the event wraps up with Doom Patrol slash JLA special teaming Orlando and Way with Dale Eaglesham. The thing I'm most excited about is Dale Eaglesham. Yeah, there's a few <laughs> names I like in there, you know what I mean? Uh, what else? Who else I like? I mean, maybe I'm wrong about that. <laughs> That's what I saw another name in there. I was well, like, here's oh, another cool. name you're going to like. Frank Whiteley. That, I do like that name, yep. There we go. Now, there's a series of one-shots that are going to hit every, well, in theory, yeah. every week in February, which means we're probably going to get nothing and then four of them in one week. That's probably how it's going to work out. We'll, we'll get mm-hmm. the first one, and then we'll get a big gap or whatever. But uh, the covers are available online if you do a search. You can, yeah. you can go to this uh, AV club room. They're everywhere if you look for them. And they look pretty cool for what they are. I do like Milkman Man. D- Dale Eaglesham definitely is... Uh, Something to make me plus. perk up and uh, not too thrilled about the Steve Orlando inclusion. 
But, uh, you know, I, I believe that every comic is a new day, Chris. And, uh, and but this <laughs> feels this feels like another round of inside baseball. You know, it this isn't seems... I don't think this is going to I think there's going to be a certain contingent of people who buy it because Milkman is LOL random. Yeah. But uh, it's it's retco. I mean, that's obviously retcon. It's, yeah, yeah. You know, Which actually, I, I forgot there was. They they did fly there was a retcon, retcon billboard in yeah, uh, yeah in uh, Bugs. So this in obviously bug. laying the groundwork for this. I don't know. You know, sometimes commentary on the comic book world can be good. That's all. We'll see. Sometimes. I, I don't know what is. Yeah, you're. I, sometimes <laughs> it can be very misguided and and downright insulting. But we'll see which form this takes. I'm a I'm a little surprised that. Uh, uh, Michael Avon Oming isn't on the Cave Carson book, but that's true. Uh, I guess because that's such a visually unique book, you know what I mean. Uh, but sure, maybe there are reasons within reasons why that wouldn't be true. I don't know. If, I don't think that's anything bad necessarily. Just as the way way it went out. So uh, anyway, that's the information we have, folks. As far as what that's it is, it. it's all taken from there. So in February, this thing should be taking off, and if it is. We will cover it, and if it, it isn't, then we can't. But uh, I think we'll make that's, something up. We'll make something. Maybe we'll write this <laughs> ourselves. You know, Shane the Changing Girl and uh, Wonder Woman. Well, what was the other stuff I saw? Yeah, the Father Bruce thing sounds silly. Yeah, Wonder Wife. Uh, I'm sure that's going to be a commentary that uh, has been done a million times before. I mean, I'll be honest. Just on the face of it, Cave Carson teaming up with Swamp Thing gets me the most interested. I love Swamp Thing. Yeah. You know that. And sure. Like, that seems like that could be. You know, that could be Swamp Thing doing all kinds of mosses or crazy. Glowing fungi. That, that one seems to fit. Yeah, yeah, like that. That seems like that could be something, but uh, we're not giving a ton to to chew on here. So I'm not. I'm, no. gonna, I'm gonna try to be as reserved as I can. That's the uh, the oath of the comics reviewer, right? To uh, always be forthright and true, and to you know treat each comic as a new possibility. Mm-hmm. But I think that's all we got for mystery, Chris. You got anything else for him? No, that'll do it. I, I definitely uh, want to congratulate the fellas on their 150th episode. Oh, yes. It's, uh, you are a wonderful, uh, a right wonderful accomplishment. Yeah. And uh, give them my best. Yep, that's a great job. And uh, to everyone else, I want you all to keep it young and animalistic. Now this is the meaning of a bugaboo It's a person who's constantly bugging you Never giving you no room to breathe On you like skin or a shirt with sleeves A person that constantly wants to be around you It could even be your moms or pops when they hound you Just someone who's always bothering you If you was a plant, they'd be continuously watering you Sweating you like heat Let's say you are the cess and they are the sheets Always on you and wrapped around you As if you were lost and they just found you They never get the picture No matter how many times you diss them They still wanna get with you Continuously calling, never giving you a rest A bugaboo's just like a fly Nothing but a pest And I suggest that you step Why? Cause you're a bugaboo You're bugging me I'm bugging you You're just a bugaboo you're bugging me. I'm bugging you. You're just a bugaboo. You're bugging me. I'm bugging you. You're just a bugaboo. <laughs> now, girls, is that right? If you would read my mail, Jim, what a tale my words would tell. But if they tried to read it, we'd hear. When you reach the point where opinions come, the hero will bid 
Oh God! Wow! <laughs> hey, that was, that was seamless, guys. That was really that was. You excellent. like that? That's Great that's job. what that's what gets you, uh, you know, all these riches that we have. Uh, you know, subliminal messages. <laughs> 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 that, that's how you keep your sanity over 150 episodes that are all an average of 22 hours long. I actually did the I actually did the calculations uh and it, it ended up I sent them off to NASA Eric and oh, I ended they finally up they, got back. they finally got back and we have done uh, approximately 2,357,283 hours of podcasting and that was wow. just last week is what they told me wow. and they they commended us is what they said so there you go we actually in the with uh Reggie and Chris and the cosmic treadmill and the weird science history and the weird comics history, I mean, and all that. I think we are very close to having 300 episodes on our feed. So our regular Oof. feed. And I think we just made the 90th episode on Patreon. So take that. Eric. Wow. Everybody. Take that, buddy. Take that, everybody. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So there you go. There's you know a lot Congratulations. A lot of podcasts. Crazy, podcasting. crazy and, person. Well, until... There is nothing left for anybody to listen to but us. I will never rest. <laughs> That's Go what ahead, it is. Bitches. Reggie knows. I mean, Reggie knows as well, but Eric really knows. It's the Godzilla plan that I had yeah. since yeah. the beginning that you just, when people said we did, I read that thing and it said, if you have a site, you need to have at least once a week have a post. And I said, okay, no, that means once every six minutes you have to have them <laughs> and then tried to do that. But we're gonna, this is mail section number four. And we're going to start with Josh Ramillion, but I'm going to take a big gulp of my drink now because I'm starting to get a headache. I think I'm sobering up. That's not we, do help. Not, we don't need uh -oh. that. No, I, no. I need I need to keep up with the celebration. Here we go. You hear? There's a little tinkling of my uh, tinkle, tinkle. of my uh, ice in there in my 52 ounce club. We got a long mail section. Cup. You might hear a little tinkle, tinkle over here in a bottle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time either. It, it's no, bad. It wouldn't be the second time either because the last time like, I spotlight yes. I had to do it this week. Yeah, you did. Well, <laughs> I can I can always tell that there's problems because I made this drink and at one point it really tasted strong. Now it tastes like water. So I think there's something wrong. That's here. it. You're getting cured. That's all. Mm -hmm. No, no, you're gonna die, Jim. Mm. That is pretty good. I might have a, a hankering for this alcohol stuff down the Oh, God, we created a monster. <laughs> it's over. Uh, Josh says, what's up, Jim, Eric, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew? And he says, can I get the best whoop whoop of all inserted here? Of course you can. Get Fresh crew. Whoop whoop. Ship. Ship. I think that's debatable yes. about the best. Get Fresh Crew. Boop, boop. That's yeah, one of my favorites good. as yeah, well. Those one. both go hand in hand. They, they go together. It's like cookies and cream, like cream okay. candy bars even. It bit, it's been a while since I mailed in, so cookies I thought I – and it's funny. cream candy bars. Oh, it's not cookies and cream candy bars. That's yeah, not what that's it is. It is. It's funny. Uh, Josh says, it's been a while since I mailed in. Uh, that's what Eric does every week on a Tuesday night. Boom! Oh. Boom! Boom! Oh! 
So I thought I'd take this opportunity to say congratulations on reaching. You have the 50. rim shot on the that goddamn really soundboard. That really is awesome. What did you say there, Eric? Hey, you know Nothing. what? Josh, it's been a while since he mailed it in. Eric does it every week on Tuesday night. Ah, uh, yes. Classic. And then you read Eric's reviews. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wait goes hard, man. And then what happens? That's called the lawnmower. I should not have reminded him about that soundboard. <laughs> what do you think this I is called? Terrible mistake. What do you think this is called? Do you think that this sounds like possibly a question? Yes. That's that right. is, yeah. what are you the, saying? The what do you, what do you th- toot. <laughs> what do you think this one is? <laughs> that one is the morning dew. Uh, how, about, how about this one? Frap? How about this one? <laughs> That's number two with a bullet. Did I tell you that we're selling shoes, Reggie? Here, here's the next one. That one's the out of gas is what they nice. call that one. And for the, the last one. They call it the, the putt-putt in New York. Yes, for the last one for this moment. That is called the forest dump. <laughs> Thank you. And, and now, also, also, I have to get to this. One of Eric's favorites. Uh, hey, Eric, I heard that you were going. Uh, I, I can't think of a joke now. Dude. Yeah, you dumb bastard. Hey, hey there, buddy. Are you living life or life of living? Oh, fuck. Very nice. I, know I love the slide whistle. I, I, <laughs> I just wanted to do the slide whistle. Hey, working hard or hardly working? You like that one? How about this one? Hey, Eric, living the life? (laughs) (laughs) The Wilhelm scream. That's usually how I yell at work if somebody says that to me. Yes, yes, that's what's happening. Uh, We're going to go back to Josh's mail. It's been a while, he says, since I mailed in, so I thought I'd take the opportunity to say congratulations on reaching 150. That really is awesome. So I started a new job at a cardboard box factory a few months back, and it has been really cutting into my time. There you go. See, I'm gonna. There's now sound effects for everything now. Eric, why did you bring this up? I don't know. Why did you uh, real bad? Pretty, well, pretty much anything other than work. He says he doesn't have anything to do except work. Yes, I understand. So I started a new job. You not your life, I, like a shit. I am having some problems here. If I'm not driving to work, working, or driving home, I'm sleeping, trying to prepare for my next day of work. You don't like that, right? No. That's true. I understand. I understand there, Josh. I know what you're saying. Uh, with that, I haven't had hardly any time to read comics, watch stuff on the stick, or even really hop on Twitter for more than two minutes it takes to send in my segment, which we all love. Uh, that being said, I've been keeping up on the podcast since I don't mind spoilers, and I think I'm finally adjusted to my schedule enough to reform a, or oh. to reform a semblance of a social life, even if it's just online. I miss the fresh cup proof. Poop, 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 poop. Yes, don't we all? <laughs> so I know there was a lot of Shazam talk a couple weeks ago, and I've been checking out a bunch of old Shazam stories whenever I get the chance, right? That's what he says. Hey, <laughs> he has got to be one of my top three favorite characters in the DCU, so I can't wait for him to get his own book. 
How about yeah. you guys? You like that? I do too. You know what? I like him because he's a bit electrifying. Yeah! Jim, you goddamn idiot. You should have said because he's a marvel. Oh, you know so why I like Shazam? Because he... I, I don't say it again. I'm sorry. See, that's, he's he's electrifying. Didn't you like that? Uh, you didn't like electrifying. You didn't. No. You didn't. You like should have put on a grease that grease song. He's electrifying. Uh, right? Grease lightning. lightning. No. That being said, Off the last trade I read was a rereading of the New 52 Jeff Johns story. If Shazam were to reappear or appear in the Rebirth timeline, I'm wondering how old he would be. Now, the problem is what you read was, according to Steve Orlando, only a couple months ago in this continuity. So there'd be the deal. I know Billy Batson is usually portrayed as being around 10 to 14, but he seemed a little bit older to me in the New 52 story. Had a jerk story. off in that. Yeah, he was a jerk. Uh, you yeah, know. That was a good little – that was a good – Philadelphia proud of us. It was an update. They brought him to Philadelphia, which I appreciated, but they just made him a little jerk who's all about drinking and breaking the law. Yeah, yeah, breaking the law. And with that, how long did the New 52 last in your guys' minds? Uh, Again, according to Steve Orlando, two months. But I two years in my mind. Two years about, yeah. So he can't be that old, but I think it'd be cool to have a story with Billy being twenty one and starting to look more like Shazam, but partying with his college buds, kinda like Eric yeah, yeah, back there. I with don't want to see it, but I think that'd be a cool else world where and, we see a yeah. Billy Batson grown up and how he has to deal with the Shazam lifestyle. What about a Billy Batson who's actually seventy and then turns into Shazam to get younger? How about that? Does that blow your mind? Does that Hello? That does blow my mind, yes. Yeah! I knew it was coming. I just wanted to say a goddamn thing. I didn't want to give the satisfaction. Wouldn't that be different? That'd be, that'd be a little twist, right? That'd be a little twist. The thing is, if Billy Batson and Shazam are the same age, then why would he ever go back to being Billy Batson? Uh, because he has Say? a job. I don't know. You can do because a job as Shazam. Senior well. discount. That's why. He gets uh, oh. a little bit, but yeah, uh, the problem is that this Shazam, and also this Shazam being the piece of shit he kind of was, that was one of the things where when he turned to the Shazam, they're like, oh man, we're going to be able to buy beer, and we're going to talk like Eric Shea on the podcast, right. is what they said, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I think that they always want to play with that younger Billy Batson anyway, so, all right, sorry, Eddie Ooh, said just, <laughs> oh god, <laughs> just thought I'd get your guys thoughts have you been drinking? Get Reggie. All right. Oh, I should be. I should be. Drinking. Sorry for the long email and expect to hear more from me in the mail section on Twitter and in the Slack chat as I try to get my social life back. And that is the Vermillionaire. And uh, we are going to go off to because that's the end of that mail. And we're going to go off to his segment because his segment for this week will be on Killer Be Killed Volume 1, which I do hear a lot of good things about. Ryan from the uh, Columbus Comics Corner, he loves it. That's his favorite book. So I'm interested to see what Josh says about it, and then we'll be back. I can feel your energy from two planets away. I got my drink, I got my music, I will share it, but today I'm feeling, bitch, don't kill my vibe. 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 Look inside of my soul and you can find gold and maybe get rich. Look inside of your soul and you can find out it never exists. I can feel the changes. I can feel a new life. I always knew life can be dangerous. What's up, everyone? Welcome to this week's 150th episode recording of Vermillion's Visions. Josh Vermillion here, so you know for 150, I'm going to have to break out the big guns, give you guys a good book to go with this week. 
Uh, so this week, it's going to be Kill or Be Killed, Volume 1 from Image Comics. It's the first four issues of that series, written by Ed Brubaker, art by Sean Phillips. Uh, so the story here in Kill or Be Killed follows Dylan. Uh, and the way it follows Dylan is pretty great. Like most comics, there's a ton of narration throughout the book, uh, but it's done in a new and different way. It's hard to explain without just telling you, though, so I'll go right into it. The book starts out with a guy wearing a red ski mask, which we can go ahead and just assume is Dylan here because it is, and he is killing people with a shotgun in an apartment building. And at this point, the narration is basically saying, uh, this isn't how I thought my life would be, but these people deserve it, so I'm glad I'm killing them type of thing. Uh, but just the way the whole narration is going, it sounds natural. Not like it was written for a comic, but like it would sound if someone was actually sitting there telling this story to you like it had happened to them. Uh, so after Dylan kills four people in a row, he stops the narration because he's getting ahead of himself. And he tries to remember when it all started. Was it in his childhood? Was it that New Year's Eve night when he was out with his girlfriend Daisy and some assholes were catcalling her? Uh, we see Dylan turn around and try to look intimidating at these guys, but that just eggs them on more. Uh, and he and Daisy actually end up arguing about it all night. But, you know, that was seven years ago and says that wasn't where this actually started. Next we go on to see the night it all really did start, the night he decided to kill himself. So Dylan is about to jump off the roof of a building, uh, but then the narration stops again, and here's where I'm just going to read it so you can see what I mean. Uh, so he's about to jump off this building, uh, and he says, But wait, shit, you've got no context for this yet either. Like, why are you killing yourself, Dylan, you're thinking? Uh, which is just, you know, a little a little snippet of the narration throughout this book, but I think that, that section right there kind of really shows how natural it sounds. Um, I know, and it, it sounds more natural when you're reading it than when I'm here, you know, when I'm here reading it aloud to you. But if you're actually reading it, it does sound pretty natural, like you're hearing it from this guy talking. Uh, he says he's actually tried to kill himself before this as well uh, by trying to overdose in college, but it didn't work. Uh, so that caused him to be set back a couple of years in school. So now he's a 28-year-old grad student, and he lives with uh, his roommate Mason and basically lives with his best friend, Kira, who is dating Mason. He says that the relationship between Mason and Kira has kind of ruined his and Kira's friendship, and because, you know, she's always focusing on Mason, whereas they used to be together all the time, and it's made him feel even more alone than he did before. But one night, when Mason uh, went out to pick up pizza, Kira and Dylan started making out pretty much the whole time he was gone. So then after that, they basically start kissing pretty much any time Mason leaves the room. Uh, so one night when Dylan was up late studying, he heard Kira talking to Mason through the wall and saying that, you know, she felt sorry for him. And that was his breaking point uh, when his best friend and the girl that he's clearly in love with and has been making out with and wants to date, uh, when she tells her boyfriend that she feels sorry for Dylan, that's when he decides to kill himself. Uh, so now that we have, now that we all have the the context that he was talking about, we're back up on the roof again and see him jump, but he doesn't fall all the way straight down. He gets tangled up in an old clothesline and ends up only falling about six stories, still a lot, but he gets up and walks away from it, happy to be alive. 
he wants to go right inside and tell Kira how he feels about her, but knows that you know he should wait until she's not sleeping in bed with her boyfriend. Uh, so he goes to bed ready to wake up a whole new Dylan. And in the middle of the night, this huge black ghost demon thing with big horns shows up and tells Dylan that he saved his life, and now Dylan has to repay that, a life for a life. So every month, Dylan has to kill at least one bad person that deserves to die, or else Dylan will die. So at first, Dylan refuses, and he doesn't even think this demon is real. You know, he's saying, you're not even real. Uh, But it breaks his arm to prove that, hey, I'm real, fucker. And the rest of the month, Dylan tries to block it out. And, you know, just think of rational things that could have happened. You know, like, he broke his arm in the fall, uh, but he was so amped up that he didn't notice it till later, and then he dreamt the demon, something like that. But with about a week left in the month, Dylan gets sick. And I'm talking, like, deathly sick. Sick as hell. Um, and he sees the demon in the mirror, and, you know, the reader can see the demon following behind him in the shadows, and he knows that it's this demon that is killing him and making him sick. Uh, so he goes out, and he's going to try to make it to the emergency room. Uh, but on the way, some people jump him and just start beating the living hell out of him. One of them holds a gun to his head, um, but when this guy goes to talk, it's actually the demon uh, that is reminding Dylan that he only has one more day to find somebody to kill. So as Dylan is laying there in the freezing cold snow, bleeding out, he decides that he's going to do it. He's going to kill someone, and the second he decides that, he starts feeling better. Uh, So he gets up to stumble away, and the narration reads... Now I just have to find someone who deserved to die and kill them. How hard could that be? And that is where the first issue ends. Uh, So the rest of this first trade, uh, the next three issues, follows Dylan through his first couple of kills and his this complicated relationship thing that he has going on with Kira. Uh, But it mainly does focus on him trying to decide who deserves, quote-unquote, to die and getting better at killing uh, and it is just so, so good. God damn, is this book good. It gets a little a little bit too real-worldy for me a couple of times, uh, but I can look past that pretty easily uh, because the storytelling, the narration, and the art are all fucking incredible. I'm like, oh, God. If I had to rate this, I'd probably go like a 9.5 out of 10 as a whole. And I'm not one of those guys. I'm no Eric Shea that can never give a 10 to an issue. Uh, But I think it's really, really hard for an entire trade to be a 10 out of 10. So I'm going to have to go with a 9.5 on this one. Uh, But this book is just really good. I think pretty much any fan of good comic book writing will like this. And even if it's not exactly your cup of tea, like this type of story, it's well written enough to at least make you appreciate it for what it is. Ed Brubaker does an awesome job of making this story about a demon forcing a guy to kill bad people relatable and making you really connect with Dylan as a character, even through just these first four issues. And for me, I think a lot of that comes from how well it was narrated, uh, the way he makes the narration seem like it was Dylan actually talking about all of this and figuring it out in his own mind, I think made it easier to grab a hold of and kind of put yourself into. Um, And Sean Phillips' art is really, really good throughout. Um, 
<clears throat> you know, it's not just his character work, but he makes the demon look really good. And his art on the kills is just gory enough to the point where it's like, okay, that's a gross kill. Um, you know, it's not over the top gory, like blood and guts hanging out everywhere, but it's it's to the point where you're like, okay, that that's obviously a kill shot. That's blood. Whereas I think in some in some books like this, uh, the art isn't detailed enough on those kill scenes. But this is, but Sean Phillips' art is really good uh, throughout the book. Um, whether that's you know drawing Dylan and Kira, uh, whether that's drawing the demon in the mirror or in the background, or just outright talking to Dylan. Uh, but especially on on the pages where Dylan is killing these bad people, I think that's where Sean Phillips' art really shines through. Um, but Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, great team to have on this book. I think the writing and the art are both are both top notch. Um, like I said, nine point five out of ten. Definitely recommend this to pretty much anybody out there that might be listening right now because I think. Uh, there's something in this book that everyone can appreciate and will appreciate it if you give it a chance. I know a lot of a lot of people out there are fans of this book, um, and I can see why now. You know, I had kind of been putting off reading it because I'm not normally a fan of like the the grittier real world type stories, but uh, this is this one is definitely one that I am going to be continuing and checking out. Uh, further in, into the next trade and, and beyond because this is really, really good. Um, so that pretty much brings us to the end of of the little book talk here. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in this week, listening to me go on about how good this book is. Um, definitely, definitely check out Weird Science DC on Patreon. Check out all the shows that they have going up on there. I think Jim said they're at about 90 by now, so... God damn, is it worth the money? Um, there's a lot of shows about a lot of different topics, so definitely go check them out. You can find something that you will like. Uh, once again, thank you for tuning in and listening to me this week. I'll be back next week. Not sure what the book will be yet, but I'll definitely be here. Uh, so thanks again, and I'm going to send it on back over to Jim and Eric and possibly Reggie. Uh, thanks, guys. Welcome to Crossover Corner. Uh, I'm your host, Jeremy, and we've got two issues that we're going to be looking at uh, this week. Uh, we've got a new issue of The Wildstorm, the main title of The Wildstorm, uh, out this week, uh, which is all rather exciting. Uh, but first, though, we're going to be looking at uh, Wonder Woman and Conan, issue three. Now, this is a uh, an issue that, if you remember, uh, this is a series, I should say, that if you remember last issue... Uh, I was a little bit disappointed with. Uh, so let's dive in and see 
what the situation is with this issue here. Wonder Woman and Conan issue three is written by uh, the rather wonderful Gail Simone uh, with art by Aaron Lepresti and Matt Ryan. Uh, colors are by Wendy Broom. Letters are by Saida Tomafonte. And it is, of course, published by uh, DC Comics and Dark Horse Comics, with it being a, a joint enterprise between the two uh, the two publishers. The cover price is $3.99. And we start with our opening paragraph, which goes like this. Last issue, our two heroes fight each other in an arena, get transferred to a smuggling ship, get threatened by Randy sailors, see the ship thereon get rammed by a Zingaran patrol boat, jump overboard in a desperate attempt to escape, and finally get menaced by some impressively rendered sharks. Phew! If all of that sounds action-packed, well it is. Although much of the action could easily be categorised as padding. Will this issue's action be any more purposeful? There's only one way to find out. And uh, indeed, as always, there is. Um, I must say, this is there's a very nice Derek uh, Robertson, uh, sorry, Derek Robertson uh, cover here. He's been doing the covers for uh, for all the uh, all the issues so far. Uh, there are some nice variant covers as well, actually. I don't Sharp's been doing one or two of those too. Uh, this is quite nice. It's 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 a bit Diana and Conan they're looking like they're getting a bit romantic there, and uh, yeah, it's all all done rather well. the The comic opens uh, as it has opened uh, with each issue uh, so far this uh, this series. It opens with a flashback uh, back to uh, Conan and Yana. Uh, if you remember, Yana is this uh, this girl. Uh, Conan meets her uh, at a kind of meeting of the tribes, basically, and, and he goes with his father, she goes with her mother, and uh, while the grown-ups kind of talk and what have you, they get a chance to sort of bond and become friends and what have you. Uh, this is their second meeting, and um, a few years have evidently passed um, since the last time they met. And they're sort of greeting one another like old friends. It, it's really quite sweet. You you see them kind of running <laughs> running through the long grass towards each other when they when they see each other. It's it's very nice. Uh, and you can see that they're they're kind of more uh, I guess sort of preteen um, sort of age group. They're maybe a little bit older. And um, Yana, there's there's a, there's a there's a kind of a seriousness to her. And she wants to ask Conan something. And the, the thing that he uh, she asks uh, him is, do you like girls? Uh, she says, Conan, I have to ask you, as it's been on my mind, do you like do you like girls? And and Lepresti kind of kind of does a good job of sort of rendering a, a slightly quizzical look uh, on uh, on the younger Conan's face. And he goes, "Yes, yes, I, I like girls. There's one near my home that." And, and then <laughs> and then it's like the penny drops. <laughs> and it, it, it already and this is only on the first page. And already, kind of Simone is doing some really interesting stuff with. Uh, uh, with characterization here and with dialogue, it, it's very deftly handled. Uh, the penny drops and he goes, oh, well, why do you ask? Uh, and she says, oh, no reason. <laughs> uh, may I ask you another question? Do you like girls who beat you in a foot race? And then, you know, and there's this, one of the great things about uh, about this comic is it does such a good job of 
uh, getting across this, the kind of central relationships uh, in this uh, this story. The big one, obviously, is Conan and Wonder Woman, which we'll get to in a minute. Conan and Yana is 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 the basis, is the foundation for that relationship, though. And here, it's just really, uh, I want to say sweet. Sweet is probably the wrong word, really. It, it's kind of just nice. It, it's, it's nice to see characters kind of enjoying themselves and having fun and sort of dive bombing water and all that kind of stuff and yeah it, it's it's good it's it's really good and they're having a lot of lot of fun uh but things get serious and um yana uh kisses conan uh they're they're, they're in the river um or lake which it looks like it might be a river and and she she kisses him and then straight away she tells him, "Right, that's it. You're going to have to forget me," which is that's a double whammy if if ever the, if ever there was one. That's 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 rough. Uh, so so he kind of he kind of says, "There's no way I can forget you after, after after that." She draws a dagger on him and says, "You can't follow me. You know, I, I'm leaving Conan, leaving my tribe," and that's that's how the uh, that's how that that kind of flashback ends. Now I, I, I will just say this: there, there's some there's some clever little stuff going on here. I am getting this in single issues actually, but I, I might just have to get this in trade as well. Um, there's some really interesting stuff going on with the uh, with the layouts here because they're they're all the the layouts of these pages. The 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 pages is framed with a sort of kind of branch vine type deal sort of a, a, as as the frame and the frame has different kind of blossoms on it as the 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 page, as the story goes on uh and in the last uh page the 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 I and mean, it's clever do you know what it it is clever in in the in the first couple of pages they they're sort of they're kind of nice pretty blossomy flowers um becoming a little bit more sort of more like daisies i guess um uh, in the second page and then third page it becomes much more sort of romantic uh when she kisses him it becomes much more sort of romantic sort of red roses it's really really nice touch it, it's it's really nice and at the bottom of that page because she kisses him at the top of the page and then at the bottom of the page she's she's going she's leaving him uh having told him not to follow there's uh, the the frame is kind of broken. It's it it sort of snaps uh, at the uh, right in the in the bottom right hand corner. It's really nicely done. It really really is. Um, one of the things I said in the review on the site is that the last issue uh, I, I keep on talking about last issue. Last issue was okay. I I thought it was a little bit. Uh, it had lost its way a little bit. Um, this issue the. Uh, the flashbacks are being used in a much more kind of uh, sort of dramatic way uh, to punctuate and comment on uh, the action of the, that's happening in the main story. And you get that here. So so he's kind of facing this loss of losing her. And then we, we turn over. And, and, and like I said, the, the, the snapping of the frame is kind of a suggestion of sort of breakage and violence and what have you. You turn over the page, and it is the boat that they were on last issue that's being rammed by this Zingaran patrol vessel, which is just sort of shaking apart. And so, so the the, the kind of splintering that you that you got at the sort of bottom of the uh, of the frame of the previous page 
it's kind of amplified and magnified on this page here because you, you've you've got sort of timbers and planks kind of flying in all directions. There's one poor chap uh, in the top right hand page, uh, top right hand corner of this splash page. Who, who looks absolutely <laughs> terrified. He's kind of flying through the air and uh, he's heading uh, for the shark-infested water. So that, that's that's not good. It, it, is a, it is a great piece of artwork. Of course, Conan and, and Wonder Woman are already in uh, the water at this point. We last saw them being menaced by sharks underwater. Um, and... Uh, there's there's one little thing here that that I, I well there's a couple of little things here that I have a, a bit of an issue with but generally that this this sequence is done really well they're, they're being menaced by sharks uh, the first thing that happens is that a shark brushes past Conan's sword arm and he loses his grip on his sword so that's the first thing then he says this doesn't bode well Yana now he says that under underwater. <laughs> which is difficult it's it's difficult to do that <laughs> if if you if you're underwater to to communicate via via your mouth but anyway i'll 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 kind of let that slide uh he whacks the shark they both surface briefly um and he uh, no no that's right diana diana basically says look let, let me give this a go i've i've got an idea and she kind of tries to speak to the shark and command it uh, to to leave them alone, and that doesn't that doesn't work out very well for her. It's a nice idea though. I'm not sure about about Diana, and I know, I know Diana has kind of an affinity to to sort of nature and and uh, you know she's taking her name from the goddess of the hunt and what have you. And I would imagine there probably are certain animals that that kind of that kind of have. Uh, an affinity for her. Sadly, sharks are not one of them. That's a shame, isn't it? So we're going to have to kill the shark. Uh, and this is this is what they do. They, they're still chained together at this point. The shark kind of... They, they manage to get the shark to bite down on the chain. Uh, and then as the... As the sh and they basically ride the shark. Uh, as the shark surfaces um, to try and shake them off, they both strain at the same time bearing in mind they're sort of on its back and they essentially kind of break its well it doesn't have a neck but it, but they they break its jaw they break its its i suppose it's its upper back uh it's a really nice sequence and, it, and it's drawn really really well and, and it does it does get across a couple of things first of all it gets across how how um sort of astute they are from a, a tactical point of view diana and conan uh, but it also gets across how how just very strong they both are, and it and it does it it works it works really well. The, there is a suggestion actually that uh, just the way the Lepresti is drawing them here, there is a suggestion that of the two of them, Diana's the stronger possibly, which would make sense. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's that's pretty good. And then then they're kind of there's a nice moment where Conan's in the water and Diana pulls him up. And, and there's just a little flashback to uh, the previous issue where Yana falls and it's Conan that drags Yana up. And there's a nice little bit of sort of reversal there. It's it's really nicely done. But yeah, they, they're, they're basically stuck then uh, on a piece of wreckage uh, floating in shark infested water. And they stay that way for quite some time, it would seem. 
Uh, and this is kind of interesting because because Lepresti kind of draws them as being, you know, one of the interesting things about this is is that yes, they they work together, and there's obviously a kind of a chemistry between them. Uh, they're obviously kind of attracted to one another on a on a kind of sort of friendship stroke romantic level, if you see what I mean. Um, but there's a respect for one another there, and and, and they get talking. And um, the way Lepresti draws Conan, it's like, you know, Diana, obviously, is a tremendously attractive woman. And, and he's, but he, he's very careful kind of not to, not to go too close to her um, in a way, which is, which is kind of interesting. And that does get addressed later on. Uh, they have this conversation about, uh, about Conan's gods and where he's from and what have you. And that, that's quite good, quite interesting. And then uh, Diana just comes out and uh, comes out and says, "Why aren't you touching me? Why don't you touch me?" And and he and this is kind of you know, Simone does a really good job with this. So it's, one of the things about Conan, obviously, is that he's he's a bit of a he's a bit of a one. You know what I mean? When when it when it comes to women, uh, there is there is that kind of sort of I don't know, kind of sort of raunchy sort of misogynist kind of attitude to 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 conan and certainly the way conan has been written in the past in a number of different media but simone she doesn't make conan a kind of suddenly sensitive man she makes it so that there are good story reasons why conan is not acting his kind of usual i don't know kind of piggish self because he because he can be he can be quite you know, he can be a bit of a pig, can Conan at, at, at times. And she, and she says, he she says, you cannot touch me. I don't understand. Uh, and he says, in that you're not alone. Perhaps it is just that I want, I won't touch you thoughtlessly. And I like that. I, I you know, that, that he, if he's going to touch her, if he's going to kind of make physical contact with her, uh, it will be meaningful. And I, I do, I, I kind of like that. Uh, things are getting quite interesting here. I mean, I mean, there is a kind of a, there's a nice, there really is. I mean, and she and she does a good job. This is about three or four pages of just the two of them sat on this uh, on this floating bit of wreckage, and the the chemistry between them, the bond between them, is just uh, absolutely palpable. You can you can sense it coming off the page. It's it's fantastic stuff. And then they see the crows. Now the crows have been. The Corvid I, the Corvid A, however you pronounce it, uh, they have been um, uh, sort of in the background of this series for the last couple of issues. Uh, they are these uh, crow goddesses. They can take the form of crows. They can take the form of women. They can take a kind of an intermediate form. Uh, which is quite hideous and, and sort of you know, long-beaked like a crow and what have you. These two crows are flying over them as they're in the ocean, and uh, suddenly they are, uh, the crows and Diana and Conan are transported to uh, presumably the crow's domain. There's, 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 it's quite nicely done, this. There's, there's like a, it's kind of a muddy plain <clears throat> It's dark. It's raining. Um, there's the sort of twisted trees and uh, naked sort of trees in the foreground. In the background, there's this huge kind of 
tower, I suppose, with a crow's nest on the top of it, um, which makes sense, I guess. Uh, and so the, the two Corvidae kind of show up and they explain who um, who they are and what they want Conan and Diana to do. And essentially it boils down to they want Conan and Diana to fight. Uh, everything that they've done so far has been to engineer that in order for them to know the outcome of their wager. One of them has wagered on uh, on Diana, the other has wagered on Conan, and uh, they want to know what's, uh, you know, who which one is, is going to win. And uh, Conan and Diana keep on messing things up by not fighting one another, or when they do fight, they refuse to, uh, to strike the killing blow, as happened uh, last issue. Uh, so now they give them one last chance to fight, and um, they basically kind of say, you know, you've got one last chance to do this, uh, and we're, we're going to try and make you fight, basically. They cast some kind of spell that allows their sort of weird kind of crow-faced warriors uh, to come out of the ground, it reminds me a little bit of the uh, you know the famous skeleton warriors from that Jason and the Argonauts for, uh, film, uh, and these things are hideous. The press dude does a really good job with this; that they really are disgusting. Um, and they, Conan and Diana, basically find themselves with swords magically appearing in their hands, and it's like, right, you've got to fight now or that's it, we're going to kill you both, kind of thing. And they, obviously, they refuse to fight. <laughs> and they Instead, they take out the uh, the Crow Warriors, which is kind of predictable, I suppose, but, it, but it, it, it's really nicely done. And, and there's some great, very kind of visceral uh, artwork here from Lepresti. There's, there's some good stuff going on here. So basically, the Corvidae then then say, right, okay, that's it. We can see you're not going to play ball. Uh, we're going to wreak our revenge. And uh, the city of Shamur, we are going to destroy. And uh, the implication is, ah, yes, uh, that they're going to send... Uh, that's not the implication, actually. They they say it right out. We will send armies, multitudes, all will die. And and they, they really kind of lay it on. You know, the gambler who regretted his actions. This is the guy that Conan saved in the first issue. The boy who tried to free you, his entire family. The blood will spill like fountains upon fountains. That's quite nice stuff. Uh, and so, because... Uh, well, I don't know why. They, they, they basically give them a week. That uh, they say within a week, Shamo will be will be um, wiped out, uh, and then they return. They return to the uh, middle of the ocean. Uh, so they're stuck in the middle of the ocean. They know that this threat uh, exists uh, for the city of Shamo, and I, I suppose in a way, this is basically this is presumably how the rest of the the series is going to pan out. So, so you're going to get uh, the first. I presume the next issue they'll be trying to find their way back to Shama. Uh, issue five, they probably will make it back to Shama, and then in issue six, they'll have a big battle. I'm guessing. We also know, of course, that uh, Wonder Woman, uh, her memory is still in Shama. Uh, the slave dealer who ran the arena, he 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 claims to have 
uh, Diana's memory. So that's uh, the, all roads lead back to Shamur. That's that's what's going on there. And you would think that that would be a great you would think that that would be a great way to end the issue. Uh, but no, Simone has something else up her sleeve, and we we have another flashback. And this time, it is Conan doing what every boy should do when a girl runs away from. Well, maybe not every boy, maybe not every girl, but when a girl's just kissed you and then runs away, it's probably a good idea to chase after her, particularly if she tells you not to follow her, because there's obviously something up with her, and um, that's what he does here. Basically, Yana is a princess. Uh, fancy that who'd have thought um she's a princess she her mother is the chief of the tribe uh she's been groomed to to take over from her mother and she doesn't want to do it she she wants to have a life of adventure she wants to have um a life of of excitement and fun she doesn't want to be sat uh kind of presiding over you know uh the issues of her tribe and so she she wants to leave and she's going to leave she's going to run away like right now, today. And Conan basically says, right, okay, I'm coming with you then. Uh, so you've got... And that that's thats the way this, the, the the issue ends, uh, which is kind of interesting because because obviously it, it means that there's a heck of a lot more to this uh, relationship between Yana and Conan um, than we've seen up to now. And if they do leave, well, who knows what's what's going to happen there. We know that we know that Yana is uh, is very important to Conan. Um, he keeps on calling Diana Yana. He he won't accept that she isn't Yana, and he obviously loves her. Obviously cares for her. So it'll be interesting to see how these things pan out. But yes, uh, anyway, that was a good issue. That was a really really strong issue. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, the, the, there's something tremendously engaging about about the central relationships between Co the young Conan and Yana the older Conan and Diana uh they're, they're, just, they're just portrayed so well really really well um and everything kind of everything was there's no padding here at all everything everything was was either plot or characterization that drew you into the story and um in for that reason it, it's it's a very strong issue I gave this an 8.1. Um, I, I, I did. I really liked it. I, I think Lepresti's art is fab. Uh, you know, every so often... Uh, I mean, his his art is always good. But every so often, he he outdoes himself. Uh, there's, a, there's a little panel. Uh, I mentioned this in the review. There's a little panel at the bottom of, of one of the pages when Conan and Wonder Woman are, are talking on the... Um, uh, on the on the raft uh, that they're floating on, Diana laughs, and uh, it, it just it's just fantastic. It's just a great panel. It just kind of captures the the who the who the character is really really well. Yeah, I, I really liked it. Eight point one, uh, good issue. And um, so uh, I can I can kind of recommend this. I really can. I, I'll be honest, honest with you. I, I'm not. I I've read some. Of Gail Simone's uh, Wonder Woman, um, I, not a lot. I know that that people have hold her Wonder Woman stuff in high regard. Uh, I read. I'm trying to think. Actually, I, I read The Circle in trade, which is um, which is it's kind of good. It's it's interesting. 
I think this is better. The, the, this issue was more engaging, more fun, more more interesting, more intriguing than that. I would say so. Yeah, I, I'm 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 enjoying this. I'm enjoying it a lot. Anyway, right. Roll on next month is all I can say for that. Uh, if you hang on a minute or two, um, we'll be back to talk about uh, the Wildstorm issue nine. Don't go away. for that Eurythmic song, which we'll get to in a minute. The Wildstorm, issue number nine. I must admit, I, I, I get very excited when it's Wildstorm time. Um, there's, there's a variety, <laughs> there's a number of reasons for that. One is the quite stunning uh, John Davis Hunt artwork. And yes, we will be discussing that in quite some detail tonight. Um, the other is just this this idea that you are seeing a complete sort of fictional universe, fictional world uh, unfold very gradually. Well, I say very gradually. Sometimes it's gradual uh, and sometimes, you know, th- th- there are quite interesting sort of shock revelations. Uh, so it it it's it's not always gradual but you're seeing it unfold and i, I think i mentioned this a, a while back uh, this is a 24 issue series we're only on issue 9 we're not even halfway there yet um so ellis is laying the groundwork here not just for a single story or a single uh, comic book uh, but for a whole universe a whole world uh, and that that really comes through uh, as you as you read this uh, this series, as always, uh, this issue is written by Warren Ellis with uh, art by John Davis Hunt. Uh, colors are by Steve Steve Bucciolato. Letters are by Simon Boland, and uh, it's published by DC Comics. Of course, it is. Cover price three dollars and ninety nine cents. I th- I'd say that's a bargain myself, but you know you may have your own differing views on that. After the startling expansion of the Wildstorm universe last issue and the brutal action of the one before it, 
we'll probably do a bit of a rest. And that's more or less what we get with this ninth issue of The Wild Storm. That's not to say that this issue is dull, boring, or without incident, though. Far from it. It's just that whereas the last couple of issues have broadened the series' focus, this one deepens it. Allow me to explain. Yeah, this issue is, I guess, what I would call a consolidation issue uh, in many respects. Um, There's nothing too new introduced here. Uh, What we get instead is uh, some more background and fleshing out of characters that we've already been introduced to. Uh, It's a different kind of uh, issue then uh, from, say, the issue that we had uh, last month or indeed the issue before that, both of which actually introduced quite important characters. Um, We don't really get that this, this time around. For that reason, it it, it may seem a little bit, uh, almost like a bit of a placeholder issue, but I think that would be a mistake to see it like that. Um, There is some interesting stuff going on here, and it is worth checking out. We start with uh, Jacob Marlowe making good on his promise to Angie that if she joins him and and agrees to, to work with him and allows him to have some specs on the the technology that she's currently got sort of embedded in her body, then he will allow her access to his research laboratories. Uh, And that's exactly where uh, he takes her. I say he takes her, it's Adriana, really, uh, Void, uh, who takes them there. Uh, And they go through the bleed. And this is the first time, actually, we're in issue nine, and it is the first time the bleed has been mentioned by name, which is kind of interesting. Um, There's a nice little bit of dialogue between Adriana and Angie. Well, Angie kind of says to Adriana, uh, it's a bit of an imposition, basically, me uh, asking you to sort of take me uh, to and from this location. Uh, which of course is sealed. She has no idea where it is. So, so, so Adriana is kind of her only, uh, her only way out of this place. And Adriana just kind of goes, "Well, I, I quite like, I quite like traveling through the bleed kind of thing," which is is quite interesting. Uh, Marlowe essentially sets her up in a uh, in a lab for her to work uh, on her equipment and on her. Uh, her technology that she has implanted within her. Uh, what I like about this is uh, the, the splash page where they kind of they teleport in. There's uh, there's some kind of mech suit uh, hanging from from a joist in the ceiling, and there's also um, what looks like sort of a, a one man uh, fighter craft with sort of like a bubble cockpit. Um, and that's hanging on the side as well. Uh, what I love about all this is just that Davis Hunt really just loves, or seems to love, uh, going into the, the the sort of level of detail here that is is just really impressive. Um, so the, these things look like they look sort of real. They look they look functional. Um, if you remember a couple of uh, a couple of months ago, um, I talked about Morissette's art on uh, Dastardly and Muttley. Now Morissette uh, is able to kind of do the whole sort of slightly exaggerated comedic facial expression thing, which you would need for a title like that. But he's also excellent at drawing vehicles, 
and um, Davis Hunt is similarly good at, at that. Um, so you, you get you get a, it, what it does is it kind of lends a sense of sort of solidity and kind of physicality to the artwork. It's it really is quite impressive. I forgot to talk about the cover, didn't I? I, I really should talk about the cover. The cover itself is an impressive piece of art in its own right. Uh, you've got sort of Angie. Uh, this is a, this. I know this is the this is the time I normally go. Oh my God, Angie's so beautiful. Yeah, she is. Let's just get that out of the way. Uh, and she's kind of sitting in a kind of uh, a lotus sort of position, a meditative position. Uh, very similar, actually, to the position that we saw Void take a few issues ago when she was kind of. I don't know what she was doing, really. She was like communing with the bleed or something. I don't know. Anyways, uh, Angie's on the front. And she's wearing kind of a t-shirt and slacks. Her hair is kind of blowing all over the place. And around her, there's a kind of a spiral of... Well, what's really fascinating about this, I, I, I think this is quite clever. The, the, the colour palette is interesting on this cover because it goes... At the bottom, it's kind of a brownish sort of red... And then it kind of goes through uh, to a uh, an orangey, yellowy, then a green at the top. Now, what's interesting is oh, and there's kind of like a uh, there's a there's a, there's like a white halo around uh, around Angie's head and shoulders. Uh, what's interesting is is that when you look at it, she's got all these kind of uh, tubes and and what have you kind of coming at what well what appears to be coming out of her okay it looks like it's coming out of her head actually um and sort of around her kind of swirling around her it looks like there are these leaves now we've now this is kind of weird we we've we've seen uh davis hunt do leaves before he does them very well and he does them like this that they, they are these things that look like leaves appear to be kind of in motion you look a little bit closer and they're not leaves at all. They're 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 pieces of of equipment. They're they're sort of metallic components and parts and what have you. And it's a really kind of nice. Well, it, it's a nice kind of visual representation of what the engineer is all about. That this kind of spontaneous sort of production of sort of artificial and metallic kind of components and parts and uh, and machines but they're they're produced in this kind of uh organic sort of way uh an almost kind of instinctive sort of way it's it's a really nice way of uh of representing that it's it's a lovely image uh that that's like what is that that's like two issues on the right the cover to issue seven was uh was nice but the last two covers have been absolutely astounding i mean i mean poster worthy astounding they, they, they've been so good um right i keep on saying that in the hope that somebody from dc might listen to me and have mercy on me they're not going to are they <laughs> of course they're not <laughs> they might send me a nice custom-made poster <laughs> of john davis hunt's covers that would be lovely oh dear right um we've got uh mitch then um we leave angie and we go to see mitch uh who has learned after uh, the shenanigans of uh, of last issue uh to come in and say the correct uh greeting which of course is yo ho that's this week's greeting in io uh and uh, he comes in and uh, he basically 
relays to Jackie King that uh, there's been an incident at their high tower uh, facility. Now, of course, we already know this because the, uh, the person responsible for the incident uh, was, of course, John Colt. Uh, it turns out that he he was calling himself Wilson Flowers. I've no, no, no idea, really, why that's funny, but it, 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 it is funny to me. I've no idea. Um, so apparently he's run a hack, and then, uh, as we saw a couple of issues ago, he's he locked himself in a supply closet, closet uh, and then disappeared. Um, so... Mitch, I, I, here's the interesting thing. I, I like Mitch anyway. Um, we've had three issues of Mitch. And Ellis is doing this wonderfully kind of uh, slow, sort of layered thing with him, where he's making him one of the most sympathetic characters in the comic. Uh, and and we, we, we'll we we'll get to him later on as well. But here he, he kind of says, uh, I'm starting to say things like killed a few people like families didn't just lose loved ones. It's like he's beginning to kind of have second thoughts about about what he's doing for IO. It's it's really interesting. Uh Jackie then goes to see Miles Craven. On the way, uh she bumps in uh to uh Deputy Director Bayul, who's this uh uh rather stern, severe looking uh woman. Uh, who we saw a few issues ago. Basically, she wants to know what Jackie's up to, and of course, Jackie, uh, Jackie can't tell her. She's uh, she's doing it all in secret. Uh, what she's doing is uh, running a simulation. Uh, well, she's sort of running. She might be running a simulation, or she might be doing it for real. We're not entirely sure yet. Uh, but she's uh, she's got a team up to see if they can hack. Uh, Skywatch's uh, archives. Um, so she's on her way to talk to Miles Craven about this, um, and Craven kind of talks about the previous IO director John Lynch uh, and some of the things that he was up to. Uh, it seems that he was kind of involved in. Well, it, it, it's it's Lynch who has ensured that uh, Jackie. Uh, reports directly to Craven rather than uh, than anybody else, and so he kind of they have this conversation. It's sort of low key, but there are kind of undercurrents. Uh, Davis Hunt's artwork is uh, magnificent here again. He makes Craven. Uh, Craven is is kind of he's he's this sort of he he's he's handsome, but he's also incredibly ruthless, and 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 you can kind of see it. You can see that in his eyes. You see it the way he looks at King. Uh, particularly in the last panel of this meeting, there's there's a definite kind of um, there's a threat there, you know. And he says, "Be very careful, Jackie. Don't do anything without talking to me first. And it's just the way he kind of looks up. He's reading a book at his desk, and he's, he looks up, and it's like, "Yeah, yeah, don't mess with him." So that's that's interesting. Th- that's pretty much the only piece of plot progression we actually get in the entire in the entire issue i'm serious um the i mean if you if you count uh if you count angie uh getting installed in the lab plot progression i'm not sure but th- this is about as close as p- plot progression you, as you get like i said this is this is a this is a very uh leisurely told 
part of the story. Um, but what you do get, and we'll, we'll get into this a little bit more later, um, is is you do get a lot of depth with these characters, and it does make the whole uh, the whole experience that that much more interesting and that much more engaging. Right after that meeting, we get possibly the page of the issue. It's really hard actually to say that because there's some cracking pages coming up in a minute. Uh, it's a full page. Um, of New York, it's raining, uh, it's beautiful, really. The, the, it, the, the Davis Hunt and and Steve Bucciolato uh, are creating some truly impressive art here. Um, it's raining. There are a few shafts of sunlight coming through the gaps in the clouds, uh, so some of the um, some of the buildings are reflecting that light. Now, this this is poster worthy. I, I mean, and the other thing is, well, it, the, the 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 sort of gradations of uh, sort of grey and dark blue and uh, and black in the in the clouds. There's there's hints of sort of lilac in there as well. That's a stunning piece of artwork. It really, really is. Um, you know, it, it, it's funny, but um, Jim and Eric uh, often say, you know, the, the 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 review cliche of it's what you know the art is worth the price alone. Um, I have said that. <laughs> I've said that on occasion, and at times, you know, there's there's been a little hyperbole in there. Uh, I don't think. That this is hyperbole. If I were to say uh, the art is worth the cover price alone, at three dollars ninety nine cents, I, I I'm struggling to think of a of a way in which you could access art quite this good. It it, it is it is phenomenal. It really really is. So uh, yeah, uh, very very good uh, piece of artwork. Lovely. Uh, and not only is it a beautiful piece of artwork, but it sets up um, a nice little bit of character introspection uh, from John Colt, who is our, uh, I guess, newest. It's not new really, but he's he's the 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 member of Jacob Marlowe's Rogue Cat. Uh, that we've been introduced to most recently. Let's put it that way. Uh, and he's he gets up. He's wearing a very nice suit, and he is enjoying watching the rain come down. And he's remembering. Uh, and and of course, this is this is the thing. And it's a, it's a very kind of elegant way, really, of of reminding us that uh, that Marlowe's crew are mostly alien. Uh, Adriana isn't, but Kanisha. And Grifter isn't either, but Kanisha and John Colt certainly are, and of course Zealot is as well, uh, which we'll we'll get to in a, who we'll get to later. He's watching the rain come down, and he it's reminding him of a time when it looks like he was in sort of medieval China or Japan possibly, and he's standing in the rain, waiting, and he's he's got his eyes closed as if he's kind of savoring the rain. He's He's still. He's completely still. He's wearing. Uh, he's wearing kind of a wrap over uh, coat. He's wearing sort of fairly simple, simple clothing. 
the, the what's interesting is is that the is that the color combination is identical to the suit that he's wearing at the moment. He's wear he's wearing a kind of uh, a three piece suit, which is is sort of cobalt blue, I suppose, um, with a sort of reddish tie, and and the the outfit that he's wearing uh, in the past has a similar color scheme, which is which is kind of interesting. Actually, thinking about it now. The John Colt in the original series had the had the same colour scheme, so there we go. Nice little, nice little homage there. Um, and he's got his eyes closed, and he's standing in the middle of the road. And in front of him, uh, there is an ox-drawn uh, carriage. It's a covered wagon. Uh, we don't know what's in the wagon, but it would appear that John Colt wants whatever is in the wagon, or at least he wants to to interfere with the wagon's journey in some way. The problem is, is that there are one, two, three, four, five. There are five uh, tough looking guys um, in the uh, either, well, either, either standing by uh, the wagon or sort of perched on top of it. Uh, and it's clear that they're kind of, they're guarding whatever is in it or whatever. And there's also a guy driving the ox cart as well. And this is beautifully paced. Um, again, I had to give props to Davis Hunt for this. There's no dialogue in this sequence until the very end. Um, it's all conveyed through a combination of larger panels and very small panels. And the small panels focus on, um, on specific detail, uh, which generally builds up tension as it well it does here anyway um so what you've got is the, the very large panel uh where, where it's sort of revealed that he's standing in front of this ox, ox drawn card and he's still got his eyes closed and he's the rain is falling uh various of the other characters start to move he's got his character he's got his hand uh on his on the hilt of his sword and he doesn't draw it or doesn't start to draw it till the very, uh, sorry, till the third to last panel. There are these 12 little panels sort of uh, in, in uh, two rows of six at the bottom of the page. In the second to last panel, he opens his eyes. In the, in the last panel, he starts to move. He moves his foot. And, and then you see him leap into action. And I do mean leap. The, 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 the next page is basically four page-wide panels. So little you know slices. Each slice is a quarter of the page across the full width of the page going down. And he takes out uh, the, first, his, the first assailant. Um, the implication is, I think, that he, he kind of he goes past them. Uh, there, there are two people, there are two men sort of rushing towards him to take him on, and he essentially leaps over their heads um, and goes for the biggest of the of the five who's still standing on the wagon, and he takes his head off, um, and you you see it kind of he he kind of again it, it it's the the little details are absolutely incredible. So he 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 kind of stands. He ends up sort of with his foot on the guy's chest as the sword comes through. So he's like, he's like crouched or squatted on his chest. That This guy's still upright at the time, although he's beginning to fall back because of the impact. Uh, and you see the sword kind of take, you know, go through his neck. 
Um, and then we've got the 12 little panels again at the top of the next page. And uh, you see the guy. It's, it's basically people's reactions as you see the guy's severed head fall, falling down and hitting the ground. Uh, and 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 do you know what? It's it's carnage. It's absolute carnage. But the, but the thing about Colt, and and we already know this because of his introduction in issue seven. The thing about Colt is he is a precision instrument. He he is a killer, but he kills extraordinarily precisely, and uh, that's conveyed incredibly powerfully in in this fight so basically the rest of the fight i mean i i, I don't want to kind of give you a blow-by-blow blow account but it is beautifully done beautifully done and there's uh, i don't know i i i, I, I can't the, the, there, are, there are things about this fight that it actually would take me an age to explain as to, as to what's to why they're so good um the, the, he at one point he flicks uh, the blade from the from the uh, uh, the he flicks the blood of uh, one of the people that he's killed uh, into the eyes of uh, of another sort of combatant. Um, he uh, he splits somebody in half uh, from you know he takes his arm off actually sorry uh, he takes his arm off uh, and splits him in half and there's just there's just this incredible kind of uh, you know, Davis Hunt's art, I, you know, it's very precise, Davis Hunt's art, but at the same time, there is a kind of kinetic sort of feel to it here. It's it's beautifully done. The colours really help as well, because um, there are little sort of reflections of light off, off blades here and there. It, it, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous artwork. Uh, and it goes on for a good while. I mean, you know, it, it, it's probably about what six or seven pages. Uh, the this this fight, uh, and it turns out that it's all to you know. Once he's dispatched the the five, uh, I suppose guards, he talks to the driver, who says, "I would have just opened the wagon and given the thing to you if you'd stopped to ask." Um, and he opens the back of the wagon and inside there's a basket and inside that basket is a weird piece of alien tech and he takes it and he's obviously been tasked to take it uh for marlo um and and that's that's kind of it that that's the that's that's the flashback well it doesn't really add all that much to the to the ongoing story. It's possible that the uh, the artifact that he has recovered will make an appearance later on. That's always possible, I suppose. Um, but this is really about character. It, it's it's about showing who John Colt is, showing that he is he is working with Emp. He's working with uh, with Marlowe, but he's not overly happy about it. Uh, and and at the end of the, uh, because he kind of says, you know, sort of Emp needs to keep uh, better tabs on his stuff, kind of thing. And he uh, he then has a conversation back in the in the present. He has a conversation with Kanisha, uh, and we begin to get just little interesting things about background um, that Marlowe kind of said, didn't he? That uh, the cherubim are kind of uh, a clade uh, 
society. So, so several different subspecies all sort of working together and kind of evolving together. Um, there is a definite caste system at work, though, and this is explicitly referred to in this scene, in this conversation between Colt and Kanisha. So, uh, because because Colt says, you know, we've got any champagne left in the fridge, and uh, Kanisha says, uh, God, John, there's water in the faucet. You know, uh, after the times we lived through, that should be decadent enough for you. And he says this, really? Do you remember where I came from, back home, and how I had to live? Three syllables in your name. Exalted savant of your clade. Part of an expedition led by Emp, one syllable, ruling class. And shoved up front and told to kill people? Me, with an eight-syllable name, with the U sound in the middle. Do you remember what the U sound means? And Kanisha kind of closes her eyes in a sort of a sort of tacit kind of acknowledgement of shame, I suppose. And she says, individual of no value. And so Colt says, so yes, I will take pleasure in sampling anything that seems rich and rare enough that I wouldn't be allowed to have it if we were still on our homeworld. I want a bottle of champagne with a dolphin covered in caviar balanced on top. <laughs> That's a nice line. Uh, and then uh, Kanisha says, you forgot one, by the way, two syllables, Zana. And Zana, of course, is zealot. Uh, and Colt's response to that is just to kind of go, ugh. And this, this, so this then kind of hints at why zealot is not working with Marlowe. She's working for Skywatch. She's one of Skywatch's uh, ground operatives. So we have no idea exactly what's gone on between them, but it would seem that she is not part of uh, Emp's crew and that there's obviously some sort of bad blood between them. We get a nice sort of one-page uh, section here. And uh, once again, the rain is falling. It's it's uh, it's very kind of uh, dramatic. She's staring out of these big sort of picture windows, uh, taking this call from Skywatch, uh, from Lauren Pennington. Then we go to Jackie and Mitch. And again, you know, you see, Mitch is... Here's the thing. Mitch could have just been used for comic relief by Ellis. He could have been. Uh, all the Yo-Ho stuff, all the, the, you know, the stuff with the late coffee in issue seven, all of that stuff, that could have just been played for comic relief. Uh, and it is funny. There's no doubt about that. But at the same time, Ellis and Davis Hunt, because the art is, is a lot to do with this as well. Ellis and Davis Hunt are making Mitch a very sympathetic character. Uh, and you get this conversation, uh, and it goes over two pages, between Jackie and Mitch, where uh, Mitch is about to get a bus. Sorry, no, he's not. Mitch is about to get a taxi. Uh, he's calling a taxi via an app, and Jackie King kind of says, what the hell are you doing? Um, you need to be using a bus, you need to be using cash so it's not traceable and all this stuff. And, it, and it's like he's beginning to realise that what he is doing for IO is impacting his his private life. In fact, he's beginning to realize he doesn't really have a private life. Um, and you just feel really sorry for him. Um, and there is a, 
uh, there's a nice bit where he's kind of he's on his phone and it's it's the the tinderbox dating app yeah, okay all right we see what you did there uh and it's like he, he was obviously going to you know kind of try and hook up with somebody and it's like uh he he it's just all terribly problematic for him you know um so it, it's it's a nice nice little bit of of character stuff here and it and and like the John Colt bit, it just gives you that extra dimension to 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 these characters, well, Jackie King's character as well, that just makes them that much more rounded and much more believable. There's a nice Manhunter reference as well, by the way, uh, on the on the bus there. Uh, and then finally, uh, we get uh, we go back to Angie. Nice again, it is, it's fairly. You know, obvious thing to say, but it's a nice bit of uh, rounding off the issue. We started with Angie, now we uh, now we end with her, and she's sticking in kind of a uh, an IV drip because she needs some blood because she keeps on uh, she keeps, she bleeds when um, when she uses her powers. Um, so she's giving herself a bit of a top up of blood, um, and she picks up this this toy gun, and says, "You know, I think I think I need to learn more about guns." What's interesting is 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 that the sorry, I say toy gun. It's not a toy gun. It looks like a toy gun, um, but it 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 isn't. <laughs> well, at least I'm assuming it isn't. Um, what's interesting is that the 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 item that um, the item that John Colt retrieved for Emp uh, in his flashback is there on the desk uh, on the workbench uh, in the second to last panel of the issue. So I, so I and it's weird. It's funny actually because I've only just seen that. So, so it looks like yes, that that item, whatever it is, is going to be significant later on, or maybe not. Who knows? Maybe it's just a nice bit of I don't know, kind of piecing together the this universe this kind of rich background that that ellis has uh has is in the process of, of kind of constructing like i said do you know what for, for an issue that that doesn't do very much for an issue in, in which not an awful lot happens in terms of plot progression this is pretty bloody good uh, i gave it 8.7 out of 10 now you might think that that's ridiculous uh, it's very high. It it is high for a comic that that is taking its own sweet time to tell the story it wants to tell. That said, uh, I think it's entirely deserved. In fact, part of me is thinking maybe it's a little bit on the low side, um, just because the quality of the writing is so is so good. the The artwork is just astonishing. Um, the characters are, are wonderful. They're engaging. Um, they feel real. They feel um, properly three-dimensional. Uh, it's a fantastic series, and this is a great issue of it. Like I said, in terms of plot, not an awful lot happens in it. Um, in terms of characterization, in terms of sheer enjoyment, there is an awful lot to like here. So... Yeah, <laughs> 8.7 out of 10, uh, which actually, I, I think, I'm trying to think that the last the last few issues have been sort of like in the nines, in, in, and I think issue six I gave a 10 to, um, 
<laughs> so 8.7 is kind of on the low side, but but it, it is good. It's so good. It, it it's like there's a, there's a sheer kind of class to this title. Uh, but that's me done for now, and uh, I'll hand you back over to uh, Jim and Eric. Uh, this is episode 150, isn't it? Gosh, I'd completely forgotten about that. That's because I'm still ridiculously behind on listening to the podcast. So let me just say, I hope you're enjoying the uh, 150th episode celebrations and shenanigans and whatever else uh, Jim and Eric have lined up. Uh, happy 150th episode, Jim and Eric. You guys are great. Uh, as f- for the rest of you, you listeners, I hope you're enjoying yourselves and uh, I'll hand you back to Jim and Eric. Take care. Bye-bye. Spoon James and I came to say Fuck Spoon James, we all about that Shay Coming straight out of Quaker Town with reviews for that ass Check him out on Weird Science DC Comics Podcast Quick with a quip and on point like Deadshot He could give a fuck less if you like him or not With a voice that makes the ladies go weak at the knees Jim please, milk and cheese, you can suck these If it wasn't dancing Mikey wouldn't have no fame We all know that news with Jim would come off weak and lame And without your soundboard to blow that foghorn shit The only thing that you'd be blowing would be Reggie's fuckstick Speaking on him, I guess you're grave robbing now did a Michael Clark Duncan die in 2012? Opinions out your ass like a colonoscopy. Make way for him to put it with his brother Robin Asadi. From the hottest next parts for the Get Fresh crew. Word to Eric, Jim, and Reggie for all you guys do. On behalf of all the fans who hear the pod every day, we love you motherfuckers. But mostly Eric Shay. Just a man, and a man knows a man. Uh-huh. Don't you know he's the man? He is the and man. And you know he never fails. No one but the pure at heart may smell just stinky fart. Sing it, Dustin. Oh, yeah. Eric Shay. What? What? Beautiful. There you go. Uh. There is for you, Toby. Thank you for that, Thank you. as always. Thank you, Toby. And this is mail section number five, the what I like to call the last of the mail sections oh, of okay. the night. Yes. And it is starting with Swanee with his second mail. He says, hey, Jim, Eric, and Reggie, and... Toby now. I apologize for the second email, but my plans fell through for the weekend, and I'll be listening tonight to the big show. I wanted to shoot this email for my quick non-spoiler review of Justice League. Amazing movie. Flash was hilarious and I really and really a great character. Aquaman was a badass and also quite funny. Cyborg was surprisingly good. Mara had a quick scene, but the way she used her powers was beautiful to see. Well, the mid credit scene gave a throwback to a classic comic that was awesome and the after credit scene was absolutely fucking awesome. My so overall was score What's that? I, I, Zorro? My my uh, that's spoilers. My overall score uh, was nine point five out of ten. I love God it. Damn. I Whoa. will probably watch it one or two more times it's over this Thanksgiving a break. Kid kind of writing right yeah, there. really. As the, the comics, that's like Chinatown. Jesus Christ. As the comics Chinatown, go, baby. I'm currently listening to episode 145. I like right. Ragman more than I was expecting. I really like Ragman for some reason. Thank God, uh, thank God Jokes and Riddles is over. Thanks. That shit was atrocious. Detective and action have been disappointing. I'm into this Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, where Parallax is fucking with Hal when he is with Superman. My next book I'm reading was Batman has Batman Metal, The Drowned, which I'm crazy pumped for. I wish Gotham City Garage was on the podcast because issue one was shockingly good. And I did tell Swanee, and I'll tell you, uh, the first digital uh, first 
episode of that or, or you know, issue of that we issue. put on the podcast, the Patreon bonus. Digital podcast. Spotlight? Yeah, no, no. That was just a bonus <laughs> Patreon. No, but no freaking digital spotlight. From the bottom of my heart, thank you guys for everything. So glad to be part of this amazing group. Thank you and have a great show and week. And Thanks, thank Swan. you, Swanee. And the next one is Pete from NYC. What up, Oof. Jimmy and Shay? Shout out, poop, poop. Holy poop, shit, poop, poop. the big 150, and I don't mean a second grade Eric Shay. Yes. Oh, Congratulations. Oh. Quite an accomplishment. Sometimes when I burn through the latest episode, I'll go back and listen to my favorites. Episode 50. We all know that uh-huh. one. 100. And most of all, episode 36. Uh, do you know, tell me what 36 would be? Do you know, Reggie? Do you, any of you no. have any, you know, any sort of inkling what that would be? That would be the infamous Batman 44 episode. Oh, I remember how I was quite positive on that book just to get people to hate it. It just Eric. kept going up more and more every time oh, yeah. we talked about it. That's what she said, Eric. I was listening this week to episode 36 and realized, even though it's over two years old, it's exactly the same show as episode 149. I'm, I'm telling right. you, we're not much with Are progress. Are we old hat? Is that what we're talking <laughs> we're, about? We're not much with progress here. Your lack of improvement Damn. over the last, past two years is remarkable. Sure, you've added some great contributors and things like Rant and Rave, but it's still the same delicious meat and cheese. That's from uh, That's from Unda. Uh, I only listened for 45 minutes, but in that time, I noticed a shitload of common themes and things you guys still say and do Daddy? consistently. In no <laughs> particular order, they are, quotes, story over continuity. Okay. Mm-hmm. Should, I, should I be hitting the dings here? Because, yeah. 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 All Probably. right. Fast food-centric metaphors. Of like that comments, the Big Mac of, of fucking comments there. Love of fast food. <laughs> <laughs> that fell flat. Love of fast food. Yeah. Hating Scott Snyder. What? He says, uh, quote, we do this because we are DC fans, not haters. Yes. We don't you give low scores. That every time you can. We don't <laughs> give low scores as clickbait. Everyone thinks you're too negative and it gets Jim incensed. It's true. Yes. yes. Uh, begging for another creative team on the Harley book. Boy, we, yep. we, we've been saying wow. that. Eric Shea is very phlegmy. Oh, maybe he meant Lemmy from Motorhead. That's what. He oh, okay. Said. Audio Amazing. levels, audio levels are all over the place. That's throwing shade directly at me. I, I'm telling you, the, the thing is, I, I'll end up this week. We didn't have as many books, but usually in a week, I think I have at least 14 segments. Yeah, it gets crazy. You know, I have some problems there. 80s movie references every other sentence. Uh huh. Game over, man. Eric hates everyone, especially <laughs> Asians and burn victims. Burn victims, I can see. The Asians was thrown upon me. I don't agree with it. Yeah, I, he I've also told... smokes a lot of weed, Eric. Yeah, I hate you so much. Yes, he does. Yes, and maybe Where do you Matt. stand on the burned Asians? Yeah, he burned oh, Asians, Jesus Christ. Those are just people. You know, you don't have to differentiate <laughs> the burn. <laughs> he, yes. <laughs> burn is burn. the Asian part. Jim's yeah, horrible burn, foreign accents. Tall. This is where I don't know what he's talking about. Horrible foreign accents. I don't That's know what he's talking about. Ridiculous. I mean, really. I, I sit there. I You don't realize how much uh, you know effort I put into these. Like, Reggie, uh, name a country. I'll, I'll give you an accent. Uh, I've been Belgium. working with you. Hello, Lolf. There you go. Belgium. Czech Republic. <laughs> Czech Republic. Hello, Lolf. How about how about you, Toby? Give me one, Toby. 
Hello, love. Hello, love. There you go. (laughs) Toby, nobody knew. Toby just did Vietnamese is what he did. That's why Eric grimaced when that happened. There you go. I I think actually, Toby, I'll ask you. Do you think that I'm often thinking that one of my better ones legitimately is the Australian accent? I, I think I actually have that down a little bit, right? Australian I watched man. both Crocodile Dundee movies back to back the other weekend, and I was like, "Holy shit, Jim is Paul Hogan." Yeah, that's not a noise. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Do you not yes, know about the third Crocodile Dundee movie? Yeah, Crocodile Dundee s- in Los Angeles. Yes. It is an amazing I, movie. That is I have good. not seen it, and it's not on Amazon, and it's not on Netflix. Oh, oh, need to, you got the stick over there. You got the stick over there across the pond. That's not a knife. See, there you go. I'm Bindi. The Jungle Girl. Okay. Is that good? <laughs> they call me Bindi. There you go. Is that, is that good? Crocodile Nobody. Dundee <laughs> in Los Angeles is the superior sequel. Ooh, that is, that wow. is pretty good. I, that is pretty good, actually. It is the better sequel. It's better than two. That is, that is for yeah, sure. Yeah, I was, I was, the, the difference between the first and the second is absolutely black and white, so I yeah. really can't Agreed. wait to see the third. See, you always see that things that flavor. way. What are you Brits doing, this black and white business? Jim imitates a stroke victim. I, I don't know what he's talking about there either. That, that's normal. That. That, yeah, that, that's, that's just that, me. Hey, what book are you talking about now? Podcast there over. <laughs> see, oh, you my God. never. Can I, can I make a request? Yes, uh, yes. It, is, is Burn Victim Mae West in the house? See, that's the problem. Uh, She actually had a song earlier while you were sleeping. But you know Uh what? I I usually end up uh, that that seemed like a request. And maybe maybe we need to hear it again. How about that? This goes out to you, Eric. Big boy. Hey, sucker. I feel like I just dropped acid. Yes! I love myself. I want you to love me. When I feel down, I want you. I love me, Eric. I sick myself. I want you to find me. When I sick out myself, I want you to remind me. Because I don't want anybody else. When I think about Eric, I touch myself. Oh, I don't want anybody else. Oh no, oh no, oh no. Uh, uh, we, lo- oh. we love you, May. <laughs> there you go, Toby. You get to hear. Uh, You're little the devil, Toby. sick. Yeah. I was laughing. That yeah, is oh true. That, that's the problem. When you ask me for Mae West, you really are playing the devil's hand, my friend. Oh my but yes, God. he continues some other things that have continued since there. Jim oh. falls in love with fart noises. I, I don't yeah. know what he's talking God about. Damn it, Toby! What would you call this one? Uh, that is well, just the, that, but the what wet you call, that's just called the donut cream filler. Uh, what is oh. this one? <laughs> what would you call that? Around one, these Toby? parts, we would call that the Big Ben. Okay, no, that is the macaroni. <laughs> And squeeze. How about, how, about, how about this one? It goes on so long. Wow. It doesn't end. Who went and recorded them the other day? I had wings the other day. I was like, 
since. Oh. I think you broke it, Jim. I think you broke it. What, you mean my colon? We're getting there. We're getting there. This was a nice podcast you had. Shoes, Eric. Shoes. That was shoes. I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jim. I thought you were playing fart sound effects. That, that, that sounded that, to me that, like Tom King's career. That, that was, oh, but that was the simp fartnik finale. Is what? That was. Oh my god! Oh my goodness oh gracious! What is god. this one? What is this one? I'm not joking. Oh. <laughs> That's touche. Is what? That oh. Is. Oh, oh my shit. goodness gracious! One more, one more, and it's oh, maybe god. I'll hit no. that other one uh, so I can go and get another drink. Here's. That one was the Toadstool. That was that. Was Very that. Nice. And one like that. That was Fart Victim Mayweather. Yes. No, this, that's Puff Daddy. I don't know why it is, <laughs> but it is. And the last bit of people from NYC said that it has continued on since the beginning of our podcast, or at least episode, I believe what he said was 39, right? What he 36. said, I'm, I'm trying, oh, okay. uh, 36, I'm trying to get this. The thing that continues since episode 36. Jim curses his 600-pound father. And yes, Daddy, right. I hate your fucking guts even Daddy. now. Rotten hell. It's funny. It, it every time. It's important thing, though. It's What's, fucking nonsense. That's that like the catchphrase. Is, that is true. Yeah, that is fucking true. nonsense. I'm telling you, it's every time nonsense. I yell to my dad, I, I always am looking down so that I can look down at that <laughs> son of a bitch. Uh, you know, I think even you're just if, trying to see your pecker. It's not no, happening. No, even if he had wings, they, they wouldn't support his big fat ass. He'd just fall <laughs> down anyway. All I can say is thank God you guys haven't changed. It's all perfect and brilliant. Keep doing what you're doing. Congratulations again. Get drunk and have some fun. Enjoy yourself. Bitches, keep killing it. I'm Audi 5000. Pete from NYC. Uh, And thank you, Pete. And I think, Pete, what he really wanted to hear was that. Sim Fartnick finale again, but but I will no. not play there. No. <laughs> uh, and I believe yeah. what would I'm gonna, be. I'm going to bust my gut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Sim Fartnick finale. And the <laughs> last hilarious. one is J Man. J Man from Monterey. And how about this? What is this one? What is that? That's dotting the I. They they call oh, it around in this good. one. This one. Dotting the underwear is what that, that is. That is the hiney hiccup. Is that? And one last one. <laughs> that is what I like to call the oh, cheese God. dog. One more. One more. That's C oh, flat. You are the worst. C I flat. I gave myself appendicitis. <laughs> C flat. That one was. Uh, yes. Uh, J man is next. And like I said, hey Jim, what's up, Eric? What's up, man? What's up, man? Uh, the last two months have been work hell for me. Not that I hate my work or that my boss and or colleagues have forced me to work like my life depended on it. But I did have I several deadlines. Code. Yes, which I tried to hit. Did not hit. Felt the judgment of my peers in few As words. As you should. And lost a lot of sleep and precious comic book reading time as a result of that. And that I'm sucks. Sorry, Listen, yeah. just tell them money's is money's. 
That's all you have yeah. to tell him. Money's so his money. Money's his money. And then say poop, poop, and then walk away. That's what they do. I'm telling you, that wrong turn does that it all the time. wrong turn. Why not for you? That's what he yeah. says. I, I do. You say wrong turn. Wrong turn told me this. Great shoes are great. That's what he told me. Great shoes are great. Did you shoes. know that, Reggie? He says. But now I, I can finally breathe a sigh of relief because my critical task is 90% done and one month overdue. Uh, shit, he says. My critical it task, we, we just heard sound effects from every week of my critical task. I have 10% more today uh, by this coming work week. So anyway, I have attempted to read the essential DC Comics issues, Metal and its many tie-ins, while relying on the two of you and Reggie, of course, to fill me in on the rest. Have you guys stopped covering the Wild Storm? Uh, no, Jeremy is doing that. Yeah. So his section has that uh, because I noticed there are Wildstorm reviews by someone other than the Weird Science Trinity, and I never hear you all talk about Wildstorm anymore. Not since the early issues and Eric's drunken mile storm rant. Hey, what, what, <laughs> what rant is he possibly talking about? And the milestorm comes out. Hey, when the milestorm comes out. The, the worst is, is Eric said that, and we played that so many times that I – I can't sit, stop but saying Wildstorm when I say it. Yeah. Toby, you making toast over there? Or what What you got going on over there? Beans on toast, man. <laughs> because oh, I yeah. noticed there are Wildstorm reviews by someone. Who, oh, he said, I said that. I, I'm drunk now. I, I'm really off. Uh, but, yeah, if you look, uh, when when the Milestorm comes out, as Eric said, yes. that book will be on Jeremy's uh, The uh, Crossover Corner. And that will right. be, I believe it was, is it this week that Milestorm came out? I don't even know. I think I don't, it, think I don't, came out I don't week, know. But, I don't but know. That, uh, that spinoff one came out last week. Yeah, Michael yeah. Let me tell you, his like section that. really does class up the podcast. It does class it up a you bit. Know, a bit more than ever. We have yet. someone well spoken that isn't, you know, the mild star. Between him and me, you have the entire spectrum that is, of British. Yes, culture. that is throwing <laughs> some go. shade. That's throwing shade, Reggie. I, I don't. <laughs> Based on my essential DC Comics reading, it seems as though DC is pushing out a lot of doom and gloom jury stories, which is contrary to the hope that was promised in the DC Comics Rebirth special. That is true. What are you talking about? Every time you see Superman, the motherfucker has to say hope no, somewhere, so no. we have it. Yeah, that, and every time I read fucking Tom King's Batman, I hope it fucking gets a new writer. There you go. Ooh. Boom, boom, boom. Where's my rim shot? What the fuck, DC? And I didn't mean that in a sexy way to you, Toby. I'm looking your way. Uh, what the fuck, DC? I know metal is supposed to go off into some dark corners of the DC universe, but some of this should be balanced out with some hope or lightheartedness. So far, I don't even feel like the tide is turning. And the last thing I want to read is another dreary event where everything is resolved in the last couple of pages in the event's final issue. To me, that is not good writing, and I agree with you. Despite all this hopelessness i have made a holiday list of future dc changes that may bring back the hope i was promised and have been losing since rebirth or longing for in rebirth i'm, I'm just making up shit as i read yeah. I, I, number I don't one know, i think you're reading None, number book. one <laughs> i went to go get a no. Number one, Jeff Johns continues his doomsday clock story aftermath with a new ongoing that he is writing like a new classic rebirth revamp of jsa how do you guys like that I would love that. Uh, sure. Okay. Number two, Tom King's DC contract is cut short, and Scott Snyder returns to writing Batman with a rotating cast of artists like Greg Capullo, David Finch, Mitch Gerard, etc. I, I really know. enjoy Scott Snyder, but I don't want him back on Batman. We yeah, had like four I years agree. of that. I think we can move on. Star Batman. He's already writing Batman yeah. on yeah. a regular basis. 
I actually, uh, I, yeah. Other people could take it, and I, I wouldn't mind seeing someone else give it a shot that isn't Steve Orlando. Somebody who doesn't have to repeat their dialogue all the time. Oh, really? It'd be great. Yeah, yep. I, I think that if you put Scott someone Snyder on it. Someone who doesn't make you have to read between the lines. Read between the lines, Eric. I, I think that putting uh, Scott Snyder on that would be the same as putting Jeff Johns back on Justice League. It's pretty yeah. much it, – it's kind of going – obviously going backwards, it. but it's also kind of admitting that you fucked up for all this time. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't think that they would do that. And I don't think that Scott Snyder would want to go back on the main Batman book anyway. That that would make it seem to like, oh, look at Scott Snyder. He can't do anything else. He's got to go back I'd to I'd actually that. like to see Scott Snyder on Green Arrow. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind it. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Just hold tight. You know what I mean? Don't step on my toes here. Oh, <laughs> shit, man. Fuck me. I'm my bad. <laughs> Number three. Christopher Priest starts a legendary run on Justice League. And somebody brought it up in the Slack chat, and I'm starting to maybe think the same way. Uh, Christopher Priest on the Justice League maybe is a placeholder to maybe getting a Brian Michael Bendis on it or whatnot. But what happened when he was announced to be on it and started talking about he wanted to do stories that were the human side of the Justice League, I'm so far out of wanting to do that that me and Eric are trading the books and he's getting Justice League when Christopher Priest Did we agree to this? Yeah, we agreed to it. I said, I gave you JLA. And the Justice League, and you're gonna give me Superman, isn't that what I, we have to say? I, I don't think we agreed. I forget what I forget what we decided, but it was another so shitty book that and I took from you. And until we figured it out, it's not happening. Oh, well, we did. We we <laughs> said, what would it be? What book was it? Oh, it was Nightwing. I said that I would take Nightwing from you if you took Justice League because uh, I would get on with uh, Sam Humphreys and you would go with Christopher Priest. It made sense. Nightwing is my favorite character, though I haven't been enjoying the book. So I'm kind of taking a book that you haven't really been hip on. And it looks like it's getting out of Bloodhaven, which you wanted to stay there. True. Uh, Number four. DC cancels Cyborg permanently, and I do think that might be coming down the line. Uh, the number five. Is, I think Cyborg is a viable character. You can do a lot of cool stuff with it as long as you get away from the man or machine angle or just the football angle. If you do, if you explore Cyborg, it could be a really fun book. That, but that, that's all they do. That is, I, know. I guess I, I know. Well, what? So <laughs> you want to have a Cyborg book? Who would you have write it? Tom Taylor, because I trust him in all things. I just want to take James crickets on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my go-to, Tom Taylor. Yeah. But I, I actually have a feeling that since the DC stuff, every they're trying to grab everybody, especially Brian Michael Bendis. With Tom Taylor, he's doing you know more books at Marvel. I actually think that they're going to announce soon that they're going to sign <sighs> him uh, oh, as an exclusive. No. I really do. I think that yeah. you know he's doing Injustice, but really you know nothing else at DC. And I do think that Marvel is going to have to react and do something with all these guys jumping ship. But number five, Jeff Parker and Doc Shaner create an amazing Shazam series that starts a new event called The Magic Wars. I know it's a dumb title, but with characters like Constantine (laughs) Zatanna and other magic wielders fighting for the last bit of magic left in the DC universe, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, First thing we got to do is address Shazam's new power set ever since Darkseid War. Yeah, Does I, he I, still have it? Does he not? I have no idea. Are you I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think that they're ever going to address that. I, I really think that the time between this <laughs> and so the Darkseid War, they're going to end up just you know, putting Look, that under the carpet. we're finally dealing with Jason. Why not deal? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, Jason? No, I, I really do think that they're not going to deal with that. And if they do, it'll be solved in half an issue. I liked it. And if people will tell people what you mean, Eric, because they probably don't realize what you mean by that. No, I'm done. Fuck yourself. 
Uh, no, I really did. In, in the Dark Side War, uh, what happened is Shazam ended up becoming pretty much Shazam of Apocalypse, right? Uh, that seemed no. to be what. Well, well, then tell me about it. See, I'm, no, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I thought that that's what happened, kind of. That was my, you know, five cent explanation of it. <laughs> well, I heard Is that they it, called Shazam Pumpkinhead because he had a pumpkin on his head. No, <laughs> that, that would make sense. Don't even get me started about that pumpkin head. How can you call somebody a pumpkin like head? The, the guy doesn't anymore. have a pumpkin head. <laughs> Believe me, nobody likes it anymore. Number six, DC establishes a new exclusive contract with Jeff Lemire to write several of the ongoing series that have been floundering, thus canceling contracts for writers on those present ongoings. And he says Green Arrow, and I think that's, again, that's another thing like a Scott Snyder or a Jeff Johns going back to a book they did before. It almost makes you think that they're accepting that everything since then was failure. And I don't think – and again, you're also talking about Jeff Lemire who – he was on Green Arrow. I loved it. Eric was talking shade of it again this week. I, I thought it was it. great. But a lot of these writers don't want to keep going back to these same things because then it makes them pretty much typecast yeah. on the deal anyway. Though, I do think that Jeff Lemire will be the next guy that they sign exclusive. You know, I really you know what they need that. to do? They need to hire Eric Shea because i got a story for Shazam. <laughs> oh. you, you're back you know, on Shazam now? They- I think they annoyed Jeff Lemire, but when they brought him over, they put yeah. him on Hawkeye. They made him like the uh, Hawkeye, you know, like, huh? Bow and arrow. Yeah, yeah. When he went over to Marvel, that's who. They, oh, they, right. I got yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. they like, ended up putting him on that, and people did say like, "Oh, what is he, Mister Bow and Arrow?" It was, and maybe that did piss him off. But he's been there for a while. Uh, yeah, he's one of my yeah. favorite writers. He's him and Kyle Higgins are two of my favorite writers, not Tomaso Gleese. Uh, but yeah, uh, what what was your story, Eric? I will not. I promise I won't hit the uh, crickets. I promise. The story you. for Shazam is the whole idea of where he, you know, yo Shazam. I never said the slide whistle, Eric. He did not. He did <laughs> there not are lie. rules. No, tell me. I, I'm actually. I want to hear this. I'm. I have my hands. If you could see me, hands off the button. I will not hit it. I the story you. is the idea, you know, like once the Dark Side War happened, Shazam had to go and get new powers from different gods. The whole idea, you know, he borrows powers from Zeus, Hercules, all these different people. Wonder Woman might have to go and tackle this whole idea. Maybe. Yeah. That's not me! <laughs> no, keep going, because I like this. You have Sorry, told me. I, I, I you have told me this story, and I like it. I like that they <laughs> the whole have to idea go is back. Wonder Woman Shazam, where Wonder Woman has to, you know, her father's power is being taken by a usurper. She needs to get to the bottom of it. So Wonder Woman versus Shazam. Yes, and, and you did say, and I like that idea, because like you said... Uh, you have the idea that Shazam does borrow those powers. Well, maybe they don't like that. Maybe they you exactly. Know. And have they ever dealt with the fact, like, if they had when Shazam is using Zeus's, you know, whatever, does Lightning. Zeus lose it? You know what I mean? They exactly. That, I right? think that'd be a fun story. I agree, Eric. I, I do like. I do like it though. But he says Jeff Lemire, I think, would be good on Supergirl. Uh, he says JSA only if Jeff Johns does not choose to take on the series himself and Wonder Woman. But I think uh, Reggie will agree with me that the mm-hmm. book that he should be on immediately is Teen Titans. And he did that Teen Titans Earth 1 that Reggie had turned me on oh, to. Oh, yeah. And like, that was, so that I was actually, terrific. Yeah, I think that he should go right on Teen Titans and get that book sorted out and make it something. I don't know exciting. about the whole Teen Titans thing just because of what he did with Justice League United where he every ep- like every issue it seemed like we had to add more and more characters. And we got away from the story. It was oh, all that like whole, that whole that was editorial had problems thing. from the beginning. I mean, it was supposed to be Justice League Canada, then they changed to JLU. And yeah. then I, think, I think Jeff Lemire just had less control over it 
That whole first arc was nonsense, where they introduced the new character at the end. There you go. Thank yeah, you. it was. I well, they they had, the, cre- they had the they had the Cree. Yeah, they had yeah, the Cree right. uh, deal. And uh, like I said, Jeff Lemire was she big was on making big, that. She was such a big deal before the book came out, and yeah, then when it came was. out, you like didn't even see her do anything for five issues. Yeah, and you and, haven't seen her since. And the big That's joke true. it was going to be uh, Justice League A. Because it was in Canada, you get it? I should have hit the screen. Right no, there, it's JLA, it. motherfucker. Well, oh, oh, JLA. Justice League A is what they were calling it. Eric Shea. Huh. DC fires Steve Orlando <laughs> and Brian Hitch, then puts a 100-year ban on them from writing DC Comics. I do think that the days of Brian Hitch, I don't know. He was hinting at something. Uh, I would guess that the next thing, if they have him writing anything, it'll be a miniseries, and then they'll have to judge if that sells because, yeah, Justice League He's hitting uh, was selling, but it was flowering. I think it might just be floundering. him as an artist. Yeah, well, that's what I think that they're going to use him for mostly. Steve Orlando, I, I just don't understand. I really don't. They need to get somebody with him and, and teach him some things. Number nine, The Legend of Wonder Woman returns with Renee Delise creating a new parallel awesome. DC universe and writes stories where her Wonder Woman and complementary characters meet the Earth Zero One characters we all are familiar with in Rebirth. And yeah, uh, the problem is, is Renee and her uh, husband ended up kind of burning some bridges when they yeah. left. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I do not see them ever coming back to DC, which is a shame. Not under this, uh, this no, watch. No, no, no. And I, I love that book. I love that book so much. It was so yeah. good. I mean, uh, there has been few books since then where I actually look forward to the day when it came out because I was so excited to get it. Uh, then number 10, Clark loses his powers and the all-new Superman, uh, Keenan Kong. So, and he, he actually says the Ching Chong Kong. Oh, Sorry, I'm getting racist God. again talking about that. Uh, and then he says talking about the Orientals. Oh, my oh, goodness. God Takes it. his place in a series and in the Justice League. Uh, you could still just have that without without Clark losing his powers, but we'll see. Here's hoping that at least half of these happen. Oh, yeah, you guys should check out the new Ninjax series. Uh, the art and writing are awesome. And now Ninjax's name <laughs> is Ninja K. I like the sound of that. It's funny. They used to call me at one point Ninjack uh, back in, uh, as a teen, uh, and I don't yeah, want to go into you, that. Yeah, because of the way you used to jack. Yes, I did, yes. Don't to explain the, the joke, Reggie. To God the, damn it. To, to the sorry. bone, I did. <laughs> yes, <laughs> indeed. But he said, keep up the good work, and I'll see you in seven. That's J-Man from Thank you, Half J-Man Moon Monterey. Bay now. I forgot he's not oh, from Monterey. Oh, yeah. God damn Half He's Moon from Bay. Half Moon Bay. That is the end of the mail section. Thank <laughs> Goodness, Ta-da. and we're gonna go off and end the podcast. Boosh. Now here's Eric, and he's talking all about DC. Now here's Eric, and he's talking all about DC. Shay will throw it down. His reviews are strong and sound. His scores are much better than Jim's, you'll see. He will tell us all about DC. So tell us all about DC. Eric Shay! Eric Shea, how are you doing? How are you doing, my man? 
Yes, Nobody it is the end that. of the podcast, Eric. We only have one more book. It's actually a section with one book. We just heard Josh did, talk. Did we save the uh, best for last? No, unfortunately, oh. we did not. We actually just saved the book that kind of we kept forgetting about uh, all week because I think we most people did, were trying to forget well, about this book. Yeah, and Dan reviews it on the site, and he actually has what I would consider super fan slash super antagonist i guess because every time dan doesn't like an issue this one guy gets on the site and says that he likes it for the exact same reasons that dan hates it now i will tell you that i am on i'm team dan because this book is not good i don't We're know how you can at this point it's just it's so tough and the the problem i have uh with this and i don't know if you'll agree um, because you don't see her a ton in Detective Comics, but it's really tough when you have a book that's newer. This is only issue nine, uh, but you're getting a better version of her in a team book that you can get elsewhere. So I, I don't really know if you're a Kate Kane fan and a Batwoman fan, I would say to you, just buy Detective uh, for now. And even though you don't get tons of her, you know, obviously it's not a sole, you know, sole focus on her in that book. But what we do get, I like it. I'm telling you, I even like it as a fan of Kate when they had the Tim of Tomorrow coming and throwing shade her way. Because really, this book, the Batwoman solo book that we're talking about now, it's nonsense. It really is. And I, I'm going to do the blurb here, but I, I don't know. Do you know why anybody would enjoy this? No, I'm saying I don't. in general, since we started, I think that we've kind of liked one issue out of nine. The Maybe. whole, yeah, and the whole thing is there's no real progression of the story since it started, and it's it's well, amazing we did to have me. That one issue was I think it was the Kate Kane of tomorrow, like little yeah. interlude we had, which I yeah. thought it was going to start a new arc after that, but just went yeah. back to the many arms of death, and, and like, that's the, the problem because that was thrown in there and then just discarded for later i guess uh again no forward progression we have this you know the many arms of death and i'm not that interested in them and you don't uh, just i don't know why you and don't get a really good cake known Kane. as the needle the needle in here i might as well get to it so we can get this out it's such a uh, damper on the 150th episode to end with this book. i was being positive peter god damn it Why you were around well, my we're not gonna be, i i don't think you're gonna be positive peter i actually think i'm gonna be more positive uh than you on this issue uh because i, I don't think you think it's a nine five right no. Okay, well then you? I will I will be more positive than Eric. No, I, I do not, unfortunately. I really I really do wanna like this because I am a Batwoman fan and did enjoy her in the new fifty two and in Detective, but this book is just not there. Batwoman number nine, written by Marguerite Benet, art by Fernando Blanco, John Rausch, letters by D. Ron Bennett. And I will tell you that uh, Marguerite Benet is one of those people who went on uh, Twitter and pretty much said that and pretty much to boil it down is if you send her a tweet that's negative about something she's written, it, it's almost bullying to her is what she thinks. And there, you should never do that and whatnot. And I, I just wonder, it's like, is that the world we're living in now? And I'm yes. serious. I'm not. Yeah, it is. It's like you, you have movie yes. movie directors out there and like, hey, if you don't like my movie, The Life of Jim. Wednesdays with Jim. Uh, I don't want to hear anything about it because I'm just going to sit in my bubble and pretend it's good. That's what it seems to me as somebody who came from a, an earlier day 
Eric, where the people didn't just – I just don't understand. I, I don't, don't know what know. these people are up to. It must be a blissful life because I actually walk around on this planet we call Earth knowing that everything Ooh. I do is shit. Spaceship Earth you're on, Eric? A destination. Earth. De- destination death. It's where I'm headed, and like that's the thing. You you have you have to have, and I don't know why I want to get on my soapbox before this, but you uh you have a fine line because there are people on Twitter that are you know they go on anonymous. There there's been studies since the dawn of time. Ever since there's been a thing, psychology and all this, you, you have had studies where when somebody's anonymous, they will always bring out the worst of them. So I understand that. I understand somebody gets on Twitter and and tweets out to a uh, a creator, oh you're a piece of shit and you're terrible whatever but a review is a review this is something that we try to do you know to try to you know spread the word okay i, I just don't I know like why are we because, trying to do this <laughs> i don't know i don't know spread the word uh, the the main thing about this is what i was getting to is i don't think i'll ever be able to tweet marguerite Bidet because yeah. i this book but batman's batwoman's story continues as her and colony primer under the influence of the needle Ooh. i mean scarecrow i mean the needle uh-huh. And life is a nightmare wonderland, old chum. I like Fernando Blanco's art in this issue, but the story, well, there isn't much there. And of one, if you know anything about Kate going in. So what I'm saying is yeah, anything Ding. that you're going to get is just recap. And it's done in a weird way. Even if you do, this issue was padded. And in a series that desperately needs some forward momentum, everything just stalls. I really want to like this book, but it just keeps getting harder and harder. And I just – it's – all this is is to set up again. We're going to get pushed and forced into a deal where we have to find out that Kate is upset with her with her uh, father. You, you know and, what? Uh, what she's el- Jewish. Yeah. What else do you get That's from this? That's really pushed this issue for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's it just what else do you get here? Because you do have Scarecrow. Scarecrow and Fatima have uh, Kate under the influence of pretty much a, a you know a hallucinogen psychedelic, a psychedelic drug, which yeah, she a psychedelic. Gone out which bought some stamps, <laughs> some tainted stamps that had LSD yeah, on it. She didn't that's, know that, Jim. That, that, I, I'm scared of that. But also, I just love it because as this is going on, Fatima gets a hold of the you know the two uh what are they what do they even call them the in twins? this anymore the twins yes they called the twins of twin eyes of death and they go and talk to them and she says basically hey we have the needle dr crane called scarecrow and he has lively work on the battered batwoman and they're just she's talking to him and basically he's like hey we have her she's under the influence of the psychedelic then we have to get the meaning of psychedelic you know it means soul revealing in the greek uh, and psyche for soul and delos for the make the manifest. Eric. Yeah, and then this is where I just don't understand where we're going with this because they they kind of seem to me at one point it was like they're just trying to make things or whatever and sell. But this ends up being the many arms of death are going to help Kate Kane understand who she really is. And what she can truly become. Now, we did see that Kate of tomorrow. We saw all of this stuff going on. Maybe this is the first steps of it. But you mean really. Colony Kate? Yeah, Colony Kate. And what this ends up being, though, is just confusing, padded nonsense. It, it really is, because all well, this is going to be. We reiterate everything that we've done up to yes. this point, where not only this, but also in the Detective Comics book, where we had Colony Prime. Yes. And the kind of rivalry that they had, because Colony Prime always saw Jacob as a father figure. As a father. And wanted to do right by him, while Kate wants to push him uh, as far away as she can. 
And now we have these two together, and we have to talk about the stuff that we're going on in this book now where, oh, I see the psychedelic thing as a wonderland. You see yeah. it as an yeah, arcade Yeah, and that's game. the one thing that I really – it drove me nuts. I mean if you were going to do anything, I guess – you could have – if you're going to play this game here, you you may have been able to do like a split page thing where you see the same thing going on but in the different versions of what they're seeing because all this ends up is Kate has to keep reminding the reader that Colony Prime does not see what she's seeing, which is what we're seeing. We're seeing mainly or if not all of it through Kate's eyes Seems here. Like and, and one thing this, I would like to be reminded of, like, when we had Colony Prime in Detective, he had, a, a, as far as I know, a pretty cool costume. I just want to know why it's all just gray here and just plain yeah, as shit. It's just it, because that's what you get. Now, in the meantime, a little background for this is that Kate was in the desert trying to find uh, Colony Prime. A signal had gone off. She went. That's what she got caught uh, by the, the, the needle. The needle? And the needle. And they want to make sure, or she wants to tell Colony Prime, like, all this like oh I, I think this was a trap <laughs> really because yeah and that's the whole thing and like you said we're really going to go and play back and forth between colony prime wanting or thinking that jacob is a, uh, a father figure in the meantime while jacob's daughter kate kane really wants no parts of him so and uh, you're going to go back and forth but if you know what these these characters or whatever going in you're, you're going to know this and i think a new reader it's not that intriguing it really oh. isn't to me. Um, I would hope that people know enough about Kate by now that they know that she hates her father and her father has been an enemy to her. Uh, but yeah, you're going to go through a whole lot of background for her, including her sister. But even then, it's thrown in there it's not without – Yeah, it's it's not really telling any new readers, so I can't say. Because we've dealt with that so much in this book, so it's like a weird aspect where yeah. we just keep reiterating. New yeah. readers, it's not enough. But no, that's what I'm saying. Series, I can't say this talking is, about the sister. Yeah. I can't say this is new reader friendly, even though it's all recap. That's the weirdest thing. It's it's pretty much the best of no worlds because it is all recap, but not enough. Re it's not enough for new readers. So the people who know what's going on and can follow it are just bored because I was. You can't say that I like Fernando Blanco's art. You said you didn't like it as much when we talked not before this we started. I'm not a fan but of this, one. this issue really is. Like really letting him do all the heavy work because the story isn't inter interesting. So if you're not that compelled by the art, you're really not going to have anything here. And again, this is going on. There's a big thing with her trying to get uh, Colony Prime's helmet. Then all of a sudden he freaks out because Fatima and Scarecrow are in this dreamscape. You can only imagine that how they're playing it because unfortunately the way she spells out Colony Prime being there. and Oh, you see a, a retro video game that you're doing. It's kind of... You kind of forget the idea that they are in the lab and they still are yeah. conscious watching things. So when they see Scarecrow, and me and you both had a problem with this, where we said, oh, how did Scarecrow and Fatima get in the stream? But in fact, they are there with them and they're trying oh, to I control this. I know. It's not this. even the fact that they're in the dream. It's, it's the way just how do they get affected. Kate starts taking yeah. over the dream that they yeah, seem it's... afraid of what she's become. Like, and that's the well, problem. That doesn't is... make any sense because no, it does in the real world not well, seeing this shit. And that's the problem is this whole thing. You're playing around with a couple different things. Is is this a pretty – I want to keep saying LSD. You know, we know what we're saying. They but say is this like an LSD whatever. trip? But it can't fully be because Colony Prime and Kate are there sharing it together, though they have different ideas. So you figure they're just there on a – you know, strapped up. They have this thing going. But how does Kate in this start affecting it because now it seems like it's of the mind? 
Uh, you yeah. know what I mean? That Scarecrow now is in the mind, but we don't get that. Scarecrow has just injected, and Fatima's just injected this psychedelic deal. It just doesn't make sense. You do get more of like the uh, Arkham Asylum Scarecrow that I like. I-, I like the look of it, but like you I said, like it. I don't like I it don't here, understand. though, because it's not the way the Scarecrow should look. Yeah, and then at one point, they kind of, I don't know, they, they kind of snap out of this dreamscape LSD trip, but only for Colony Prime to go into another one that he thinks he sees his daughter well, that's the and thing, she's is like uh, Kate's trying to say, look, yes, we're having this LSD yeah. trip. All this shit looks crazy. This is still the laboratory. She kicks a thing like, yes. this is a panel from where we were before. You can hook up your suit and send out a signal to like allow Colony to find out where we are. Yeah. But later on, you know, Colony Prime, he just becomes ultra affected by it and starts losing himself and thinking about yeah. his daughter yeah. and shit and- like that. So she, Kate has to take up the heavy lifting, and that's where we have a, a huge thing where – we have to go back again and talk about that gold lace that was yeah. freaking uh, sewn yep. into her skull. That was sewn into her skull. skull open. And like, she can hear and that vibrations. That allows her to freaking hear what's actually going on in the real world. Yeah, she can feel and hear these vibrations in her skull that makes her be able to. It's almost like one of those things when they say uh, when you have lucid dreaming and you can yeah. lucid dream, you find something that you know is in the dream that you can kind of like that's the you know that's what you hold on that. to every, every no i can't either i'm telling you real to me and no i want lucid dreaming and so i'll I. never wake Jessica, up i want to be in a do it all the time she uh, can fly she has superpowers she can take yeah. over her complete dream. Yeah, i'm not doing all that Eric. Mine is so <laughs> i'm telling you face it's fucking bullshit i have I tried i bought a book on this when i was a teenager just imagining the sights i'd see uh, believe me, I'd never wake up. I'm, t- I'm telling you. The yeah. one dream I had as a kid that I will never forget is I. It was one of those times where I actually could like you know go beyond myself a little bit. I was yeah. standing on the freaking like the the four corners there of like the 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 still where the uh, the the light is at Park Avenue on freaking okay, Main Street. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I am there in my dream. I have Spider Man's powers. I'm like, Ooh. this is the most amazing thing. I flip a web up to the light. I can't climb it because I'm a fucking fat kid. Yes. See, then it wasn't fully lucid. You would have lost that weight. I just would have went. That's, that's the furthest I've ever gone. I had back powers, in the day because I was a fat kid. I may have found Winona Ryder in that dream, Eric. Uh, you, you, I don't even want to go into that. Oh no, I'm not thinking even that. Back in the day, even, even when it gets screw to that, that point, flying. Like, I, I have like a celebrity or some chick I'm oh, really yeah, into. Yeah. I'm ah. gonna like I could do whatever I want because of the dream. I'm always turned out. Yeah, it never yeah. gets that far. She always <laughs> yeah. postpones to the point where I wake up. <laughs> That's just real life, Aaron. That's real life invading your dreams. Yeah. I always wanted to lucid dream, and then I got too lazy to even pursue it anymore. Uh, but yeah, why? Well, it'd be the greatest thing. I, and that's the thing. I, you tell me about Jess. I'm telling you, if I could lucid dream, you get, you know, Jess, I would say I'd get like six hours a night of lucid dreaming. I don't know. You tell me Jess may get 10, 12, yeah, maybe 15. Uh, but really, w- wouldn't you be either I would be so upset to wake up or I'd just be the happiest person ever because whatever I ever wanted to do, I could do when I go to sleep. Yeah. I could be a Viking, Eric, and I'd Life's love it. just so- as shitty in my dreams as it is in yeah. real life. Yeah, that's the problem. That that is the problem. I I, I live a nightmare where I go to sleep and I don't remember dreaming anything because when I dream too, I wake up feeling exhausted, like I was yeah. out doing shit all fucking night. Yeah, the only time I ever had what I and it's not a lucid dream. The the thing that freaked me out the most one time is I had a dream and in my dream I tripped on a like a water spout type thing, like one huh? of those drainage things. Yeah. I hit it and then in slow motion I was falling and then when I hit. I ended up actually uh, probably jumping in the bed. So then when I kind of woke up, 
things were moving, like the bed was moving, and it freaked me out that I thought I it was so weird, and it was just yeah. this weird thing. But yeah, uh, again, I think we just did this week, and uh, we'll we'll have mentioned it before. We did our necessary nonsense podcast on Patreon that'll be coming out when this is out. Uh, when you're listening to this, it'll already be out, and maybe one of those is it actually a an urban legend or it's just a tale or whatever that whole thing if you die in your dreams then you die in real life that that's whole what i learned crazy from watching thing. all those nightmare on elm street movies i just i always heard it all the time so that that scared me enough well, to that's just the thing always too. i never up. die in my dreams because somehow i always find a way like i'm still like i'm still alive but i'm very hurt yeah. but i never yeah. die and even when the whole thing like i dream about falling a lot and when i do i slam my freaking arms out like i'm about to hit the water or wherever yeah. i am and i wake up slamming the bed yeah that's so. what i'm saying do you dream of falling in love eric is that that your no. dream for life no. it isn't that's a shame that's a real shame it's a yeah. fucking racket love <laughs> back to the issue we have them there where like the issue you said at hand is why can't i dream better yes and and why can't you dream of love uh but yeah in this then all of a sudden fatima and scarecrow kind of get more into the dream and this is where kate turns it around and out of nowhere she ends up you know talking about julia because uh uh the colony prime's like hey i see you've been listening to julia pennyworth as far as the science goes and then she's like yeah i owe julia so many rounds of doing dishes and i better not break a single and this is at the point where uh they have kind of hit that that what was a tree but it's actually a good yeah. you know they figured things out then all of a sudden there's this kaboom uh boom and then all of a sudden scarecrow's there so it's like almost like he has boom tubed into their minds but i don't know and then with this you have I colony prime now close the door really loud i don't know I, I just i don't know and he's there looking badass like i said it's very batman uh arkham, arkham asylum, asylum game yeah. and then colony prime then is laying on the ground out of nowhere, and this is where they're like, hey, listen, you know, I told you, Fatima, my own laboratory used against me. Creations turn on their creators. All children disappoint their parents. Or, well, all of them that live. And then this is where you get the idea. Now, Scarecrow is actively turning the dream around to make Colony Prime see his daughter dying, which Kate has found out that he does have a kid and then tries to do this where they kind of, Fatima is like this many-armed thing with a, a seeing eye and fangs or whatever, and yeah, she's, she's going to yeah, uh, just a monster, and this is where he she zaps Colony Prime he goes down, Kate sees this picture oh my god, he's a father uh, you know, I have a family too, you see her picture that she had where she taped over over her father on it burning and it's just what's going on but in the meantime they have used colony prime's helmet again to send out a signal kind of like the one that kate found uh, or heard or whatever uh, you know got a hold of where she could go and find him so they have it and during this time you do see that the colony airship is flying around trying to find them ended up seeing the yeah with jacob seeing the old other crashed version there and uh commander kane gets the thing hey we got a colony prime sos should we go and he's like yeah, go. So he's going to show up here, obviously, uh, to break them out. But in the meantime, you now go Kate Kane again, full out, you know, background. The greatest hits. Yeah, greatest hits of her shitty background. And you even get a little thing with her skull, with that, you know, the Z deal where she has the gold thing yeah, she's and it, harry potter I got and you. yeah basically and all of this really this is what i can sum it up as 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 well as i can 
You can't have a nightmare for Kate because her fucking life has been a nightmare in hell. So how can you make it worse? Basically, that seems to be what she is spelling out. I will out tell you with. one thing. When she starts taking over the dream and like taking control, the way that we have the artist – I forget who the artist is now for some reason. but Fernando Blanco. Like the, Fernando Blanco. Yeah. When we have the the panels are all skewed and they're like yeah. on like a like a on their edge kind of thing, like they're going three yeah. D. The way that like they're laid out like that, I think it looks amazing. Yeah, like, I like it's it. It's hard to read at times. But I think it, it is. Really it was really hard, and it, it's almost like uh, you know cards being yeah. tilted or whatever or billboards and as they're doing this uh really fatima at the most looks like she is kind of like becoming a spectator to what kate is saying uh the needle eric he's behind and towering she in this point is in a you know a thing of roses that's you know with the thorns around which again that's something that we've do- yeah. dealt with so much in the last year Foxes but yeah, and roses man yeah yeah you, know, you do end up seeing her as a kid you see that you know with her mom and everybody getting killed and her and be, yeah and her becoming in the military then batwoman then her uh, sister deal and all that and it just keeps going on then a little bit of a look at detective comics and then what happens is the big thing is she's like and what's more worse nightmare now what i am terrified of being and you see her her uh jacob her dad or what am i gonna choose to become and that's where you see that colony prime kate colony kane. kate yeah colony kate and uh, I think that this is where you have to have that whole thing where she's fighting with Colony Prime because she's pretty much going to like, okay, I'm going to take over for all you guys. You're not going to take over. I'm going to, but we'll see how that goes. I still think that has to be a ruse of some sort or like we have with the Tim of tomorrow, it's going to be something hyper that time. she averts. We'll see. What, yeah, hyper time may change it anyway. But yeah, as this is going on, she's like, listen, I'm monstrous disease and alone and you help create me. So I'll ask again, you know, what? What are you afraid of deal and she's like and sh- this is her yelling at scarecrow and are you frightened now and it b- pretty much about to kill scarecrow it she's looks a like. giant in, bat monster yeah she's just a giant bat scarecrow monster. in my mind is seeing this and it yeah, she, make yeah sense. and she turned the tables on scarecrow in his own game eric but yeah this is the problem is is this where is the many arms of death are they involved with colony because i i can't seem to think that they are but I would, wouldn't think so. At the beginning, this is what it was spelled out to the twins: is what they were doing was to show Kate her true potential to turn her into what she should become. And after all this going on, it just seems like the the thing would lead to her being Colony Kate or breaking through, through or whatever. But that's the whole thing with this: is I, that whole setup of we're gonna you know teach her this and that and the other thing. Now I know you could say, well, Kate you know freed herself from this or turn the tables but it's just odd and this whole thing we we beg for scarecrow to be on a book you have said all the time that you wonder why they don't use scarecrow enough in other books now this is still a bat book like you want to have like scarecrow in a flash book or something like that uh but yeah this is the scarecrow showing up a batman i'm already bored with him though Uh, because he's the needle and really, all this is is just a bunch of nonsense recap, like we said at the beginning, that doesn't really give you anything new. It's supposed to be like a wow factor of this, oh my god, at the end, Kate turned into a big bat monster. Well, every time we see any sort of fear toxin around Batman, everybody sees exactly what we just saw. 
You know, that's what Batman becomes all the time when fear toxin is around. So it it didn't impress me as much as what it should have. And this whole story, like I said, it's so just nothing. This whole book, nine issues of the lost years and then in, you know, the dreamscape of this fucking psychedelic. And I just I've really had enough. And I said at the beginning, I'll say it again. I'll just have my Kate and detective and that's enough. And then I think that maybe. You know, that book will change. She'll leave that book. Maybe Tim will take over now that he's back, and they'll want her to settle into this book. she'll just be here and terrible. Yeah, and then she'll just be here. And I just – this reminds – you know what this book reminds me a lot of? It reminds me a lot of how Ben Oliver's uh, Hellblazer was, that at the beginning we were all excited. Oh, my God, a Hellblazer book, John Constantine. And then by about nine, ten issues – we had just had enough because nothing was going on. And it just, it really reminds me of that sort of progression. And it's a shame. But uh, I'm going to give, I'll, I'll let you score first so I can go higher to be positive. What would you give it? I'd give this issue a 3.5 out of 10. You son of a bitch. That's what I was going to give it. So I will say I'll give it a 3.6. Actually, I like the art more than you. I'm going to go up to a 4. I'm telling you, the only part of the art I really enjoyed is when they got fancy with those panels. I'm like, you know what? You don't see that every day. It's a little hard to read the dialogue, but it works for what they're trying to do here. It's a shame, Eric. It's a shame. But that's it. That's the podcast. We are done, Eric. Sayonara. We are done. I don't know if... never. I wonder if before this, Jim got too drunk to even get to this point. I'm not not. sure because in a little roundabout way, Eric, uh, we are recording this right before we do do our live stuff. Doo-doo. Doo-doo. And uh, I've already started drinking and I'm already starting to get a little drunk. So uh, I'm not like you there, Eric. I'm not going to yell segregation, Reggie, ever. No, because things like uh, that don't matter to you. No, no, because I think in my mind, the world is just gray, Eric. We're all equal. There is no segregation in my There's mind. There's injustice uh, in the world, Jim, and drunk no. Eric has to tell everybody about Every, it. To me, is you have, to, you have to deal with injustice in your own way and in your own mind. If, I, if everybody can just meld in my mind and get rid of all the hate, then there never has to be anything left, Eric. We're all going to love each other. I'm a loving person. You know me, Eric. I love everyone. Every single person. <laughs> ah, what's your book of the week? I have no idea anymore. I yes, you I do. Have, no, I would have to say it would probably be Superman. It is Superman. It's okay, Superman for me as well. How many times we've recorded now, I couldn't remember it first. I, I'm here for you. Like I Thank said, you. I have love in my heart, just not for you. Or for next week... You want to hear what we're going to talk about next week? We got a lot yeah. of books next week. This week we actually had a little reprieve. Do we actually know what books, books we have next week? Well, here we go. I have the app up. Uh, we talked earlier in the podcast to Reggie. I don't know. The problem is DC pretty much must have loaded up these books in a shotgun and just shot them out there because they. I even looked. I thought, okay, I didn't download the review copies yet. They usually put them in folders. It'll all work out. No. No, it no. Didn't. So they have the review. Go. They had the review copies in folders, except for the ones they don't. Except for the ones they don't. So we're gonna have to actually figure. So hopefully, this list is right, and we'll go I think it's with coming it. Coming out on Wednesday for the next. We'll go. Yeah. Well, they said it. it seems like they're giving everything out, and we're just gonna have a podcast with possibly seventy-two books. Awesome. Well, I told you, maybe we do that, and then we take a week off. We'll get everything done ahead of time. We'll have what I would do is we'd have the full podcast with the books that do come out this Wednesday. Then we will have a break where we say, "Listen, guys, the next twelve to fifteen books. This is full spoilers. They do not come out in a week." And then we do that. And we're done. See you in fourteen. Would you like that though? 
I think I might like that. I don't know that you'd like recording all those, but you would like that CUN14, I'm sure. Definitely. Here we go. Action Comics number 992. We got Batgirl number 17. Batman Beyond number 14. Blue Beetle number 15. Demon Hell is Earth number one, which actually we had a review, non-spoiler review by Reggie on the site last week because they let that slip early. But we will probably be talking about that on the podcast. We'll see here. Uh, Detective Comics number 969. We do have the Doomsday Clock number one. And I do want to tell everybody right now, that is the embargo for that. You're going to start seeing reviews of that right before Midnight Sunday. Yes. So when that comes around, we may so actually. So by the time this podcast comes out, yes, you'll probably by, while see this them. comes out, it's the reviews are going to get very close. So what we also will do, I think I'm going to say, Eric, we are going to do it. We're going to review that, and we're going to have an advanced review of that go up on Patreon at patreon.com or patreon.com/slash weird science. I'm yes. out of it. Patreon. Damn. Is that it, Eric? That is you, it. You can see it. I'm sure I had problems before. Uh, but we're going to have an advanced review of that go up on Monday, and then it will actually be the regular spotlight on Thursday. So if you want to hear it ahead of time, you can go to the Patreon. If you can you know, sit tight and wait, you can go and listen to it on Thursday as well in the general population. The Flash number 35. Did that make any sense? What yes, I, just I got said? it. Okay. Harley Quinn number 32. Hellblazer number 16. Justice League of America number 19. Commandi Challenge number 11. One more. That's This is oh, the God, penultimate issue. Uh, Nightwing the New Order number 4. So I'm looking forward to that. Well. The Rough and Ready Show number 2. Jeremy will probably be talking about that. If not, he will at least have the review on our site. Suicide Squad number 30. Teen Titans number 14. And Wonder Woman number 35 and possibly more maybe less possibly less. Know, the way the way this has gone it's really screwed because the week after this coming up week is actually an annuals week and there are still they're throwing a lot of weird books into that as well so who knows what's going to go on how it's going to play out but yeah i think that those books that we just talked about will be on there uh yeah just at the end i just want to make a shout out to uh our patreon account if you want to go to the patreon account and support us and listen to some shows including the early review of doomsday clock you can go to patreon.com slash weird science and also i'd like to give a huge shout out to greats.com uh that allowed us to have an ad on our podcast Eric, we got to pretend that we were official. It's like me. I always wanted to be a morning DJ. It's it's really getting close, except sure we're is. always up late. We have to do this earlier. But yeah, go to greats.com, uh, check out all the shoes they have, and get some for your friends, family, lovers. Can we be Eric. late night DJs? What's that? Late in the PJs, did you say? Or late, late night, night DJs. DJs. No, late night DJs have, like, I, I I hate to say it. I have listened to our podcast, and I hear my voice. I do not have a soothing voice like a late night DJ. That's like the, hey, you know what? We can't next do an gonna, evening zoo? Next we're going to, no, they don't have that, Eric. Next we're going to be having we a are rock, innovators. rock block of Steely Dan, followed by Yes. How about that? That'd be good. I don't, I don't yes. like this block. You know, in the morning, you're like, woo! I'm telling you, here's in the morning. You have that. Okay, I'll do that again. It's like, hey there, uh, next up, we're going to have some Chicago, followed by Sticks. Uh, and this is right. the Midnight Hour with Jim and Eric. How's that? So there you have that. In the morning, I'm like, hey, hey Eric, what's going on? All right! It's the Friday morning fart song, baby! <laughs> 
I don't think I can deal with the morning. You know, like that. Oh, wait. Hey, what's that? You want to hear the Friday morning fart song? Well, here you go. All right. Look at me. I'm on the piano. Ah, yeah. Up next, there you go. Boston. It's the burping piano. All right. There you go. <laughs> See, I'm more built for the morning zoo sure. than the late. I'm, I would fall asleep late night. I can't stay up late anymore. So I'd have some real problems. But, yeah, again, go to greats.com. Check out all the shoes they have. And when you do go, use the promo code DC Comics as one word to get 15% off. And I'm telling you, I'm a cheap man. I see 15% off. That's good for me, right? Oosh. Yeah. All right, baby. <laughs> what do you think this one is? A fart. That's Tanya farting. Which one is this, Aaron? That like is Old Sparky. And one last one. What is this one? <laughs> Too damn long. Is what that that is. is the Bronx Rear. Eric. And is there a possibility uh, on the sla- or not as the Patreon account? I want to just push that a little. Is there a possibility of a seller dweller show coming up this week? Hopefully, we'll see what happens with all the books. I haven't talked to seller dweller this week, but it should be coming out. <laughs> I just wanted to use the crickets. I love the crickets, Eric. All right, we're done. What do we say at the end? Thank you for enjoying the hundredth and fiftieth episode with us here at Weird Science. But have a great week. Keep it great. weird. Proud. See you in seven. There's something wrong. It's not supposed to do this. Well, what's it supposed to do? It's supposed to go in all the way. the mattress Woo! with lady abby and lord andy i'm so excited yeah so am i i'm well, i'm falling asleep but no i'm very excited <laughs> i am no uh so yes this is under the mattress and i am uh andy and this is abby and hello my underlings yes hello and uh she's a huge marvel fan mm-hmm. and i'm a huge dc fan yes i'm but very we, very committed but we also love other good comics out there that aren't superhero genre or yeah. at least a little more underground, a little more mature, mm-hmm. and for the you know the reader that isn't 13 years old. So we want to help uh, everyone else uh, help everyone else out there get into like some other good comics that we are that are out right now. So what happens decided, when comic kids grow up? Yeah, and they get tired of seeing fucking Lois Lane and Clark over and over and over and over and over fucking again. Uh huh. Yep. I don't want to get into that right now. But, uh, <laughs> he feels very strongly about the Lois Lane Superman. I'm just really broke right now, and I. <laughs> 
my pull box, I said, you know what? I'm just going to keep the Superman issues in there for now, and I'll get them later. Of course, I'm catching up with the action, action comics, which is interesting enough. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about badass mature comics that yes. are uh, local badass. vendors and friends and, and others have, have uh, recommended to us. Yes. And Oh, yeah, that p- totally brings up the other point. So if you have any recommendations for some good titles or issue ones of uh, anything a little... Uh, what would you say, taboo or whatnot, mm-hmm. um, please send them to us. And what is a little our, bit under the mattress. Yes, under the mattress comics at gmail.com. And uh, our Twitter feed, which I know nothing about. Twitter handle Twitter, is AA. That's us on face two. Under mattress. AA under mattress. Get it, so, Abby and Andy. Oh, under, now under I get mattress. it. I thought you it was just like, get it just now. I thought you were talking about our drinking problem again. You were also, just trying to hint to me. But, yeah, there's that too. So. But yeah, thanks for all, all the patience from the Get Fresh crew and their excitement. And uh, yes, thank you. Yeah, it's funny you say shout out to the Get Fresh crew. Woo! No, no, it's whoop whoop. Sorry, whoop whoop. Shout out to the Get Fresh crew. Whoop whoop. Anyways, so yeah, we, uh, we got some cool titles already in in mind, and uh, today we'll be discussing Sex Criminals, but then we're also talking about Saga, which I read today, the first volume of. Uh, that'll be our next yeah issue. that's pretty awesome yes. it's really cool and a lot mm-hmm. of our listeners probably know about it really and... really love it yeah so love it. but yeah i'm excited right now yes and let's talk about sex criminals so yes. i'm going to read from wikipedia so do not sue me but sex criminals is an ongoing monthly comic book published by an american company called image comics and we all know about image and it's written by matt fraction and illustrated by chip zadarsky and the first issue was published September 25th, 2013, and it's still an ongoing series. It's been nominated for two Eisner Awards, including Best Continuing Series and Best New Series. And on 2015, February 2015, Matt Fraction made a deal with Universal TV to turn sex criminals into a television show. So that could be a really good thing. That'd that could be, great. be really bad. I hope it. You know. I can see it being good, but it, it depends on the director. Because it could be either really good or really bad. And it was Universal with, you know? Is that like FX? I don't, know. Or? I, don't I don't follow that. If stuff. you guys know that, then write that into the show so we can know what we're talking about. But, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, I actually gotta pretend like I know stuff now. Yeah. Universal. <laughs> Let's, uh... I don't know. So the synopsis, right? So Susie, the main character, is a librarian, and she's like a really adorable brunette, and she uh, she's like an interesting character. She's trying to save the library. She's very complex. Yes, very complex for a good reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, she's a librarian, and John, an actor, meet at a party, and after sleeping together, they discover that they share the ability to freeze time when they reach climax and orgasm, which is that's their superpower. That's their metahuman power. I think a superpower enough is when people climax together at the same time. That's yeah, a superpower right that's, there. That is true. That's so the that's fact that they can do power. that and freeze time. That's a double exactly. double win right there. And that's why it won so many awards because. People yeah. didn't believe that ever happened before exactly. until they read this book. Mm-hmm. It's like, I never thought I could fly until I read Superman. You still can't fly. What? <laughs> well, I bought this cape and I'm jumping off the roof <laughs> later. Just to prove Please don't. But... That's a bad idea, Andy. Don't do that. <laughs> so as their relationship develops and their sexual histories are explored, they decide to rob a bank where John works in order. Excuse me. They decide to rob a bank where John works should be a comma there, Wikipedia, in order to save Susie's endangered library. What's fun about Wikipedia is you can just edit it yourself. Yeah, I think that's like a theme. Mm-hmm. So, And then here's an article about the TV show, but I went out to read that. So now we just know it's with Universal, and it could happen, it could not happen. It's TV, it's, you know, you never know. 
but maybe they can. Fingers crossed. I mean, they're running out of ideas, so. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, okay, so. Yes. All right. We're going to try to read this. We have one copy, so we're trying to, like, pass it around the room. That's not the only thing we're passing around the room. Because we're but... not pro comic book kids or anything. Nah. It's okay. But we are dedicated fans. We are. So, on page one, so I do think that, that the cover art is the cover art. So the yes. original is, like, a pink, hot pink freaking cover. Hot pink cover, and it's very, like, 007 style with, like, the silhouette. But a little bit more detailed, and uh, she's like holding a gun in one hand and a whip in the other, and she has like a book over her uh, private areas. Mm-hmm. So, and her hair is very Medusa esque, yeah, as it like floats up, and it's pretty freaking hot. Got thing going on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, very hot cover for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's definitely the hourglass shape and all that fun stuff. So, definitely a provocative cover for sure. Yeah, and um, the catches your eye. Doesn't really doesn't come off like that. No, she doesn't at no. all. So it's kind of great. It's like her inner, yeah. in her inner self, you know? It's like, you know, because she's, you know, a librarian, so she doesn't, like, portray but that. The freaks when but it comes down yeah. to Yeah. Exactly. You know, your mom's a librarian. Well. Yeah, you know. Huh? Yeah. Hey, Mom. Huh? <laughs> well, she did have a couple kids, so I guess that had to happen. <laughs> your dad found a keeper. It's all, all right, good. All right. <laughs> he knew. Still he married. Knew. Still married for like 49,000 years now. Yeah, like there's that, a reason so. for that. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> they can freeze time when they reach one. Oh, hands. no. Please, no. I don't want to think about your parents like this that. This is actually not a fiction book about my parents. <laughs> oh, God. Please, no. Oh, my God. So, page one is... Uh, you want, well, okay. I, I, you I'm describe just, it yeah. better. So, we have panel one. It's a faucet running, and it looks like it's in a public type sink like like we were talking about earlier it's like a fancy public restroom like a bank or a office building of some sort mm-hmm. very and clean then, uh, there's some now we have like the couple john and what's your name susie susie Su- susie and john are in wrapped with each other and as she's like pulling off a shirt she's got a big smile on his face he's looks pretty happy it looks like we're <laughs> about oh, to yeah. do it i'd be and, happy if uh, i was about to do it mm-hmm. and then some voices coming from the outside though it says um Hello, we, uh, are you in there? We're pretty sure you're still in there. We, hey, give me that back. You two, Suzanne, Jonathan, this is your very last chance, children. Now, at three, we're coming in after you. And it looks like, you know, uh, while all this is going on, the sink is running, and uh, they're they're definitely kind of getting it on. And then it's kind one, of getting it on. They're yeah, definitely getting it on. This one panel here, it's very expressive. That's pretty cool. It's just the black silhouettes like, of them doing it. Falls deep. Yeah, for and, sure. and a red panel. And, yep. Ooh, yeah, it's pretty hot. Yep. So, and she goes, one, two, and then you see the faucet that was running starts to freeze, and the water is standing still, and they're, like, definitely climaxing because all there's, like, star glitter and, and light So that's flashing. what happens when all of us climax. Yeah, you get that's, a bunch I've, of stars and glitter and magic happens. I must be doing it wrong. Right? <laughs> well, yeah, so now they're climaxing, and it looks like time is frozen. As they're going to hint to later. And now the inner dialogue of Susie, Susie begins. Mm-hmm. Want to take it in? I know how this looks. Don't judge us. Let me start at the start. Do you want to describe the panel? Yeah, so next page, we got four panels, all with kind of the same thing. It's an office building and like an outside view, and it's pretty high up. And this is obviously a flashback, and she's starting to talk about the past. And uh, first one, there's just the window of this office building. And then the next three panels is that window being so like smashed open and you see this guy flying out the window falling to his certain death let me start at the start this guy killed my dad 
The jokes are coming, I promise. It's Tuesday, October 28th, 1997, uh, and just a second ago, this guy killed my father and shot two other people. The stock market crashed yesterday, apparently, and he lost everything, except for a gun and his cocaine psychosis. Mm. He showed up here at the world headquarters of Bank Corp, looking to settle some scores. My dad was an accountant, didn't even know the guy. I'd like to think my dad died heroically, maybe saving somebody. Maybe he jumped between the guy and a pregnant lady or something. Anything to keep it from being so random. I swear the sex and the jokes are coming. Hang on. All right, cut to the next panel um, where she's in a classroom and she's all the way in the back and the teacher is talking to the whole class. She's probably like, what, 12 right there? Mm, Maybe, give or take, about 11 or 12. There, that's me with the hair. My whole world's about to end. And then the assuming principal comes in and speaks to the teacher. And she's writing on her desk. Right then I knew, not the specifics I mean, but I knew whatever was wrong was about me. Just one of those things. I knew. It was a whole thing. Taken out of school, hospital, my mom, a funeral, kept out for two weeks. I was the kid in my school. I was the first kid in my school to join the Dead Dad Club. Halloween rocked that year, though. Uh-huh. So now we have this old lady, and she's standing at her doorway with her big bucket of candy, her, her bowl of candy, and she goes, and what are you supposed to be? And she's sitting there with her uh, green jacket, probably, you know, super 90s style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 90s style uh, green, uh, probably windbreaker, yeah. I would assume. Yeah, really comfortable. <laughs> Don't knock them. Oh, no, I know. Dude, I know. I was a 90s kid. I got this. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, baby, and she's standing there. And she has her pillowcase. And uh, I'm the little girl whose dad just died. And then she smiles and puts out her pillowcase of candy. Which looks pretty heavy. It does look pretty heavy. It looks pretty full. I practically made myself diabetic. Did you have a nice time? Yeah. Her mother says. Yeah. I guess. I almost made it all the way to my room before she started crying again. (laughs) Almost. We both gave each other a lot of space in those days. And then the next thing you knew, space was all we had. It was a nice old house. Not a right angle anywhere in it. Decades of history, of other families, other lives. Sound carried everywhere. And so now she's, she's hiding out in the bathroom. She's sitting on the end of the tub, and the, and the uh, hot water is pouring into the tub. She's filling it. She's kind of sadly looking at herself in the mirror. She's undressing, now dipping her foot into the tub mm-hmm. to give you an idea of what's going on. And then she uh, fully submerges herself. Even though she tried to hide it from me, I could always hear it when my mom cried. <laughs> I had to hide underwater with the tub running to get away. I swear, this all gets funny in a second. Well, funnier. Maybe I should tell jokes. Thomas Pynchon walks into a bar. Bartender says, hey, why the long face? <laughs> Pinch and joke. John told me that one. Ah, I don't get it. I don't, but you do. So, okay, moving on. <laughs> She's underwater. She's underwater with her hair. You know, that Medusa type yeah. hair. That's probably where that came from. She's flowing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the tub's running. She's underwater. She's putting her head under the water. And, uh, obviously, the faucet is running over her vagina. Is that how that works? I don't know. Why, why do women love bathtubs so much? <laughs> yeah. can, you, can you fill us in? 
Well, there are several reasons why yeah. women love bathtubs so much. But this one in particular. Well, this one is does is not a thing that happens like in real life because the way that they're implying is that she's under the water with her feet towards the faucet, and it's implying that the faucet is creating you know the vibrations mm-hmm. by her happy place. Yes, and it gives her the you know intense feeling of her first orgasm is what they're implying right now, but. The way that that works is like literally, she would have to be like, you know, straddling the faucet. Straddling itself. the faucet for That's that what to I always happen. About. Yeah. So, so unless so it only she happens in the movies, because she's clearly not touching herself. So this is how you can tell it was written by a man. Yes. Because that's not like that. how it works. Gosh, I need to get a bigger tub. <laughs> with, with like a vibrating head. Vibrating yes, that would be great. Head. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, you like my dildo faucet? But uh, what they're what they're implying right now in these few panels is that you know while she's trying to get solace in her holding her head under the water while the faucet is running, somehow the vibrations and stuff, you know, the pulsating from the faucet is causing her to reach her first orgasm, which is not the way that it works because literally she would have to be all the way up in there for that to happen. I mean, maybe. Maybe, you know, she happens sensitive. to have that superpower where she can, you know, like, like put it towards that area. But I don't think that that's what she was thinking of at that moment. No. So, again, this is how you know it was written by a dude. No offense to the writers. He, I love you guys. It's good. But you can tell it just wasn't, like, a thing. It was a good tip, though. But. I, that's always been, like, a weird fiction for me. So, I, now I know the truth about that. Cause, yeah. Well, I mean, fiction, but no, weird. I mean, shower heads are great. <laughs> no, no, no! Shower heads are like they, they, there's yeah, adjustable like settings. I have two shower heads. Yeah. One is one is fixed. One you can take off. But that's besides the point. <laughs> Why would you have? But to it's take adjustable, it off? so you can you know get it down in the crevices. Crevices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With the adjustable settings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the highest setting. Dog. Yeah. It's a thing. Is it? For sure. All right. Well, so, now we know. Girls don't take baths to get off. They take showers to get off. There's a difference. But anyway, so back to the back to the comic. So, boss is running. She's doing her thing. Now she's having, you know, an in-panel appearance of her, like, current self into the situation of... Yeah, she's sitting outside the tub of her younger self, basically narrating her history. Correct. Yes, so. that is a correct uh, description of that. Walking through her own flashback. Yes. Walking through her own flashback. That's perfect. Mm -hmm. Perfect. I knew, of course, what was happening when it started to happen, even though I didn't really know. You know, I wasn't the first girl in my class, and I wasn't the last. But I suppose until then, I thought it was something that only the dirty girls did. It's true. Time stopped. Literally. And I knew, you know that, you know what? Scratch that. I had no idea what was happening to me whatsoever on so many levels. I even left the water on. I wasn't going anywhere. That's how weird it was. And so that's like when time is freezing now. So mm-hmm. you can see, like I said, the sparkles and the light and the, the that's a cool, I don't know how they do it's that. It's a really, really cool art, like for yeah, sure. I don't know if that's like computer over regular panels or whatnot. Maybe, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there's but... like that cool glistening and light. It's like through. when you take like an old picture and like it has that weird like reflection like mm-hmm. on it. That's the way that it that it is. But times like ten, it's really cool. Yeah, like, it is. It's a, definitely I don't know if really, it's just really, all really cool. Art. White paper or what? But yeah, it's almost got a watercolor type thing, but very computer type thing going on. 
She's reaching an orgasm. She's freezing time. It wasn't going anywhere. That's how weird it was. I was enveloped in silence and color. An ocean of warm silence and color that I could apparently make explode out from inside of me. There's a lot of color going on. A lot of exploding. Pretty much. It felt so amazing that that I was terrified. I was confused and terrified. How could anything feel so good? How could anything make me get so quiet? And I remember my first orgasm, and that was pretty, yeah. it was kind of scary, because you're young, and you're just like, is this what's supposed like, to be happening? Well, no, it's and true. And then you're like, that's fucking awesome, so, you Well, know. for girls, it's different, because when guys do it, there's like an actual, you know, stuff that happens where you're like, okay, I know I'm done. But like, for girls, it's well, like, some of them are done, but... yeah, but for girls, it's like, Nothing like that necessarily happens, especially like the first time. It's literally just a feeling. It's just a quiver. Yeah, it's a quiver, and it's very, it's 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 very, <sighs> it's it, it is extremely scary because I remember when I first started doing that, it's like stuff happened that I'm like, whoa, wait, what? And it's not something you talk to about your parents, especially in her situation. Yeah, her when up. her mom is completely just destroyed and distraught and is extremely depressed. And she can't talk to her about that at no, all. No. And and apparently she doesn't have a lot of friends or a lot of other. Well, like, she's obviously parental. a weird kid. She is a weird kid. So it's just been implied from her sitting in the back and not having a lot of people. Um, there's no one you can talk to about that. And even for me, like I've had friends, but like no, it's not something you talk about. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> Well, guys talk about it. We talk I'm about sure. It yeah. I'm sure. In fact, it's the main thing we talk about. But it about. is very scary. It is very scary. And then the fact that time stops, too. Mom woke me up at 2 a.m. screaming that I'd left the tub running yeah, the all, tub all running. night and flooded the bathroom. I blamed an intruder. I suppose I knew what would happen, but I still didn't know. I didn't know, no, anyway. I was afraid to find out, but, but, but. I had questions and uh, and exploding things inside me, so I did what any other otherwise good, emotional, frozen, role model-less girl would do the day after rubbing one out for the first time. I went to the Dirty Girls. Yep, and now there's like this group of girls outside like the soccer soccer field, behind the bleachers, of course, or else. One of the girls says, hey, slut, what do you want? I thought Rochelle could tell what I'd done. Thought she could tell just by looking at me. She couldn't, of course. But what did I know? She just finished talking to the dirty girls. I know how she feels because, like, when I was a kid and I had crushes on girls in, like, 6th and 7th grade, I just started, you know, uh, fantasizing about these girls. And I could, t- I always felt that the next day at school in, in homeroom, I, like, they would know. They would know, you know, and I just, like, I couldn't even, like, look them in the eye. We just, don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, don't. You sure? Yes. I wasn't. I wasn't glowing. Like we no, no. You weren't. <laughs> maybe were you pregnant? No. Oh. <laughs> the opposite, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah. So. No, we 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 didn't know. It wasn't even a uh, a thing. Like, not nah, like. We're it, learning so much. See right the now. Is the fact that like she like even goes through all this is actually like abnormal for like girls. Because, like, there wasn't, at least for me growing up, I'm not, like, you know, trying to um, put everyone in this category. But for me growing up, it was just a thing that I did. 
Like, it wasn't, like, a thing that, like, we talked about in school, or there wasn't, like, a Dirty Girls or, like, the slut group or anything like that. No? Growing up. No. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Sorry for all the boys in our school. Um, but there wasn't anyone to talk to about it. There wasn't anything like that. Like, there wasn't, like, a thing. Like, it was just, at least for me, maybe because I wasn't, you know, in tune with all the cool kids or whatever. But, you know, it's just not something that Okay, all right. So, yep. so, so once again, probably written by a guy. Yeah. Because it, that's how guys are. They're like, hey, I jerked off. Probably. Like, yeah, how'd it go? And then we're just, yeah. Because girls never talked about it. Like, I mean, I was always, like, more friends with the guys than I was with the girls. But even the guys didn't talk about it with me. So well, it's not like, with you, no, I'm sure. Well, probably not, right? <laughs> but, they were uh, glowing. And you yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> it comes back full circle. That makes sense. No. But, um, no, I did have a few girlfriends growing up, but, um, no, we never talked about it. It wasn't a topic of conversation ever, and it wasn't, like, a group of, you know, the slutty girls or the girls that, like, put out or whatever. It just wasn't a thing. Okay. So. All right. All right, so now we are at the uh, faucet running again. Yes. And she looks older, a little bit older, like you said, college years probably or probably something. Probably about college years. Or actually, well, yeah, maybe even, even more advanced because. She looks like she's with a roommate, but now the faucet's running again. She's under the tub. She's doing it again. Mm-hmm. She's getting it going on. She's freezing time. I knew how to go, get away from everything. Finally. Finally. Whew. That's better. Hi. Nothing like a little me time to help one focus, huh? Yeah, so she's, like, drying off. She's eating her breakfast, and everything's frozen in time, and it looks like her roommate is frozen on the chair. You know, no, she's uh, reading on the chair. Her roommate is eating a sandwich. Oh, okay. Stuck eating a sandwich. Mm-hmm. So this is our place. Hang on. It's going away in a sec. Oh, hey. Didn't see you there. Hey, Rach. Anyway, so look about the books. We're not slobs or hoarders, I promise. Yeah, because we're just in a big room of books, like tons and tons of books. And then there's this flyer. That says, save our library. And it has a bunch of things about why they should save the library. It gives an address. And it gives um, the uh, date of this assuming party about uh, donating money so they can help save the library. That's right. And this is one of my favorite panels. Is It's like this lit up party, obviously, in like a it's measure like San Francisco or something. I don't know. But it's like very sleek and like a lot of cool mm. people at this party. And it's got the little lights going around the thing and she looks pretty pretty there and she's looking out the window of this party and so here we are tonight already pow just like that through the magic of editing a book saving party i don't see him come in can you believe it there's john he's entering the room talking to another girl who's that girl rach thought he was interested in her first she usually thinks that about everybody though you remember her right and then a show panel Hey, slut. So it's Rachel from behind the uh, bleachers at the soccer field. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's so. part of the Dirty Girls Club. Mm-hmm. Then came the day I didn't need answers anymore. Answers I had. I wanted context. I wanted experience. So now then, this is Craig. Craig is my high school boyfriend. I decided I decided on the drive over. We're going to sleep together tonight. So we're flashing back to like a high school party, obviously. They're all drinking beers out of the uh, red, red solo yeah, cups red solo cups and uh looks like she just decided she's gonna just go ahead and take one last swig give him a big kiss and then they're 
Move into the bedroom and some more silhouettes. I like the art there. Nice. Well, sleep, in quotation mm-hmm. marks. He played Sarah McLachlan. For the rest of my life, whenever I get a latte or see a sick dog, I think about my hymen. Oh, no. <laughs> How horrible would that be? Oh, my God. He Jesus. plays Sarah McLachlan the first time she loses her virginity. Well, we're trying to be sensitive, you know. We're trying to... You know, set the mood because we're idiots and we we don't know that you guys just all want it like the dirty stuff. Oh my god, that would suck so fucking bad. Oh my god, every time you see the fucking Sarah McLaughlin commercial, you think about the time you lost your virginity. Oh my god, he scarred her for life. She looks kind of Which is most of our first times, by the way. I don't want to even get into mine. Anyway, so describe the panel. All right, so, you know, we got a couple different panels of them, you know, together in the dark. And, uh, you know, he's going at it, and he's nervous, you can tell. And she's nervous, and her eyes are kind of, like, wide. All she sees is, like, the dark silhouette. You can't see his face, so that's kind of always, like, probably creepy for your first time. And, uh, <coughs> for sure. Yeah. And then, uh, what, what's he saying? I'm like, ah. Are you okay? I was. It hurt. Then it didn't hurt. All of it was weird. And it wasn't quite working. Uh, are you okay? Did it, uh, did it fall out? or? Using my hand. Don't stop. Oh. Exclamation point. And then she climaxes. And then the um, dude just got his old face and he's frozen in his really bad old face. It's just awesome. <laughs> it's so, a pretty great old face, though. It's just a big-ass grin. It's not really like an old face. It's more of like a grunt. Yeah, just like, like a... a like, That's if you great. can imagine him looking like, like, you know, like he's really, really trying. Like, A for effort there, buddy. <laughs> you know, like right at the hit, and he's frozen. Yeah, oh, that's great, though. So. <laughs> it's a great thing. So now she's, like, stuck underneath this frozen body. Um, Craig? I figured. I suppose we always <laughs> have these grand notions about when having sex was will finally mean. Grand, romantic, weird. It comes with expectations. I'd hope there was something special about it that would. And I'm sorry if I just love this panel because it's great. She's like slicking out of the bed and she's covered in the sheets. It kind of <laughs> looks like a wedding dress. Yeah. With like a train. It looks like a like a like a wedding dress with like a train, but yeah. it's actually sheets. And he... <laughs> he's just his frozen naked body is like in <laughs> mid pump, and he just looks great. It's so great. <laughs> Like, he's literally a bit pumped. Like, you can totally tell, because she's just, like, eh. she just, like, squiggles out from under him. And she's, like, so, she's so beautiful looking. And he's just, like, yeah, it's just, That's it's how so you view great. all men, isn't it? Yes, it Right. Is. And then she's, like, walking down the stairs of the party, and there's, like, glitter and lights and all these strobes of lights happening, and she looks freaking fabulous. And everyone's frozen. And everyone's just frozen, partying, and... That I wouldn't be left so goddamn alone. Eventually, it just wears off. I learned that pretty quickly. There's a low rumble that turns into a slow sound, and then, and everything's normal and shitty again. They were the same thing in those days. We were both looking for our way out. Uh, she's talking about her mom right now. It's uh, you want to describe the panel? Yeah, so she's going downstairs, and she's her mom kind of passed out on the couch. A couple empty wine bottles, it looks like, or mm-hmm. some type so. of bottle on the ground. More than one bottle on the ground. So, uh, 
We were both looking for our way out. Clearly implying that her mom's an alcoholic now and she's trying to... Drown out her son. With her orgasm. With her mom is? No, no, she is. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're both trying to escape. But I made up my mind I would learn. And the only way to learn is by asking questions. I have questions. As she raises her hand in the middle of the classroom. Um, and again, she's sitting all the way in the back. Um, and I wouldn't do it again until I had my answers. No matter how much I wanted to, which was a lot. Ever try to utilize the resources of the public school system to learn about sex? No wonder so many dumb kids get knocked up. Yeah. Nobody knows anything, and if they do, they're legally bound for telling you. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. No, like we just—that's American society. Mm-hmm. And then she's reading a book, and it says, "Your body and you, and your parents." <laughs> <laughs> that's the name of the book, and that's probably not very informative. So she's sitting underneath this tree, and all the kids are looking at her very strangely because that's the book she got. Mm-hmm. Sitting there lonely, sadly reading it. Which is kind of funny. And then she has another book, which I can't actually read, which sucks because I can't read that. Anyway, easier to just avoid temptation. So she's looking at the top, <laughs> all menacingly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, don't go in there. Don't go in there. <laughs> so she really likes the bathtub. So. Apparently that's her thing. Susie likes getting off in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. She likes getting wet when she's wet. Yeah. That's what it is right that's now. That's, that's her thing. So, Susie versus the Dirty Girls round two. Hey, uh, bitches. She's approaching all the, uh, the slut girls, the slut group in the hallway by the lockers. I got something I want to ask you. You, 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 and you, sluts. Um, excuse me? That thing that happens after you touch yourself, where everything bleeds colors, and all you can hear is that low rumbling sound, and everybody's frozen? Like, what's up with that, skanks? (laughs) And now there's just three girls looking at her very blankly, staring at her. Probably probably blinking. (laughs) Oh, God. And then she runs away. There's just a cloud of smoke with her running with her book. And it says, strike one. Now, uh, one of the the slutty girls, the slut queen, right? What's her name? I don't know her name right now. I forget. She's at the Jenny or something. But uh, she's putting her books away at the locker. And she goes, hey, slut. Um, me? This slut? Yeah, come smoke with me. I don't. Go. I decided I'm going to teach you everything I know about sex. If you think you can handle it. Jackpot. The mother load. Finally, the biggest hoe bag in Eastview Middle School history was going to open up her personal Kama Sutra to me, Susie Dixon, and in one fell swoop explain each and every single mystery of sex. So what did I say? Uh, okay. Why? As I smoke cigarettes, which you were alluding to earlier. Yeah, so they're smoking cigarettes in the bathroom. They're in a stall, and she's got, like, a permanent marker. And she's about to like the classic yes, go-to. Draw all these these positions out of the bathroom wall, and she goes, just lets out her cigarette. She goes, because maybe if someone did this for me, I wouldn't have HPV and a dad that can't look at me in the eye anymore. So here's the real raw sex shit you need to know if you think you're ready. So we got blubing, and so she's just drawing out all these different positions. So what is? Is that a name of a position? It's called blue-bing. blue-bing. So the guy's when you like, titty fuck a girl from yeah in your 
They're Jesus. laughing or next to each other, and he's just going crazy. He, he's he's fucking her in the tits, like that. That's called titty fucking, not blooming. Blooming. What no. the fuck? I always call it blooming. <laughs> and then we got swaffling, and it looks like the guys like she's giving him a piggyback ride, and he's he's doing her from behind. And then there's the reverse reverse cowgirl, and that's the the. Yeah, wow, that looks kind of fun. It's a 69, but she's like doggy Stand, style. Yeah. She's like standing up over him while he's like fingering her. And then there's shrimping, which just looks like they're doing what one of the, the letters and like uh, they're doing that? the letter O. They're holding her bodies up. The Dutch microwave, which is him with a paper bag over his head and she's farting into his face. The three looking. second rule taco. Oh my God. The crisping. The ET sex move. The fleshy life. The fleshy light switch, the chocolate McKitten. Okay, either all the butts. <laughs> okay, either all the butts up or the cigarette is making me feel super shitty. The queeps, the twerging, autoerotic twerging, rimping, which he's running his cock through somebody's hair. <laughs> She's is got a big smile a on her face. Is yeah, that we, yeah. Is you never done thing? that. You never done the crimping. No, is that? A, I have like a lot of hair, and I've never had any mm. guy request that yeah. to fuck my hair. Like You're that's that's You're not okay. And well, she seems like she's down. She says uh, what? Actually, that one would be kind of awesome. A candle in the wind. So she's got uh, a dude's dick is in the window, and she's drawing this all. I love this on the bathroom stall. So it's like a window, and the woman is shutting the window frame down on his cock, and then that says, you know. For lady, for lady die, the user agreement. That's great because uh, <laughs> that's such a great panel. She's giving him a foot job while using him as something to put the as, a desk, on. To, as a desk. He's bent over to while <laughs> she's using the laptop while she's giving him a foot job, and it's great. These are great illustrations too. <laughs> they like, took a lot of time on these. These are awesome. I want to go home. Hey, I thought you were ready. No. I was not ready. So, having been failed by the education system, I turned to medicine. Uh, let me, uh, this, this might feel a little bit cold. So, she's over at the gyno right now, and, uh, she's, you know, getting examined by this, uh, dude with a weird 70s porno mustache. Yeah. And, uh, as she is narrating, uh, her adult self is in a really hot nurse's outfit. Mm-hmm. So, there's that. Mm-hmm. And then the doctor Very says, while he's uh, face deep in her uh, JJ, I remember suddenly being worried. What if I was a freak? What if I was going to get in trouble? I, um, uh, doctor, what happens after you have an orgasm? I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> he just kind of stops. He looks up and he goes, well, you usually fall asleep, Suzanne, with your husband. Strike two. Only one place left to turn. So right now she's uh, on her porch outside of her house, and her mom is uh, face deep in a glass of wine. Mm -hmm. What is it, Susie? I had a few questions. About what, Susie? You know, sex questions. Great. Now I'm raising a whore. Strike three. That sucks. No one to go to except for the bathtub. Again, again. so we're back in the bathtub. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Her one friend, mm-hmm. the faucet. Yep, the faucet's running again. She's under the water and she's doing her thing, and the lights gets all like you know sparkly and uh, weird and shiny and shit. 
sound to make when you're like you know that's a really weird sound. yeah is that yo, how you yo. sound well i guess you're just not having a good enough time I <laughs> <laughs> oh boy here it comes as it were so now she's uh she had her orgasm and she's in her towel and she's looking at her mom who is also face deep in a glass of wine now right she's now she's frozen though she's yeah. frozen in time so she's looking at her all like angrily while she's wet in her towel. I just started screaming about about everything, about her, about me, about her drinking, about dad. In the quiet was the only place I could talk to her for a couple years after this even. I just screamed until everything stopped hurting as she like screaming at her and then I guess she like throws some bottles around off the table. So she's getting it all out while her mom is Get it all out. And then she calms down, and then she gives her mom a kiss on the back of the head. You know how they tell you on the planes to put your own oxygen mask on first, even before you help your kids? She was trying so hard back then. I need more data. I would become my own subject. I started recording every bit of information I could. How it happened, where, how long I spent in the quiet. Lots of girls have diaries. I had my project. So just keep it like a sex journal, basically. Well, not even a sex journal, just a masturbation journal. Basically. Probably, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess like a orgasm journal, yeah. I would say. Not just sex, you know, not masturbation journal, but I would say uh, orgasm journal. Orgasm journal. For sure. Um, Something like that. It says, my project notebook, number one. I recorded everything as I learned the rules of what things were like inside the quiet. How I got in, how I got out, how long I was there. Hard to tell what time doesn't move, you know? So we got like a teenage Susie and she's like keeping a journal and like she's got all these different marks in the background. Like the eighth, you know, red, blue with an X. Nine minutes, bad. Nine 13 minutes. minutes. Sexual Gary. Who is Gary? This <laughs> is red, blue. It's a bunch of, bunch of, and there's like a, there's a line graph. There's a line she's, graph. She's in definitely the back. a project for her. She's <laughs> taking it serious. Oh, yeah. I need help. I have a lot of information, but no good way of sorting it all and searching through it and stuff. So she's at the library right now. And she's asking the librarian about how to sort through all of her data. Taxonomy? You need a taxonomy. Like Dewey Decimal System. I loved books. But that was the day I fell in love with libraries. Mine's not doing so well these days. I'm doing what I can, but, well, that's not so much, you know? We're losing, but I'm buying every book I can save. Don't know what I'm going to do with them yet. Rach has been cool enough to let me keep them in her apartment for now. Yeah, so she's got, like, wheelbarrows of books, and she's she now works for the library, and she's trying to save the library, which is under threat from... A bank that, uh, you know, is going to need valuables. Mm -hmm. The bank will take the library, but they won't get the books if I can help it. The bank will take everything you love sooner or later, mm -hmm. in reference to her father. Well, I just thought in general. Also true. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck Trust you, me. banks. Right? Seriously. <laughs> no, I mean, fuck you, banks. <laughs> I love libraries. I love you, libraries. <laughs> so she's she's wheeling it past the the uh the building that her dad 
was thrown out. Yeah, of. thrown out of. You know, this is definitely years later, but she's she's got a wheelbarrow full of books. Literally a wheelbarrow. Going past <laughs> the 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 bank that is taking away the library that mm-hmm. is also the bank that killed her father. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. So. Truth be told, I'm not much for parties. They're okay, but I'm not really a drinker. And I can never hear anything anybody's saying. Still, it'd be good for the library, right? It'll be good for my books, as yeah, she so says behind them, assuming a really loud yeah, really noise at a party. Really loud music. It's blasting in the place. <laughs> it's like the nice apartment. They got like nice hardwood floors. There's oh, books yeah. everywhere. And like I said before, the lights are cool. It's, it's like a nice party atmosphere. For sure. So there's a lot of people in there. And... They're having a party for the library. Yep. It's what I keep telling myself anyway. I don't want to get drunk. I don't want to get laid. Mm. I just want to save my books and not have a lot of puke to clean up tomorrow. Amen. So, uh, what's your favorite book? There's lots, but Lolita probably. <laughs> right on. That's like a dirty sex book, right? No, it's not really about sex. It. Lolita. Light of my life. Fire of my loins. My sin, my soul, my Lolita. The tip of my tongue taking trip of three steps down the palate to tap at three on the teeth. Hey, hold this. So she hands off a drink to uh, the douchebag who's like, what's your favorite book? And now uh, it appears to be John is mm-hmm. kind of capturing her heart right now. And he says, Lolita, she was low, playing low, in the morning standing four feet ten in one sock. She was Lola in slacks. She was Dally at school. She was Dolores on the dotted line, but in my arms, she was always Lolita. Hi, I'm Susie. John, hey. Don't know what was better, your Nabokov or your James Mason. Thanks. I'm an actor. Uh, I had, you know, some training and stuff. You're an actor? Well, no, I want to be an actor. But really, you're a waitress. (laughs) Secretary, actually. uh, Kind of a secretary. You sound very secure in your masculinity. Most guys would say, would say... Personal assistant? Right, right. No, I, I'm a secretary. Well, what about you? And there are parties to save libraries. Uh, pretty sure it's pronounced libraries. They teach you that in acting school? At the Rowland National Academy of Acting, yes. Oh, a college boy. A college man. A man secretary, even. Can you do David Niven? Well, he's been dead for 30 years, but it'd be pretty gross. But I wouldn't say no. So, yeah, I guess. Because of this. Because you're funny. Because you know Lolita and Nabokov and James Mason, too. Because you're cute and funny and I'm kind of sad and you haven't tried hitting on me once. Because you weren't even trying. And now we're looking at, like, like endless Polaroids of all their failed relationships before. Men and women. Yes. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. There were others after Craig. I'm not a nun. Sometimes it felt very real. Sometimes it felt very silly, like a mistake. Sometimes it felt important and adult. Some of it exploratory. Sometimes it just felt like something to do instead of fall asleep alone. And sometimes it was entirely regrettable. Are you sure this is cool? Yes. Yes, this is totally cool. All right on. So now, like... John, who I'm playing right now, and he's he's a pretty good looking guy. He's got he the is. glasses. He's, he's very got, cute. You know, he's he kind of. I'm not gonna say it, but I'm gonna say it. Tony Clark Kent look. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, with but like he's the got glasses. confidence. He's got 
confidence. He's, he's got smart. confidence and smart. You know, he's he's uh, definitely attractive. For and sure. You look at all these Polaroids of all their failed relationships, and uh, I can see why she's going for this guy. You know, mm-hmm. and, and and now they're in the bedroom of her bedroom, and uh, like I said, they're like, oh, right on. Mm-hmm. Uh, ta-da. Then they're taking off the they're taking off each other's clothes, and mm-hmm. he takes off her pants, and he says, "Oh, they got some foreplay going on." Oh there. yeah, some oh, foreplay. Shit, they got some foreplay going on there. Yeah, yeah. he's a face, face deep in that poontang. Well, yeah, we're going panel by panel here, <laughs> and it's getting it's getting it's getting pretty raunchy yeah. for sure. <laughs> and then there's a uh, and then uh, they show her face with an exclamation point. Oh, <laughs> Whew. wow. Boy, that felt nice. Mm, and all the lights are flashing, so she obviously orgasmed because time is frozen again. And then they're, you know, all the and lights are flashing. And then everything is like flashing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he responds to her, and then she gives him this look, like, "How are you here? How are you here?" Yeah, they both <laughs> say at the same time because they're like, "Holy shit!" So now apparently John is not frozen. Because he has the same power as Susie. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Uh, what? We're, we're with me. You, I. No, no, no. That's not how it works. I brought you with me. Somehow I. Holy shit. Holy shit. You could do it too. John, is your dick glowing? And his dick is glowing. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's. It's a pretty decent size stick, but like it's it's glowing like it had <laughs> kryptonite magic going on. It's right kind there. of awesome. And oh, so they're, they're like hot for each other again. They so they jump right back into bed, and then there's like this weird uh, what is that? <laughs> I don't even know. It's a really weird sound effect. Now we flash forward to where they are at. The, the, I, I'm guessing the bank bathroom now, right? So yeah. And uh, so we're at like present time. And there's an alarm going, and, and they just orgasmed, and the time is frozen. And he looks her in the eyes, and they're in the bathroom, and he goes, hey. Hi. Are you okay? Yeah. It's okay, baby. Don't freak out. It's going to be okay. You just got to stick to the plan, and everything will be okay. And they're trying to walk out now of the bathroom, and... Uh, oh, John. What about this looks okay to you? And da da da. That's the end of issue two. Issue one. So they're rushing out of the bathroom. Issue one. You said issue two. Issue one. <laughs> so that's the end of issue one. They're rushing out of the bathroom. And here's the thing too: it's like it's such a good read when you're reading it by yourself, and like that you you do fly through it. The first was like six issues in volume one or something. Yeah. And uh, you get into the sex police. Yes. And you get all this other good shit. And the I, sex police are the people that were banging at the door and telling them to come out because apparently it's a whole thing. Yes. There's like a whole secret society of people. Of people who can do this. Yes. And they, they got like dildo guns and everything. And that's why I feel yeah. bad. It's like, <laughs> read it for the dildo is, guns, is, guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the one thing that you should read it for. <laughs> and we took a long time to describe just issue one. Yeah. And issue two the, gets the, into the John's backstory. The art is great. It's very, uh, it's very, um, Simple yet intense, yeah. I would say. Yeah. It's very straight to the point, but yeah, it's very. very it is. It is. It's very provocative. Yes. Absolutely. No, it's a very hot comic to read, and mm-hmm. like I said, issue one only gets in just to uh, Susie's backstory, and then issue two we get into John's backstory. Yes, which you want and, to know. Like we we want to tell you all these issues, but we obviously are taking up a lot of time already. I want to but, talk about all of these. Lives. It's good. It's, it's a really so good. good. It's like just. Yeah, it's great. So, on art and writing, and I know that 
you disagree on the bathtub theory, but uh, what would you give this comic? Well, of course, I'm going to give it 9.5. 9.5? Yeah, because it's just, like, the point five is because, obviously, it's written from a male perspective, mm. so you don't, like, quite get it, but that's with every comic ever in the history of forever. But this comic makes you so, that happy. That, like, you're yeah, going to give it a, it's like, a well, nine. It's like the first 0. issue, you really, you really got to go past the All the way issue. in, yes, for sure. Like, it's, it's just like the first issue is just the beginning point. And then it's really about the third issue yeah. that you really get into. You get into the action and you, you sure. beat the sex police. Yep. And you get into like the actual uh, hero versus villain or who is the hero and who yeah. is the villain. For sure. And, and yeah, no. And, and like I said, I, the whole emphasis, is that the right word? Yes. Uh, of this show is to get you into these new series of, of comics that are out right now. Mm. And yeah, issue one, I'm, I, I hope we gave a good enough description to it because I think so. it kicks ass and I would love to read the next one too but we it's don't have time for what, 10 bucks 10 bucks right? not even how much yeah I think it was for, like for sex criminals for... volume one yeah 999 so and you get like five six issues in this and yeah. I totally recommend everyone go pick it up the series right now has like all nines but uh this particular issue uh sets up so much and and it's kind of dareful on their end of like Dedicate that much time just developing mm-hmm. a character, for sure. which like they never do based anymore. Based around sex, like based right. around the like the main character. I go like nine point three. Having orgasms, yeah, nine point three. That's that's good. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean I strongly recommend this series. Oh, for, for sure. And uh, what do we have coming up though? So. Next issue, we are going to be talking about Saga, and I'm yeah. extremely, extremely excited because I love it so much. I'm hooked. I'm hooked. I'm hooked. Like I'm, I'm literally obsessed. And if you have any suggestions, we are fully, fully, fully willing to accept them. Uh, our uh, email address is under the mattress comics at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is AA com. What is it? AA under mattress. Under mattress. Yes. yes. <laughs> AA under mattress. Um, so please follow us. Uh, we don't post a whole lot, but we will be getting more into it the more issues we get out. Thank you to the Get Fresh crew. Whoop, whoop. Yes. See? Um, we do. really appreciate it. And uh, we're really, really, really looking forward to the next week's episode or two weeks weeks from now. Two weeks from now. And uh, yeah. So that's all I uh, that's that's all I really have. I was gonna say uh, happy turkey day and what's under your mattress? What's under your mattress? Oh. So thank you so much.